Isaiah chapter 1. This is the vision which Isaiah son of Amos saw about Judah and Jerusalem at the time of kings Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. Listen, heaven, and pay attention, earth. The Lord has spoken. I raised my children and helped them grow, but they have rebelled against me. Oxen know their owners, and donkeys know where their masters feed them. But Israel doesn't know its owner. My people don't understand who feeds them. How horrible it will be for a nation that sins. Its people are loaded down with guilt. They are descendants of evildoers and destructive children. They have abandoned the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They have turned their backs on Him. Why do you still want to be beaten? Why do you continue to rebel? Your whole head is infected. Your whole heart is failing. From the bottom of your feet to the top of your head, there is no healthy spot left on your body. Only bruises, sores, and fresh wounds. They haven't been cleansed, bandaged, or soothed with oil. Your country is devastated. Your cities are burned down. Your fields are destroyed right before your eyes by foreigners. Your fields are devastated and taken over by foreigners. My people Zion are left like a hut in a vineyard, like a shack in a cucumber field, like a city under attack. If the Lord of armies hadn't left us a few survivors, we would have been like Sodom and Gomorrah. Listen to the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Pay attention to the teachings from our God, you people of Gomorrah. The Lord asks, What do your many animal sacrifices mean to me? I've had enough of your burnt offerings of rams and enough fat from your fattened calves. I'm not pleased with the blood of bulls, lambs, or male goats. When you appear in my presence, who asked you to trample on my courtyards? Don't bring any more worthless grain offerings. Your incense is disgusting to me. So are your new moon festivals, your days of worship, and the assemblies you call. I can't stand your evil assemblies. I hate your new moon festivals and your appointed festivals. They've become a burden to me, and I'm tired of putting up with them. So when you stretch out your hands in prayer, I will turn my eyes away from you. Even though you offer many prayers, I will not listen because your hands are covered with blood. Wash yourselves. Become clean. Get your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Arrest oppressors. Defend orphans. Plead the case of widows. Come on now, let's discuss this, says the Lord. Though your sins are bright red, they will become as white as snow. Though they are dark red, they will become as white as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be destroyed by swords. The Lord has spoken. How the faithful town has become a prostitute. She was full of justice and righteousness lived in her. But now murderers live there. Your silver is not pure. Your wine is watered down. Your rulers are rebels, friends with thieves. They all love bribes and run after gifts. They never defend orphans. They don't notice the widow's pleas. That's why the Lord, the Lord of armies, the mighty one of Israel, says, How horrible it will be when I take revenge on my opponents. I will avenge myself against my enemies. I will turn my power against you. I will remove your impurities with bleach. I will get rid of all your impurities. I will give you judges like you had long ago, advisers like you had in the beginning. After that you will be called the righteous city, the faithful town. Zion will be pardoned by the Lord's justice, and those who return will be pardoned by the Lord's righteousness. Rebels and sinners 
will be crushed at the same time, and those who abandon the Lord will come to an end. You will be ashamed of the oaks that you wanted to worship, and embarrassed by the garden that you have chosen for your gods. You will be like an oak whose leaves wither, and like a garden without water. Strong people will become tinder for a fire, and their work will be the spark. Both of them will burn together, and there will be no one to put out the fire. Isaiah chapter 2 This is the message which Isaiah son of Amos saw about Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days the mountain of the Lord's house will be established as the highest of the mountains and raised above the hills. All the nations will stream to it. Then many people will come and say, Let's go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us His ways so that we may live by them. The teachings will go out from Zion. The word of the Lord will go out from Jerusalem. Then He will judge disputes between nations and settle arguments between many people. They will hammer their swords into plow blades and their spears into pruning shears. Nations will never fight against each other, and they will never train for war again. Come, descendants of Jacob, let's live in the light of the Lord. Lord, you have abandoned your people, the descendants of Jacob, because they are filled with eastern influences. They are fortune-tellers like the Philistines, and they make deals with foreigners. Their land is filled with silver and gold, and there is no end to their treasures. Their land is filled with horses, and there is no end to their chariots. Their land is filled with idols, and they worship what their hands have shaped and what their fingers have molded. People will be brought down, everyone will be humbled, do not forgive them. Go in among the rocks and hide underground because of the Lord's terrifying presence and the honor of His majesty. The eyes of arrogant people will be humbled. High and mighty people will be brought down. On that day, the Lord alone will be honored. The Lord of armies will have His day against all who are arrogant and conceited, and all who are proud of themselves, they will be humbled. Against all the towering and mighty cedars of Lebanon and all the oaks of Bashan, against all the high mountains and all the lofty hills, against every high tower and every fortified wall, against all the large ships of Tarshish and all the beautiful boats. Then arrogant people will be brought down, and high and mighty people will be humbled. On that day the Lord alone will be honored. Then idols will disappear completely. People will go into caves in the rocks and into holes in the ground because of the Lord's terrifying presence and the honor of His majesty when He rises to terrify the earth. On that day people will throw to the moles and the bats the silver and gold idols that they made for themselves to worship. They will go into caves in the rocks and into cracks in the cliffs because of the Lord's terrifying presence and the honor of His majesty when He rises to terrify the earth. Stop trusting people. Their life is in their nostrils. How can they be worth anything? Isaiah chapter 3 See now, the Lord, the Lord of armies, is going to take from Jerusalem and Judah every kind of support and their entire supply of food and water. He will take their heroes and soldiers, judges and prophets, fortune-tellers and statesmen, military leaders and civilian leaders, counselors, skilled workers, and experts in magic. I will make boys of their leaders. Children will govern them. People will oppress each other, and everyone will oppress his neighbor. The young will make fun of the old, and common people will make fun of their superiors. A person will grab one of his relatives from his father's family and say, You have a coat. You will be our leader. 
This pile of ruins will be under your control. When that day comes, the relative will cry out, I'm not a doctor. I don't have any food or a coat in my home. Don't make me a leader of our family. Jerusalem has stumbled, and Judah has fallen, because what they say and what they do is against the Lord. They are defiant in His honored presence. The look on their faces will be held against them. They boast about their sins, which are like those of the people of Sodom. They don't even bother to hide them. How horrible it will be for these people, because they have brought disaster on themselves. Tell the righteous that blessings will come to them. They will taste the fruit of their labor. How horrible it will be for the wicked. Disaster will strike them. What they have done will be done to them. Children will oppress my people. Women will rule them. My people, your guides mislead you, and you don't know which way to go. The Lord takes his place in the courtroom. He stands to judge his people. The Lord presents his case to the respected leaders and the officials of his people. You have burned down the vineyard. Your houses are filled with goods stolen from the poor. The Almighty Lord of armies asks, How can you crush my people and grind the faces of the poor into the ground? The Lord adds, The women of Zion are arrogant. They walk with their noses in the air, making seductive glances, taking short little steps, jingling the ankle bracelets on their feet. The Lord will cause sores to appear on the heads of the women of Zion, and the Lord will make their foreheads bare. On that day the Lord will take away their fine things, jingling anklets, headbands, crescent-shaped necklaces, pendants, bracelets, scarfs, hats, ankle bracelets, blouses, perfume boxes, charms, signet rings, nose rings, fine robes, coats, shawls, purses, mirrors, underwear, headdresses, and veils. Instead of the smell of perfume, there will be the smell of decay. They will wear ropes instead of belts, they will have bald heads instead of beautiful hair. They will wear sackcloth instead of expensive clothes. Their beauty will be scarred. Women, your warriors, will die in combat. Your mighty men will die in battle. The gates of Zion will cry and grieve, and Zion will sit on the ground exhausted. Isaiah chapter 4 When that day comes, seven women will grab one man and say, We'll eat our own food and provide our own clothes. Just let us marry you for your name. Take away our disgrace. When that day comes, the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and wonderful. The fruit of the land will be the pride and joy of Israel's survivors. Then whoever is left in Zion and whoever remains in Jerusalem will be called holy, everyone who is recorded among the living in Jerusalem. The Lord will wash away the filth of Zion's people. He will clean bloodstains from Jerusalem with a spirit of judgment and a spirit of burning. The Lord will create a cloud of smoke during the day and a glowing flame of fire during the night over the whole area of Mount Zion and over the assembly. His glory will cover everything. It will be a shelter from the heat during the day, as well as a refuge and hiding place from storms and rain. Isaiah chapter 5 let me sing a love song to my beloved about his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a fertile hill. He dug it up, removed its stones, planted it with the choicest vines, built a watchtower in it, and made a wine press in it. Then he waited for it to produce good grapes. But it produced only sour wild grapes. Now then, you inhabitants of Jerusalem and Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more could have been done for my vineyard than what I have already done for it? When I waited for it to produce good grapes, 
why did it produce only sour wild grapes? Now then, let me tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will tear away its hedge so that it can be devoured, and tear down its wall so that it can be trampled. I will make it a wasteland. It will never be pruned or hoed. Thorns and weeds will grow in it, and I will command the clouds not to rain on it. The vineyard of the Lord of armies is the nation of Israel, and the people of Judah are the garden of his delight. He hoped for justice, but saw only slaughter, for righteousness, but heard only cries of distress. How horrible it will be for you who acquire house after house and buy field after field until there's nothing left and you have to live by yourself in the land. With my own ears I heard the Lord of armies say, Many houses will become empty. Large, beautiful houses will be without people to live in them. A ten-acre vineyard will produce only six gallons of wine, and two quarts of seed will produce only four quarts of grain. How horrible it will be for those who get up early to look for a drink, who sit up late until they are drunk from wine. At their feasts there are lyres and harps, tambourines and flutes and wine, yet they don't pay attention to what the Lord is doing or see what His hands have done. My people will go into exile because they don't understand what I'm doing. Honored men will starve, and common people will be parched with thirst. That is why the grave's appetite increases. It opens its mouth very wide so that honored people and common people will go down into it. Those who are noisy and joyous will go down into it. People will be brought down. Everyone will be humbled. And the eyes of arrogant people will be humbled. The Lord of armies will be honored when he judges. The holy God will show himself to be holy when he does what is right. Then lambs will graze as if they were in their own pasture, and foreigners will eat among the ruins of the rich. How horrible it will be for those who string people along with lies and empty promises, whose lives are sinful. They say, Let God hurry and quickly do His work, so that we may see what He has in mind. Let the plan of the Holy One of Israel happen quickly, so that we may understand what He is doing. How horrible it will be for those who call evil good and good evil, who turn darkness into light and light into darkness, who turn what is bitter into something sweet and what is sweet into something bitter. How horrible it will be for those who think they are wise and consider themselves to be clever. How horrible it will be for those who are heroes at drinking wine, who are champions at mixing drinks, who declare the guilty innocent for a bribe, who take away the rights of righteous people. As flames burn up straw, and dry grass shrivels in flames, so their roots will rot, and their blossoms will blow away like dust. They have rejected the teachings of the Lord of armies, and have despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. That's why the anger of the Lord burns hot against His people, and He is ready to use His power to strike them down. The hills tremble, and dead bodies lie like garbage in the streets. Even after all this, his anger has not disappeared, and he is still ready to use his power. The Lord raises up a flag for the nations far away. With a whistle he signals those at the ends of the earth. Look, they are coming very quickly. None of them grow tired or stumble. None of them slumber or sleep. The belts on their waists aren't loose, or their sandal straps broken. Their arrows are sharpened, all their bows are ready to shoot. Their horses' hooves are as hard as flint, their chariot wheels are as quick as the wind. They roar like a lioness, they growl like a young lion, 
They growl as they snatch their prey and carry it off to where no one can rescue it. On that day, they will roar over their prey as the sea roars. If they look at the land, they will see only darkness and distress. Even the light will be darkened by thick clouds. Isaiah chapter 6 In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a high and lofty throne. The bottom of his robe filled the temple. Angels were standing above him. Each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They called to each other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the foundations of the doorposts, and the temple filled with smoke. So I said, Oh, no, I'm doomed. Every word that passes through my lips is sinful. I live among people with sinful lips. I have seen the King, the Lord of armies. Then one of the angels flew to me. In his hand was a burning coal that he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, This has touched your lips. Your guilt has been taken away, and your sin has been forgiven. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom will I send? Who will go for us? I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go and tell these people. No matter how closely you listen, you'll never understand. No matter how closely you look, you'll never see. Make these people close-minded, plug their ears, shut their eyes, otherwise they may see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their minds, and return, and be healed. I asked, How long, O Lord? And he replied, Until the cities lie in ruins with no one living in them, the houses have no people, and the land is completely desolate. The Lord will send his people far away, and a large area in the middle of the land will be abandoned. Even if one out of ten people is left in it, the land will be burned again. When a sacred oak or an oak is cut down, a stump is left. The holy seed will be the land's stump. Isaiah chapter 7 When Ahaz, son of Jotham, and grandson of Uzziah, was king of Judah, Aram's king Rezin and Israel's king Pekah, son of Remaliah, went to Jerusalem to attack it, but they couldn't defeat it. When word reached David's family that the Arameans had made an alliance with Ephraim, the hearts of the king and his people were shaken as the trees of the forest are shaken by the wind. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Go out with your son Shear Jashub to meet Ahaz at the end of the ditch of the upper pool on the road to the laundryman's field. Say to him, Be careful, stay calm, and don't be afraid. Don't lose heart because of the fierce anger of Rezin from Aram and Remaliah's son. These two are smoldering logs. Aram, Ephraim, and Remaliah's son have planned evil against you, saying, Let's march against Judah, tear it apart, divide it among ourselves, and set up Tabil's son as its king. This is what the Almighty Lord says. It won't take place. It won't happen. The capital of Aram is Damascus, and the leader of Damascus is Rezin. Ephraim will be shattered within sixty-five years, so that it will no longer be a nation. The capital of Ephraim is Samaria, and the leader of Samaria is Remaliah's son. If you don't remain faithful, you won't remain standing. Again the Lord spoke to Ahaz. Ask the Lord your God for a sign. It can be anything you want. But Ahaz answered, I won't ask. I wouldn't think of testing the Lord. Listen now, descendants of David, Isaiah said. Isn't it enough that you try the patience of mortals? Must you also try the patience of my God? 
So the Lord himself will give you this sign. A virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and she will name him Emmanuel. God is with us. He will eat cheese and honey until he knows how to reject evil and choose good. Indeed, before the boy knows how to reject evil and choose good, the land of the two kings who terrify you will be deserted. The Lord will bring on you, your people, and your ancestors' family, a time unlike any since Ephraim broke away from Judah. He will bring the king of Assyria. On that day the Lord will whistle for the flies that are at the distant branches of the Nile River in Egypt, and for the bees that are in Assyria. All of them will come and settle in the deep valleys, in the cracks in the cliffs, on all the thorn bushes, and at all the water holes. On that day the Lord will hire the king of Assyria from beyond the Euphrates River to be a razor to shave the hair on your head, the hair on your legs, and even your beard. On that day a person will keep alive a young cow and two sheep. That person will eat cheese, because they will produce so much milk. Everyone who is left in the land will eat cheese and honey. On that day, in every place where there were one thousand vines worth one thousand pieces of silver, there will be briars and thorns. People will come there with bows and arrows to hunt, because the whole land will be filled with briars and thorns, and you will no longer be able to go to all the hills which used to be cultivated, because they will be filled with briars and thorns. It will be a place for turning oxen loose and letting sheep run. Isaiah chapter 8 The Lord said to me, Take a large writing tablet and write on it with a pen. Maher shalal hashbaz. The looting will come quickly. The prey will be easy. I will have these dependable witnesses testify, the priest Uriah and Zechariah, son of Jeberechiah. I slept with the prophet. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son. The Lord told me, Name him Maher Shalal Hashbaz. Before the boy knows how to say Daddy or Mommy, the wealth of Damascus and the loot from Samaria will be carried away to the king of Assyria. The Lord spoke to me again. He said, These people have rejected the gently flowing water of Shiloah, and find joy in Rezin and Remaliah's son. That is why the Lord is going to bring against them the raging and powerful floodwaters of the Euphrates River, the king of Assyria, with all his power. It will overflow all its channels and go over all its banks. It will sweep through Judah. It will overflow and pass through. It will be neck high. Its outspread wings will extend over your whole country, O Emmanuel. Be broken, you people. Be terrified. Listen, all you distant parts of the earth. Prepare for battle, but be terrified. Prepare for battle, but be terrified. Make plans for battle, but they will never succeed. Give orders, but they won't be carried out, because God is with us. This is what the Lord said with His powerful hand on me. He warned me not to follow the ways of these people. Don't say that everything these people call a conspiracy is a conspiracy. Don't fear what they fear. Don't let it terrify you. Remember that the Lord of armies is holy. He is the one you should fear, and the one you should be terrified of. He will be a place of safety for you, but he will be a rock that makes people trip and a stumbling block for both kingdoms of Israel. He will be a trap and a snare for those who live in Jerusalem. Many will stumble. They will fall and be broken. They will be trapped and caught. Tie up the written instructions. Seal the teachings among my disciples. I will wait for the Lord who hides his face from the descendants of Jacob. I will hope in him. I am here with the children that the Lord has given me, 
We are signs and symbols in Israel from the Lord of armies who lives on Mount Zion. People will say to you, Ask for help from the mediums and the fortune-tellers who whisper and mutter. Shouldn't people ask their God for help instead? Why should they ask the dead to help the living? They should go to the teachings and to the written instructions. If people don't speak these words, it is because it doesn't dawn on them. They will pass through the land when they are hard-pressed and hungry. When they are hungry, they will be furious. Then they will look up, cursing their king and God. They will look at the earth and see only distress and gloom. They will go in anguish and be forced into darkness. Isaiah chapter 9. But there will be no more gloom for the land that is in distress. God humbled the lands of Zebulun and Naphtali in earlier times, but in the future He will bring glory to the road by the sea, to the land across the Jordan River, to Galilee, where foreigners live. The people who walk in darkness will see a bright light. The light will shine on those who live in the land of death's shadow. You will expand the nation and increase its happiness. It will be happy in your presence like those who celebrate the harvest or rejoice when dividing loot. You will break the yoke that burdens them, the bar that is across their shoulders, and the stick used by their oppressor, as you did in the battle against Midian. Every warrior's boot marching to the sound of battle, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel in the fire. A child will be born for us. A son will be given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and peace will have unlimited growth. He will establish David's throne and kingdom. He will uphold it with justice and righteousness now and forever. The Lord of armies is determined to do this. The Lord sent a message against Jacob. The message is against Israel. All the people of Ephraim and the people who live in Samaria will know it. With arrogant and conceited hearts they will say, Bricks have fallen, but we will rebuild with hand-cut stones. Fig trees have been cut down, but we will replace them with cedars. The Lord will set Rezin's oppressors against Israel and will stir up its enemies. The Arameans from the east and the Philistines from the west, they will devour Israel with open mouths. Even after all this, his anger will not disappear, and he is still ready to use his power. But the people have not returned to the one who struck them, nor have they sought the Lord of armies. So in one day the Lord will cut off from Israel both head and tail, both palm branches and cattails. Respected and honored leaders are the head. Prophets who teach lies are the tail. Those who guide these people lead them astray. Those who are guided by them will be destroyed. That is why the Lord isn't happy with their young men, nor will He show compassion for their orphans and widows. Every one of them is a godless evildoer, and every mouth speaks foolishness. Even after all this, his anger will not disappear, and he is still ready to use his power. Surely wickedness burns like fire, it burns up briars and thorns, it sets the underbrush in the forest on fire, and it whirls upward in clouds of smoke. The land is scorched by the fury of the Lord of armies, and the people are like fuel for the fire. No one shows concern for others. On the right, one gobbles up food and is still hungry. On the left, another eats and is never full. Each person eats the flesh from his own arm. Manasseh is against Ephraim. Ephraim is against Manasseh. Together they attack Judah. Even after all this, 
His anger will not disappear, and he is still ready to use his power. Isaiah chapter 10. How horrible it will be for those who make unjust laws and who make oppressive regulations. They deprive the poor of justice. They take away the rights of the needy among my people. They prey on widows and rob orphans. What will you do on the day you are called to account for these things, when the disaster comes from far away? Where will you run for help? Where will you leave your wealth? Nothing's left but to crouch among prisoners and to fall with those who are killed. Even after all this, his anger will not disappear, and he is still ready to use his power. How horrible it will be for Assyria! It is the rod of my anger. My fury is the staff in the Assyrians' hands. I send them against a godless nation. In my fury I order them against the people to take their belongings, loot them, and trample on them like mud in the streets. But that's not what they intend to do. Their minds don't work that way. Their purpose is to destroy and put an end to many nations. They ask, Aren't all our commanders kings? Isn't Kalno like Carchemish? Isn't Hamath like Arpad? Isn't Samaria like Damascus? My power has reached kingdoms which have idols. They have more carved statues than Jerusalem or Samaria. I will do to Jerusalem and its idols what I have done to Samaria and its idols. When the Lord has finished all his work on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, he will punish the king of Assyria for all his boasting and all his arrogance. The king will say, I did this with my own two powerful hands. I did this with my wisdom because I am so clever. I've eliminated the boundaries of nations. I've looted treasuries. I've brought down people like a mighty man. i found the riches of nations as one finds a nest. I've gathered the whole world as one gathers abandoned eggs. Not one of them flapped a wing, opened its mouth, or peeped. Can an axe attack the person who cuts with it? Can a saw make itself greater than the person who saws with it? A rod cannot move the person who lifts it. A wooden stick cannot pick up a person. That is why the Almighty Lord of Armies will send a degenerative disease against brave men. A flame will be turned into a raging fire under His power. Israel's light will become a flame. Its Holy One will become a fire. He will burn up and devour the weeds and thorn bushes in one day. The majestic forest and the orchard will destroy both body and soul. They will be like a sick person wasting away. The trees that remain in the forest will be so few that a child could count them. At that time, the remaining few Israelites, the survivors of Jacob's descendants, will no longer depend on the one who struck them. They will only depend on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. A few, the remaining few of Jacob, will return to the mighty God. Although your people Israel may be as numerous as the grains of sand on the seashore, only a few will return. Destruction will be complete and fair. The Almighty Lord of armies will carry out this destruction throughout the world, as He has determined. The Almighty Lord of armies says, My people who live in Zion, don't be afraid of the Assyrians when they strike with a rod, or when they raise their staff against you, as the Egyptians did. Very soon I will unleash my fury, and my anger will destroy them. Then the Lord of armies will raise His whip against them, as he struck down Midian at the rock of Oreb, and raised his staff over the water, so he will lift it as he did in Egypt. At that time their burden will be removed from your shoulders, their yoke will be removed from your neck. The yoke will be torn away because you have grown fat. 
They come to Ayoth, they pass through Migron, they store their equipment at Mikmash, they go through the mountain pass and lodge at Geba for the night. The people of Rama tremble, the people in Saul's Gibeah flee. Cry aloud, you people in Galim. Pay attention, you people in Laisha and miserable Anathoth. The people of Madmenah flee. Those who live in Gebim take shelter. This day they stopped at Nob. They shake their fist at the mountain of my people Zion, at the mountain of Jerusalem. Now look, the Almighty Lord of armies will trim the branches with terrifying power. The highest trees will be cut down. The tallest ones will be brought down. He will cut down the underbrush of the forest with an axe. Lebanon will fall in front of the Mighty One. Isaiah chapter 11 Then a shoot will come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from its roots will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of advice and power, the Spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. He will gladly bear the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear. He will judge the poor justly. He will make fair decisions for the humble people on earth. He will strike the earth with a rod from his mouth. He will kill the wicked with a breath from his lips. Justice will be the belt around his waist. Faithfulness will be the belt around his hips. Wolves will live with lambs. Leopards will lie down with goats. Calves, young lions, and year-old lambs will be together, and little children will lead them. Cows and bears will eat together. Their young will lie down together. Lions will eat straw like oxen. Infants will play near cobra's holes. Toddlers will put their hands into vipers' nests. They will not hurt or destroy anyone anywhere on my holy mountain. The world will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord like water covering the sea. At that time the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the people to gather around. The nations will come to him. His resting place will be glorious. At that time the Lord will use his power again to recover what remains of his people in Assyria, Upper and Lower Egypt, Sudan, Elam, Babylonia, Hamath, and the islands of the sea. He will raise a banner for the nations to gather around. He will gather the outcasts of Israel and bring together the scattered people of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Ephraim's jealousy will vanish, and Judah's opponents will come to an end. Ephraim won't be jealous of Judah, and Judah won't oppose Ephraim. They will swoop down on the slopes of Philistia in the west. Together they will loot the people of the east. They will conquer Edom and Moab. The people of Ammon will be subject to them. The Lord will dry up the gulf of the Egyptian sea, he will wave his hand over the Euphrates River with his scorching wind and divide it into seven streams so that people can walk over it in their sandals. There will be a highway for the remaining few of his people left in Assyria like there was for Israel when it came out of Egypt. Isaiah chapter 12 All that time you will say, I will praise you, O Lord. Although you had been angry with me, you turned your anger away from me and you comforted me. Look, God is my Savior. I am confident and unafraid, because the Lord is my strength and my song. He is my Savior. With joy you will draw water from the springs of salvation. At that time you will say, Praise the Lord, call on His name, make His deeds known among the nations, make them remember that His name is highly honored. Make music to praise the Lord. He has done wonderful things. Let this be known throughout the earth. Shout loudly and sing with joy, people of Zion. 
The Holy One of Israel is great. He is among you. Isaiah chapter 13. This is the divine revelation which Isaiah, son of Amos, saw about Babylon. Raise a banner on the bare mountaintop. Call loudly to them. Signal them with your hand to enter the nobles' gates. I've commanded my holy ones. I've called my mighty men to carry out my anger. They find joy in my triumphs. Listen to the noise in the mountains. It is like the sound of a large army. It is the sound of kingdoms and nations gathering together. The Lord of armies is assembling his army for battle. His army is coming from a distant land, from the ends of heaven. The Lord is coming with the weapons of his fury to destroy the whole world. Cry loudly, for the day of the Lord is near. It will come like destruction from the Almighty. That is why every hand will hang limp, and everyone's courage will fail. They'll be terrified. Pain and anguish will seize them. They'll writhe like a woman giving birth to a child. They'll look at one another in astonishment. Their faces will be burning red. The day of the Lord is going to come. It will be a cruel day with fury and fierce anger. He will make the earth desolate. He will destroy its sinners. The stars in the sky and their constellations won't show their light any more. The sun will be dark when it rises. The moon won't shine. I will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their wrongdoing. I will put an end to arrogant people and humble the pride of tyrants. I will make people harder to find than pure gold, and human beings more rare than gold from Ophir. I will make heaven tremble, and the earth will be shaken from its place when the Lord of armies is angry. At that time he will be very angry. They'll be like hunted gazelle and like sheep with no one to gather them. Everyone will return to his own people and flee to his own land. Whoever is found will be stabbed to death. Whoever is captured will be executed. Their little children will be smashed to death right before their eyes. Their houses will be looted and their wives raped. I'm going to stir up the Medes against them. They don't care for silver and aren't happy with gold. But their bows will smash the youth. They'll have no compassion for babies, nor will they look with pity on children. Babylon, the jewel of the kingdoms, the proud beauty of the Chaldeans, will be like Sodom and Gomorrah when God destroyed them. It will never be inhabited again, and no one will live in it for generations. Arabs won't pitch their tents there. Shepherds won't let their flocks rest there. Desert animals will lie down there. Their homes will be full of owls. Ostriches will live there, and wild goats will skip about. Hyenas will howl in Babylon's strongholds, and jackals will howl in its luxurious palaces. Its time has almost come. Its days will not be extended. Isaiah chapter 14. The Lord will have compassion for Jacob, and again choose Israel. He will resettle them in their own country. Foreigners will join them and unite with the descendants of Jacob. People will take them and bring them to their own place. The nation of Israel will possess nations as male and female slaves in the Lord's land. They will take their captors captive and rule their oppressors. When that day comes, the Lord will give you relief from your pain and suffering, from the hard slavery you were forced to do. Then you will mock the king of Babylon with this saying, How the tyrant has come to an end! How his attacks have come to an end! The Lord has broken the staff of the wicked, the scepter of rulers. They struck the people with fury, with blows that didn't stop. They ruled nations in anger, persecuting them without restraint. The whole earth rests and is peaceful. It breaks out into shouts of joy. 
Even the cypresses rejoice over you. The cedars of Lebanon say, Since you have fallen, no lumberjack has come to attack us. Sheol below wakes up to meet you. When you come, it wakes up the ghost of the dead, all who were leaders on earth. It raises all who were kings of the nations from their thrones. All of them will greet you. You also have become weak like us. You have become like one of us. Your pride has been brought down to Sheol, along with the music of your harps. Maggots are spread out like a bed under you, and worms cover you. How you have fallen from heaven, you morning star, son of the dawn! How you have been cut down to the ground, you conqueror of nations! You thought, I'll go up to heaven and set up my throne above God's stars. I'll sit on the mountain far away in the north where the gods assemble. I'll go above the top of the clouds. I'll be like the Most High. But you've been brought down to Sheol, to the deepest part of the pit. Those who see you stare at you. They look at you closely and say, Is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook the kingdoms, who made the world like a desert and tore down its cities, who didn't let his prisoners go home? All the kings of the nations, all of them, have been buried with honor, each in his own tomb. But you are thrown out of your tomb like a rejected branch. You are covered with those who were killed in battle. You go down to the stones of the pit like a trampled corpse. You won't be joined by the kings in the tomb, because you have destroyed your land and killed your people. The descendants of the wicked will never be mentioned again. Prepare a place to slaughter their sons because of their ancestors' guilt. They won't be able to rise, possess the earth, and rebuild cities all over it. I'll rise up against them, declares the Lord of armies. I'll cut off the name of the survivors from Babylon, its offspring and descendants, declares the Lord. It will become the possession of herons. It will become pools of water. I'll sweep it with a broom of destruction, declares the Lord of armies. The Lord of armies has taken an oath. It will happen exactly as I've intended. It will turn out exactly as I've planned. I'll crush Assyria on my land. I'll trample it underfoot on my mountains. Then its yoke will be removed from my people, and its burden will be removed from their shoulders. This is the plan determined for the whole earth. This is how he will use his power against all the nations. The Lord of armies has planned it. Who can stop it? He is ready to use his power. Who can turn it back? This was the divine revelation in the year King Ahaz died. All you Philistines, don't rejoice that the rod of the one who struck you was broken, because a viper will come from that snake's root, and his descendant will be a flying, fiery serpent. The poorest of the poor will eat, and the needy will lie down in safety, but I will put your root to death with famine and kill off your survivors. Cry loudly in the gate, Cry out in the city, be frightened, all you Philistines. Smoke comes from the north, and there are no stragglers in its ranks. How should we answer the messengers from the nations? Tell them that the Lord has laid Zion's foundation, and his humble people will find refuge in it. Isaiah chapter 15. This is the divine revelation about Moab. In a single night, Ar in Moab is laid waste and destroyed. In a single night, Kir in Moab is laid waste and destroyed. The people of Dibon go to the temple to the worship sites to cry. Moab wails over Nebo and Mediba. Every head is shaved bald and every beard is cut off. In their streets they wear sackcloth. On their roofs and in their city squares everyone wails and cries. 
Heshbon and Eliela also cry out. Their voices are heard as far away as Jahaz. Moab's armed men cry out. Their courage is gone. My heart cries out for Moab. Its people flee as far as Zoar at Eglath Shilishia. They go up the mountain road to Lehuth. They cry loudly over the destruction on the way to Horonaim. The Nimrim brook has run dry. The grass dries up, the vegetation withers, and nothing green is left. That is why they carry the wealth that they have earned and stored up over Willow Ravine. Cries for help echo throughout the land of Moab. Their wailing echoes as far as Eglaim. Their wailing echoes as far as Birelim. The water in Demon is red with blood, yet I will bring even more on Demon. A lion will attack the fugitives from Moab and the survivors from Adama. Isaiah chapter 16. Send lambs to the ruler of the land. Send lambs from Selah through the desert to my people at Mount Zion. Moab's daughters are like fluttering birds, like scattered nestlings at the shallow crossings of the Arnon River. Give us advice. Make a decision. At high noon, make your shadow as dark as night. Hide the fugitives. Don't betray the refugees. Let the fugitives from Moab stay with you a while. Be their refuge from the destroyer. Ruthless people will come to an end. The destruction will end. The one who tramples others will be gone. Then the Lord will set up a trusted king. He will rule faithfully. He is from the tent of David. He judges and searches for justice. He is quick to do what is right. We've heard of the arrogance of Moab's people. They are very arrogant. We've heard of their boasting, arrogance, and conceit. But their boasts aren't true. That is why Moab will wail. Everyone will wail for Moab, mourn and grieve over the raisin cakes of Kir Hareseth. The fields of Heshbon and the vineyards of Sibma wither. Rulers of the nations have cut off their grapes. The grapevines once reached as far as Jazer and strayed out into the desert. Their shoots had spread out over the sea. I will cry for the grapevines of Sibma as Jazer cries for them. I will drench you with my tears, Heshbon and Eliela. The shouts of joy for your ripened fruits and your harvest will be silenced. Joy and delight have vanished from the orchards. No songs are sung. No shouts are raised. No one stomps on grapes in the winepresses, because I have put an end to the shouts of joy. That is why my heart mourns for Moab like a harp. My soul mourns for Kir Harasheth. When the people of Moab appear at the worship site, they will only wear themselves out. They will come into the holy place to pray, but they won't be able to. This is the message that the Lord spoke about Moab in the past. But now the Lord says, Moab's honor will be despised within three years. I will count them like workers count the years left of their contracts. In spite of their great number, the survivors will be very few and powerless. Isaiah Chapter 17. This is the divine revelation about Damascus. Damascus will no longer be a city. It will become a pile of rubble. The cities of Aroer will be deserted. These cities will be used for sheep which will lie down in them. There will be no one to disturb those sheep. Fortified cities will disappear from Ephraim, and the kingdom will disappear from Damascus. The remaining few from Aram will share Israel's honor, declares the Lord of Armies. When that day comes, the honor of Jacob's people will fade away, and they will become skin and bones. That time will be like harvesting bundles of grain by the armful. It will be like gathering grain in the Rephaim Valley. Only a few people will survive. 
They will be like an olive tree that has been beaten. Only two or three olives are left at the top of the highest branch. Four or five olives on the rest of the branches, declares the Lord God of Israel. When that day comes, they will look to their Maker, and their eyes will look to the Holy One of Israel. They won't look to the altars made by their hands, or to the Asherah poles, or incense altars which their fingers molded. When that day comes, the fortified cities which other people abandoned because of the Israelites will be like abandoned woods and undergrowth. So it will become a wasteland. You have forgotten the God of your salvation. You haven't remembered the rock, your stronghold. Instead, you have planted the best plants and have set out the imported grapevines. On the day you plant, you will make it grow. On the morning you set out the seedling, you will make it sprout. But the harvest will become a rotting pile on a day of grief and incurable pain. How horrible it will be for many people. They will roar like the roaring sea. The noise that the people make will be like the noise from rushing water. The people will make noise like raging water, but the Lord will yell at them, and they will run far away. They will be chased away like husks on the mountains, being blown by the wind like whirling dust, being blown by a storm. In the evening there will be sudden terror. Before morning they will be gone. This will be the fate of those who looted us, the destiny of those who robbed us. Isaiah chapter 18. How horrible it will be for the land of whirring wings which lies beyond the rivers of Sudan. It sends messengers by sea in boats made of reeds skimming over the surface of the water. Go, swift messengers, to a tall and smooth-skinned people, a people who are feared far and near, a strong and aggressive nation whose land is divided by rivers. Look when someone raises a flag on the mountains. Listen when someone blows a ram's horn, all you inhabitants of the world who live on the earth. This is what the Lord says to me. I will keep quiet and watch from my dwelling place. My presence will be like scorching heat in the sunshine, like heavy dew in the heat of the harvest. Before the harvest, when blossoms are gone and grapes are ripening from blossoms, He will cut off the shoots with pruning shears and chop off the spreading branches. They will be left for the birds of prey on the mountains and the wild animals. The birds of prey will feed on them in the summer, and all the wild animals on earth will feed on them in the winter. At that time, gifts will be brought to the Lord of armies from a tall and smooth-skinned people, a people who are feared far and near, a strong and aggressive nation whose land is divided by rivers. They will be brought to Mount Zion, the place where the name of the Lord of armies is. Isaiah chapter 19. This is the divine revelation about Egypt. The Lord is riding on a fast-moving cloud, and is coming to Egypt. Egypt's idols will tremble in His presence. Egypt's courage will fail. I will turn one Egyptian against another. They will fight, brother against brother, neighbor against neighbor, city against city, kingdom against kingdom. The Egyptians will lose courage. I will unravel their plans. They will turn to idols, ghosts, mediums, and fortune-tellers. I will hand over the Egyptians to a harsh master. A strong king will rule them, declares the Almighty Lord of armies. The water in the Nile River will be dried up, and the river will be dry and empty. The canals will stink. Egypt's streams will be emptied and dried up. The reeds and cattails will wither. The rushes by the Nile, by the edge of the Nile, and all the fields planted beside the Nile will dry up, be blown away, and disappear. Fishermen will cry. All who cast their lines into the Nile will mourn. Those who spread their nets on the water will sigh. 
Linen workers and weavers will be ashamed. Egypt's weavers will be crushed. Those who work for money will be distressed. The leaders of Zoan are nothing but fools. The wisest of Pharaoh's counselors gives stupid advice. How can you tell Pharaoh, I'm a descendant of wise men, a descendant of ancient kings? Where are your wise men now? Let them tell you. Let them explain what the Lord of armies is planning against Egypt. The leaders of Zoan are acting foolishly. The leaders of Memphis are led astray. The leaders who are the cornerstones of its tribes mislead the Egyptians. The Lord mixes up their minds, so they lead the Egyptians astray, like a drunk who staggers in his vomit. No one, leaders or followers, important or unimportant, can do anything for Egypt. At that time, Egyptians will act like women. They will tremble and be terrified because the Lord of armies will shake his fist at them. The land of Judah will terrify the Egyptians. Whenever they are reminded of Judah, they will be terrified of it because of what the Lord of armies is planning against it. When that day comes, five cities in Egypt will have people that speak the language of Canaan and swear allegiance to the Lord of armies. One of the cities will be called Heliopolis. When that day comes, an altar for the Lord will be in the middle of Egypt, and a stone marker for the Lord will be near its border. These objects will be a sign and a witness that the Lord of armies is in Egypt. When the people cry to the Lord because of those who oppress them, he will send a Savior and Defender to rescue them. So the Lord will make himself known to the Egyptians. The Egyptians will know the Lord when that day comes. They will worship with sacrifices and food offerings. They will make vows to the Lord and carry them out. The Lord will strike Egypt with a plague. When he strikes them, he will also heal them. Then they will come back to the Lord, and he will respond to their prayers and heal them. When that day comes, a highway will run from Egypt to Assyria. The Assyrians will come to Egypt, and the Egyptians to Assyria, and the Egyptians will worship with the Assyrians. When that day comes, Israel will be one-third of God's people, along with Egypt and Assyria. They will be a blessing on the earth. The Lord of armies will bless them, saying, My people Egypt, the work of my hands Assyria, and my possession Israel are blessed. Isaiah chapter 20. In the year when King Sargon of Assyria sent his commander-in-chief to fight against Ashdod, he captured it. At that time the Lord told Isaiah, son of Amos, Take off the sackcloth that you were wearing, and take off your sandals. Isaiah did this, and walked around barefoot and naked. Then the Lord said, My servant Isaiah has gone barefoot and naked for three years, as a sign and as an omen to Egypt and Sudan. The king of Assyria will lead away both the young and the old, captives from Egypt and exiles from Sudan. They will be barefoot and naked. Their buttocks will be exposed in order to disgrace Egypt. Then the people will be shattered and ashamed, because Sudan was their hope, and Egypt was their beauty. When that day comes, those who live on this coastland will say, Look at what has happened to our hope. We ran to Egypt for help to be rescued from the king of Assyria. How can we escape? Isaiah chapter 21. This is the divine revelation about the desert by the sea. Like a storm sweeping through the Negev, an invader will come from the desert, from a terrifying land. I was shown a harsh vision. The traitor betrays. The destroyer destroys. Go to war, Elam. Surround the media. I will put an end to all the groaning. That is why my body is full of trembling. Pain grips me like the pain of childbirth. I am disturbed by what I hear. I am terrified by what I see. I am confused. I am shaking with terror. 
The twilight hours I long for make me tremble. Set the table. Spread the rugs by the table. Eat. Drink. Get up, you leaders. Prepare your shields for battle. This is what the Lord says to me. Post a watchman. Have him report whatever he sees. He will see chariots, pairs of horsemen, riders on donkeys and riders on camels. Let him watch carefully, very carefully. The watchman called. Sir, I stand on the watchtower every day. Every night I stand guard at my post. Look, here come chariots and horsemen in pairs. Then he said, Babylon has fallen, it has fallen. All the idols they worship lie shattered on the ground. You, my people, have been threshed and winnowed. I make known to you what I heard from the Lord of armies, the God of Israel. This is the divine revelation about Duma. Someone is calling to me from Seir. Watchman, how much of the night is left? Watchman, how much of the night is left? The watchman answers, Morning is coming, and night will come again. If you need to ask, come back and ask. This is the divine revelation about Arabia. You caravan of travelers from the people of Dedan will spend the night in the forest of Arabia. Bring water for the thirsty, you inhabitants of the land of Tema. Bring food to the fugitives. They flee from swords, from swords ready to kill, from bows ready to shoot, and from the thick of battle. This is what the Lord says to me. All of Kedar's honor will be gone in another year. I will count it like workers count the years left on their contracts. The remaining number of archers, Kedar's mighty archers, will be few. The Lord God of Israel has spoken. Isaiah chapter 22. This is the divine revelation about the valley of vision. What's the matter with you? Why do all of you go up on the roofs? You are a city filled with shouting, a town filled with noise and excitement. Your people weren't killed with swords. Your dead didn't die in battle. All your leaders fled together and were captured without their bows and arrows. All those who were found were taken prisoner before any of them could get far away. That is why I say, turn away from me so that I can cry bitterly. Don't try to comfort me because of the destruction brought on my people. The Almighty Lord of armies has chosen a special day. It will be a day of confusion and trampling in the valley of vision, a day of tearing down walls and crying for help in the mountains. Elam takes its quiver of arrows, manned chariots and horsemen. Cure uncovers its shields. Then your fertile valleys will be filled with chariots, and horsemen will stand ready in front of the gate. On that day the Lord will remove the defenses of Judah. You will look for weapons in the house of the forest. You will see how many places in David's wall are broken. You will store water in the lower pool. You will count the houses in Jerusalem. You will tear down those houses in order to fortify the walls. You will build a reservoir between the two walls to hold the water of the old pool. You didn't look to Jerusalem's maker. You didn't see the one who formed it long ago. On that day the Almighty Lord of armies will call for crying and for mourning, for shaving your heads and for wearing sackcloth. Instead, you will rejoice, celebrate, slaughter cattle, and butcher sheep. You will eat meat, drink wine, and say, Let's eat and drink, because tomorrow we're going to die. The Lord of armies revealed this to me. Certainly this wrong will not be forgiven even when you die, says the Almighty Lord of armies. This is what the Almighty Lord of armies says. Go to Shebna, the man in charge of the palace, and say to him, What are you doing here? What right do you have to dig a tomb for yourself? 
What right do you have to cut it out in a prominent place? What right do you have to carve out a resting place for yourself in the rock? Look, mighty man, the Lord will throw you out. He will grab you. He will wrap you up tightly like a turban. He will throw you far away into another land. There you will die. There your splendid chariots will remain. There you will become a disgrace to your master's household. I will remove you from your office and do away with your position. When that day comes, I will call my servant Eliakim, son of Hilkiah. I will dress him in your linen robe and fasten it with your belt. I will give him your authority, and he will be like a father to those who live in Jerusalem and to the nation of Judah. I will place the key of the house of David around his neck. What he opens, no one will shut. What he shuts, no one will open. I will fasten him firmly in place like a peg, and he will be a source of honor for his father's household. They will hang on him the whole weight of his father's household, descendants and offspring, and all the little utensils, from bowls to jars of every kind. The Lord of armies declares, On that day the peg which I firmly fastened in place will be removed. It will be cut off and will fall, and everything hanging on it will be destroyed. The Lord has spoken. Isaiah chapter 23. This is the divine revelation about Tyre. Cry loudly, you ships of Tarshish. Your port at Tyre is destroyed. Word has come to the ships from Cyprus. Be silent, you inhabitants of the coastland, you merchants from Sidon. Your messengers have crossed the sea. The grain of Shihor is on the Mediterranean. The harvest of the Nile River is brought to Tyre. Tyre became the marketplace for the nations. Be ashamed, Sidon, because the stronghold by the sea has spoken. I've never been in labor or given birth. I've raised no sons. I've brought up no daughters. When the news reaches Egypt, the Egyptians will shudder over the news about Tyre. Travel to Tarshish. Cry loudly, you inhabitants of the seacoast. Is this your bustling city founded in the distant past? Is this the city that sent its people to settle in distant lands? Who planned such a thing against Tyre, the city that produced kings? Its merchants are princes. Its traders are among the honored people of the world. The Lord of armies planned this in order to dishonor all arrogant people and to humiliate all the honored people of the world. Travel through your country like the Nile, people of Tarshish. You no longer have a harbor. The Lord has stretched his hand over the sea to shake kingdoms. He has commanded that Canaan's fortifications be destroyed. He says, You will no longer be joyful, my dear abused people, Sidon. Get up and travel to Cyprus. Even there you will find no rest. Look at the land of the Babylonians. These people will be gone. Assyria gave this land to the desert animals. Assyria set up battle towers, stripped palaces bare, and turned these places into ruins. Cry loudly, you ships of Tarshish, because your fortress will be destroyed. When that day comes, Tyre will be forgotten for seventy years, the lifetime of one king. At the end of the seventy years, Tyre will be like the prostitute in this song. Take your lyre, go around in the city, you forgotten prostitute. Make sweet music, sing many songs, so that you'll be remembered. At the end of seventy years, the Lord will come to help Tyre. Then she will go back to earning money as a prostitute. She will become a prostitute for all the world's kingdoms. Her profits and her earnings will be turned over to the Lord for His holy purpose. It won't be stored or hoarded. Her merchandise will belong to those who live in the presence of the Lord, so that they will have plenty of food and expensive clothing.
Isaiah chapter 24. The Lord is going to turn the earth into a desolate wasteland. He will mar the face of the earth and scatter the people living on it. The same will happen to people and priests, male slaves and masters, female slaves and masters, buyers and sellers, lenders and borrowers, debtors and creditors. The earth will be completely laid waste and stripped because the Lord has spoken. The earth dries up and withers, the world wastes away and withers, the great leaders of the earth waste away. The earth is polluted by those who live on it, because they've disobeyed the Lord's teachings, violated His laws, and rejected the everlasting promise. That is why a curse devours the earth, and its people are punished for their guilt. That is why those who live on the earth are burned up, and only a few people are left. New wine dries up, and grapevines waste away. All happy people groan. Joyful tambourine music stops. Noisy celebrations cease. Joyful harp music stops. People no longer drink wine when they sing. Liquor tastes bad to its drinkers. The ruined city lies desolate. The entrance to every house is barred shut. People in the streets call for wine. All joy passes away, and the earth's happiness is banished. The city is left in ruins. Its gate is battered to pieces. That is the way it will be on earth among the nations. They will be like an olive tree which has been shaken, or like what's left after the grape harvest. They raise their voices, they shout for joy. From the sea they sing joyfully about the Lord's majesty. Honor the Lord in the east. Honor the name of the Lord God of Israel along the coastlands. From the ends of the earth we hear songs of praise that honor the righteous one. But I kept saying, I'm wasting away, I'm wasting away, how horrible it is for me. Traitors continue to betray, and their treachery grows worse and worse. Disasters, pits, and traps are in store for those who live on earth. Whoever flees from news of a disaster will fall into a pit. Whoever climbs out of that pit will be caught in a trap. The floodgates in the sky will be opened, and the foundations of the earth will shake. The earth will be completely broken." The earth will shake back and forth violently. The earth will stagger. The earth will stumble like a drunk and sway like a shack in the wind. Its disobedience weighs heavy on it. It will fall and not get up again. On that day the Lord will punish heaven's armies in heaven and earth's kings on earth. They'll be gathered like prisoners in a jail and locked in prison. After a long time they'll be punished. The moon will be embarrassed, the sun will be ashamed, because the Lord of armies will rule on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem. He will be glorious in the presence of His respected leaders. Isaiah chapter 25 O Lord, You are my God. I will highly honor You. I will praise Your name. You have done miraculous things. You have been completely reliable in carrying out Your plans from long ago. You have turned cities into ruins, fortified cities into piles of rubble, and foreigners' palaces into cities that will never be rebuilt. That is why strong people will honor you, and cities ruled by the world's tyrants will fear you. You have been a refuge for the poor, a refuge for the needy in their distress, a shelter from the rain and shade from the heat. A tyrant's breath is like a rainstorm against a wall, like heat in a dry land." You calm the uproar of foreigners. The song of tyrants is silenced like heat that is reduced by the shadow of a cloud. On this mountain, the Lord of armies will prepare for all people a feast with the best foods, a banquet with aged wines, with the best foods and the finest wines. 
On this mountain he will remove the veil of grief covering all people and the mask covering all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The Almighty Lord will wipe away tears from every face, and he will remove the disgrace of his people from the whole earth. The Lord has spoken. On that day his people will say, This is our God. We have waited for him, and now he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us rejoice and be glad, because he will save us. The Lord's power will be on this mountain. Moab will be trampled beneath him like straw that is trampled in a pile of manure. The Moabites will stretch out their hands in the manure like swimmers who stretch out their hands to swim. The Lord will humble those arrogant people despite the movements of their hands. He will bring down Moab's high, fortified walls, level them, and throw them into the dust on the ground. Isaiah chapter 26 On that day this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Its walls and fortifications provide safety. Open the gates and let the righteous nation come in, the nation that remains faithful. With perfect peace you will protect those whose minds cannot be changed, because they trust you. Trust the Lord always, because the Lord, the Lord alone, is an everlasting rock. He has brought down those who live high in the towering city. He levels it, he levels it to the ground and throws it into the dust. Feet trample it, the feet of the oppressed, the footsteps of the poor. The path of the righteous is level. O upright one, you make the road of the righteous smooth. Certainly we wait with hope for you, O Lord, as we follow the path of your guiding principles. We want to remember you and your name. With my soul I long for you at night. Yes, with my spirit I eagerly look for you. When your guiding principles are on earth, those who live in the world learn to do what is right. Although the wicked are shown pity, they do not learn to do what is right. They do what is wrong in the upright land and do not see the majesty of the Lord. O Lord, your power is visible, but they do not see it. They will see how devoted your people are, and they will be put to shame. Your burning anger will destroy your enemies. O Lord, you will establish peace for us, since you have done everything for us. O Lord our God, you are not the only master to rule us, but we acknowledge only you. The wicked are dead. They are no longer alive. The spirits of the dead won't rise. You have punished them, destroyed them, and wiped out all memory of them. You have expanded the nation, O Lord. You have expanded the nation. You are honored. You have extended all the land's boundaries. O Lord, the people have come to you in trouble. They were humbled by oppression, by your discipline upon them. O Lord, when we are with you, we are like pregnant women ready to give birth. They writhe and cry out in their labor pains. We were pregnant. We writhed with labor pains only to give birth to the wind. We weren't able to bring salvation to the land, and no new people were born on earth. Your dead will live. Their corpses will rise. Those who lie dead in the dust will wake up and shout for joy, because your dew is a refreshing dew, and the earth will revive the spirits of the dead. My people, go to your rooms and shut the doors behind you. Hide for a little while until his fury has ended. The Lord is going to come out from his dwelling place to punish those who live on earth for their sins. The earth will uncover the blood shed on it and will no longer cover up its dead bodies. Isaiah chapter 27. On that day the Lord will use his fierce and powerful sword to punish Leviathan, that slippery snake. 
Leviathan, that twisting snake, he will kill that monster which lives in the sea. On that day sing about a delightful vineyard. I, the Lord, watch over it. I water it continually. I watch over it day and night, so that no one will harm it. I am no longer angry. If only thorns and briars would confront me, I would fight them and battle and set all of them on fire. Or else let them come to me for protection. Let them make peace with me. Yes, let them make peace with me. In times to come, Jacob will take root, Israel will blossom, bud, and fill the whole world with fruit. Will the Lord hurt Israel as he hurt others who hurt them? Will he kill them as he killed others? He punished Israel by sending it away. He removed it with a fierce blast from the east winds. In this way the wrongdoings of the descendants of Jacob are covered up. This is the way they will turn from their sins. When they turn all the altar stones into powder chalk and no poles dedicated to the goddess Asherah or incense altars are left standing. The fortified city is isolated. The homestead is left deserted, abandoned like the desert. Calves will graze there. They will lie down. They will feed on the branches. When the branches are dried up, they will be broken off. Women will come and build a fire with them. These people don't understand these things. That is why their Maker won't have compassion on them, and their Creator won't have pity on them. On that day the Lord will begin His threshing from the flowing stream of the Euphrates River to the brook of Egypt. People of Israel, you will be gathered one by one. On that day a ram's horn will be blown loudly. Those who are dying in Assyria and those who are banished to Egypt will come and worship the Lord on the holy mountain in Jerusalem. Isaiah chapter 28 how horrible it will be for the arrogant drunks of Ephraim! Their glorious beauty is like a withered flower. They are at the entrance to a fertile valley, where they lie drunk from wine. The Lord has one who is strong and powerful. He is like a hailstorm, a destructive wind. He is like a thunderstorm, an overwhelming flood. He will throw them to the ground forcefully. The arrogant drunks of Ephraim will be trampled underfoot. Their glorious beauty is like a withered flower. They are at the entrance to a fertile valley. They will be like figs that ripened early. As soon as someone sees them, they will be taken and eaten. When that day comes, the Lord of armies will be like a glorious crown for his few remaining people. He will give a spirit of justice to those who judge. He will give strength to those who defend the city gates in battle. Priests and prophets stagger from wine and wobble from too much liquor. They stagger from too much liquor and become confused from too much wine. They wobble because of their liquor. They stagger when they see visions. They swerve as they judge. All the tables are covered with vomit and excrement. There isn't a clean place left. To whom will they make the message understood? To whom will they explain this message? To children just weaned from milk? To those just taken from their mother's breasts? They speak utter nonsense. The Lord will speak to these people. He will mock them by speaking in a foreign language. He will say to them, This is a place for comfort. This is a place of rest for those who are tired. This is a place for them to rest. But they weren't willing to listen. The Lord speaks utter nonsense to them. That is why they will fall backwards. That is why they will be hurt, trapped, and captured. So hear the word of the Lord, you foolish talkers who rule the people in Jerusalem. You say, We made a treaty with death and an agreement with the grave. 
when the overwhelming disaster passes by, it won't matter to us, because we have taken refuge in our lies and falsehood in our hiding place. This is what the Almighty Lord says. I am going to lay a rock in Zion, a rock that has been tested, a precious cornerstone, a solid foundation. Whoever believes in him will not worry. I will make justice a measuring line and righteousness a plumb line. Hail will sweep away your refuge of lies, and floodwaters will wash away your hiding place. Your treaty with death will be wiped away. Your agreement with the grave will not stand. When the overwhelming disaster passes by, you will be trampled by it. Each time it passes by, it will take you. It will pass by morning after morning, during the day and during the night. Understanding this message brings only terror. The bed is too short to stretch out on. The blanket is too narrow to serve as a cover. The Lord will rise as He did on Mount Perizim. He will wake up as He did in Gibeon Valley. He will do His work, His unexpected work, and perform His deeds, His mysterious deeds. Now stop laughing, or your chains will be tightened, because I have heard that the Almighty Lord of Armies has finally determined to destroy the whole land. Open your ears and listen to me. Pay attention and hear me. Does a farmer go on plowing every day so he can plant? Does he continue to break up the soil and make furrows in the ground? When he has smoothed its surface, doesn't he scatter black cumin seed and plant cumin? Doesn't he plant wild wheat in rows? Doesn't he put barley in its own area and winter wheat at its borders? God will guide him in judgment, and his God will teach him. Black cumin isn't threshed with a sledge, and wagon wheels aren't rolled over cumin. Black cumin is beaten with a rod and cumin with a stick. Grain is ground into flour, but the grinding eventually stops. It will be threshed. The wheels of his cart will roll over it, but his horses won't crush it. All of this has come from the Lord of armies. His counsel is wonderful, and his wisdom is great. Isaiah chapter 29. How horrible it will be for you, Ariel, Ariel, the city where David camped. Let year after year go by. Let your annual festivals go on. I will torment Ariel, and the city will be filled with people grieving and mourning. The city will become like Ariel. I will set up war camps all around you. I will blockade you with towers. I will put up mounds of dirt around you. When you have fallen, you will speak as you lie on the ground. Your words will be muffled by the dust. Your voice will come out of the ground like that of a ghost. Your words will be whispered from the dust. Your many enemies will be like fine dust. Your many foes will be like husks blown by the wind. All of this will happen suddenly, unexpectedly. The Lord of armies will punish you with thunder, earthquakes, and loud noises, with windstorms, rainstorms, and firestorms. The armies from all the nations will go to war against Ariel. They will go to war against it, blockade it, and torment it. All of this will be like a dream, like a vision in the night. They will be like hungry people who dream that they're eating and wake up to find they're hungry. They will be like thirsty people who dream that they're drinking and wake up to find they're lightheaded and parched with thirst. This is what will happen to the armies from all the nations that fight against Mount Zion. If you confuse yourselves, you will be confused. If you blind yourselves, you will be blinded. You are drunk, but not from wine. You stagger, but not from liquor. The Lord has poured out on you a spirit of deep sleep. 
He will shut your eyes. Your eyes are the prophets. He will cover your heads. Your heads are the seers. To you all these visions will be like words in a book that is closed and sealed. You give this book to someone who can read, saying, Please read this. He answers, I can't read it. It's sealed. Then you give the book to someone who can't read, saying, Please read this. He answers, I can't read. The Lord says, These people worship me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me, and their worship of me is based on rules made by humans. That is why I am going to do something completely amazing for these people once again. The wisdom of their wise people will disappear. The intelligence of their intelligent people will be hidden. How horrible it will be for those who try to hide their plans from the Lord. Their deeds are done in the dark, and they say, No one can see us, and no one can recognize us. You turn things upside down. Is the potter no better than his clay? Can something that has been made say about its maker, He didn't make me? Can a piece of pottery say about the potter, He doesn't understand? In a very short time, Lebanon will be turned into a fertile field, and the fertile field will be considered a forest. When that day comes, the deaf will hear the words written in the book, the blind will see out of their gloom and darkness. Humble people again will find joy in the Lord. The poorest of people will find joy in the Holy One of Israel. Tyrants will be gone. Mockers will be finished. All who look for ways to do wrong will come to an end. Those who make people sin with words, those who lay traps for judges, those who, without any reason, deny justice to people who are in the right. This is what the Lord, who saved Abraham, says about the descendants of Jacob. Jacob will no longer be ashamed. Jacob's face will no longer turn pale when they see all their children, the children I made with my hands. They will acknowledge my name as holy. They will treat the Holy One of Jacob as holy. They will stand in terror of the God of Israel. Then those who are wayward in spirit will gain understanding, and those who complain will accept instruction. Isaiah chapter 30 The Lord declares, how horrible it will be for those rebellious children. They carry out plans, but not mine. They make alliances against my will. They pile sin on top of sin. They go to Egypt without asking me. They look for shelter under Pharaoh's protection and look for refuge in Egypt's shadow. But Pharaoh's protection will be their shame, and the refuge in Egypt's shadow will be their disgrace. Although Pharaoh's officials are in Zoan, and his messengers have reached Hanes, the people of Judah will be put to shame because that nation can't help them. That nation can't give aid or help to them. It can only offer shame and disgrace. This is the divine revelation about the animals in the Negev. My people travel through lands where they experience distress and hardship. Lions and lionesses live there. Vipers and poisonous snakes live there. They carry their riches on the backs of young donkeys and their treasures on the humps of camels to a nation that can't help them. Egypt's help is completely useless. That is why I call it Rahab, who sits still. Now write this on a tablet for them and inscribe it in a book so that it will be there in the future as a permanent witness. These people are rebellious and deceitful children, children who refuse to listen to the Lord's teachings. They say to the seers, Don't see the future. They say to those who have visions, Don't have visions that tell us what is right. Tell us what we want to hear. See illusions. Get out of our way. Stop blocking our path. Get the Holy One of Israel out of our sight. 
This is what the Holy One of Israel says. You have rejected this warning, trusted oppression and deceit, and leaned on them. That is why your sin will be like a high wall with a bulging crack, ready to fall. All of a sudden, it will fall. It will break like pottery. It will be smashed, and nothing will be left of it. No piece will be big enough to carry live coals from a fireplace or to dip water from a reservoir. This is what the Almighty Lord, the Holy One of Israel, says. You can be saved by returning to me. You can have rest. You can be strong by being quiet and by trusting me. But you don't want that. You've said, no, we'll flee on horses. So you flee. You've added, we'll ride on fast horses. So those who chase you will also be fast. One thousand people will flee when one person threatens them, and you will flee when five threaten you. Then you will be left alone like a flagpole on top of a mountain, like a signpost on a hill. The Lord is waiting to be kind to you. He rises to have compassion on you. The Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for Him. You will live in Zion, in Jerusalem. You won't cry anymore. The Lord will certainly have pity on you when you cry for help. As soon as He hears you, He will answer you. The Lord may give you troubles and hardships, but your teacher will no longer be hidden from you. You will see your teacher with your own eyes. You will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Follow it, whether it turns to the right or to the left. Then you will dishonor your silver-plated idols and your gold-covered statues. You will throw them away like clothing ruined by stains. You will say to them, Get out. The Lord will give you rain for the seed that you plant in the ground, and the food that the ground provides will be rich and nourishing. When that day comes, your cattle will graze in large pastures. The oxen and the donkeys which work the soil will eat a mixture of food that has been winnowed with forks and shovels. There will be brooks and streams on every lofty mountain and every high hill. When the day of the great slaughter comes, towers will fall. Then the light of the moon will be like the light of the sun. The light of the sun will be seven times as strong, like the light of seven days. When that day comes, the Lord will bandage His people's injuries and heal the wounds He inflicted. The name of the Lord is going to come from far away. His anger is burning. His burden is heavy. His lips are filled with fury. His tongue is like a devouring flame. His breath is like an overflowing stream. It rises neck high, sifting the nations with a sieve of destruction, placing a bit in the mouths of the people to lead them astray. You will sing a song like the song you sing on a festival night. Your hearts will be happy like someone going out with a flute. On the way to the Lord's mountain, to the rock of Israel, the Lord will make His majestic voice heard. He will come down with all His might, with furious anger, with firestorms, windstorms, rainstorms, and hailstones. At the sound of the Lord, the people of Assyria will be shattered. He will strike them with His rod. To the sound of tambourines and lyres, the Lord will pound on them. He will fight them in battle, swinging His fists. Topheth was prepared long ago. It was made ready for the king. It was made deep and wide and piled high with plenty of burning logs. The Lord's breath will be like a flood of burning sulfur, setting it on fire. Isaiah chapter 31. How horrible it will be for those who go to Egypt for help, who rely on horses, who depend on many chariots, who depend on very strong war horses. They don't look to the Holy One of Israel. They don't seek the Lord. He is wise and can bring about disaster. 
He doesn't take back his words. He rises against wicked people and against those who help troublemakers. The Egyptians are humans, not gods. Their horses are flesh and blood, not spirit. When the Lord uses his powerful hand, the one who gives help will stumble, and the one who receives help will fall. Both will die together. This is what the Lord said to me. A lion, even a young lion, growls over its prey when a crowd of shepherds is called to fight it. It isn't frightened by their voices or disturbed by the noise they make. So the Lord of armies will come to fight for Mount Zion and its hill. The Lord of armies will defend Jerusalem like a hovering bird. He will defend it and rescue it. He will pass over it and protect it. You people of Israel, return to the one whom you have so violently rebelled against. When that day comes, all of you will reject the silver and gold idols that your sinful hands have made. Then Assyrians will be killed with swords not made by human hands. Swords not made by human hands will destroy them. They will flee from battle, and their young men will be made to do forced labor. In terror they will run to their stronghold, and their officers will be frightened at the sight of the battle flag. The Lord declares this. His fire is in Zion, and His furnace is in Jerusalem. Isaiah chapter 32. A king will rule with fairness, and officials will rule with justice. Then each ruler will be like a shelter from the wind, and a hiding place from the rain. They will be like streams on parched ground, and the shade of a large rock in a weary land. Then the vision of those who can see won't be blurred, and the ears of those who can hear will pay attention. Then those who are reckless will begin to understand, and those who stutter will speak quickly and clearly. Godless fools will no longer be called nobles, nor will scoundrels be considered gentlemen. Godless fools speak foolishness, and their minds plan evil in order to do ungodly things. They speak falsely about the Lord. They let people go hungry and without water from thirsty people. The tricks of scoundrels are evil. They devise wicked plans in order to ruin poor people with lies, even when needy people plead for justice. But honorable people act honorably and stand firm for what is honorable. Get up and listen to me, you pampered women. Hear what I say, you overconfident daughters. In a little less than a year, you overconfident women will tremble, because the grape harvest will fail and no fruit will be brought in from the fields. Shudder, you pampered women. Tremble, you overconfident women. Take off your clothes, walk around naked, and wear sackcloth around your waists. Beat your breasts as you mourn for the fields for the vines bearing grapes. Mourn for my people's land where thorns and briars will grow. Mourn for all the happy homes in a joyful city. Palaces will be deserted. Noisy cities will be abandoned. Fortresses and watchtowers will become permanent caves. They will be a delight for wild donkeys and pastures for flocks until the Spirit is poured on us from on high. Then the wilderness will be turned into a fertile field, and the fertile field will be considered a forest. Then justice will live in the wilderness, and righteousness will be at home in the fertile field. Then an act of righteousness will bring about peace, calm and safety forever. My people will live in a peaceful place, in safe homes and quiet places of rest. The forest will be flattened because of hail, and the city will be completely leveled. Blessed are those who plant beside every stream, and those who let oxen and donkeys roam freely. Isaiah Chapter 33. How horrible it will be for you, you destroyer, although you haven't been destroyed. 
How horrible it will be for you, you traitor, although you haven't been betrayed. When you finish destroying, you will be destroyed. When you finished being a traitor, you will be betrayed. O Lord, have pity on us. We wait with hope for you. Be our strength in the morning. Yes, be our Savior in times of trouble. People flee from the noise of your army. Nations scatter when you attack. You nations, your loot is gathered as grasshoppers harvest a crop. Like swarming locusts, people rush for your loot. The Lord is honored because he lives on high. He will fill Zion with justice and righteousness. He will be the foundation of your future. The riches of salvation are wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is your treasure. Heroes cry in the streets. Messengers of peace cry bitterly. Highways are deserted, travelers stop traveling, agreements are broken, witnesses are rejected, people are no longer respected, the country grieves and wastes away, Lebanon is ashamed and is decaying, Sharon has become like a wilderness, Bashan and Carmel are shaken. The Lord says, Now I will arise, now I will get up, now I will be lifted up. You will be pregnant with hay, you will give birth to straw. Your breath will be a fire which will burn you up. People will be cremated. They will be set on fire like dry thorn bushes. Hear what I have done, you people who are far away. Acknowledge my might, you people who are near. The sinners in Zion are terrified. Trembling seizes the ungodly. Can any of us live through a fire that destroys? Can any of us live through a fire that burns forever? The person who does what is right and speaks the truth will live. He rejects getting rich by extortion and refuses to take bribes. He refuses to listen to those who are plotting murders. He doesn't look for evil things to do. This person will live on high. His stronghold will be a fortress made of rock. He will have plenty of food and a dependable supply of water. Your eyes will see how handsome the king is. You will see a land that stretches into the distance. Your mind will be thinking of the terrors in the past. Where are the scribes? Where are the tax collectors? Where are those who counted the towers? You will no longer see those savage people, those people with an unrecognizable language, with a foreign language that you can't understand. Look at Zion, the city of our festivals. Your eyes will see Jerusalem as a peaceful place. It is a tent that can't be moved. Its tent pegs will never be pulled out, and none of its ropes will be broken." The Lord will be our mighty defender in a place surrounded by wide rivers and streams. Ships with oars won't travel on them. Stately ships won't sail on them. The Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. The Lord is our savior. Your ropes hang loose. Your mast isn't secure. And your sail isn't spread out. A large amount of loot will be distributed. Lame people will carry off your loot. No one who lives in Zion will say, I'm sick. The sins of its inhabitants will be forgiven. Isaiah chapter 34. Come close, you nations, and listen. Pay attention, you people. The earth, everyone in it, the world, and everything on it will listen. The Lord is angry with all the nations. He is furious with all their armies. He has claimed them for destruction. He has handed them over to be slaughtered. Their dead bodies will be thrown out. A stench will rise from their corpses. Mountains will be red with their blood. All the stars in the sky will rot. The heavens will be rolled up like a scroll. The stars will fall like leaves from a grapevine, like green figs from a fig tree. 
When my sword is covered with blood in the heavens, it will fall on Edom and on the people I've claimed for destruction. The Lord's sword is covered with blood. It is covered with fat, with the blood of lambs and goats, with the fat of rams' kidneys. The Lord will receive a sacrifice in Bozrah, a huge slaughter in the land of Edom. Wild oxen will be killed with them, young bulls along with rams. Their land will be drenched with blood. Their dust will be covered with fat. The Lord will have a day of vengeance, a year of revenge in defense of Zion. Edom's streams will be turned to tar. Its soil will be turned to burning sulfur. Its land will become blazing tar. They will not be extinguished day or night, and smoke will always go up from them. Edom will lie in ruins for generations. No one will ever travel through it. Pelicans and herons will take possession of the land. Owls and crows will live there. He will stretch the measuring line of chaos and the plumb line of destruction over it. There are no nobles to rule a kingdom. All of its princes have disappeared. Its palaces are covered with thorns. Its fortresses have nettles and thistles. It will become a home for jackals and a place for ostriches. Hyenas will meet with jackals. Male goats will call to their mates. Screech owls will rest there and find a resting place for themselves. Owls will make their nest there, lay eggs and hatch them. They will gather their young in the shadow of their wings. Vultures also will gather there, each one with its mate. Search the Lord's book and read it. Not one of these animals will be missing. Not one will lack a mate because the Lord has commanded it, and His Spirit will gather them together. He is the one who throws dice for them and his hand divides up the land for them with a measuring line. They will possess it permanently, and live there for generations. Isaiah chapter 35 The desert and the dry land will be glad, and the wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like a lily the land will blossom, it will rejoice and sing with joy. It will have the glory of Lebanon, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. Everyone will see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen limp hands, steady weak knees. Tell those who are terrified, be brave, don't be afraid. Your God will come with vengeance, with divine revenge. He will come and rescue you. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened, and the ears of the deaf will be unplugged. Then those who are lame will leap like deer, and those who cannot speak will shout for joy. Water will gush out into the desert, and streams will gush out into the wilderness. Then the hot sand will become a pool, and dry ground will have springs. Grass will become cattails and rushes in the home of jackals. A highway will be there, a roadway. It will be called the Holy Road. Sinners won't travel on it. It will be for those who walk on it. Godless fools won't wander onto it. Lions won't be there. Wild animals won't go on it. They won't be found there. But the people reclaimed by the Lord will walk on it. The people ransomed by the Lord will return. They will come to Zion singing with joy. Everlasting happiness will be on their heads as a crown. They will be glad and joyful. They will have no sorrow or grief. Isaiah chapter 36 In Hezekiah's fourteenth year as king, King Sennacherib of Assyria attacked all the fortified cities of Judah and captured them. Then the king of Assyria sent his field commander with a large army from Lachish to King Hezekiah at Jerusalem. He stood at the channel for the upper pool on the road to Laundryman's field. Eliakim, who was in charge of the palace and was the son of Hilkiah, Shebna the scribe, and Joah, who was the royal historian and the son of Asaph, 
went out to the field commander. He said to them, Tell Hezekiah, this is what the great king, the king of Assyria, says. What makes you so confident? You give useless advice about getting ready for war. Whom then do you trust for support in your rebellion against me? Look, when you trust Egypt, you're trusting a broken stick for a staff. If you lean on it, it stabs your hand and goes through it. This is what Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, is like for everyone who trusts him. Suppose you tell me, we're trusting the Lord our God. He's the God whose places of worship and altars Hezekiah got rid of. Hezekiah told Judah and Jerusalem, Worship at this altar. Now make a deal with my master, the king of Assyria. I'll give you two thousand horses if you can put riders on them. How can you defeat my master's lowest-ranking officers when you trust Egypt for chariots and horses? Have I come to destroy this country without the Lord on my side? The Lord said to me, Attack this country and destroy it. Then Eliakim, Shebna, and Joah said to the field commander, Speak to us in Aramaic, since we understand it. Don't speak to us in the Judean language, as long as there are people on the wall listening. But the field commander asked, Did my master send me to tell these things only to you and your master? Didn't he send me to the men sitting on the wall, who will have to eat their own excrement and drink their own urine with you? Then the field commander stood and shouted loudly in the Judean language, Listen to the great king, the king of Assyria. This is what the king says. Don't let Hezekiah deceive you. He can't rescue you. Don't let Hezekiah get you to trust the Lord by saying, The Lord will certainly rescue us, and this city will not be put under the control of the king of Assyria. Don't listen to Hezekiah, because this is what the king of Assyria says. Make peace with me. Come out and give yourselves up to me. Everyone will eat from his own grapevine and fig tree and drink from his own cistern. Then I will come and take you away to a country like your own. It's a country with grain and new wine, a country with bread and vineyards. Don't let Hezekiah mislead you by saying to you, The Lord will rescue us. Did any of the gods of the nations rescue their countries from the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of Sepharvaim? Did they rescue Samaria from my control? Did the gods of these countries rescue them from my control? Could the Lord then rescue Jerusalem from my control? They were silent and didn't say anything to him, because the king commanded them not to answer him. Then Eliakim, who was in charge of the palace and was son of Hilkiah, Shebna the scribe, and Joah, who was the royal historian and the son of Asaph, went to Hezekiah with their clothes torn and grief. They told him the message from the field commander. Isaiah chapter 37. When King Hezekiah heard the message, he tore his clothes in grief, covered himself with sackcloth, and went into the Lord's temple. Then he sent Eliakim, who was in charge of the palace, Shebna the scribe, and the leaders of the priests, clothed in sackcloth, to the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos. They said to him, This is what Hezekiah says, Today is a day filled with misery, punishment, and disgrace. We are like a woman who is about to give birth, but doesn't have the strength to do it. The Lord your God may have heard the words of the field commander. His master, the king of Assyria, sent him to defy the living God. The Lord your God may punish him because of the message that the Lord your God heard. Pray for the few people who are left. So King Hezekiah's men went to Isaiah. Isaiah answered them, Say this to your master. This is what the Lord says. 
Don't be afraid of the message that you heard when the Assyrian king's assistant slandered me. I'm going to put a spirit in him so that he will hear a rumor and return to his own country. I'll have him assassinated in his own country. The field commander returned and found the king of Assyria fighting against Libna. He had heard that the king left Lachish. Now Sennacherib heard that King Tirhaka of Sudan was coming to fight him. When he heard this, he again sent messengers to Hezekiah, saying, Tell King Hezekiah of Judah, Don't let the God whom you trust deceive you by saying that Jerusalem will not be put under the control of the king of Assyria. You heard what the kings of Assyria did to all countries, how they totally destroyed them. Will you be rescued? Did the gods of the nations which my ancestors destroyed rescue Gozan, Haran, Resef, and the people of Aden, who were in Telazar? Where is the king of Hamath, the king of Arpad, and the king of the cities of Sephavayim, Hena, and Eva? Hezekiah took the letter from the messengers, read it, and went to the Lord's temple. He spread it out in front of the Lord and prayed to the Lord, Lord of armies, God of Israel, you are enthroned over the angels. You alone are God of the kingdoms of the world. You made heaven and earth. Turn your ear toward me, Lord, and listen. Open your eyes, Lord, and see. Listen to the entire message that Sennacherib sent to defy the living God. It is true, Lord, that the kings of Assyria have leveled every country. They have thrown the gods from these countries into fires, because these gods aren't real gods. They're only wooden and stone statues made by human hands. So the Assyrians have destroyed them. Now, Lord our God, rescue us from Assyria's control, so that all the kingdoms on earth will know that you alone are the Lord. Then Isaiah, son of Amos, sent a message to Hezekiah. This is what the Lord God of Israel says. You prayed to me about King Sennacherib of Assyria. This is the message that the Lord speaks to him. My dear people in Zion despise you and laugh at you. My people in Jerusalem shake their heads behind your back. Whom are you defying and slandering? Against whom are you shouting? Who are you looking at so arrogantly? It is the Holy One of Israel. Through your servants you defy the Lord and say, With my many chariots I'll ride up the high mountains, up the slopes of Lebanon. I'll cut down its tallest cedars and its finest cypresses. I'll come to its most distant heights and its most fertile forests. I'll dig wells and drink water. I'll dry up all the streams of Egypt with the trampling of my feet. Haven't you heard? I did this long ago. I planned it in the distant past. Now I make it happen, so that you will turn fortified cities into piles of rubble. Those who live in these cities are weak, discouraged, and ashamed. They will be like plants in the field, like fresh green grass on the roofs dried up by the east wind. I know when you get up and sit down, when you go out and come in, and how you rage against me. Since you rage against me, and your boasting has reached my ears, I will put my hook in your nose, and my bridle in your mouth. I will make you go back the way you came. And this will be a sign for you, Hezekiah. You will eat what grows by itself this year, and the next year you will eat what comes up by itself. But in the third year, you will plant and harvest, plant vineyards, and eat what is produced. Those few people from the nation of Judah who escape will again take root and produce crops. Those few people will go out from Jerusalem, and those who escape will go out from Mount Zion. The Lord of armies is determined to do this. This is what the Lord says about the king of Assyria. He will never come into this city, shoot an arrow here, hold a shield in front of it, or put up dirt ramps to attack it. 
He will go back the way he came, and he won't come into this city, declares the Lord of armies. I will shield this city to rescue it for my sake, and for the sake of my servant David. The Lord's angel went out and killed 185,000 soldiers in the Assyrian camp. When the Judeans got up early in the morning, they saw all the corpses. Then King Sennacherib of Assyria left. He went home to Nineveh and stayed there. While he was worshipping in the temple of his god Nisroch, Adramelech and Sherezer, his sons, assassinated him and escaped to the land of Ararat. His son, Esarhaddon, succeeded him as king. Isaiah chapter 38 In those days Hezekiah became sick and was about to die. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, came to him and said, This is what the Lord says. Give final instructions to your household, because you're about to die. You won't get well. Hezekiah turned to the wall and prayed to the Lord, Please, Lord, remember how I've lived faithfully and sincerely in your presence. I've done what you consider right. And he cried bitterly. Then the Lord spoke his word to Isaiah. Go and say to Hezekiah, This is what the Lord God of your ancestor David says. I've heard your prayer. I've seen your tears. I'm going to give you fifteen more years to live. I'll rescue you and defend this city from the control of the king of Assyria. Then Isaiah said, Take a fig cake and place it over the boil so that the king will get well. Hezekiah asked, What is the sign that I'll go to the Lord's temple? Isaiah said, This is your sign from the Lord that he will do what he promises. The sun made a shadow that went down the stairway of Ahaz's upper palace. I'm going to make the shadow go back ten steps. So the sun on the stairway went back up the ten steps it had gone down. King Hezekiah of Judah wrote this after he was sick and became well again. I thought that in the prime of my life I would go down to the gates of Sheol and be robbed of the rest of my life. I thought that I wouldn't see the Lord in this world. Even with all the people in the world, I thought I would never see another person. My life was over. You rolled it up like a shepherd's tent. You rolled up my life like a weaver. You cut me off from the loom. You ended my life in one day. I cried out until morning as if a lion had crushed all my bones. You ended my life in one day. I chirped like swallows and cranes. I cooed like doves. My eyes were tired from looking up to heaven. I've suffered miserably, O Lord. Please help me. What can I say now that he has spoken to me? He has done this. I will be careful the rest of my life because of my bitter experience. Lord, people live in spite of such things, and I have the will to live in spite of them. You give me health and keep me alive. Now my bitter experience turns into peace. You have saved me and kept me from the rotting pit. You have thrown all my sins behind you. Sheol doesn't thank you. Death doesn't praise you. Those who go down to the pit cannot expect you to be faithful. Those who are living praise you as I do today. Fathers, make your faithfulness known to their children. The Lord is going to rescue me, so let us play stringed instruments. We live our lives in the Lord's temple. Isaiah chapter 39. At that time, Baladan's son, King Merodach Baladan of Babylon, sent letters and a present to Hezekiah. He had heard that Hezekiah had been sick and had recovered. Hezekiah was so happy with them that he showed the messengers his warehouse, the silver, gold, balsam, fine olive oil, his entire armory, and everything in his treasury. Hezekiah showed them everything in his palace and every corner of his kingdom. Then the prophet Isaiah came to King Hezekiah and asked, 
What did these men say, and where did they come from? Ezekiah answered, They came to me from the distant country of Babylon. Isaiah asked, What did they see in your palace? Ezekiah answered, They saw everything in my palace, and I showed them everything in my treasury. Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord of armies. The Lord says, The days are going to come when everything in your palace, everything your ancestors have stored up to this day, will be taken away to Babylon. Nothing will be left. Some of your own descendants will be taken away. They will become officials in the palace of the king of Babylon. Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The Lord's word that you have spoken is good. He added, Just let there be peace and security as long as I live. Isaiah chapter 40 Comfort my people, comfort them, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem, and announce to it that its time of hard labor is over, and its wrongs have been paid for. It has received from the Lord double for all its sins. A voice cries out in the desert, Clear a way for the Lord, make a straight highway in the wilderness for our God. Every valley will be raised. Every mountain and hill will be lowered. Steep places will be made level. Rough places will be made smooth. Then the Lord's glory will be revealed, and all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. A voice called, Call out. I asked, What should I call out? Call out. All people are like grass, and all their beauty is like a flower in the field. Grass dries up, and flowers wither when the Lord's breath blows on them. Yes, people are like grass. Grass dries up and flowers wither, but the word of our God will last forever. Go up a high mountain, Zion. Tell the good news. Call out with a loud voice, Jerusalem. Tell the good news. Raise your voice without fear. Tell the cities of Judah, Here is your God. The Almighty Lord is coming with power to rule with authority. His reward is with Him, and the people He has won arrive ahead of Him. Like a shepherd, he takes care of his flock. He gathers the lambs in his arms. He carries them in his arms. He gently helps the sheep and their lambs. Who has measured the water of the sea with the palm of his hand, or measured the sky with the length of his hand? Who has held the dust of the earth in a bushel basket, or weighed the mountains on a scale and the hills on a balance? Who has directed the Spirit of the Lord, or instructed him as his adviser? Whom did he consult? Who gave him understanding? Who taught him the right way? Who taught him knowledge? Who informed him about the way to understanding? The nations are like a drop in a bucket, and are considered to be like dust on a scale. The weight of the islands is like fine dust. All the trees in Lebanon are not enough to burn an offering. Its wild animals are not enough for a single burnt offering. All the nations amount to nothing in his presence." He considers them less than nothing and worthless. To whom then can you compare God? To what statue can you compare Him? Craftsmen make idols, goldsmiths cover them with gold, silversmiths make silver chains for them. The poorest people choose wood that will not rot and search out skillful craftsmen to set up idols that will not fall over. Don't you know? Haven't you heard? Haven't you been told from the beginning? Don't you understand the foundations of the earth? God is enthroned above the earth, and those who live on it are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the sky like a canopy and spreads it out like a tent to live in. He makes rulers unimportant and makes earthly judges worth nothing. 
They have hardly been planted. They have hardly been sown. They have hardly taken root in the ground. Then he blows on them, and they wither, and a windstorm sweeps them away like straw. To whom then can you compare me? Who is my equal? asked the Holy One. Look at the sky and see. Who created these things? Who brings out the stars one by one? He calls them all by name. Because of the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one of them is missing. Jacob, why do you complain? Israel, why do you say, My way is hidden from the Lord, and my rights are ignored by my God? Don't you know? Haven't you heard? The eternal God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, doesn't grow tired or become weary. His understanding is beyond reach. He gives strength to those who grow tired and increases the strength of those who are weak. Even young people grow tired and become weary, and young men will stumble and fall. Yet the strength of those who wait with hope in the Lord will be renewed. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and won't become weary. They will walk and won't grow tired. Isaiah chapter 41 Be silent. And listen to me, you coastlands. Let the people gain new strength. Let them come near and speak. Let us come together for judgment. Who has raised up from the east someone to whom the Lord gives victory with every step he takes? Nations are handed over to him. He defeats kings. With his sword he turns them into dust. With his bow he turns them into straw blown by the wind. He chases them marching by safely on a path his feet have never traveled before. Who has accomplished this? Who has determined the course of history from the beginning? I, the Lord, was there first, and I will be there to the end. I am the one. The coastlands have seen him and are afraid. The ends of the earth tremble. They have come near and gathered together. People help their neighbors and say to their relatives, Be brave. Craftsmen encourage goldsmiths. Metalsmiths encourage blacksmiths who work at their anvils. They say that their soldering is good, and they fasten things with nails so they won't move. But you are my servant, Israel, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the descendant of Abraham, my dear friend. I have taken you from the ends of the earth and called you from its most distant places. I said to you, you are my servant. I've chosen you. I haven't rejected you. Don't be afraid, because I am with you. Don't be intimidated. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will support you with my victorious right hand. Everyone who is angry with you will be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be reduced to nothing and disappear. You will search for your enemies, but you will not find them. Those who are at war with you will be reduced to nothing and no longer exist. I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand and say to you, Don't be afraid. I will help you. Don't be afraid, Jacob, you worm, you people of Israel. I will help you, declares the Lord, your defender, the Holy One of Israel. I'm going to make you into a new threshing sledge with sharp, double-edged teeth. You will thresh the mountains and crush them to dust. You will turn the hills into straw. You will winnow them. The wind will carry them away, the windstorm will scatter them, but you will find joy in the Lord and praise the Holy One of Israel. The poor and needy are looking for water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst. I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, 
will not abandon them. I will make rivers flow on bare hilltops. I will make springs flow through valleys. I will turn deserts into lakes. I will turn dry land into springs. I will plant cedar, acacia, myrtle, and wild olive trees in the desert. I will place cedar, fir, and cypress trees together in the wilderness. People will see and know. Together they will consider and understand that the Lord's power has done this, that the Holy One of Israel has created it. Present your case, says the Lord. Bring forward your best arguments, says Jacob's king. Bring your idols, so they can tell us what's going to happen. Explain past events that your idols told you about, so that we may consider them and know what their outcome will be. Tell us about future events. Tell us what's going to happen, so that we may know that you are gods. Yes, do something good or evil to intimidate us and make us afraid. You are nothing. You can't do anything. Whoever chooses you is disgusting. I have raised up someone from the north, and he has come. He will call on my name from the east. He will attack rulers as if they were mud, as if he were treading on clay like a potter. Who revealed this from the beginning so that we could know it? Who revealed this from the past so that we could say that he was right? No one revealed it. No one announced it. No one heard your words. I was the first to tell Zion, Look, here they are. I gave Jerusalem a messenger with the good news. When I look, there is no one. There is no one to advise them. When I ask them a question, will they give an answer? All of them are nothing. They can't do anything. Their statues are nothing but air. Isaiah chapter 42. Here is my servant whom I support. Here is my chosen one with whom I am pleased. I have put my spirit on him. He will bring justice to the nations. He will not cry out or raise his voice. He will not make his voice heard in the streets. He will not break off a damaged cattail. He will not even put out a smoking wick. He will faithfully bring about justice. He will not be discouraged or crushed until he has set up justice on the earth. The coastlands will wait for his teachings. The Lord God created the heavens and stretched them out. He shaped the earth and all that comes from it. He gave life to the people who are on it and breath to those who walk on it. This is what the Lord God says. I, the Lord, have called you to do what is right. I will take hold of your hand. I will protect you. I will appoint you as my promise to the people, as my light to the nations. You will give sight to the blind, bring prisoners out of prisons, and bring those who live in darkness out of dungeons. I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not give my glory to anyone else or the praise I deserve to idols. What I said in the past has come true. I will reveal new things before they happen. Sing a new song to the Lord. Sing His praise from the ends of the earth, you people who sail on the seas, and all the creatures that live in them, you coastlands and all who live on them. Let those who live in the desert and its cities raise their voices. Let those who live in the settlements of Kedar praise Him. Let those who live in Selah sing for joy. Let them shout from the tops of the mountains. Let them give glory to the Lord and announce His praise on the coastlands. The Lord marches out like a warrior. He prepares Himself for battle like a soldier. He shouts, gives the battle cry, and overpowers His enemies. I have been silent for a long time. I kept quiet and held myself back. But like a woman in childbirth, I will cry out. I will gasp and pant. 
I will lay waste to mountains and hills. I will dry up all their vegetation. I will turn rivers into islands. I will dry up ponds. I will lead the blind on unfamiliar roads. I will lead them on unfamiliar paths. I will turn darkness into light in front of them. I will make rough places smooth. These are the things I will do for them, and I will never abandon them. Then those who trust idols and those who say to statues, You are our gods, will be turned away and put to shame. Listen, you deaf people. Look, you blind people, so that you can see. Who is blind except my servant, or deaf like the messenger I send? Who is blind like the one who has my trust, or blind like the servant of the Lord? You have seen much, but you do not observe anything. Your ears are open, but you hear nothing. The Lord is pleased because He does what is right. He praises the greatness of His teachings and makes them glorious. But these people are robbed and looted. They are all trapped in pits and hidden in prisons. They have become prey with no one to rescue them. They have become loot with no one to say, Give it back. Who among you will listen to this? Is there anyone who will pay attention and listen in the future? Who gave Jacob away as loot and handed Israel over to robbers? Wasn't it the Lord against whom we have sinned? They didn't want to live His way. They didn't obey His teachings. So He poured out His burning anger and the horrors of war on them. It engulfed them in flames, but they did not understand. It burned them, but they did not take it to heart. Isaiah chapter 43 The Lord created Jacob and formed Israel. Now this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid, because I have reclaimed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through the sea, I am with you. When you go through rivers, they will not sweep you away. When you walk through fire, you will not be burned, and the flames will not harm you. I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Egypt is the ransom I exchanged for you. Sudan and Seba are the price I paid for you. Since you are precious to me, you are honored, and I love you. I will exchange others for you. Nations will be the price I pay for your life. Do not be afraid, because I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, Give them up, and to the south, Do not keep them. Bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Bring everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Bring the people who are blind but still have eyes, the people who are deaf but still have ears. All nations have gathered together and people have assembled. Who among them could have revealed this? Who among them could have foretold this to us? They should bring their witnesses to prove that they were right. Let the people hear them. Then they will say that it is true. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord. I have chosen you as my servant so that you can know and believe in me and understand that I am the one who did this. No God was formed before me, and there will be none after me. I alone am the Lord, and there is no Savior except me. I have revealed it to you. I have saved you, and I have announced it to you. There was no foreign God among you. You are my witnesses that I am God, declares the Lord. From the first day I was the one who did this. No one can rescue people from my power. When I do something, who can undo it? This is what the Lord, your Defender, the Holy One of Israel, says. For your sake I will send an army to Babylon. 
I will bring back all the Babylonian refugees in the ships that they take pride in. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. The Lord makes a path through the sea and a road through the strong currents. He leads chariots and horses, an army and reinforcements. They lie down together and do not get up again. They are extinguished and snuffed out like a wick. This is what the Lord says. Forget what happened in the past, and do not dwell on events from long ago. I am going to do something new. It is already happening, don't you realize it? I will clear a way in the desert. I will make rivers on dry land. Wild animals, jackals, and ostriches will honor me. I will provide water in the desert. I will make rivers on the dry land for my chosen people to drink. I have formed these people for myself. They will praise me. Jacob, you have not prayed to me. Israel, you have grown tired of me. You did not bring me sheep for your burnt offerings or honor me with your sacrifices. I did not burden you by requiring grain offerings or trouble you by requiring incense offerings. You did not buy me any sugar cane with your money or satisfy me with the best part of your sacrifices. Rather, you burdened me with your sins and troubled me with your wrongdoings. I alone am the one who is going to wipe away your rebellious actions for my own sake. I will not remember your sins any more. Remind me of what happened. Let us argue our case together. State your case so that you can prove you are right. Your first ancestor sinned, and your priests rebelled against me. That is why I will corrupt the leaders of the holy place. I will claim Jacob for destruction. I will set up Israel for ridicule. Isaiah chapter 44. But now listen, my servant Jacob, Israel, whom I have chosen. The Lord made you, formed you in the womb, and will help you. This is what the Lord says. Don't be afraid, my servant Jacob, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. I will pour water on thirsty ground and rain on dry land. I will pour my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. They will spring up with the grass as poplars spring up by streams. One person will say, I belong to the Lord. Another will call on the name of Jacob. Another will write on his hand, The Lord's. And he will adopt the name of Israel. The Lord is Israel's king and defender. He is the Lord of armies. This is what the Lord says. I am the first and the last, and there is no God except me. If there is anyone like me, let him say so. Let him tell me what happened when I established my people long ago. Then let him predict what will happen to them. Don't be terrified or afraid. Didn't I make this known to you long ago? You are my witnesses. Is there any God except me? There is no other rock. I know of none. All who make idols are nothing. Their precious treasures are worthless. Their own witnesses do not see or know anything, so they will be put to shame. Nothing comes from making gods or casting metal idols. Everyone associated with the gods will be put to shame. The craftsmen themselves are only human. Let them all get together and take their stand. They will be frightened and ashamed together. Blacksmiths shape iron into tools. They work them over the coals and shape them with hammers, working them with their strong arms. They get hungry, and their strength fails. If they don't drink water, they will faint. Carpenters measure blocks of wood with chalk lines. They mark them with pens. They carve them with chisels and mark them with compasses. 
They carve them into forms of people, beautiful people, so the idols can live in shrines. They cut down cedars for themselves. Then they choose fir trees or oaks. They let them grow strong among the trees in the forest. Then they plant cedars, and the rain makes them grow. These trees become fuel for people to burn. So they take some of them and warm themselves with them. They start fires and bake bread. They also make gods from these trees and worship them. They make them into carved statues and bow in front of them. Half of the wood they burn in the fire. Over this half they roast meat that they can eat until they are full. They also warm themselves and say, Ah, we are warm. We can see the fire. But the rest of the wood they make into gods, carved statues. They bow to them and worship them. They pray to them, saying, Rescue us, because you are our gods. They don't know or understand anything. Their eyes are plastered shut, so they can't see, and their minds are closed, so they can't understand. No one stops to think. No one has enough knowledge or understanding to say, I burned half of the wood in the fire. I also baked bread over its coals. I roasted meat and ate it. Now I am making the rest of the wood into a disgusting thing and bowing to a block of wood. They eat ashes because they are deceived. Their own misguided minds lead them astray. They can't rescue themselves or ask themselves, Isn't what I hold in my right hand a false god? Remember these things, Jacob. You are my servant, Israel. I formed you. You are my servant. Israel, I will not forget you. I made your rebellious acts disappear like a thick cloud, and your sins like the morning mist. Come back to me, because I have reclaimed you. Sing with joy, you heavens, because the Lord has done this. Rejoice, you deep places of the earth. Break into shouts of joy, you mountains, you forests, and every tree in them. The Lord has reclaimed Jacob. He will display his glory in Israel. The Lord reclaimed you. He formed you in the womb. This is what the Lord says. I, the Lord, made everything. I stretched out the heavens by myself. I spread out the earth all alone. I caused the signs of false prophets to fail and make fools of fortune-tellers. I make wise men retreat and turn their knowledge into foolishness. He confirms the word of his servant and fulfills the plan of his messengers. He says about Jerusalem, it will be inhabited. He says about the cities of Judah, they will be rebuilt. He says about their ruins, I will restore them. He says to the deep water, dry up. So I will dry up your rivers. He says about Cyrus, he is my shepherd. He will do everything I want him to do. He says about Jerusalem, it will be rebuilt. He says about the temple, your foundation will be laid. Isaiah chapter 45. This is what the Lord says about Cyrus, his anointed one. I have held him by his right hand so he could conquer the nations ahead of him, strip kings of their power, and open doors ahead of him so that the gates would not be shut. I will go ahead of you, Cyrus, and smooth out the rough places. I will break down the bronze doors and cut through the iron bars. I will give you treasures from dark places and hidden stockpiles. Then you will know that I, the Lord God of Israel, have called you by name. For the sake of my servant Jacob, Israel, my chosen one, I have called you by name. I have given you a title of honor, although you don't know me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. There is no other God besides me. 
I will strengthen you, although you don't know me, so that from the east to the west people will know that there is no God except me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I make light and create darkness. I make blessings and create disasters. I, the Lord, do all these things. Rain down from above, you heavens, and pour down righteousness, you skies. Let the earth open, let salvation and righteousness sprout. Let them spring up. I, the Lord, have created them. How horrible it will be for the one who quarrels with his Maker. He is pottery among other earthenware pots. Does the clay ask the one who shapes it, What are you making? Does your work say to you, There are no handles? How horrible it will be for the one who says to his father, Why did you conceive me? Or to his mother, Why did you go through labor pains for me? The Lord is the Holy One and the Maker of Israel. This is what the Lord says. Ask me about what is going to happen to my children. Are you going to give me orders concerning my handiwork? I made the earth and created humans on it. I stretched out the heavens with my own hands. I commanded all the stars to shine. I prepared Cyrus for my righteous purpose. I will make all his roads straight. He will build my city and let my exiles go free without any payment or any reward, says the Lord of armies. This is what the Lord says. The products from Egypt, the merchandise from Sudan, and the important Sabians will come to you. They will belong to you. They will follow you. They will come to you in chains. They will bow to you and pray to you. Certainly God is with you alone, and there is no other God. Certainly you are a God who has hidden himself. You are the God of Israel, the Savior. Those who make idols will be ashamed and disgraced. They will go away completely disgraced. Israel has been saved by the Lord forever. You will never again be ashamed or disgraced. The Lord created the heavens. God formed the earth and made it. He set it up. He did not create it to be empty, but formed it to be inhabited. This is what the Lord says. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I haven't spoken privately or in some dark corner of the world. I didn't say to Jacob's descendants, Search for me in vain. I, the Lord, speak what is fair and say what is right. Come here, you refugees from the nations. Ignorant people carry wooden idols and pray to gods that cannot save anyone. Speak and present your case. Yes, let them consult one another. Who revealed this in the distant past and predicted it long ago? Wasn't it I, the Lord? There is no other God except me. There is no other righteous God and Savior besides me. Turn to me and be saved, all who live at the ends of the earth, because I am God, and there is no other. I have bound myself with an oath. A word has gone out from my righteous mouth that will not be recalled. Every knee will bow to me, and every tongue will swear allegiance. It will be said of me, Certainly righteousness and strength are found in the Lord alone. All who are angry with him will come to him and be ashamed. All the descendants of Israel will be declared righteous, and they will praise the Lord. Isaiah chapter 46 The god Bel bows down, the god Nebo stoops low. Their statues are seated on animals and cattle. The gods that you carry are burdens, a load for weary people. These gods stoop low and bow down together. They aren't able to escape with heavy loads. They go away into captivity. Listen to me, descendants of Jacob, the few people left of the nation of Israel. I've carried you since your birth. I've taken care of you from the time you were born. 
Even when you're old, I'll take care of you. Even when your hair turns gray, I'll support you. I made you and will continue to care for you. I'll support you and save you. To whom will you compare me and make me equal? To whom will you compare me so that we can be alike? People pour gold out of their bags and weigh silver on scales. They hire a goldsmith. He makes it into a god. They bow down and worship it. They lift it on their shoulders and carry it. They set the idol in its place, and it stands there. It doesn't move from its place. If they cry to it for help, it can't answer. It can't rescue them from their distress. Remember this and take courage. Recall your rebellious acts. Remember the first events, because I am God and there is no other. I am God, and there is no one like me. From the beginning I revealed the end. From long ago I told you things that had not yet happened, saying, My plan will stand, and I'll do everything I intended to do. I will call a bird of prey from the east. I will call someone for my plan from a faraway land. I have spoken, and I will bring it about. I have planned it, and I will do it. Listen to me, you stubborn people who are far from being righteous. I'll bring my righteousness near. It isn't far away. My salvation will not be delayed. I'll provide salvation for Zion and bring my glory to Israel. Isaiah chapter 47 Go, sit in the dirt, virgin princess of Babylon. Sit on the ground, not on a throne, princess of the Babylonians. You will no longer be called soft and delicate. Take millstones and grind flour. Remove your veil, take off your skirt, uncover your legs and cross the river. People will see you naked, People will see your shame. I will take revenge. I won't spare anyone. Our defender is the Holy One of Israel. His name is the Lord of Armies. Go into the dark and sit in silence, princess of the Babylonians. You will no longer be called the queen of kingdoms. I was angry with my people. I dishonored those who belonged to me. I put them under your control. You showed them no mercy. You placed a heavy burden on old people. You said, I will always be a queen. You didn't carefully consider these things or keep in mind how they would end. Now then, listen to this, you lover of pleasure. You live securely and say to yourself, I'm the only one and there's no one else. I won't live as a widow. I won't suffer the loss of children. In one day, both of these will happen to you instantly. The loss of your children and your husband, all this will happen to you in spite of your evil magic and your many spells. You feel safe in your wickedness and say, No one can see me. Your wisdom and knowledge have led you astray, so you say to yourself, I'm the only one and there's no one else. But evil will happen to you. You won't know how to keep it away. Disaster will strike you. You won't be able to stop it. Destruction will overtake you suddenly. You won't expect it. Keep practicing your spells and your evil magic. You have practiced them ever since you were young. You may succeed. You may cause terror. You are worn out by your many plans. Let your astrologers and your stargazers who foretell the future month by month come to you, rise up, and save you. They are like straw. Fire burns them. They can't rescue themselves from the flames. There are no glowing coals to keep them warm and no fire for them to sit by. This is how it will be for those who have worked with you, for those who have been with you ever since you were young. They will go their own ways, and there will be no one to save you. Isaiah chapter 48 
Listen to this, descendants of Jacob. You are given the name of Israel. You are descended from Judah. You take oaths by the name of the Lord. You acknowledge the God of Israel, but you are not honest or sincere. You call yourselves citizens of the holy city. You depend on the God of Israel. His name is the Lord of armies. From the beginning I revealed to you what would happen. These words came out of my mouth, and I made them known. Suddenly I acted, and they happened. I know that you are stubborn. Like iron you are hard-headed. Like bronze nothing gets through your thick skull. That is why I reveal to you what would happen long ago. I told you about them before they happened. I did this so you couldn't say, My gods have done these things. My carved idols and my metal idols have commanded them to happen. You've heard these words. Now look at all this. Won't you admit it? From now on I will reveal to you new things, hidden things that you do not know. They are created now, not in the past. You haven't heard about them before today, so you can't say that you already knew about them. You have never heard about them. You have never known about them. Your ears have never been opened to hear them before. I know that you have acted very treacherously, and that you have been called a rebel since you were born. For my name's sake I'll be patient. For my glory's sake I'll hold my anger back from you, rather than destroy you. I have refined you, but not like silver. I have tested you in the furnace of suffering. I am doing this for myself, only for myself. Why should my name be dishonored? I will not give my glory to anyone else. Listen to me, Jacob, Israel, whom I have called. I am the one. I am the first and the last. My hand laid the foundation of the earth. My right hand stretched out the heavens. When I call for them, they both stand. Gather together, all of you, and listen. What idol has revealed such things? The Lord loves Cyrus. He will carry out the Lord's plan against Babylon. He will use his strength against the Babylonians. I alone have spoken. I have called him. I will bring him here, and he will succeed. Come here. Listen to this. From the beginning I have spoken nothing in private. From the time it took place, I was there. Now the Almighty Lord has sent me and his Spirit. This is what the Lord your Defender, the Holy One of Israel, says. I am the Lord your God. I teach you what is best for you. I lead you where you should go. If only you had listened to my commands, your peace would be like a river that never runs dry. Your righteousness would be like waves on the sea. Your descendants would be like sand. Your children would be like its grains. Their names would not be cut off or wiped out in my presence. Leave Babylon. Flee from the Babylonians. Shout for joy as you tell it and announce it. Shout it out to the ends of the earth. Say that the Lord has reclaimed his servant Jacob. They weren't thirsty when he led them through the deserts. He made water flow from a rock for them. He split a rock and water gushed out. There is no peace for the wicked, says the Lord. Isaiah chapter 49. Listen to me, you islands. Pay attention, you people far away. Before I was born, the Lord chose me. While I was in my mother's womb, he recorded my name. He made my tongue like a sharp sword and hid me in the palm of his hand. He made me like a sharpened arrow and hid me in his quiver. He said to me, You are my servant Israel. I will display my glory through you. But I said, I have worked hard for nothing. I have used my strength, but I didn't accomplish anything. Yet certainly my case is in the Lord's hands, and my reward is with my God. 
The Lord formed me in the womb to be his servant, in order to bring Jacob back to him and gather Israel to him. The Lord honors me, and my God has become my strength. Now the Lord says, You are not just my servant, who restores the tribes of Jacob and brings back those in Israel whom I have preserved. I have also made you a light for the nation, so that you would save people all over the world. The Lord is the defender of Israel, its holy one. This is what the Lord says to the despised one, to the one scorned by the nation, to the slave of rulers. Kings will see you and stand. Princes will see you and bow. The Lord is faithful. The Holy One of Israel has chosen you. This is what the Lord says. In the time of favor, I will answer you. In the day of salvation, I will help you. I will protect you. I will appoint you as my promise to the people. You will restore the land. You will make them inherit the desolate inheritance. You will say to the prisoners, Come out, and to those who are in darkness, show yourselves. They will graze along every path, and they will find pastures on every bare hill. They will never be hungry or thirsty, nor will the sun or the burning hot wind strike them. The one who has compassion on them will lead them and guide them to springs. I will turn all my mountains into roads, and my highways will be restored. They will come from far away. They will come from the north and from the west, and they will come from the land of Sinim. Sing with joy, you heavens. Rejoice, you earth. Break into shouts of joy, you mountains. The Lord has comforted his people, and will have compassion on his humble people. But Zion said, The Lord has abandoned me. My Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child? Will she have no compassion on the child from her womb? Although mothers may forget, I will not forget you. I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are always in my presence. Your children will hurry back. Those who destroyed you and laid waste to you will leave you. Look up, look around, and watch. All of your children are gathering together and returning to you. I solemnly swear as I live, declares the Lord, you will wear all of them like jewels and display them on yourself as a bride would. Though you are destroyed and demolished and your land is in ruins, you will be too crowded for your people now. Those who devoured you will be long gone. The children taken from you will say to you, This place is too crowded for me. Make room for me to live here. Then you will ask yourself, Who has fathered these children for me? I was childless and unable to have children. I was exiled and rejected. Who raised these children for me? I was left alone. Where have they come from? This is what the Almighty Lord says. I will lift my hand to signal the nations. I will raise my flag for the people. They will bring your sons in their arms and carry your daughters on their shoulders. Then kings will be your foster fathers, and their queens will nurse you. They will bow in front of you with their faces touching the ground. They will lick the dust at your feet. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who wait with hope for me will not be put to shame. Can loot be taken away from mighty men, or prisoners be freed from conquerors? This is what the Lord says. Prisoners will be freed from mighty men. Loot will be taken away from tyrants. I will fight your enemies, and I will save your children. I will make your oppressors eat their own flesh, and they will become drunk on their own blood as though it were new wine. Then all humanity will know that I am the Lord who saves you, the mighty one of Jacob who reclaims you. Isaiah chapter 50. This is what the Lord says. 
Where are your mother's divorce papers? Did I give her any to get rid of her? To which of my creditors did I sell you? You were sold because of your sins. I got rid of your mother because of your rebellion. Why was no one here when I came? Why was no one here to answer when I called? Am I too weak to reclaim you? Don't I have the power to rescue you? I dry up the sea with my command, and I turn rivers into deserts. Their fish stink because there is no water, and people die of thirst. I clothe the heavens in darkness and cover them with sackcloth. The Almighty Lord will teach me what to say, so I will know how to encourage weary people. Morning after morning, He will wake me to listen like a student. The Almighty Lord will open my ears. I will not rebel, nor will I turn away from Him. I will offer my back to those who whip me, and my cheeks to those who pluck hairs out of my beard. I will not turn my face away from those who humiliate me and spit on me. The Almighty Lord helps me. That is why I will not be ashamed. I have set my face like a flint. I know that I will not be put to shame. The one who pronounces me innocent is near. Who will bring a case against me? Let us confront each other. Who accuses me? Let him confront me. The Almighty Lord helps me. Who will find me guilty? They will all wear out like a garment. Moths will eat them. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys His servant? Let those who walk in darkness and have no light trust the name of the Lord and depend upon their God. But all of you light fires and arm yourselves with flaming torches. So walk in your own light and among the torches you have lit. This is what you will receive from me. You will be tormented. Isaiah chapter 51 Listen to me, you people who pursue what is right and seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut, and to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham, your ancestor, and to Sarah, from whom you are descended. When I called Abraham, he was childless. I blessed him and gave him many descendants. So the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all those who live among its ruins. He will make its desert like Eden. He will make its wilderness like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in it, thanksgiving and the sound of singing. Pay attention to me, my people. Open your ears to hear me, my nation. My teachings will go out from me. My justice will become a light for the people. My righteousness is near. My salvation is on the way. I will bring justice to people. The coastlands put their hope in me, and they wait eagerly for me. Look at the sky. Look at the earth below. The sky will vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like clothing, and those who live there will die like flies. But my salvation will last forever, and my righteousness will never fail. Listen to me, you people who know righteousness, you people who have my teachings in your hearts. Don't be afraid of being insulted by people. Don't be discouraged by their ridicule. Moths will eat them like clothing. Worms will devour them like wool. But my righteousness will last forever, and my salvation will last throughout every generation. Wake up. Wake up. Clothe yourself with strength, O Lord. Wake up as you did in days long past, as in generations long ago. Didn't you cut Rahab into pieces and stab the serpent? Didn't you dry up the sea, the water of the great ocean? You made a road in the depths of the sea so that the people reclaimed by the Lord might pass through it. The people ransomed by the Lord will return. They will come to Zion singing with joy. 
Everlasting happiness will be on their heads as a crown. They will be glad and joyful. They will have no sorrow or grief. I alone am the one who comforts you. Why then are you afraid of mortals who must die, of humans who are like grass? Why have you forgotten the Lord your Creator? He stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. Why should you live in constant fear of the fury of those who oppress you, of those who are ready to destroy you? Where is the fury of those who oppress you? Chained prisoners will be set free. They will not die in prison. They will not go without food. I am the Lord your God who stirs up the sea and makes its waves roar. My name is the Lord of armies. I put my words in your mouth and sheltered you in the palm of my hand. I stretched out the heavens, laid the foundations of the earth, and said to Zion, You are my people. Wake up! Wake up! Stand up, Jerusalem! You drank from the cup in the Lord's hand. That cup was filled with his anger. You drank from the bowl, the cup that makes people stagger, and you drained it. From all the children she gave birth to, there was no one to guide her. From all the children she raised, there was no one to take her by the hand. Twice as many disasters have happened to you. Who will feel sorry for you? Violence, destruction, famine, and war have happened to you. Who will comfort you? Your children have fainted. They lie sleeping at every street corner. They are like an antelope caught in a net. They experience the anger of the Lord, the fury of your God. Listen to this, you humble people, who are drunk but not from wine. The Lord your God defends His people. This is what your Master says. I'm taking from your hand the cup that makes people stagger, the bowl, the cup of my fury. You will never drink from it again. I will put it in the hands of those who made you suffer. They said to you, Lie down so that we can walk over you. So you made your back like the ground and like a street for them to cross. Isaiah chapter 52 Wake up! Wake up! Clothe yourself with strength, Zion! Put on your beautiful clothes, holy city of Jerusalem. Godless and evil people will no longer come to you. Shake the dust from yourselves. Get up, captive Jerusalem. Free yourself from the chains around your neck, captive people of Zion. This is what the Lord says. You were sold, but no price was paid. You will be bought back, but without money. This is what the Almighty Lord says. In the beginning my people went to Egypt to live there as foreigners. Later the Assyrians oppressed them for no reason. So what do I find here? asks the Lord. My people are taken away for no reason. Their rulers are screaming, declares the Lord, and my name is cursed all day long. Now my people will know my name. When that day comes, they will know that I am the one who says, Here I am. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces the good news, All is well. He brings the good news, announces salvation, and tells Zion that its God rules as king. Listen, your watchmen raise their voices and shout together joyfully. When the Lord brings Zion back, they will see it with their own eyes. Break out into shouts of joy, ruins of Jerusalem. The Lord will comfort His people. He will reclaim Jerusalem. The Lord will show His holy power to all the nations. All the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. Run away, run away, get away from there. Do not touch anything unclean. Get away from it. Make yourselves pure, you Levites who carry the utensils for the Lord's temple. 
You will not go away in a hurry, nor will you go away quickly. The Lord will go ahead of you. The God of Israel will guard you from behind. My servant will be successful. He will be respected, praised, and highly honored. Many will be shocked by him. His appearance will be so disfigured that he won't look like any other man. His looks will be so disfigured that he will hardly look like a human. He will cleanse many nations with his blood. Kings will shut their mouths because of him. They will see things that they had never been told. They will understand things that they had never heard. Isaiah chapter 53. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord's power been revealed? He grew up in his presence like a young tree, like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that would make us look at him. He had nothing in his appearance that would make us desire him. He was despised and rejected by people. He was a man of sorrows, familiar with suffering. He was despised like one from whom people turned their faces, and we didn't consider him to be worth anything. He certainly has taken upon himself our suffering and carried our sorrows. But we thought that God had wounded him, beat him, and punished him. He was wounded for our rebellious acts. He was crushed for our sins. He was punished so that we could have peace, and we received healing from his wounds. We have all strayed like sheep. Each one of us has turned to go his own way, and the Lord has laid all our sins on him. He was abused and punished, but he didn't open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. He was like a sheep that is silent when its wool is cut off. He didn't open his mouth. He was arrested, taken away, and judged. Who would have thought that he would be removed from the world? He was killed because of my people's rebellion. He was placed in a tomb with the wicked. He was put there with the rich when he died, although he had done nothing violent and had never spoken a lie. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him with suffering. When the Lord has made his life a sacrifice for our wrongdoings, he will see his descendants for many days. The will of the Lord will succeed through him. He will see and be satisfied because of his suffering. My righteous servant will acquit many people because of what he has learned through suffering. He will carry their sins as a burden. So I will give him a share among the mighty, and he will divide the prize with the strong, because he poured out his life in death, and he was counted with sinners. He carried the sins of many. He intercedes for those who are rebellious. Isaiah chapter 54 Sing with joy, you childless women who never gave birth to children. Break into shouts of joy, you women who never had birth pains. There will be more children of women who have been deserted than there are children of married women, says the Lord. Expand the space of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your tent and don't hold back. Lengthen your tent ropes and drive in the tent pegs. You will spread out to the right and left. Your descendants will take over other nations, and they will resettle deserted cities. Don't be afraid, because you won't be put to shame. Don't be discouraged, because you won't be disgraced. You'll forget the shame you've had since you were young. You won't remember the disgrace of your husband's death any more. Your husband is your Maker. His name is the Lord of armies. Your Defender is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. The Lord has called you as if you were a wife who was abandoned and in grief, a wife who married young and was rejected, says your God. I abandoned you for one brief moment, but I will bring you back with unlimited compassion. I hid my face from you for a moment in a burst of anger, 
but I will have compassion on you with everlasting kindness, says the Lord your Defender. To me this is like Noah's flood waters, when I swore an oath that Noah's flood waters would never cover the earth again. So now I swear an oath not to be angry with you or punish you. The mountains may move and the hills may shake, but my kindness will never depart from you. My promise of peace will never change, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. You suffering, comfortless, storm-ravaged city, I will rebuild your city with precious stones. I will reset your foundations with sapphires. I will rebuild your towers with rubies, your gates with sparkling stones, and all your walls with precious stones. All your children will be taught by the Lord, and your children will have unlimited peace. You will be established in righteousness. You will be far from oppression, so you will not be afraid. You will be far from destruction, so it won't come near you. If anyone attacks you, it will not be my doing. Whoever attacks you will be defeated by you. I've created blacksmiths to fan the coals into flames and to produce useful weapons. I've also created destroyers to bring destruction. No weapon that has been made to be used against you will succeed. You will have an answer for anyone who accuses you. This is the inheritance of the Lord's servants. Their victory comes from me, declares the Lord. Isaiah chapter 55. Listen, whoever is thirsty, come to the water. Whoever has no money can come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk. You don't have to pay. It's free. Why do you spend money on what cannot nourish you, and your wages on what does not satisfy you? Listen carefully to me. Eat what is good and enjoy the best foods. Open your ears and come to me. Listen so that you may live. I will make an everlasting promise to you. The blessings I promised to David, I made him a witness to people, a leader and a commander for people. You will summon a nation that you don't know, and a nation that doesn't know you will run to you because of the Lord your God, because of the Holy One of Israel. He has honored you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let wicked people abandon their ways. Let evil people abandon their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord, and he will show compassion to them. Let them return to our God, because he will freely forgive them. My thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways, declares the Lord. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Rain and snow come down from the sky. They do not go back again until they water the earth. They make it sprout and grow so that it produces seed for farmers and food for people to eat. My word, which comes from my mouth, is like the rain and snow. It will not come back to me without results. It will accomplish whatever I want and achieve whatever I send it to do. You will go out with joy and be led out in peace. The mountains and the hills will break into songs of joy in your presence, and all the trees will clap their hands. Cypress trees will grow where thorn bushes grew. Myrtle trees will grow where briars grew. This will be a reminder of the Lord's name and an everlasting sign that will never be destroyed. Isaiah chapter 56. This is what the Lord says, Preserve justice and do what is right. My salvation is about to come. My righteousness is about to be revealed. Blessed is the one who does these things and the person who holds on to them. Blessed is the one who keeps the day of worship from becoming unholy and his hands from doing anything wrong. 
Foreigners who have joined the Lord should not say, The Lord will separate us from His people. Castrated men should not say, We're only dead trees. This is what the Lord says, I will remember the castrated men who keep my days of worship, choose what pleases me, and faithfully observe the conditions of my promise. Inside my house, and within my walls, I will give them something better than sons and daughters. I will give them a monument and a name. I will give them a permanent name that will not be forgotten. And I will remember the foreigners who have joined the Lord to worship Him, to love the Lord's name, and to be His servants. All of them will keep the day of worship from becoming unholy, and will faithfully observe the conditions of my promise. Then I will bring them to my holy mountain, and make them happy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar, because my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. The Almighty Lord, who gathers the scattered people of Israel, declares, I will gather still others besides those I have already gathered. All you animals in the field, all you animals in the forest, come and eat. Israel's watchmen are blind. None of them know anything. All of them are like dogs that are unable to bark. They lie around dreaming. They love to sleep. These dogs have huge appetites. They are never full. They are the shepherds, but they don't understand. All of them have turned to go their own ways. Each one seeks his own gain. Each one cries, Let me get some wine, and we'll fill ourselves with liquor, and tomorrow will be like today, only better. Isaiah chapter 57 Righteous people die, and no one cares. Loyal people are taken away, and no one understands. Righteous people are spared when evil comes. When peace comes, everyone who has lived honestly will rest on his own bed. But you, come here, you children of witches, you descendants of adulterers and prostitutes. Whom are you making fun of? Whom are you making a face at? Whom are you sticking out your tongue at? Aren't you rebellious children, descendants of liars? You burn with lust under oak trees and under every large tree. You slaughter children in the valleys and under the cracks in the rocks. Your idols are among the smooth stones in the ravine. They are your destiny. You have given them wine offerings and sacrificed grain offerings to them. Do you think I am pleased with all this? You've made your bed on a high and lofty mountain. You've gone to offer sacrifices there. You've set up your idols beside doors and doorposts. You've uncovered yourself to the idols. You've distanced yourself from me. You've made your bed with them. You've made a deal with those you have pleasure with in bed. You've seen them naked. You've journeyed to the king with perfumed oils and put on plenty of perfume. You've sent your ambassadors far away and sent them down to Sheol. You've tired yourself out with many journeys. You didn't think that it was hopeless. You found renewed strength, so you didn't faint. Whom did you dread and fear so much that you lied to me? You haven't remembered me or cared about me. I've been silent for a long time. Is that why you don't fear me? I'll tell you about your righteous ways and what you have done, but they won't help you. When you cry for help, let your collection of idols save you. A wind will carry them all away. A breath will take them away. But whoever trusts me will possess the land and inherit my holy mountain. It will be said, Build a road, build a road. Prepare the way, remove every obstacle in the way of my people. The high and lofty one lives forever, and his name is holy. 
This is what he says. I live in a high and holy place, but I am with those who are crushed and humble. I will renew the spirit of those who are humble and the courage of those who are crushed. I will not accuse you forever. I will not be angry with you forever. Otherwise the spirits, the lives of those I have made, would grow faint in my presence. I was angry because of their sinful greed, so I punished them, hid from them, and remained angry. But they continue to be sinful. I've seen their sinful ways, but I'll heal them. I'll guide them and give them rest. I'll comfort them and their mourners. I'll create praise on their lips. Perfect peace to those both far and near. I'll heal them, says the Lord. But the wicked are like the churning sea. It isn't quiet, and its water throws up mud and slime. There is no peace for the wicked, says my God. Isaiah chapter 58 Cry aloud, don't hold back. Raise your voice like a ram's horn. Tell my people about their rebellion, and the descendants of Jacob about their sins. They look for me every day and want to know my ways. They act as if they were a nation that has done what is right, and as if they haven't disregarded God's judgment on them. They ask me for just decrees. They want God to be near them. Why have we fasted if you are not aware of it? Why have we inflicted pain on ourselves if you don't pay attention? Don't you see that on the days you fast, you do what you want to do? You mistreat all your workers. Don't you see that when you fast, you quarrel and fight and beat your workers? The way you fast today keeps you from being heard in heaven. Is this the kind of fasting I have chosen? Should people humble themselves for only a day? Is fasting just bowing your head like a cattail and making your bed from sackcloth and ashes? Is this what you call fasting? Is this an acceptable day to the Lord? This is the kind of fasting I have chosen. Loosen the chains of wickedness, untie the straps of the yoke, let the oppressed go free and break every yoke. Share your food with the hungry, take the poor and homeless into your house, and cover them with clothes when you see them naked. Don't refuse to help your relatives. Then your light will break through like the dawn, and you will heal quickly. Your righteousness will go ahead of you, and the glory of the Lord will guard you from behind. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and He will say, Here I am. Get rid of that yoke. Don't point your finger and say wicked things. If you give some of your own food to feed those who are hungry, and to satisfy the needs of those who are humble, then your light will rise in the dark, and your darkness will become as bright as the noonday sun. The Lord will continually guide you and satisfy you even in sun-baked places. He will strengthen your bones. You will become like a watered garden and like a spring whose water does not stop flowing. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the foundations of past generations. You will be called the rebuilder of broken walls and the restorer of streets where people live. If you stop trampling on the day of worship and doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the day of worship a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, if you honor it by not going your own way, by not going out when you want, and by not talking idly, then you will find joy in the Lord. I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the inheritance of your ancestor Jacob. The Lord has spoken. Isaiah chapter 59 the Lord is not too weak to save, or His ear too deaf to hear. 
But your wrongs have separated you from your God, and your sins have made him hide his face so that he doesn't hear you. Your hands are stained with blood, and your fingers are stained with sin. You speak lies, and you mutter wicked things. No one calls for justice, and no one pleads his case truthfully. People trust pointless arguments and speak lies. They conceive trouble and give birth to evil. They hatch viper eggs and weave spider webs. Those who eat their eggs will die. When an egg is crushed, a poisonous snake is hatched. Their webs can't be used for clothes, nor can they cover themselves with their works. Their works are evil. Their hands have committed acts of violence. Their feet run to do evil. They hurry to shed innocent blood. Their plans are evil. Ruin and destruction are on their highways. They don't know the way of peace. There's no justice on their highways. They've made their paths crooked. Whoever walks on them will never know peace. That is why justice is far from us and righteousness doesn't reach us. We hope for light, but we walk in darkness. We hope for brightness, but we walk in gloom. We grope like blind men along a wall. We grope like people without eyes. We stumble at noon as if it were twilight. We are like dead people among healthy people. We all growl like bears. We coo like doves. We hope for justice, but there is none. We hope for salvation, but it's far from us. You are aware of our many rebellious acts. Our sins testify against us. Our rebellious acts are with us. We know our wrongdoings. We have rebelled and denied the Lord. We have turned away from our God. We have spoken about oppression and revolt. We have conceived and uttered lies in our hearts. Justice is turned back, and righteousness stands far away. Truth has fallen in the street, and honesty can't come in. Truth is missing. Those who turn away from evil make themselves victims. The Lord sees it, and He's angry because there's no justice. He sees that there's no one to help. He's astounded that there's no one to intercede. So with His own power He wins a victory. His righteousness supports Him. He puts on righteousness like a coat of armor and a helmet of salvation on His head. He wears clothes of vengeance. He wraps Himself with fury as a coat. He will pay them back according to their deeds. He will pay back His opponents with wrath and punish His enemies. He will pay back the people who live on the coastlands. The people of the west will fear the name of the Lord. Those in the east will fear His glory. He will come like a rushing stream. The wind of the Lord pushes Him. Then a Savior will come to Zion, to those in Jacob who turn from rebellion, declares the Lord. This is my promise to them, says the Lord. My Spirit, who is on you, and my words that I put in your mouth, will not leave you. They will be with your children and your grandchildren permanently, says the Lord. Isaiah chapter 60 Arise, shine, your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has dawned. Darkness now covers the earth, and thick darkness covers the nations. But the Lord dawns, and His glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings will come to the brightness of your dawn. Look up, look around, and watch. All of your people assemble and come to you. Your sons come from far away. Your daughters are carried in their arms. Then you will see this and rejoice, and your heart will be thrilled with joy, because the riches of the sea will be brought to you, the wealth of the nations will come to you. 
Many camels will cover your land, young camels from Midian and Ephah. Everyone from Sheba will come. They will bring gold and incense. They will sing the praises of the Lord. All of the flocks from Kedar will gather and come to you. The rams of Nebaioth will serve you. They will be sacrificed as acceptable offerings on my altar. So I will honor my beautiful temple. Who are these people that fly by like clouds, like doves to their nests? Certainly the coastlands wait with hope for me. The ships from Tarshish are the first to bring your children from far away. Their silver and their gold comes with them to honor the name of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, because he has honored you. Foreigners will rebuild your walls, and their kings will serve you. In my anger I struck you, but in my favor I have compassion on you. Your gates will always be open. They will never be closed day or night, so that people may bring you the wealth of nations with their kings led as prisoners. Nations and kingdoms that do not serve you will be destroyed. The nations will certainly be ruined. Lebanon's glory will come to you. Cedar, fir, and cypress trees will come to beautify my holy place, and I will honor the place where my feet rest. The descendants of those who oppress you will bow in front of you. All who despise you will bow at your feet. They will call you the city of the Lord, Zion, the city of the Holy One of Israel. You have been abandoned and hated. No one has passed through you. But now I will make you a source of everlasting pride, a joy for all generations. You will drink milk from other nations and nurse at royal breasts. Then you will know that I am the Lord, your Savior, the Mighty One of Jacob, your Defender. I will bring gold instead of bronze. I will bring silver instead of iron, bronze instead of wood, and iron instead of stone. I will appoint peace as your governor and righteousness as your ruler. No longer will you hear about violence in your land or desolation and destruction within your borders. You will call your walls salvation and your gates praise. The sun will no longer be your light during the day, nor will the brightness of the moon give you light. But the Lord will be your everlasting light. Your God will be your glory. Your sun will no longer go down, nor will your moon disappear. The Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of sadness will be over. Then all your people will be righteous, and they will possess the land permanently. They will be the seedling I have planted, the honored work of my hands. The smallest of them will become a family. The weakest of them will become a mighty nation." At the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen quickly. Isaiah chapter 61. The Spirit of the Almighty Lord is with me, because the Lord has anointed me to deliver good news to humble people. He has sent me to heal those who are brokenhearted, to announce that captives will be set free and prisoners will be released. He has sent me to announce the year of the Lord's good will and the day of our God's vengeance to comfort all those who grieve. He has sent me to provide for all those who grieve in Zion, to give them crowns instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of tears of grief, and clothes of praise instead of a spirit of weakness. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the plantings of the Lord, so that he might display his glory. They will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will restore the places destroyed long ago. They will renew the ruined cities, the places destroyed generations ago. Foreigners will come forward and become shepherds for your flocks, and children of foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. 
You will be called the priests of the Lord. You will be called the servants of our God. You will consume the wealth of the nations. You will boast in their splendor. You will receive a double measure of wealth instead of your shame. You will sing about your wealth instead of being disgraced. That is why you will have a double measure of wealth in your land. You will have everlasting joy. I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully reward my people's work. I will make an everlasting promise to them. Then their offspring will be known among the nations and their descendants among the people. Everyone who sees them will recognize that they are the descendants whom the Lord has blessed. I will find joy in the Lord. I will delight in my God. He has dressed me in the clothes of salvation. He has wrapped me in the robe of righteousness, like a bridegroom with a priest's turban, like a bride with her jewels, like the ground that brings forth its crops, and like a garden that makes the seed in it grow. So the Almighty Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up in front of all nations. Isaiah chapter 62 For Zion's sake I will not remain silent. For Jerusalem's sake I will not rest until its righteousness shines like the dawn, and its salvation burns brightly like a torch. The nations will see your righteousness. All kings will see your glory. You will be given a new name that the Lord will announce. Then you will be a beautiful crown in the hand of the Lord, a royal crown in the hand of your God. You will no longer be called deserted, and your land will no longer be called destroyed, but you will be named my delight, and your land will be named married. The Lord is delighted with you, and your land will be married. As a young man marries a woman, so your sons will marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so your God will rejoice over you. I have posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. They will never be silent day or night. Whoever calls on the Lord, do not give yourselves any rest, and do not give him any rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes it an object of praise throughout the earth. The Lord has sworn with his right hand and with his mighty arm, I will never again let your enemies eat your grain, nor will foreigners drink the new wine which you made. Those who harvest grain will eat it and praise the Lord. Those who gather grapes will drink wine in my holy courtyards. Go through, go through the gates, prepare a way for the people, build up, build up the highway, clear away the stones, raise a flag for the people. The Lord has announced to the ends of the earth, Tell my people, Zion, your Savior is coming. His reward is with him, and the people he has won arrive ahead of him. They will be called holy people, those reclaimed by the Lord, and you will be called sought after, a city not deserted. Isaiah chapter 63 Who is this coming from Bozrah in Edom, with his clothes stained bright red? Who is this dressed in splendor, going forward with great strength? It is I, the Lord, I am coming to announce my victory. I am powerful enough to save you. Why are your clothes red and your garments like those who trample grapes in a winepress? I have trampled alone in the winepress. No one was with me. In my anger I trampled on people. In my wrath I stomped on them. Their blood splattered my clothes, so all my clothing has been stained. I planned the day of vengeance. The year for my reclaiming you has come. I looked, but there was no help. I was astounded that there was no outside support. So with my own power I won a victory. My anger supported me. 
In my anger I trampled on people. In my wrath I made them drunk and poured their blood on the ground. I will acknowledge the Lord's acts of mercy and sing the praises of the Lord because of everything that the Lord has done for us. He has done many good things for the nation of Israel because of His compassion and His unlimited mercy. He said, They are my people, children who will not lie to me. So He became their Savior. In all their troubles He was troubled, and He was the messenger who saved them. In His love and compassion He reclaimed them. He always held them and carried them in the past. But they rebelled and offended His Holy Spirit. So He turned against them as their enemy. He fought against them. Then His people remembered Moses and the distant past. Where is the one who brought them out of the sea with the shepherds of His flock? Where is the one who put His Holy Spirit in them? Where is the one who sent His powerful arm to support the right hand of Moses? Where is the one who divided the water in front of them to make an everlasting name for Himself? Where is the one who led them through the deep water? Like horses in the wilderness, they didn't stumble. Like animals going down into a valley, they were given rest by the Lord's Spirit. In this way you guided your people to make an honored name for yourself. Look down and see from heaven, from your holy and beautiful dwelling, where is your determination and might? Where is the longing of your heart and your compassion? Don't hold back. You are our Father. Even though Abraham doesn't know us and Israel doesn't pay attention to us, O Lord, You are our Father. Your name is our Defender from Everlasting. O Lord, why do You let us wander from Your ways and become so stubborn that we are unable to fear You? Return for the sake of Your servants. They are the tribes that belong to You. Your holy people possessed the land for a little while. Our enemies have trampled on Your holy place. We have become like those whom You never ruled, like those who are not called by Your name. Isaiah chapter 64. If only you would split open the heavens and come down, the mountains would quake at your presence. Be like the fire that kindles brushwood and makes water boil. Come down to make your name known to your enemies. The nations will tremble in your presence. When you did awe-inspiring things that we didn't expect, you came down and the mountains quaked in your presence. No one has ever heard, no one has paid attention, and no one has seen any God except you. You help those who wait for you. You greeted the one who gladly does right and remembers your ways. You showed your anger because we've sinned. We've continued to sin for a long time. Can we still be saved? We've all become unclean, and all our righteous acts are like permanently stained rags. All of us shrivel like leaves, and our sins carry us away like the wind. No one calls on your name or tries to hold on to you. You have hidden your face from us. You have let us be ruined by our sins. But now, Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are the work of your hands. Don't be too angry, Lord. Don't remember our sin forever. Now look, we are all your people. Your holy cities have become a desert. Zion has become a desert. Jerusalem is a wasteland. Our holy and beautiful temple where our ancestors praised you has been burned to the ground. All that we valued has been ruined. Despite these things, Lord, will you hold back? Will you be silent and make us suffer more than we can bear? Isaiah chapter 65. I was ready to answer those who didn't ask. 
I was found by those who weren't looking for me. I said, Here I am, here I am, to a nation that didn't worship me. I stretched out my hands all day long to stubborn people. They chose to go the wrong direction. They followed their own plans. These people constantly and openly provoked me. They offered sacrifices in gardens and burnt incense on brick altars. They sat among the graves and spent their nights in caves. They ate pork and in their pots made broth from unclean foods. They said, Stay away, don't touch me. I'm holier than you are. They have become like smoke in my nose, like a smoldering fire all day long. Look, it is written in front of me. I will not be silent, but I will repay. I will repay you in full. I will repay you for your sins and for the sins of your ancestors, says the Lord. They burnt incense on the mountains and slandered me on the hills, so I will be the first to pay them back in full. This is what the Lord says. When someone finds juice for new wine in a cluster of grapes, another person will say, Don't destroy it, because there's a blessing in it. In the same way, I will do this for my servants. I will not destroy everything. I will bring with me Jacob's descendant, one who will inherit my mountains from Judah. My chosen ones will inherit them. My servants will live there. The Sharon Plain will be a pasture for flocks. The Akor Valley will be a resting place for cattle and for my people who search for me. You have abandoned the Lord and forgotten my holy mountain. You have prepared a table for the God of good fortune and offered cups full of spiced wine to the goddess of destiny. Now I will destine you for death. All of you will bow to be slaughtered. I called, but you didn't answer. I spoke, but you didn't listen. You did what I consider evil. You chose what I don't like. This is what the Lord God says. My servants will eat, but you will be hungry. My servants will drink, but you will be thirsty. My servants will be glad, but you will be ashamed. My servants will sing because of the gladness in their hearts, but you will cry because of your sadness and wail because of your depression. Your name will be used as a curse by my chosen ones, the Almighty Lord will kill you and call His servants by another name. Whoever asks for a blessing in the land will be blessed by the God of truth. Whoever swears an oath in the land will swear by the God of truth. Past troubles are forgotten. They are hidden from my eyes. I will create a new heaven and a new earth. Past things will not be remembered. They will not come to mind." Be glad and rejoice forever in what I'm going to create, because I'm going to create Jerusalem to be a delight, and its people to be a joy. I will rejoice about Jerusalem and be glad about my people. Screaming and crying will no longer be heard in the city. There will no longer be an infant who lives for only a few days, or an old man who doesn't live a long life. Whoever lives to be a hundred years old will be thought of as young." Whoever dies before he is a hundred years old will be cursed as a sinner. They will build houses and live there. They will plant vineyards and eat fruit from them. They will not build homes and have others live there. They will not plant and have others eat from it. My people will live as long as trees, and my chosen ones will enjoy what they've done. They will never again work for nothing. They will never again give birth to children who die young because they will be offspring blessed by the Lord. The Lord will bless their descendants as well. Before they call, I will answer. While they're still speaking, I will hear. Wolves and lambs will feed together. 
Lions will eat straw like oxen, and dust will be food for snakes. They will not hurt or destroy anyone anywhere on my holy mountain, says the Lord. Isaiah chapter 66. This is what the Lord says, Heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. Where can you build a house or resting place for me? I have made all these things. That is why all these things have come into being, declares the Lord. I will pay attention to those who are humble and sorry for their sins, and who tremble at my word. Whoever kills a bull is like someone who kills a person. Whoever sacrifices a lamb is like someone who breaks a dog's neck. Whoever offers a grain sacrifice is like someone who offers pig's blood. Whoever burns incense is like someone who worships an idol. People have certainly chosen their own ways, and their souls delight in detestable things. So I will choose harsh treatment for them, and bring on them what they fear. I called, but no one answered. I spoke, but they didn't listen. They did what I consider evil. They chose what I don't like. Listen to the word of the Lord, all who tremble at his word. Your relatives who hate you and exclude you for my name's sake say, Let the Lord show his glory, then we will see your joy. But they will be put to shame. Listen to the uproar from the city. Listen to the sound from the temple. It is the sound of the Lord paying back his enemies as they deserve. Before a woman goes into labor, she gives birth. Before she has labor pain, she delivers a child. Who has heard of such a thing? Who has seen such things? Can a country be born in one day? Can a nation be born in a moment? When Zion went into labor, she also gave birth to her children. Do I bring a mother to the moment of birth and not let her deliver, asks the Lord? Do I cause a mother to deliver and then make her unable to have children, asks your God? All who love Jerusalem be happy and rejoice with her. All who mourn for her be glad with her. You will nurse and be satisfied from her comforting breasts. You will nurse to your heart's delight at her full breasts. This is what the Lord says, I will offer you peace like a river, and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. You will nurse and be carried in Jerusalem's arms and cuddled on her knees. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. You will be comforted in Jerusalem. When you see it, your heart will rejoice, and you will flourish like new grass. The power of the Lord will be made known to his servants, but he will condemn his enemies. The Lord will come with fire and with his chariots like a thunderstorm. He will pay them back with his burning anger and punish them with flames of fire. The Lord will judge with fire, and he will judge all people with his sword. Many people will be struck dead by the Lord. People make themselves holy and prepare themselves for their garden rituals. They go into the garden and devour pork, disgusting things, and mice. They will come to an end at the same time, declares the Lord. Because of their actions and their thoughts, I am coming to gather the nations of every language. They will come and see my glory. I will set up a sign among them and send some of their survivors to the nations, to Tarshish, Put, and Lud, Meshach, Ros, Tubal, Javan, and to the distant coastlands, who have not heard of my fame or seen my glory. They will tell about my glory among the nations. They will bring all your relatives from every nation like a grain offering to the Lord. They will come on horses, in chariots, in wagons, on mules and camels, to my holy mountain, Jerusalem, declares the Lord. 
They will come like the people of Israel who bring their grain offerings in clean dishes to the Lord's temple. I will make some of them priests and Levites, declares the Lord. The new heaven and earth that I am about to make will continue in my presence, declares the Lord. So your descendants and your name will also continue in my presence. From one mouth to the next and from one week to the next, all people will come to worship me, declares the Lord. Then they will go out and look at the corpses of those who have rebelled against me. The worms that eat them will not die. The fire that burns them will not go out. All humanity will be disgusted by them. Jeremiah chapter 1 These are the words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah. He was one of the priests of Anathoth in the territory of Benjamin. The Lord spoke his word to Jeremiah when King Josiah, son of Ammon, was in his thirteenth year as king of Judah. The Lord also spoke when Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, was king of Judah, and during the eleven years that Zedekiah, another son of Josiah, was king of Judah. The Lord continued to speak to Jeremiah until the people of Jerusalem were taken away into captivity in the fifth month of the year. The Lord spoke his word to me. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart for my holy purpose. I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. I, Jeremiah said, Almighty Lord, I do not know how to speak. I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, Don't say that you are only a boy. You will go wherever I send you. You will say whatever I command you to say. Don't be afraid of people. I am with you, and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. The Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. Today I have put you in charge of nations and kingdoms. You will uproot and tear down. You will destroy and overthrow. You will build and plant. Again the Lord spoke his word to me and asked, Jeremiah, what do you see? I answered, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, Write, I am watching to make sure that my words come true. Again the Lord spoke his word to me and asked, What do you see? I answered, I see a boiling pot, and its top is tilted away from the north. Then the Lord said to me, Disaster will be poured out from the north on all those who live in the land. I am going to call every family and kingdom from the north, declares the Lord. They will come, and they will set up their thrones at the entrance of Jerusalem's gates. They will attack all the walls around the city and all the cities of Judah. I will pass sentence on my people because of all their wickedness. They abandoned me, burned incense to other gods, and worshipped what their hands have made. Brace yourself, Jeremiah. Stand up and say to them whatever I tell you to say. Don't be terrified in their presence, or I will make you even more terrified in their presence. Today I have made you like a fortified city, an iron pillar, and a bronze wall. You will be able to stand up to the whole land. You will be able to stand up to Judah's kings, its officials, its priests, and all the common people. They will fight you, but they will not defeat you. I am with you, and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 2 the Lord spoke his word to me. Go and announce to Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says. I remember the unfailing loyalty of your youth, the love you had for me as a bride. I remember how you followed me into the desert, into a land that couldn't be farmed. Israel was set apart for the Lord. It was the best part of the harvest. 
All who devoured it became guilty, and disaster struck them, declares the Lord. Listen to the word of the Lord, descendants of Jacob, all the families in the nation of Israel. This is what the Lord says. What did your ancestors find wrong with me, that they went so far away from me? They followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. They didn't ask, Where is the Lord, who brought us from Egypt? He led us through the desert, through a wasteland, and its pits, a land of drought and the shadow of death. No one lives there or travels there. I brought them into a fertile land to eat its fruit and its produce. They came and made my land unclean. They made my property disgusting. The priests didn't ask, Where is the Lord? Those who deal with my teachings didn't know me. The rulers rebelled against me. The prophets prophesied in the name of Baal and followed statues that couldn't help them. That is why I am bringing charges against you, declares the Lord, and I am bringing charges against your grandchildren. Go over to the coasts of Cyprus and see. Send someone to Kedar and observe closely. See if there has ever been anything like this. Has any nation ever exchanged gods? Their gods aren't really gods. Yet my people have exchanged their glory for something that doesn't help them. Be horrified over this heaven. Be terribly afraid, declares the Lord. My people have done two things wrong. They have abandoned me, the fountain of life-giving water. They have also dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that can't hold water. Are the people of Israel slaves? Were they born into slavery? Why then have they become someone's property? Young lions have roared very loudly at them. Young lions have turned the land into a wasteland. The cities have been burned down and everyone has left. People from Nof and Tapanes have cracked your skulls, Israel. You have brought this on yourself by abandoning the Lord your God when he led you on his way. You won't gain anything by going to Egypt to drink water from the Nile River. You won't gain anything by going to Assyria to drink water from the Euphrates River. Your own wickedness will correct you, and your unfaithful ways will punish you. You should know and see how evil and bitter it is for you if you abandon the Lord your God and do not fear me, declares the Almighty Lord of armies. Long ago you broke off your yoke, tore off your chains, and said that you wouldn't be a slave. You lay down and acted like a prostitute on every high hill and under every large tree. I planted you like a choice grapevine from the very best seed. Now you have turned against me and have become a wild vine. Even if you wash with detergent and use a lot of soap, I would still see the stains from your wickedness, declares the Almighty Lord. How can you say that you haven't dishonored yourselves and haven't followed other gods, the Baals? Look how you behaved in the valley. Acknowledge what you've done. You are like a young camel that swiftly runs here and there. You are like a wild donkey that is used to the desert, sniffing the wind while in heat. All who look for you won't get tired. They will find you during your monthly period. Don't run until your feet are bare and your throats are dry, but you say that it's useless. You love foreign gods and follow them. As a thief feels ashamed when he's caught, so the nation of Israel will feel ashamed. Their kings, princes, priests, and prophets will also feel ashamed. You call wood your father. You call stone your mother. You've turned your backs, not your faces, to me. But when you're in trouble, you ask me to come and rescue you. Where are the gods that you made for yourselves? Let them come and rescue you when you're in trouble. 
You have as many gods as you have cities, Judah. Why do you complain about me? All of you have rebelled against me, declares the Lord. I have punished your children without results. They didn't respond to correction. You killed my prophets like a raging lion. Consider the word of the Lord, people of this generation. Haven't I been a desert, a land of thick darkness for Israel? Why do my people say that they are free to wander around and no longer come to me? A young woman can't forget her jewelry or a bride her veils, yet my people have forgotten me for countless days. You carefully planned ways to look for love. You taught your ways to wicked women. You have the blood from poor and innocent people on your clothes. You didn't kill them for breaking into your home. In spite of all this, you say, I'm innocent. God will turn his anger from me because I haven't sinned. You change your mind so easily. You will be put to shame by Egypt as you were put to shame by Assyria. You will also leave this place with your hands over your head, because the Lord has rejected those you trust. You will not be helped by them. Jeremiah chapter 3 A saying If a man divorces his wife, and she leaves him and marries another man, her first husband shouldn't go back to her again. The land would become thoroughly polluted. You have acted like a prostitute who has many lovers, and now you want to come back to me, declares the Lord. Look at the bare hills and see. You have had sex with men in every place. You sat by the roadside waiting for them like a nomad in the desert. You have polluted the land with your prostitution and wickedness. So the rain has been withheld, and there have been no spring showers. Yet you have the shameless look of a prostitute, and you refuse to blush. But now you are calling to me. You say, Father, you have been my companion ever since I was young. He wouldn't hold a grudge forever. He won't always be angry. You have said and done all the evil things that you could. When Josiah was king, the Lord asked me, Did you see what unfaithful Israel did? She went up every high mountain and under every large tree, and she acted like a prostitute there. I thought that after she had done all this, that she would come back to me. But she didn't come back, and her treacherous sister Judah saw her. Judah saw that I sent unfaithful Israel away because of her adultery, and that I gave Israel her divorce papers. But treacherous Judah, her sister, wasn't afraid. She also acted like a prostitute, because she wasn't concerned about acting like a prostitute. She polluted the land and committed adultery with standing stones and wood pillars. Even after all this, Israel's treacherous sister Judah didn't wholeheartedly come back to me. She was deceitful, declares the Lord. Then the Lord said to me, Unfaithful Israel was less guilty than treacherous Judah. Go and proclaim these things to the north. Come back, unfaithful Israel. It is the Lord speaking. I will no longer frown on you because I'm merciful, declares the Lord. I will no longer be angry with you. Admit that you've done wrong. You have rebelled against the Lord your God. You have given yourself to strangers under every large tree. You have not obeyed me, declares the Lord. Come back, you rebellious people, declares the Lord. I'm your husband. I will take you, one from every city and two from every family, and bring you to Zion. I will give you shepherds after my own heart. They will be shepherds who feed you with knowledge and insight. In those days you will be fertile, and your population will increase in the land declares the Lord. 
people will no longer talk about the ark of the Lord's promise. It will no longer come to mind. They won't remember it, miss it, or make another one. At that time they will call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord. All nations will gather in Jerusalem because the name of the Lord will be found there. They will no longer follow their own stubborn evil ways. In those days the nation of Judah will live with the nation of Israel. They will come together from the land of the north to the land that I gave their ancestors as their own property. I want to treat you like children and give you a pleasant land, the most beautiful property among the nations. I thought that you would call me father and wouldn't turn away from me. But like a wife who betrays her husband, so you, nation of Israel, betrayed me, declares the Lord. The sound of crying is heard on the hills. It is the crying and the pleading of the people of Israel. They have become crooked and have forgotten the Lord their God. Come back, you rebellious people, and I will forgive you for being unfaithful. Here we are. We have come to you because you are the Lord our God. Truly, the noise from the hills, from the mountains, is the noise of false worship. Truly, the Lord our God will rescue us. Ever since we were young, the shameful worship of Baal has taken everything our ancestors worked for, their flocks and herds, their sons and daughters. We must lie down in our shame and be covered by our disgrace. Ever since we were young, we and our ancestors have sinned against the Lord our God. We haven't obeyed the Lord our God. Jeremiah chapter 4 The Lord declares, If you come back, Israel, if you come back to me, if you take your disgusting idols out of my sight, and you don't wander away from me, if you take the oath, as the Lord lives, in an honest, fair, and right way, then the nations will be blessed and they will be honored by me. This is what the Lord says to the people of Judah and to Jerusalem. Plow your unplowed fields, and don't plant among thorns. Be circumcised by the Lord, and get rid of the foreskins of your hearts, people of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. If you don't, my fury will flare up like a fire. It will burn, and no one will be able to put it out, because of the evil you do. Report this message in Judah, Make it heard in Jerusalem. Say, Blow the ram's horn throughout the land. Shout loudly and say, Gather together. Let's go into the fortified cities. Raise the flag to signal people to go to Zion. Take cover. Don't just stand there. I'm bringing disaster and widespread destruction from the north. A lion has come out of its lair. A destroyer of nations has set out. He has left his place to destroy your land. Your cities will be ruined, and no one will live in them. So put on sackcloth, mourn and cry, because the Lord's burning anger hasn't turned away from us. When that day comes, declares the Lord, the king and the leaders will lose their courage, the priests will be stunned, the prophets will be amazed and astonished. I said, Almighty Lord, you certainly have deceived these people and Jerusalem. You said that everything would go well for them, but a sword is held at their throats. At that time it will be said to these people and to Jerusalem, A hot wind from the heights will blow in the desert on the tracks of my people. It will not be a wind that winnows or cleanses. It will be a stronger wind than that. It will come from me. Now I will pass sentence on them. The enemy comes up like clouds. His chariots are like a raging wind. His horses are faster than eagles. How horrible it will be for us. We will be destroyed. Jerusalem, wash the evil from your heart, so that you may be rescued. 
don't continue making evil plans. A message is heard from Dan, and a report of disaster comes from the mountains of Ephraim. Warn the nations about these things. Bring them to the attention of Jerusalem. Hostile troops are coming from a distant country. They are shouting battle cries against the cities of Judah. They surround them like men guarding a field, because Judah has rebelled against me, declares the Lord. You brought this on yourself. This is your punishment. It is bitter. It breaks your heart. My anguish, my anguish, I writhe in pain. My heart is beating wildly. My heart is pounding. I can't keep quiet because I hear a ram's horn sounding the alarm for war. One disaster follows another. The whole land is ruined. My tents are suddenly destroyed. Their curtains are torn in an instant. How long must I see the battle flag and hear the sound of ram's horns? My people are fools. They don't know me. They are stupid people. They don't understand. They are experts in doing wrong, and they don't know how to do good. I see the earth. It's formless and empty. I see the sky. Its lights are gone. I see the mountains. They are shaking, and the hills are swaying. I see that there are no people, and every bird has flown away. I see that the fertile land has become a desert, and all its cities are torn down because of the Lord and His burning anger. This is what the Lord says. The whole earth will be ruined, although I will not destroy it completely. The earth will mourn, and the sky will grow black. I have spoken, and I have planned it. I won't change my plans, and I won't turn back. All the people in the city will flee at the sound of riders and archers. They will go off into the thickets and climb among the rocks. The entire city will be abandoned, and no one will live in it. You are going to be destroyed. What are you going to do? Why do you dress in red and put on gold jewelry? Why do you wear eyeshadow? You are making yourself beautiful for nothing. Your lovers reject you. They want to kill you. I hear a woman in labor. I hear the woman cry with anguish as she gives birth to her first child. My people Zion are gasping for breath. They are stretching out their hands, saying, How horrible it is for us. We're defenseless in the presence of murderers. Jeremiah chapter 5. Walk around the streets of Jerusalem. Look around and think about these things. Search the city squares. See if you can find anyone who does what is right and seeks the truth. Then I will forgive Jerusalem. People say, as the Lord lives, yet they lie when they take this oath. Lord, your eyes look for the truth. You strike these people, but they don't feel it. You crush them, but they refuse to be corrected. They are more stubborn than rocks. They refuse to turn back. I thought, these are poor, foolish people. They don't know the way of the Lord and the justice that God demands. Let me go to important people and speak to them. They know the way of the Lord and the justice that God demands, but they too had broken off their yokes and torn off their chains. That is why a lion from the forest will attack them, a wolf from the wilderness will destroy them, a leopard will lie in ambush outside their cities. All who leave the cities will be torn to pieces because they rebel so often and they become more and more unfaithful. Why should I forgive you? Your children abandoned me. They took godless oaths. They committed adultery, even though I satisfied their needs. They traveled in crowds to the houses of prostitutes. They are like well-fed stallions that are wild with desire. They neigh for their neighbors' wives. I will punish them for these things, declares the Lord. I will punish this nation. 
Go among Jerusalem's rows of grapevines and destroy them, but don't destroy all of them. Cut off the branches because they don't belong to the Lord. The nations of Israel and Judah are unfaithful to me, declares the Lord. They lie about the Lord and say, He doesn't exist. Nothing bad will happen to us. We won't experience war or famine. The prophets are nothing but windbags. The Lord hasn't spoken through them, so let what they say happen to them. This is what the Lord God of armies says. Because you've talked like this, I'm going to put my words in your mouth like a fire. These people will be like wood. My words will burn them up. Nation of Israel, I'm going to bring a nation from far away to attack you, declares the Lord. It is a nation that has lasted a long time. It is an ancient nation. You don't know the language of this nation. You can't understand what its people say. Their arrow quivers are like open graves. They are all mighty warriors. They will devour your harvest and your food. They will devour your sons and your daughters. They will devour your flocks and your cattle. They will devour your grapevines and your fig trees. With their swords they will destroy the fortified cities you trust. Yet even in those days, declares the Lord, I won't destroy all of you. They will ask, Why has the Lord our God done all this to us? Answer them, You have abandoned me and served foreign gods in your land. So you will serve foreigners in a land that isn't yours. Tell this to the descendants of Jacob and make this herd in Judah. Hear this, you stupid and senseless people. You have eyes, but you cannot see. You have ears, but you cannot hear. Don't you fear me? asked the Lord. Don't you tremble in my presence? I made the sand a boundary for the sea, a permanent barrier that it cannot cross. Although the waves toss continuously, they can't break through. Although they roar, they can't cross it. But these people are stubborn and rebellious. They have turned aside and wandered away from me. They don't say to themselves, We should fear the Lord our God. He sends rain at the right time, the autumn rain and the spring rain. He makes sure that we have harvest seasons. Your wickedness has turned these things away. Your sins have kept good things away from you. Wicked people are found among my people. They lie in ambush like bird catchers. They set traps and catch people. Like cages filled with birds, their houses are filled with deceit. That is why they become powerful and rich. They grow big and fat. Their evil deeds have no limits. They have no respect for the rights of others. They have no respect for the rights of orphans, but they still prosper. They don't defend the rights of the poor. I will punish them for these things, declares the Lord. I will punish this nation. Something horrible and disgusting is happening in the land. Prophets prophesy lies. Priests rule under the prophets' directions, and my people love this. But what will you do in the end? Jeremiah chapter 6. Take cover, people of Benjamin. Run away from Jerusalem. Blow the ram's horn in Tekoa. Raise the flag over Beth Hakarim because disaster and widespread destruction are coming from the north. My people Zion are like lovely pastures. With their flocks, shepherds will come to them, pitch their tents all around them, and each of them will tend his own flock. The shepherds say, Prepare yourselves for war against Zion. Let's attack at noon. How horrible it will be for us. The day is passing, and the shadows of evening are growing longer. Let's attack at night and destroy its palaces." This is what the Lord of armies says, Cut down its trees, build up dirt mounds to attack Jerusalem. 
This city must be punished. There is nothing but oppression in it. As a well keeps its water fresh, so Jerusalem keeps its evil fresh. Violence and destruction can be heard in it. I see that it is sick and wounded. Pay attention to my warning, Jerusalem, or I will turn away from you. I will make your land desolate, a land where no one will live. This is what the Lord of armies says. Thoroughly pick through the faithful few of Israel, like someone picks through a grapevine, like someone picking grapes. Pass your hand over its branches again. Whom can I speak to? Whom can I give a warning to? Who will listen? Their ears are plugged, and they aren't able to pay attention. When the Lord speaks His word to them, they show contempt for it and object to it. I am filled with the anger of the Lord. I am tired of holding it in. Pour it out on the children in the street and on the gangs of young men. A man and his wife will be taken away, as well as very old people. Their households, their fields, and their wives will be turned over to others. I will use my power against those who live in the land, declares the Lord. All of them, from the least important to the most important, are eager to make money dishonestly. All of them, from prophets to priests, act deceitfully. They treat my people's wounds as though they were not serious, saying, Everything is all right, everything is all right, but it's not all right. Are they ashamed when they do disgusting things? No, they're not ashamed. They don't even know how to blush. So they will die with those who die. They will be brought down when I punish them, says the Lord. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask which paths are the old reliable paths. Ask which way leads to blessings. Live that way and find a resting place for yourselves. But you said that you wouldn't live that way. I posted watchmen over you. Pay attention to the sound of the ram's horn. But you said that you wouldn't pay attention. Listen, you nations, and learn, you witnesses, what will happen to them. Listen, earth. I'm going to bring disaster on these people. It is the result of their own plots, because they won't pay attention to my words. They reject my teachings. Incense that comes from Sheba is no good to me. Sugarcane that comes from a distant land is no good to me. I won't accept your burnt offerings. I'm not pleased with your sacrifices. This is what the Lord says. I'm going to lay stumbling blocks in front of these people. Parents and children will stumble over them. Neighbors and their friends will die. This is what the Lord says. An army is going to come from the north. A great nation is preparing itself in the distant parts of the earth. Its people take hold of bows and spears. They are cruel and have no compassion. They sound like the roaring sea. They ride on horses. They march like soldiers ready for battle against my people Zion. We have heard the news about them. Our hands hang limp. We are gripped by anguish and pain like a woman giving birth to a child. Don't go into the field or walk on the road. The enemy has a sword. Terror is all around. Wear sackcloth and roll around in ashes, my people. Mourn as if you have lost your only child and cry bitterly. The destroyer will suddenly attack us. Jeremiah, I have put you in charge of testing and refining my people. You will know how to test their ways. They are all vicious rebels. They go around slandering. They are all like bronze and iron. They corrupt themselves. The bellows of the blast furnace blow fiercely to make the fire melt away the lead. It is useless to go on refining, because the impurities can't be removed. People will call them useless silver, because the Lord has rejected them. Jeremiah chapter 7 The Lord spoke His word to Jeremiah. He said, Stand at the gate of the Lord's house, and announce from there this message. 
Listen to the word of the Lord, all you people of Judah who go through these gates to worship the Lord. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. Change the way you live and act, and I will let you live in this place. Do not trust the words of this saying, This is the Lord's temple, the Lord's temple, the Lord's temple. It's a lie. Suppose you really change the way you live and act, and you really treat each other fairly. Suppose you do not oppress foreigners, orphans and widows, or kill anyone in this place. And suppose you do not follow other gods that lead you to your own destruction. Then I will let you live in this place, in the land that I gave permanently to your ancestors long ago. You are trusting the words of a saying. It's a lie that cannot help you. You steal, murder, commit adultery, lie when you take oaths, burn incense as an offering to Baal, and run after other gods that you do not know. Then you stand in my presence in the house that is called by my name. You think that you're safe to do all these disgusting things. The house that is called by my name has become a gathering place for thieves. I have seen what you are doing, declares the Lord. But go to my place that was at Shiloh, where I first made a dwelling place for my name. See what I did to Shiloh because of the evil done by my people Israel. You have done the same things the people did at Shiloh, declares the Lord. Although I spoke to you again and again, you did not listen. When I called you, you did not answer. So what I did to Shiloh, I will now do to the house that is called by my name. This is the place I gave to you and to your ancestors, the place where you feel so safe. I will force you out of my sight as I forced out all your relatives, all of Ephraim's descendants. Jeremiah, don't pray for these people. Don't cry or pray for them. Don't plead with me, because I will not listen to you. Don't you see what they are doing in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? Children gather wood, fathers light fires, and women knead dough to make cakes for the queen of heaven. They pour out wine offerings to other gods in order to make me furious. They aren't really provoking me, declares the Lord, but they are harming themselves to their own shame. This is what the Almighty Lord says, My anger and fury will be poured out on this place, on humans and animals and on trees and crops. My anger and fury will burn and not be put out. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. Add your burnt offerings to your sacrifices and eat the meat. When I brought your ancestors out of Egypt, I did not tell them anything about burnt offerings and sacrifices, but I did tell them this, Obey me, and I will be your God, and you will be my people. Live the way I told you to live so that things will go well for you. But they didn't obey me or pay attention to me. They followed their own plans and their stubborn evil ways. They went backward and not forward. From the time that your ancestors left Egypt until now, I have sent all my servants, the prophets, to you again and again, but you didn't obey me or pay attention to me. You became impossible to deal with, and you were worse than your ancestors. Jeremiah, you will say all these things to them, but they will not obey you. You will call to them, but they will not respond to you. You will say to them, This is the nation that did not obey the Lord their God. They did not accept discipline. Truth has disappeared and vanished from their lips. Cut off your hair and throw it away. Sing a song of mourning on the bare hills, because in his anger the Lord has rejected and abandoned the people of this generation. The people of Judah have done what I consider evil, declares the Lord. They set up their detestable idols in the house that is called by my name. 
They have made it unclean. They have built worship sites at Topheth in the valley of Ben-Hinnom in order to burn their sons and daughters as sacrifices. I did not ask for this. It never entered my mind. That is why the days are coming, declares the Lord, when that place will no longer be known as Topheth or the valley of Ben-Hinnom. Instead, it will be known as Slaughter Valley. They will bury people at Topheth because no other place will be left. The dead bodies of these people will become food for birds and animals, and no one will be there to frighten them away. In the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, I will banish the sounds of joy and happiness and the sounds of brides and grooms, because the land will be a wasteland. Jeremiah chapter 8 The Lord declares, At that time the bones of the kings and the leaders of Judah the bones of the priests and the prophets and the bones of the others who lived in Jerusalem will be taken out of their graves. They will be spread out and exposed to the sun, the moon, and all the stars in the sky. These are the things that they had loved, served, gone after, sought, and worshipped. Their bones will not be gathered or buried, but they will become manure on the ground. Then the few who remain from these wicked people will want to die rather than live where I will scatter them, declares the Lord of armies. Say to them, this is what the Lord says. When someone falls, he gets back up. When someone turns away from me, he returns. The people of Jerusalem turned away from me without ever returning. They still cling to deceit. They refuse to return. I have paid attention and listened, but they weren't honest. They don't turn away from their wickedness and ask, What have we done? They go their own ways like horses charging into battle. Even storks know when it's time to return. Morning doves, swallows, and cranes know when it's time to migrate. But my people don't know that I, the Lord, am urging them to return. How can you say that you are wise and that you have the Lord's teachings? The scribes have used their pens to turn these teachings into lies. Wise people are put to shame, confused and trapped. They have rejected the word of the Lord. They don't really have any wisdom. That is why I will give their wives to other men and their fields to new owners. All of them, from the least important to the most important, are eager to make money dishonestly. All of them, from prophets to priests, act deceitfully. They treat my dear people's wounds as though they were not serious, saying, Everything is all right. Everything is all right. But it's not all right. Are they ashamed that they do disgusting things? No, they're not ashamed. They don't even know how to blush. So they will die with those who die. They will be brought down when I punish them, says the Lord. I would have gathered their harvest, declares the Lord. But there are no grapes on the vine. There are no figs on the tree, and the leaves have dried up. What I have given them will be taken away. Why are we just sitting here? Let's get up. Let's go into the fortified cities and die there. The Lord our God has condemned us to die. He has given us poison to drink because we have sinned against the Lord. We hoped for peace, but nothing good has happened. We hoped for a time of healing, but there's only terror. The snorting of horses can be heard from Dan. The neighing of stallions makes the whole land tremble. They are coming to devour the land and everything in it, the city and its people. I'm going to send snakes among you, vipers that can't be charmed. They will bite you, declares the Lord. Sorrow has overwhelmed me. I am sick at heart. The cry from my dear people comes from a distant land. Isn't the Lord in Zion? Isn't Zion's king still there? They make me furious with their idols, with their foreign gods. The harvest is past. The summer has ended, and we haven't been saved. I am crushed because my dear people have been crushed.
I mourn. Terror grips me. Isn't there medicine in Gilead? Aren't there doctors there? Then why hasn't the health of my dear people been restored? Jeremiah chapter 9 I wish that my head were filled with water and my eyes were a fountain of tears so that I could cry day and night for my dear people who have been killed. I wish I had a place to stay in the desert. I would abandon my people and go away from them. They are all adulterers, a mob of traitors. They use their tongues like bows that shoot arrows. Lies and dishonesty rule the land. They go from one evil thing to another, and they don't know me, declares the Lord. Beware of your neighbors. Don't trust your relatives. Every relative cheats. Every neighbor goes around slandering. Everyone cheats his neighbor. No one speaks the truth. My people train their tongues to speak lies. They wear themselves out doing wrong. Oppression follows oppression. Deceit follows deceit. They refuse to acknowledge me, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord of armies says. I will now refine them with fire and test them. What else can I do for my dear people? Their tongues are like deadly arrows. They speak deceitfully. People speak politely to their neighbors, but they think of ways to set traps for them. I will punish them for these things, declares the Lord. I will punish this nation. I still won't be satisfied. I will cry and weep for the mountains. I will sing a funeral song for the pastures in the wilderness. They are destroyed so that no one can travel through them. No one can hear the sound of cattle. Birds and cattle have fled. They are gone. I will turn Jerusalem into a pile of rubble, a home for jackals. I will destroy the cities of Judah so that no one can live there. No one is wise enough to understand this. To whom has the Lord revealed this so that they can explain it? The land dies. It has been ruined like the desert so that no one can travel through it. The Lord answered, They've abandoned my teachings that I placed in front of them. They didn't obey me, and they didn't follow them. They followed their own stubborn ways and other gods, the Baals, as their ancestors taught them. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. I'm going to feed these people bitterness and give them poison to drink. I will scatter them among nations that they and their ancestors haven't heard of. I will send armies after them until I've wiped them out. This is what the Lord of armies says. Consider this. Call for the women who cry at funerals. Send for those who are the most skilled. They should come quickly and cry for us. Our eyes will run with tears. Our eyelids will flow with water. The sound of crying is heard from Zion. We're ruined. We're very ashamed. We must leave our land because our homes have been torn down. Listen to the word of the Lord, you women, and open your ears to hear His words. Teach your daughters how to cry. Teach your neighbors funeral songs. Death has come through our windows and entered our palaces. Death has cut down the children in the streets and the young men in the marketplaces. This is what the Lord says. Dead bodies will fall like manure on the field. They will be like grain that has been cut but not gathered. This is what the Lord says. Don't let wise people brag about their wisdom. Don't let strong people brag about their strength. Don't let rich people brag about their riches. If they want to brag, they should brag that they understand and know me. They should brag that I, the Lord, act out of love, righteousness, and justice on the earth. This kind of bragging pleases me, declares the Lord. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will punish all who are circumcised. I will punish Egypt, Judah, Edom, Ammon, and Moab. I will punish all who shave their hair on their foreheads or live in the desert, even though these nations are circumcised 
All Israel has uncircumcised hearts. Jeremiah chapter 10. Listen to the message that the Lord has spoken to you, nation of Israel. This is what the Lord says. Don't learn the practices of the nations. Don't be frightened by the signs in the sky, because the nations are frightened by them. The religion of the people is worthless. Woodcutters cut down trees from the forest. The hands of craftsmen prepare them with axes. Craftsmen decorate them with silver and gold and fasten them together with hammers and nails so they won't fall over. These trees are like scarecrows in cucumber gardens. They aren't able to speak. They have to be carried because they can't walk. Don't be afraid of them. They can't harm you. They can't do any good either. No one is like you, O Lord. You are great. Your name is powerful. Everyone fears you, O King of the nations. This is what you deserve. No one is like you among all the wise people in the nations or in all their kingdoms. They are complete idiots. They learn nonsense from wooden idols. Hammered silver is brought from Tarshish and gold from Uphaz. Craftsmen and goldsmiths shape these metals. The clothing for the idols is blue and purple, all made by skilled workers. But the Lord is the only God. He is the living God and eternal King. The earth trembles when he is angry. The nations can't endure his fury. Tell them this. These gods will disappear from the earth and from under heaven because they didn't make heaven and earth. The Lord made the earth by his power. He set up the world by his skill. He stretched out the world by his understanding. He speaks, and the water in the sky produces a storm. He makes clouds rise from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning flash with the rain. He brings wind out of his storehouses. Everyone is stupid and ignorant. Metalsmiths are put to shame by their idols. Their statues are false gods. They can't breathe. They are worthless jokes. When they are punished, they disappear. Jacob's God isn't like them. He made everything, and Israel is the tribe that belongs to him. His name is the Lord of armies. Pick up your bags. You are being blockaded. This is what the Lord says. I am going to throw out those who live in the land at this time and cause trouble for them so that they will feel it. Oh, I'm wounded. My wound is serious. Then I thought, this is my punishment and I will bear it. My tent is destroyed and all my ropes are broken. My children have left me and have disappeared. There's no one to set up my tent again or put up my tent curtains. The shepherds are foolish. They don't look to the Lord for help. That is why they won't succeed. All their flocks will be scattered. The report has arrived. A tremendous uproar is coming from the land of the north. Its army will destroy Judah's cities and make them homes for jackals. O oh Lord, I know that the way humans act is not under their control. Humans do not direct their steps as they walk. Correct me, O oh Lord, but please be fair. Don't correct me when you're angry. Otherwise, you'll reduce me to nothing. Pour out your fury on the nations who don't know you, and on people who don't worship you. They have devoured the descendants of Jacob. They have devoured them completely. They have destroyed their homes. Jeremiah chapter 11. This is the message that the Lord spoke to Jeremiah. He said, Listen to the terms of this promise, and tell them to the people of Judah, and to those who live in Jerusalem. Say to them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Cursed is anyone who doesn't listen to the terms of this promise. I made this promise to your ancestors when I brought them out of Egypt, which was an iron smelter. I said, Obey me and do everything that I have told you to do. Then you will be my people, and I will be your God. 
I will keep the oath I made to your ancestors and give them a land flowing with milk and honey, the land you still have today. I answered, Yes, Lord. The Lord said to me, Announce all these things in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. Listen to the terms of this promise and keep them. I solemnly warned your ancestors when I brought them out of Egypt, and the warning still applies to you today. I solemnly warned them to obey me. But they didn't obey me or pay attention to me. They followed their own stubborn, evil ways. So I punished them, because they did not keep all the terms of the promise, the terms that I commanded them to keep. The Lord said to me, Conspiracy exists among the people of Judah and among those who live in Jerusalem. They've gone back to the evil ways of their ancestors and refused to obey my words. They are following other gods and worshiping them. The nations of Israel and Judah have rejected the promise that I made to their ancestors. This is what the Lord says. I'm going to bring a disaster on them that they can't escape. Although they will cry out to me, I won't listen to them. Then the cities of Judah and those who live in Jerusalem will cry to the gods to whom they've been sacrificing. But these gods will never rescue them when they're in trouble. Judah, you have as many gods as you have cities. You have set up many altars in Jerusalem to sacrifice to Baal. You have as many altars as there are streets in Jerusalem. Jeremiah, don't pray for these people. Don't cry or pray for them. I won't listen when they call to me for help in times of trouble. What right do these people I love have to be in my house when they do so many devious things? Can the meat from their sacrifices turn disaster away from them? They rejoice when they do evil. The Lord called you a large olive tree that has beautiful fruit to look at. He will set fire to you with a mighty storm, and your branches will be broken. The Lord of armies planted you. He has pronounced disaster on you. This is because of the evil things that Israel and Judah have done. They have made him furious by burning incense as an offering to Baal. The Lord revealed their plot to me so that I would understand. He showed me what they were doing. I was like a trusting lamb brought to the slaughter. I didn't know that they were plotting against me. They were saying, Let's destroy the tree with its fruit. Let's cut Jeremiah off from this world of the living so that we won't be reminded of him any more. O Lord of armies, you judge fairly and trust motives and thoughts. I want to see you take revenge on them because I've brought my case to you. This is what the Lord says. The people of Anathoth want to kill you. They say, Don't prophesy in the name of the Lord or we'll kill you. This is what the Lord of armies says. I'm going to punish them. The young men will die because of war. Their sons and daughters will die because of famine. I will bring disaster on the people of Anathoth. It will be a year of punishment. There will be no survivors. Jeremiah chapter 12. O Lord, even if I would argue my case with you, you would always be right. Yet I want to talk to you about your justice. Why do wicked people succeed? Why do treacherous people have peace and quiet? You plant them, and they take root. They grow, and they produce fruit. They speak well of you with their lips, but their hearts are far from you. You know me, O Lord. You see me and test my devotion to you. Drag them away like sheep to be slaughtered. Prepare them for the day of slaughter. How long will the land mourn? How long will the plants in every field remain dried up? The animals and the birds are dying because people are wicked. They think that God doesn't know what they are doing. 
If you have raced against others on foot, and they have tired you out, how can you compete with horses? If you stumble in open country, how can you live in the jungle along the Jordan River? Even your relatives and members of your father's household betray you. They have also formed a mob to find you. Don't trust them when they say good things about you. I have abandoned my nation. I have left my own people. I have handed the people I love over to their enemies. My people have turned on me like a lion in the forest. They roar at me, so I hate them. My people are like a colorful bird of prey. Other birds of prey surround it. Go, gather all the animals in the field and bring them to devour it. Many shepherds have destroyed my vineyard. They've trampled my property. They've turned my pleasant property into a wasteland. They left it a wasteland, devastated. It mourns in my presence. The whole land is destroyed, but no one takes this to heart. Looters swarm all over the bare hills in the desert. The Lord's sword destroys them from one end of the land to the other. No one will be safe. My people planted wheat, but they harvested thorns. They worked until they became sick, but they gained nothing by it. They were disappointed by their harvests because of the burning anger of the Lord. This is what I, the Lord, say about all my evil neighbors who take the inheritance that I gave my people Israel. I'm going to uproot those neighbors from their lands. I will also uproot the people of Judah from among them. After I've uprooted them, I will have compassion on them again. I will return them to their inheritance and to their lands. Suppose they learn carefully the ways of my people. Suppose they take an oath in my name, as the Lord lives, as they taught my people to take an oath, in the name of Baal, then they will build homes among my people. But suppose they don't listen, then I will uproot that nation and destroy it, declares the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 13. This is what the Lord said to me. Buy a linen belt, put it around your waist, don't let it get wet. So I bought the belt, as the Lord had told me, and put it around my waist. The Lord spoke his word to me again. He said, Take the belt that you bought the one you're wearing. Go to the Euphrates River and bury it there in a crack in the rocks. So I went and buried it by the Euphrates, as the Lord had told me. After many days the Lord said to me, Go to the Euphrates and get the belt from where I told you to bury it. So I went back to the Euphrates and dug it up. I got the belt from where I had buried it. Now the belt was ruined. It was good for nothing. Then the Lord spoke His word to me. He said, This is what the Lord says. This is how I will destroy Judah's arrogance and Jerusalem's extreme arrogance. These wicked people refuse to listen to me. They go their own stubborn ways and follow other gods in order to serve them and worship them. They are like this good-for-nothing belt. As a belt clings to a person's waist, so I have made the entire nation of Israel and the entire nation of Judah cling to me, declares the Lord. I did this so that they would be my people and bring fame, praise, and honor to me. However, they wouldn't listen. Give this message to them. This is what the Lord God of Israel says. Every bottle will be filled with wine. Then they will say to you, We know that every bottle will be filled with wine. Say to them, This is what the Lord says. I'm going to make everyone who lives in this land drunk. The kings who sit on David's throne, the priests, the prophets, and all those who live in Jerusalem will become drunk. Then I will smash them like bottles against each other. I will smash parents and children together, declares the Lord. I will have no pity, mercy, or compassion when I destroy them. Listen and pay attention. 
Don't be arrogant. The Lord has spoken. Honor the Lord your God before it gets dark, before your feet stumble on the mountains in the twilight. You will look for light, but the Lord will turn it into the shadow of death and change it into deep darkness. If you won't listen, I will cry secretly over your arrogance. I will cry bitterly, and my eyes will flow with tears, because the Lord's flock will be taken captive. Say to the king and his mother, Come down from your thrones, because your crowns have fallen off your heads. The cities in the Negev will be locked up, and there will be no one to reopen them. All the people of Judah will be taken away into captivity. Look up, and see those who are coming from the north. Where is the flock that was given to you, your beautiful sheep? What will you say when God makes the people you thought were your friends your new masters? Won't pain grip you like a woman in labor? If you ask yourself, why do these things happen to me? It's because you have so many sins. Your clothes have been torn off and your limbs are bare. Can Ethiopians change the color of their skin or leopards change their spots? Can you do good when you're taught to do wrong? I will scatter you like straw that is blown away by a desert wind. This is your fate, the destiny I have planned for you, declares the Lord. You have forgotten me and trusted false gods. I will also tear off your clothes, and your shame will be seen. I have seen you commit adultery and squeal with delight. I have seen you act like a shameless prostitute on the hills and in the fields. How horrible it will be for you, Jerusalem. Will you ever be clean? Jeremiah chapter 14. The Lord spoke his word to Jeremiah about the drought. Judah mourns, its gates fall apart. The people of Judah sit in mourning on the ground. Their cry goes up from Jerusalem. Important people send their assistants out for water. They go to the cisterns, but they don't find any water. They come back with their containers empty. They cover their heads because they are ashamed and disgraced. The ground is cracked because there has been no rain in the land. The farmers are disappointed. They cover their heads. Even deer in the fields give birth and abandon their young because there's no grass. Wild donkeys stand on the bare hills. They sniff the air like jackals. Their eyesight fails because they have no green plants. Do something, Lord, for the sake of your name, even though our sins testify against us. We have been unfaithful and have sinned against you. You are Israel's hope. The one who saves it in times of trouble, why should you be like a stranger in the land, like a traveler who stays only one night? Why should you be like someone taken by surprise, like a strong man who cannot help? You, O Lord, are among us. We are called by your name. Don't leave us. This is what the Lord says about these people. They love to wander. They don't keep their feet where they belong. So the Lord isn't happy with them. He will remember their crimes and punish their sins. The Lord said to me, Don't pray for the good of these people. Even if they go without food, I won't listen to their cries for help. Even if they sacrifice burnt offerings and grain offerings, I won't be pleased with them. But I will destroy these people with wars, famines, and plagues. Then I said, Almighty Lord, prophets are saying to them, you won't see wars or famines, because I, the Lord, will give you lasting peace in this place. Then the Lord told me, These are the lies that the prophets are telling in my name. They claim that I sent them, commanded them, and spoke to them. They dreamed up the vision, they tell you. Their predictions are worthless. They are the products of their own imagination. I didn't send these prophets. 
Yet they prophesy in my name that there will be no wars or famines in this land. So this is what I, the Lord, say about them. Wars and famines will bring an end to these prophets. The people they prophesy to will be thrown out into the streets of Jerusalem. They will be victims of famines and wars. No one will bury them, their wives, their sons, or their daughters. I will pour on them the destruction that they deserve. Say this to them. My eyes flow with tears day and night without stopping because my dear people will suffer massive destruction. It will be a very serious blow. If I go to the field, I see those killed because of war. If I go to the city, I see those sick because of famine. Prophets and priests wander through a land they haven't heard of. Have you completely rejected Judah? Do you despise Zion? Why have you struck us so hard that we cannot heal? We hope for peace, but no good comes from it. We hope for a time of healing, but there's only terror. O oh Lord, we realize our wickedness and the wrongs done by our ancestors. We have sinned against you. For the sake of your name, don't despise us. Don't dishonor your glorious throne. Remember your promise to us. Don't break it. The worthless gods of the nations can't make it rain. By themselves the skies can't give showers. But you can, O Lord our God. We have hope in you because you do all these things. Jeremiah chapter 15 Then the Lord said to me, even if Moses and Samuel were standing in front of me, I would not feel sorry for these people. Send them away from me and let them go. When they ask you where they should go, say to them, This is what the Lord says. Those who are destined to die will die. Those who are destined to die in wars will die in wars. Those who are destined to die in famines will die in famines. Those who are destined to die in captivity will die in captivity. I will devise four ways to punish them, declares the Lord. I will send swords to kill, dogs to drag away, and birds and animals to devour and destroy. I will make these people a horrifying sight to all the kingdoms on the earth. This will happen because of what Judah's king Manasseh, son of Hezekiah, did in Jerusalem. No one will take pity on you, Jerusalem. No one will mourn for you. No one will bother to ask how you are doing. You have left me, declares the Lord. You have turned your back on me, so I will use my power against you and destroy you. I'm tired of showing compassion to you. I will separate them with a winnowing shovel at the city gates. I will make them childless. I will destroy my people because they will not change their ways. Their widows will be more numerous than the grains of sand on the seashore. At noontime I will send a destroyer against the mothers of young men. I will suddenly bring anguish and terror to them. A mother who gives birth to seven sons will grow faint and breathe her last. She will die, ashamed and humiliated, while it is still daylight. I will put survivors from these people to death in the presence of their enemies, declares the Lord. I am so miserable. Why did my mother give birth to me? I am a man who argues and quarrels with the whole earth. I have never lent or borrowed anything, yet everyone curses me. The Lord said, I will certainly rescue you for a good reason. I will certainly make your enemies plead with you in times of disaster and in times of distress. No one can break iron, iron from the north or bronze. I will give away your wealth and treasures as loot, as the price for all the sins that you have committed throughout your territory. I will make you serve your enemies in a land that you haven't heard of, because my anger has started a fire. It will burn you. O Lord, you understand. Remember me, take care of me, and take revenge on those who persecute me. 
Be patient and don't take me away. You should know that I've been insulted because of you. Your words were found, and I devoured them. Your words are my joy and my heart's delight, because I am called by your name. O Lord God of armies, I didn't keep company with those who laugh and have fun. I sat alone because your hand was on me. You filled me with outrage. Why is my pain unending and my wound incurable, refusing to heal? Will you disappoint me like a stream that dries up in summertime? This is what the Lord says. If you will return, I will take you back. If you will speak what is worthwhile and not what is worthless, you will stand in my presence. The people will return to you, but you will not return to them. I will make you like a solid bronze wall in front of these people. They will fight you, but they will not defeat you. I am with you, and I will save you and rescue you, declares the Lord. I will rescue you from the power of wicked people and free you from the power of tyrants. Jeremiah chapter 16. The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Don't marry. Don't have any sons or daughters in this place. This is what the Lord says about the sons and daughters born in this place and about the mothers and fathers who have children in this land. They will die horrible deaths. No one will mourn for them or bury them. They will be like manure on the ground. Wars and famines will bring them to an end. Their bodies will be food for birds and animals. This is what the Lord says. Don't go into a house where people are grieving. Don't go to mourn or to grieve for them. I'm taking my peace, love, and compassion away from these people, declares the Lord. Old and young alike will die in this land. No one will mourn for them or bury them. No one will cut his own body or shave his own head for them. No one will offer food to comfort those who mourn the dead. No one will give a consoling drink to those who have lost their fathers or mothers. Don't even go into a home where there is a banquet. Don't sit with them to eat and drink. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. I'm going to put a stop to the sounds of joy and happiness and the sounds of brides and grooms in this place. This will happen in your lifetime while you watch. When you tell the people all these things, they will ask you, Why does the Lord threaten us with all these disasters? What have we done wrong? How have we sinned against the Lord our God? Then say to them, It's because your ancestors abandoned me, declares the Lord. They followed other gods, served them, worshipped them, and abandoned me. They didn't obey my teachings. You have done worse than your ancestors. All of you are following your own stubborn evil ways that keep you from obeying me. So I will throw you out of this land into a land that you and your ancestors haven't heard of. There you will serve other gods day and night, because I will no longer have pity on you. That is why the days are coming, declares the Lord, when people will no longer begin an oath with, The Lord brought the people of Israel out of Egypt as the Lord lives. But they will say, The Lord brought the people of Israel out of the land of the north, and all the lands where he had scattered them, as the Lord lives. They will say this because I will bring them back to the land that I gave their ancestors. I'm going to send for many fishermen, declares the Lord, and they will catch the people of Israel. After that, I will send for many hunters, and they will hunt for them on every mountain and hill, and even in the cracks in the rocks. I see everything that they do. They can't hide anything from me. Their wickedness can't be hidden. I can see it. First, I will have them pay twice as much for their wickedness and their sin, because they have polluted my land. 
they have filled my property with the lifeless statues of their detestable and disgusting idols. The Lord is my strength and my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. Nations come to you from the most distant parts of the world and say, Our ancestors have inherited lies, worthless and unprofitable gods. People can't make gods for themselves. They aren't really gods. That is what I will teach them. This time I will make my power and my strength known to them. Then they will know that my name is the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 17. The Lord says, Judah's sin is written with an iron pen. It is engraved with a diamond point on the tablet of their hearts and on the horns of their altars. Even their children remember their altars and their poles dedicated to the goddess Asherah beside large trees on high hills and on mountains in the open country. I will turn your wealth and all your treasures into loot. I will do this because of your worship sites and your sin throughout all your territory. You will lose the inheritance that I gave you. I will make you serve your enemies in a land that you haven't heard of. I will do this because you have stirred up the fire of my anger. It will burn forever. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the person who trusts humans, who makes flesh and blood his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. He will be like a bush in the wilderness. He will not see when something good comes. He will live in the dry places in the desert, in a salty land where no one can live. Blessed is the person who trusts the Lord. The Lord will be his confidence. He will be like a tree that is planted by water. It will send its roots down to a stream. It will not be afraid in the heat of summer. Its leaves will turn green. It will not be anxious during droughts. It will not stop producing fruit. The human mind is the most deceitful of all things. It is incurable. No one can understand how deceitful it is. I, the Lord, search minds and test hearts. I will reward each person for what he has done. I will reward him for the results of his actions. A person who gets rich dishonestly is like a partridge that hatches eggs it did not lay. During his lifetime he will lose his wealth. In the end he will be a godless fool. Our holy place is a glorious throne, highly honored from the beginning. O Lord, the hope of Israel, all who abandon you will be put to shame. Those who turn away from you will be written in dust, because they abandon the Lord, the fountain of life-giving water. Heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Rescue me, and I will be rescued. You are the one I praise. People keep asking me, Where is the word of the Lord? Let it come. I have not run away from being your shepherd, and I have not longed for the day of destruction. You know what came out of my mouth. Do not terrorize me. You are my refuge on the day of disaster. Put my persecutors to shame, but do not let me be put to shame. Terrify them, but do not let me be terrified. Bring the day of disaster on them and destroy them completely. This is what the Lord said to me. Stand at people's gate, where the kings of Judah go in and out. Then stand at every gate in Jerusalem. Tell everyone, listen to the word of the Lord. You kings of Judah, all the people of Judah, and all those who live in Jerusalem, and go through these gates. This is what the Lord says. Watch out. If you value your lives, do not carry anything on the day of worship, or bring it through the gates of Jerusalem. Do not bring anything out of your homes on the day of worship. Do not do any work, but observe the day of worship as a holy day, as I told your ancestors. Your ancestors did not obey me or pay attention to me. They were impossible to deal with and would not listen or accept discipline. 
Now, declares the Lord, you must listen to me and not bring anything through the gates of this city on the day of worship. You must observe the day of worship as a holy day by not doing any work on it. If you do this, then the kings and princes who sit on David's throne will come through the gates of this city. They and their princes will ride in chariots and on horses along with the people of Judah and those who live in Jerusalem. This city will always have people living in it. People will come from the cities of Judah, from all around Jerusalem, from the territory of Benjamin, from the foothills, from the mountains, and from the Negev. They will bring burnt offerings, sacrifices, grain offerings, and incense. They will also bring thank offerings to the Lord's temple. But you must listen to me and observe the day of worship as a holy day by not carrying anything through the gates of Jerusalem on the day of worship. If you don't do this, I will set its gates on fire. The fire will burn down the palaces in Jerusalem, and you won't be able to put it out. Jeremiah chapter 18 The Lord spoke his word to Jeremiah. He said, Go to the potter's house. There I will give you my message. I went to the potter's house, and he was working there at his wheel. Whenever a clay pot he was working on was ruined, he would rework it into a new clay pot the way he wanted to make it. The Lord spoke his word to me. The Lord asked, Nation of Israel, can't I do with you as this potter does with clay? Nation of Israel, you are like the clay in the potter's hands. At one time I may threaten to tear up, break down, and destroy a nation or a kingdom. But suppose the nation that I threaten turns away from doing wrong. Then I will change my plans about the disaster I plan to do to it. At another time I may promise to build and plant a nation or a kingdom. But suppose that nation does what I consider evil and doesn't obey me. Then I will change my plans about the good that I promise to do to it. Now say to the people of Judah and to those who live in Jerusalem, This is what the Lord says. I'm going to prepare a disaster and make plans against you. Turn from your evil ways, change your lives, and do good. But they will answer, It's useless. We live the way we want to. We'll go our own stubborn, evil ways. This is what the Lord says. Ask among the nations if anyone has ever heard anything like this. The people of Israel have done a very horrible thing. The rocky slopes of Lebanon are never without snow. The cool mountain streams never dry up. But my people have forgotten me. They burn incense as an offering to worthless idols, and they stumble along the way on the ancient path. They go on side roads and not on major highways. Their land will become desolate and something to be hissed at forever. Everyone who will pass by it will be stunned and shake his head. Like the east wind, I will scatter them in front of the enemy. On the day of their disaster, I will show them my back, not my face. Then they said, Let's plot against Jeremiah, because the teachings of the priests, the advice of wise people, and the word of the prophets won't disappear. Accuse him. Pay no attention to anything he says. Pay attention to me, O Lord, and listen to what my accusers say. Good should not be paid back with evil. They dig a pit to take my life. Remember how I stood in your presence and pleaded for them, in order to turn your anger away from them. Now hand their children over to famine. Pour out their blood by using your sword. Then their wives will become childless widows. Their husbands will be put to death. Their young men will be struck down in battle. Make them cry out from their homes when you suddenly send troops against them, because they dug a pit to catch me and hid snares for my feet. But you, O Lord, know that they plan to kill me. Don't forgive their crimes. Don't wipe their sins out of your sight. 
Make them stumble in your presence. Deal with them when you get angry. Jeremiah chapter 19. This is what the Lord says. Go and buy a clay jar from a potter. Take along some of the leaders of the people and some of the leaders of the priests. Go to the valley of Ben-Hinnom at the entrance to Potchard Gate. Announce there the things I plan to do. Say, Listen to the word of the Lord, you kings of Judah and those who live in Jerusalem. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. I'm going to bring such a disaster on this place that the ears of everyone who hears about it will ring. The people, their ancestors, and the kings of Judah have abandoned me. They have made this place unrecognizable by burning incense as an offering to other gods that they hadn't heard of. They have filled this place with the blood of innocent people. They have built worship sites to burn their children as sacrifices to Baal. I didn't ask them or command them to do this. It never entered my mind. That is why the days are coming, declares the Lord, when this place will no longer be called Topheth or the Valley of Ben-Hinnom. Instead, it will be called Slaughter Valley. I will smash the plans of Judah and Jerusalem in this place. I will cut them down with swords in front of their enemies and with the hands of those who want to kill them. I will give their bodies as food to birds and to animals. I will devastate this city. It will become something to hiss at. Everyone who goes by it will be stunned and hiss with contempt at all the disasters that happen to it. I will make the people eat the flesh of their sons and daughters. They will eat each other's flesh during blockades and hardships that their enemies impose on them when they want to kill them. The Lord says, Then smash the jar in front of the men who went with you. Say to them, This is what the Lord of armies says, I will smash these people and this city as this potter's jar was smashed beyond repair. They will bury the dead in Topheth until there's no other place to bury them. That's what I will do to this place and to those who live in it, declares the Lord. I will make this city like Topheth, the houses in Jerusalem. The houses of the kings of Judah and all the rooftops of the houses will be unclean like this city, Topheth. This is because people burned incense to the entire army of heaven and poured out wine offerings to other gods. Then Jeremiah left Topheth, where the Lord had sent him to prophesy. He stood in the courtyard of the Lord's temple and said to all the people, this is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. I'm going to bring on this city and on all its towns the disasters that I threatened. They've become impossible to deal with, and they refuse to obey me. Jeremiah chapter 20. Now the priest Immer's son, Pashur, the chief officer of the Lord's temple, heard Jeremiah prophesying these things. Pashur struck the prophet Jeremiah and put him in prison at Upper Benjamin Gate that was in the Lord's temple. The next day when Pasher took Jeremiah out of prison, Jeremiah said to him, The Lord doesn't call you Pasher, but he calls you terror everywhere. This is what the Lord says, I'm going to make you terrify yourself and all your friends. Their enemies' swords will kill them, and you will see it with your own eyes. I will hand all of Judah over to the king of Babylon. He will take the people away as captives to Babylon, or kill them with swords. I will hand all the riches of this city over to their enemies. This will include all its produce, all its valuables, and all the treasures of the kings of Judah. Their enemies will loot them, take them away, and bring them to Babylon. And you, Pashur, and all those who live in your house will go into captivity. You will go to Babylon, and you will die there. You will be buried there together with all your friends to whom you prophesied these lies. O Lord, you have deceived me, and I was deceived. You overpowered me and won. I've been made fun of all day long. Everyone mocks me. Each time I speak, I have to cry out and shout. 
violence, and destruction. The word of the Lord has made me the object of insults and contempt all day long. I think to myself, I can forget the Lord and no longer speak His name. But His word is inside me like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I wear myself out holding it in, but I can't do it any longer. I have heard many people whispering, Terror is everywhere. Report Him. Let's report Him. All my closest friends are waiting to see me stumble. They say, Maybe He will be tricked. Then we can overpower Him and take revenge on Him. But the Lord is on my side like a terrifying warrior. That is why those who persecute me will stumble. They can't win. They will be very ashamed that they can't succeed. Their eternal shame will not be forgotten. But the Lord of armies examines the righteous. He sees their motives and thoughts. I want to see you take revenge on them, because I've brought my case to you. Sing to the Lord. Praise the Lord. He has rescued the lives of needy people from the power of wicked people. Cursed is the day that I was born, the day that my mother gave birth to me. May it not be blessed. Cursed is the man who made my father very happy with the news that he had just become the father of a baby boy. May that man be like the cities that the Lord destroyed without pity. May he hear a cry of alarm in the morning and a battle cry at noon. If only he had killed me while I was in the womb, then my mother would have been my grave and she would have always been pregnant. Why did I come out of the womb? All I've seen is trouble and grief. I will finish my days in shame. Jeremiah chapter 21 the Lord spoke his word to Jeremiah when King Zedekiah sent Pashur, son of Malchiah, and the priest Zephaniah, son of Masaiah, to Jeremiah. They said, Consult the Lord for us, because King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon is attacking us. Maybe the Lord will perform miracles for us so that Nebuchadnezzar will retreat. Jeremiah responded to them, This is what you should say to Zedekiah. This is what the Lord God of Israel says. I'm going to take your weapons away from you. You are using these weapons to fight the king of Babylon as well as the Babylonians who are now blockading you outside the wall. I will bring the Babylonians inside this city. I will fight you in anger, fury, and rage with my powerful hand and my mighty arm. I will defeat those who live in this city, both people and animals. They will die from a terrible plague. Afterwards, declares the Lord, I will hand over Judas king Zedekiah, his officials, the people, and everyone else in this city who survives the plague, war, and famine. They will be handed over to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon and to their enemies who want to kill them. Nebuchadnezzar will kill them with swords. He won't spare them, show them compassion, or care for them. Say to these people, This is what the Lord says. I'm going to give you the choice of life or death. Those who live in this city will die in the war, famine, or plague. Those of you who go out and surrender to the Babylonians will live. You will escape with your lives. I've decided to harm this city, not to do good to it, declares the Lord. It will be handed over to the king of Babylon, and he will burn it down. Say to the nation of the king of Judah, Listen to the word of the Lord. Descendants of David, this is what the Lord says. Judge fairly every morning. Rescue those who have been robbed from those who oppress them. Otherwise my fury will break out and burn like fire. No one will be able to put it out because of the evil things you have done. I am against you, Jerusalem. You are the city that is in the valley and on the rock in the plain, declares the Lord. But you ask, who can attack us? Who can enter our places of refuge? I will punish you because of the evil things you have done, declares the Lord. I will start a fire in your forests and will burn up everything around you. Jeremiah chapter 22. 
This is what the Lord says. Go to the palace of the king of Judah and speak this message there. Listen to the word of the Lord, you officials, you people who come into these gates, and you, king of Judah, the one sitting on David's throne. This is what the Lord says. Judge fairly and do what is right. Rescue those who have been robbed from those who oppress them. Don't mistreat foreigners, orphans, or widows, and don't oppress them. Don't kill innocent people in this place. If you do what I say, then the kings who sit on David's throne will ride through the gates of this palace in chariots and on horses along with their officials and their people. But if you don't do what I say, I will take an oath on myself, declares the Lord, that this palace will become a pile of rubble. This is what the Lord says about the palace of the king of Judah. This palace is like Gilead to me, like the top of Lebanon. I will certainly turn it into a desert, into cities that no one lives in. I will send people to destroy you. They will have their own weapons. They will cut down your finest cedar trees and throw them on a fire. People from many nations will pass by this city and ask each other, Why has the Lord done this to this important city? The answer will be, They rejected the promise of the Lord their God. They worshipped other gods and served them. Don't cry for the dead. Don't shake your heads at them. Cry bitterly for those who are taken away, because they won't come back to see their homeland. This is what the Lord says about King Josiah's son Shalom, who succeeded his father as king of Judah and left this place. He will never come back here again. He will die in the place where he was taken captive, and he will never see this land again. How horrible it will be for the person who builds his house dishonestly and his upper rooms through injustice. He makes his neighbors work for nothing and doesn't pay them for their work. He says, I will build a large house for myself with big upper rooms. He cuts out windows in it, panels the rooms with cedar and paints them red. Do you think you're a better king than others because you use more cedar? Your father ate and drank and did what is fair and right. Everything went well for him. He defended the cause of the poor and needy. Everything went well for him. Isn't this what it means to know me? asked the Lord. But your eyes and your mind are set on nothing but dishonest prophets. You kill innocent people and violently oppress your people. This is what the Lord says about Jehoiakim, son of Judah's king Josiah. People won't mourn for him and say, How horrible it is for my brother and sister. They won't mourn for him and say, How horrible it is for my master and his splendor. He will receive a donkey's burial. He will be dragged off and thrown outside the gates of Jerusalem. Go to Lebanon and cry. Raise your voice in Bashan. Cry out for Abarim, because all your lovers are defeated. I spoke to you when you were prosperous, but you said that you wouldn't listen. This is how you've been ever since you were young. You don't listen to me. The wind will blow away all your shepherds, and your lovers will go into captivity. Then you will be ashamed and disgraced by all your wickedness. You live in Lebanon and have your nest in the cedars. But you will groan when pain strikes you, pain like a woman giving birth to a child. As I live, declares the Lord, even though you, Jehoiakim, son of Judah's king Jehoiakim, are the signet ring on my right hand, I will pull you off my hand. I will hand you over to those who want to kill you, those you fear, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon and the Babylonians. I will throw you and your mother into another land. You weren't born there, but you will die there. You will want to return to this land, but you won't be allowed to come home. This Jehoiakim is like a rejected and broken pot that no one wants. Is that why he and his descendants will be thrown out and cast into another land they never heard of? O oh, land, 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 
Listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. Write this about Jehoiakim. He will be childless. He won't prosper in his lifetime. None of his descendants will succeed him as king. They won't sit on David's throne and rule Judah again. Jeremiah chapter 23. How horrible it will be for the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep in my care, declares the Lord. This is what I, the Lord God of Israel, said to the shepherds who take care of my people. You have scattered my sheep and chased them away. You have not taken care of them. So now I will take care of you by punishing you for the evil you have done, declares the Lord. Then I will gather the remaining part of my flock from all the countries where I chased them. I will bring them back to their pasture, and they will be fertile and increase in number. I will put shepherds over them. Those shepherds will take care of them. My sheep will no longer be afraid or terrified, and not one of them will be missing, declares the Lord. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will grow a righteous branch for David. He will be a king who will rule wisely. He will do what is fair and right in the land. In his lifetime, Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. This is the name that he will be given, the Lord our righteousness. That is why the days are coming, declares the Lord, when people's oaths will no longer be, the Lord brought the people of Israel out of Egypt as the Lord lives. Instead, their oaths will be, the Lord brought the descendants of the nation of Israel out of the land of the north, and all the lands where he had scattered them as the Lord lives. At that time, they will live in their own land. Say this about the prophets. I am deeply disturbed. All my bones tremble. I am like a drunk, like a person who has had too much wine because of the Lord and His holy words. The land is filled with adulterers. The land mourns because of the curse. Pastures in the wilderness have dried up. The people are evil, and they use their strength to do the wrong things. The prophets and priests are godless. Even in my temple I found them doing evil, declares the Lord. That is why their own way will become like slippery paths in the dark. They will be chased away, and they will fall down in the dark. I will bring disaster on them. It is time for them to be punished, declares the Lord. Say this about the prophets of Samaria. I saw something disgusting. The prophets of Samaria prophesied by Baal and led my people Israel astray. Say this about the prophets of Jerusalem. I see something horrible. The prophets of Jerusalem commit adultery and live a lie. They support those who do evil so that no one turns back from his wickedness. They are like Sodom to me, and those who live in Jerusalem are like Gomorrah. This is what the Lord of Armies says about the prophets. I will give them wormwood to eat and poison to drink. The prophets of Jerusalem have spread godlessness throughout the land. This is what the Lord of Armies says. Don't listen to what the prophets are saying to you. They fill you with false hope. They speak about visions that they dreamed up. These visions are not from the Lord. They keep saying to those who despise me, The Lord says, Everything will go well for you. They tell all who live by their own stubborn ways, Nothing bad will happen to you. Who is in the Lord's inner circle and sees and hears His word? Who pays attention and listens to His word? The storm of the Lord will come with His anger. Like a windstorm, it will swirl down on the heads of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until He has done everything He intends to do. In the last days you will understand this clearly. I didn't send these prophets, yet they ran with their message. I didn't speak to them, yet they prophesied. If they had been in my inner circle, they would have announced my words to my people. 
they would have turned back from their evil ways and the evil they have done. I am a God who is near. I am also a God who is far away, declares the Lord. No one can hide so that I can't see him, declares the Lord. I fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. I've heard the prophets who speak lies in my name. They say, I had a dream. I had a dream. How long will these prophets continue to lie and deceive? They tell each other the dreams they had because they want to make my people forget my name, as their ancestors forgot my name because of Baal. The prophet who has a dream should tell his dream. However, the person who has my word should honestly speak my word. What does grain have to do with straw? asked the Lord. Isn't my word like fire or like a hammer that shatters a rock? asked the Lord. I'm against the prophets who steal my words from each other, declares the Lord. I'm against the prophets who speak their own thoughts and say that they speak for me. I'm against those who prophesy dreams they made up, declares the Lord. They tell the dreams they made up and lead my people astray with their lies and their wild talk. I didn't send them or command them to go. They don't help these people at all, declares the Lord. When these people, the prophets or the priests, ask you, What revelations has the Lord burdened you with now? Say to them, You are the burden. I will abandon you, declares the Lord. Suppose the prophets, the priests, or these people say, This is the Lord's revelation. I will punish them and their families. They should ask their neighbors and their relatives, What is the Lord's answer, and what did the Lord say? They should never again say, This is the Lord's revelation, because each person's word becomes the revelation. They will twist the words of the living God, the Lord of armies, our God. Jeremiah, say this to the prophets. What was the Lord's answer to you, and what did the Lord say? Suppose they say, This is the Lord's revelation. Then say, This is what the Lord says. Because you have said, This is the Lord's revelation, even though I commanded you not to repeat this saying, I will certainly forget you. I will throw you out of my presence and out of the city that I gave you and your ancestors. I will bring eternal disgrace and shame on you. It will never be forgotten. Jeremiah chapter 24 King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon took Jehoiakim, son of King Jehoiakim of Judah, the princes of Judah, the skilled workers, and the builders from Jerusalem into captivity, and brought them to Babylon. After this the Lord showed me two baskets of figs set in front of the Lord's temple. One basket had very good figs, like figs that ripen first. The other basket had very bad figs. These figs were so bad that they couldn't be eaten. Then the Lord asked me, What do you see, Jeremiah? I answered, Figs, figs that are very good. I also see figs that are very bad, so bad that they can't be eaten. The Lord spoke his word to me. This is what the Lord God of Israel says. The captives of Judah, whom I sent away from here to Babylon, are like these good figs. I will look kindly on them. I will watch over them for their own good, and I will bring them back to this land. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and not uproot them. I will give them the desire to know that I am the Lord. They will be my people, and I will be their God, because they will wholeheartedly come back to me. But this is what the Lord says about the bad figs that are so bad that they can't be eaten. The Lord says, Like these bad figs, I will abandon King Zedekiah of Judah, his princes, the remaining few in Jerusalem who stayed behind in this land, and those who are living in Egypt. I will make them a horrifying sight to all the kingdoms of the earth. 
They will be a disgrace and an example. They will become something ridiculed and cursed wherever I scatter them. I will send wars, famines, and plagues until they disappear from the land that I gave to them and their ancestors. Jeremiah chapter 25. The Lord spoke his word to Jeremiah about all the people of Judah when Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, was in his fourth year as king. This was the first year that Nebuchadnezzar was king of Babylon. The prophet Jeremiah spoke to all the people of Judah and to everyone who lived in Jerusalem. He said, For twenty-three years, from the time that Josiah, son of Ammon, was in his thirteenth year as king of Judah until today, the Lord continued to speak his word to me. So I have spoken to you again and again, but you have not listened. Even though the Lord has sent all his servants, the prophets, to you, you haven't listened or paid attention to them. The prophet said, Turn from your evil ways and the evil you have done, and live in the land that the Lord permanently gave to you and your ancestors. Don't follow other gods to serve and worship them. Don't make me furious about the idols your hands have shaped. Then I won't harm you. But you haven't listened to me, declares the Lord. You have made me furious about the idols your hands have shaped and have brought harm upon yourselves. This is what the Lord of armies says. You did not listen to my words, so I'm going to send for all the families from the north. I will also send for my servant King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, declares the Lord. I will bring the families from the north to attack this land, its people, and all these surrounding nations. I'm going to destroy them and turn them into something terrible, something ridiculed, and something permanently ruined. I will take from them the sounds of joy and happiness, the sounds of brides and grooms, the sound of mills and the light of lamps. This whole land will be ruined and become a wasteland. These nations will serve the king of Babylon for seventy years. When the seventy years are over, I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation for their crimes, declares the Lord. I will turn Babylon into a permanent wasteland. I will bring on that land all the disasters I threatened to do to it, everything that Jeremiah prophesied against all the nations, everything written in this book. Many nations and great kings will make slaves of the people of Babylon, and I will pay them back for what they have done. This is what the Lord God of Israel said to me. Take from my hand this cup filled with the wine of my fury, and make all the nations to whom I am sending you drink from it. When they drink from it, they will stagger and go insane because of the wars that I am going to send them. So I took the cup from the Lord's hand. I made all the nations to whom the Lord sent me drink from it, Jerusalem and the cities of Judah, as well as its kings and officials. When they drank from it, they became wastelands and ruins, something ridiculed and cursed until today. I also made these people drink from it, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, his servants, officials, all his people, and all the foreign people living among them, all the kings of the land of Uz, all the kings of Philistia, those from the cities of Ashkelon, Gaza, and Ekron, and the people left in Ashdod, Edom, Moab, and the people of Ammon, all the kings of Tyre and Sidon, and the kings on the seacoast, Dedan, Tema, Buz, and all who shaved the hair on their foreheads, all the kings of Arabia, and all the kings of the foreign people living in the desert, all the kings of Zimri, all the kings of Elam, and all the kings of Media, all the kings of the north, near and far, one after another, all the kingdoms of the earth, last of all, the king of Sheshach, will drink from the cup. The Lord said, Say to them, This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says, Drink, get drunk, 
Vomit, fall down, and don't get up because of the wars that I'm going to send you. But if they refuse to take the cup from your hand and drink from it, say to them, This is what the Lord of armies says. You must drink from it. I am going to bring disaster on the city that is named after me. Do you think you'll go unpunished? You will not go unpunished. I'm declaring war on all those who live on earth, declares the Lord of armies. That is why you will prophesy all these things to them and say, The Lord roars from above. He thunders from his holy dwelling place. He roars against his land. He shouts like those who stomp grapes. He shouts against all those who live on earth. The sound is echoing from the ends of the earth, because the Lord has brought charges against the nations. He will judge all humans. He will kill the wicked, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord of armies says. Disaster is spreading from nation to nation. A great storm is brewing from the distant corners of the earth. On that day those killed by the Lord will stretch from one end of the earth to the other. They will not be mourned, taken away, or buried. They will become like manure on the ground. Mourn, you shepherds, and cry. Roll in the dust, you leaders of the flock. The time has come for you to be slaughtered. The time has come for you to be scattered, and you will break like fine pottery. There will be no place for the shepherds to flee, no escape for the leaders of the flock. The shepherds are crying, and the leaders of the flock are mourning, because the Lord is stripping their pasture. The peaceful pastures are destroyed by the Lord's burning anger. He has left his lair like a lion. Their land has been ruined because of the heat of the oppressor, because of the fury of his anger. Jeremiah chapter 26 The Lord spoke his word when Judah's king Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, began to rule. He said, This is what the Lord says. Stand in the courtyard of the Lord's temple and speak to all the people who come from the cities of Judah to worship in the Lord's temple. Tell them everything that I command you to tell them. Don't leave out a single word. Maybe they'll listen, and they'll turn from their evil ways. Then I'll change my plan about the disaster I intend to bring on them because of the evil they have done. The Lord added, Also say to them, This is what the Lord says. Suppose you don't listen to me, and don't follow my teachings that I set in front of you. Suppose you don't listen to the words of my servants, the prophets, whom I sent to you again and again, even though you didn't listen. Then I will do to this temple what I did to Shiloh. I will turn this city into something that will be cursed by all the nations on earth. The priests, the prophets, and all the people heard Jeremiah speaking these things in the Lord's temple. But as soon as Jeremiah finished saying everything that the Lord had commanded him to say, the priests, the prophets, and all the people grabbed him and said, You must die. Why do you prophesy in the Lord's name that this temple will be like Shiloh, and this city will become a pile of rubble with no one living here? Then all the people crowded around Jeremiah in the Lord's temple. When the officials of Judah heard about these things, they went from the king's palace to the Lord's temple. They sat at the entrance of Newgate to the Lord's temple. Then the priest and the prophet said to the officials and all the people, This man is condemned to die because he prophesied against this city as you yourselves have heard. Then Jeremiah said to all the officials and all the people, The Lord sent me to prophesy everything that you have heard me say against this temple and against this city. Now change your ways and what you are doing, and listen to the Lord your God. Then the Lord will change his plan about the disaster that he intends to bring on you. My life is in your hands. Do with me whatever you think is good and right. But know for certain that if you put me to death, you, this city, and the people living in it will be guilty of killing an innocent person. 
The Lord has certainly sent me to speak all these things to you. Then the officials and all the people said to the priests and prophets, This man should not be condemned to die. He has spoken to us in the name of the Lord our God. Then some of the leaders in the land got up and said to the entire crowd, Micah from Moresheth prophesied at the time of Judah's king Hezekiah and said to all the people of Judah, This is what the Lord of armies says, Zion will be plowed like a field, Jerusalem will become a pile of rubble, and the temple mountain will become a worship site covered with trees. Did Judah's king Hezekiah and all the people of Judah put Micah to death? No. Hezekiah feared the Lord and sought the Lord's favor. So the Lord changed his plan about the disaster he intended to bring on them. But we are about to bring a bigger disaster on ourselves. There was another man prophesying in the name of the Lord. His name was Uriah, son of Shemaiah, from Kiriath-Jerim. He prophesied against the city and this land, as Jeremiah did. When King Jehoiakim and all his personal troops and officials heard what Uriah said, the king wanted to put him to death. But Uriah heard about it and fled in fear to Egypt. King Jehoiakim sent soldiers to Egypt, Elnathan, son of Achbor, and other soldiers along with him. They brought Uriah from Egypt and took him to King Jehoiakim. The king executed Uriah and threw his body into the burial ground for the common people. Ahikam, son of Shaphan, supported Jeremiah. So Jeremiah was not handed over to the people to be put to death. Jeremiah chapter 27 When Zedekiah, son of King Josiah of Judah, began to rule, the Lord spoke his word to Jeremiah. This is what the Lord said to me. Make leather straps and a wooden yoke, and strap the yoke on your neck. Then send messages to the kings of Edom, Moab, Ammon, Tyre, and Sidon, with messengers who have come to King Zedekiah of Judah in Jerusalem. Give them an order for their masters. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. Say this to your masters. I used my great strength and my powerful arm to make the earth along with the people and the animals on it. I give it to anyone I please. Now I have handed all these countries over to my servant King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. I have even made wild animals serve him. All nations will serve him, his son and his grandson, until Babylon is defeated. Then many nations and great kings will make him their slave. Suppose nations or kingdoms won't serve or surrender to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. I will punish those nations by wars, famines, and plagues until I have put an end to them by Nebuchadnezzar's power, declares the Lord. Don't listen to prophets, mediums, interpreters of dreams, fortune-tellers, or sorcerers who tell you that you'll never serve the king of Babylon. They are prophesying lies to you. They will cause you to be taken far from your lands. I'll scatter you, and you will die. But suppose a nation surrenders to the king of Babylon and serves him. I will let it stay in its own land. People will farm the land and live on it, declares the Lord. I spoke the same message to King Zedekiah of Judah. Surrender to the king of Babylon, serve him and his people, and you will stay alive. Why should you and your people die in wars, famines, and plagues? The Lord has threatened the nations that don't serve the king of Babylon. Don't listen to the prophets who tell you that you'll never serve the king of Babylon. They are prophesying lies to you. I didn't send them, declares the Lord. They prophesy lies in my name, so I will scatter you, and you and the prophets will die. I also spoke this message to the priests and all the people. This is what the Lord said to me. 
Don't listen to the prophets who tell you that the utensils of the Lord's temple will be brought back from Babylon soon. They are prophesying lies to you. Don't listen to them. Instead, serve the king of Babylon and live. Why should this city be turned into rubble? If they are prophets and the Lord is speaking to them, they should beg the Lord of armies not to allow the utensils that are left in the Lord's temple, in the royal palace of Judah, and in Jerusalem to be taken away to Babylon. Babylon's king Nebuchadnezzar took Jehoiakim, son of King Jehoiakim of Judah, into captivity from Jerusalem to Babylon, along with all the nobles of Judah and Jerusalem. But he didn't take the pillars, the bronze pool, the stands, and the rest of the utensils that are left in this city. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says about the utensils that are left in the Lord's temple, in the royal palace of Judah, and in Jerusalem. They will be taken to Babylon and stay there until I come for them, declares the Lord. I will take them from there and bring them back to this place. Jeremiah chapter 28 In that same year, early in the rule of King Zedekiah of Judah, in the fifth month of his fourth year as king, the prophet Hananiah, son of Azur, from Gibeon, spoke to me in the Lord's temple. He said to me in front of the priests and all the people, This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two years I will bring back all the utensils of the Lord's temple that King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon took from this place and carried off to Babylon. I will also bring back to this place Jehoiakim, son of King Jehoiakim of Judah, and all the captives of Judah who went to Babylon, declares the Lord. So I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. The prophet Jeremiah replied to the prophet Hananiah in front of the priests and all the people standing in the Lord's temple. He said, Amen. May the Lord do this. May the Lord make your prophecy come true and bring back the utensils of the Lord's temple and all the captives from Babylon to this place. But now listen to this message that I am speaking to you and to all the people. Long ago the prophets who preceded you and me prophesied wars, disasters, and plagues against many countries and great kingdoms. But the prophet who prophesied peace was recognized as a prophet that the Lord sent only if the message of the prophet came true. Then the prophet Hananiah took the yoke off the neck of the prophet Jeremiah and broke it. Hananiah said in front of all the people, This is what the Lord says. In the same way, I will break the yoke of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon off the neck of all the nations within two years. Then the prophet Jeremiah went on his way. After the prophet Hananiah broke the yoke off the neck of the prophet Jeremiah, the Lord spoke his word to Jeremiah. He said, Tell Hananiah, this is what the Lord says, You have broken the wooden yoke, but I will replace it with an iron yoke. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. I will put an iron yoke on the neck of all these nations so that they will serve King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. They will serve him. I will even make wild animals serve him. Then Jeremiah told the prophet Hananiah, Now listen, Hananiah, the Lord hasn't sent you. You have made these people believe a lie. This is what the Lord says. I'm going to remove you from the face of the earth. You will die this year because you have encouraged rebellion against the Lord. So the prophet Hananiah died in the seventh month of that year. Jeremiah chapter 29 The prophet Jeremiah sent a letter from Jerusalem to the rest of the leaders among the captives. He also sent it to the priests, the prophets, and all the people that Nebuchadnezzar took away as captives from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jehoiakim and his mother, the court officials, the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem, the craftsmen and metal workers, left Jerusalem. 
he sent the letter with Shaphon's son Elasa and Hilkiah's son Gemariah, whom King Zedekiah of Judah had sent to King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. The letter said, This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says to all those who were taken captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat what they produce, get married and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons, and let your daughters get married, so that they can have sons and daughters. Grow in number there. Don't decrease. Work for the good of the city where I have taken you as captives, and pray to the Lord for that city. When it prospers, you will also prosper. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. Don't let the prophets or the mediums who are among you trick you. Don't even listen to your own dreams. These people are prophesying lies to you in my name. I didn't send them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When Babylon's seventy years are over, I will come to you. I will keep my promise to you and bring you back to this place. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for peace and not disaster, plans to give you a future filled with hope. Then you will call to me. You will come and pray to me, and I will hear you. When you look for me, you will find me. When you wholeheartedly seek me, I will let you find me, declares the Lord. I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have scattered you, declares the Lord. I will bring you back from the place where you are being held captive. You have said that the Lord has given you prophets in Babylon. But this is what the Lord says about the king who sits on David's throne and about all the people who live in this city, the people who are your relatives and who weren't taken away as captives. The Lord of armies says, I'm going to send them wars, famines, and plagues. These people are like rotten figs to me, figs that are so bad that they can't be eaten. I will chase them with wars, famines, and plagues. I will make them a horrifying sight to all the kingdoms on the earth. They will become something cursed, ridiculed, and hissed at, and they will be a disgrace among all the nations where I scatter them. They didn't listen to me, declares the Lord. I sent them, my servants, the prophets, again and again, but they refused to listen, declares the Lord. So listen to the word of the Lord, all you captives who were sent away from Jerusalem to Babylon. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says about Koloiah's son Ahab, and about Maseiah's son Zedekiah, who prophesy lies to you in my name. I'm going to hand them over to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. I will kill them as you watch. Because of them, all the captives from Judah who are in Babylon will use this curse. May the Lord curse you as he cursed Zedekiah and Ahab, whom the king of Babylon burned to death. They have done shameful things in Israel. They committed adultery with their neighbors' wives and spoke lies in my name. I didn't command them to do this. I know what they have done. I'm a witness, declares the Lord. The Lord says, Say to Shemaiah from Nehelam, This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. You sent letters in your own name to all the people who were in Jerusalem, to the priest Zephaniah, son of Maaseiah, and to all the priests. These letters said, the Lord made you priest instead of Jehoiada, so that there would be officials for the Lord's temple. You should put any lunatic who acts like a prophet in prison and in shackles. Now why haven't you arrested Jeremiah from Anathoth? After all, he acts like a prophet among you. That's why Jeremiah sent this message to us in Babylon. You will be captives a long time. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. The priest Zephaniah read this letter to the prophet Jeremiah. Then the Lord spoke his word to Jeremiah. He said, 
Send this message to all the captives. This is what the Lord says about Shemaiah from Nehelam. Shemaiah prophesied to you, but I didn't send him. He has made you believe a lie. The Lord says, I will punish Shemaiah from Nehelam. I will also punish his descendants. No one from his family will be left alive. He will not see the blessings that I'm going to send my people, declares the Lord, because he has encouraged rebellion against the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 30. The Lord spoke his word to Jeremiah. He said, This is what the Lord God of Israel says. Write in a book everything that I tell you. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will bring my people Israel and Judah back from captivity. I will bring them back to the land that I gave their ancestors, and they will take possession of it. This is the message that the Lord spoke about Israel and Judah. This is what the Lord says. We hear cries of fear, cries of panic, not cries of peace. Ask now and see, can a man give birth to a child? Why then do I see every strong man holding his stomach in pain like a woman giving birth to a child? Why has every face turned pale? How terrible that day will be! There will be no other day like it. It will be a time of calamity for the descendants of Jacob, but they will be rescued from it. On that day, declares the Lord of armies, I will break the yokes off your necks and tear off your ropes. Foreigners will no longer make you serve them. You will serve the Lord your God and David your king. I will establish him for you. Don't be afraid, my servant Jacob, declares the Lord. Don't be terrified, Israel. I'm going to rescue you from a faraway place. I'm going to rescue your descendants from where they are captives. The descendants of Jacob will again have peace and security, and no one will frighten them. I am with you, and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. I will completely destroy all the nations where I scattered you, but I will not completely destroy you. I will correct you with justice. I won't let you go entirely unpunished. This is what the Lord says. Your wound is incurable. Your injury is beyond healing. No one argues that you should be healed. No medicine will heal you. All your lovers have forgotten you, and they don't want you anymore. I've punished you as an enemy would. I've corrected you as a cruel person would. You are very wicked, and you have many sins. Why do you cry about your wound, your injury that can't be cured? I've done this to you. You are very wicked, and you have many sins. This is why everyone who devours you will be devoured, and all your enemies will be taken away as captives. Those who looted you will be looted. Those who stole from you in war will have things stolen from them. I'll restore your health and heal your wounds, declare the Lord. People call you an outcast. Zion, no one cares for you. This is what the Lord says. I'm going to bring the captives back to Jacob's tents and show compassion on their homes. Cities will be built on the ruins, and fortified palaces will be built in their rightful place. The people who live there will sing songs of praise, and the sound of laughter will be heard from there. I'll make them numerous, and their number won't decrease. I'll bring them honor, and they won't be considered unimportant. Their children will be like they were long ago. Their community will be established in my presence, and I will punish everyone who oppresses them. Their leader will be someone from their own people. Their ruler will come from among them. I'll bring him near, and he will come close to me. Who would dare to come near me, asked the Lord? You will be my people, and I will be your God. The storm of the Lord will come with his anger. 
Like a driving wind, it will swirl down on the heads of the wicked. The Lord's burning anger will not turn back until he has done everything he intends to do. In the last days, you will understand this clearly. Jeremiah chapter 31. At that time, declares the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they will be my people. This is what the Lord says. The people who survived the wars have found favor in the desert. Israel went to find its rest. The Lord appeared to me in a faraway place and said, I love you with an everlasting love, so I will continue to show you my kindness. Once again I will build you up, and you will be rebuilt, my dear people Israel. Once again you will take your tambourines, and you will go dancing with happy people. Once again you will plant vineyards on the mountains of Samaria. Those who plant them will enjoy the fruit. There will be a day when watchmen on the mountains of Ephraim will call out this message, Arise, let's go to Zion, to the Lord our God. This is what the Lord says, Sing a happy song about Jacob, sing joyfully for the leader of the nations, shout, sing praise, and say, O Lord, rescue your people, the remaining few from Israel. I will bring them from the land of the north, I will gather them from the farthest parts of the earth, Blind people and lame people will return, together with pregnant women and those in labor. A large crowd will return here. They will cry as they return. They will pray as I bring them back. I will lead them beside streams on a level path where they will not stumble. I will be a father to Israel, and Ephraim will be my firstborn. You nations, listen to the word of the Lord. Tell it to the distant islands. Say, the one who scattered the people of Israel will gather them and watch over them as a shepherd watches over his flock. The Lord will free the descendants of Jacob and reclaim them from those who are stronger than they are. They will come and shout for joy on top of Mount Zion. They will stream to it to enjoy the Lord's blessings, fresh grain, new wine and olive oil, lambs and calves. Their lives will be like well-watered gardens, and they will never suffer again. Then young women will rejoice and dance along with young men and old men. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them. I will give them joy in place of their sorrow. I will satisfy the priests with rich food. My people will be filled with my blessings, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. A sound is heard in Ramah, the sound of crying in bitter grief. Rachel is crying for her children. She refuses to be comforted because they are dead. This is what the Lord says. Stop your crying and wipe away your tears. You will be rewarded for your work, declares the Lord. You will return from the land of the enemy. Your future is filled with hope, declares the Lord. Your children will return to their own territory. I have certainly heard Ephraim mourn and say, You disciplined me, and I was disciplined. I was like a young, untrained calf. Turn me, and I will be turned, because you are the Lord my God. After I was turned around, I changed the way I thought and acted. After I was taught a lesson, I hung my head in shame. I was so ashamed and humiliated because of all the stupid things I have done ever since I was young. Is Ephraim my dear son? Is he a pleasant child? Even though I have often spoken against him, I still think fondly of him. This is why my heart longs for him, and I will certainly have compassion on him, declares the Lord. Set up landmarks, put up road signs, remember the highway, the road on which you traveled. Come back, my dear people Israel, come back to your cities. How long will you wander around, you unfaithful people? The Lord will create something new on earth. A woman will protect a man. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says, When I have brought them back from captivity, 
they will once again use this saying in Judah and in its cities, The Lord will bless you, home of righteousness, holy mountain. Judah and all its cities will live there together. Farmers and shepherds will also live there. I will give those who are weary all they need. I will refresh everyone who is filled with sorrow. At this I woke up and looked around. My sleep had been pleasant. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will plant the nations of Israel and Judah with people and animals. Once I watched over them to uproot them, to tear them down, and to wreck, ruin, and hurt them. Now I will watch over them to build them up and to plant them, declares the Lord. When those days come, people will no longer say, Fathers have eaten sour grapes, and their children's teeth are set on edge. But each person will die for his own sin. Whoever eats sour grapes will have his own teeth set on on edge. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new promise to Israel and Judah. It will not be like the promise that I made to their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of Egypt. They rejected that promise, although I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. But this is the promise that I will make to Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my teachings inside them, and I will write those teachings on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. No longer will each person teach his neighbors or his relatives by saying, Know the Lord. All of them, from the least important to the most important, will know me, declares the Lord, because I will forgive their wickedness, and I will no longer hold their sins against them. The Lord provides the sun to be a light during the day. He orders the moon and stars to be lights during the night. He stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. His name is the Lord of armies. This is what the Lord says. Only if these laws stop working, declares the Lord, will Israel's descendants stop being a nation in my presence. This is what the Lord says. Only if the heavens could be measured or the foundations of the earth could be searched would I ever reject all of Israel's descendants because of everything that they have done, declares the Lord. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when the city will be rebuilt for me from the tower of Hananel to Corner Gate. A measuring line will stretch from there straight to the hill of Gareb, and then it will turn to Goa, the whole valley filled with its dead bodies and ashes, and the whole area to the Kidron Valley, as far as the corner of Horse Gate in the east, will be holy to the Lord. It will never be uprooted or torn down again. Jeremiah chapter 32 the Lord spoke his word to Jeremiah during Zedekiah's tenth year as king of Judah. This was Nebuchadnezzar's eighteenth year as king. At that time the army of the king of Babylon was blockading Jerusalem. The prophet Jeremiah was locked up in the courtyard of the prison. This prison was in the palace of the king of Judah. When king Zedekiah of Judah locked up Jeremiah, Zedekiah asked him, why are you prophesying? You are saying, This is what the Lord says. I am going to hand this city over to the king of Babylon, and he will capture it. King Zedekiah of Judah will not escape from the Babylonians. He will certainly be handed over to the king of Babylon. He will talk to Nebuchadnezzar in person and look him in the eye. Nebuchadnezzar will take Zedekiah to Babylon, and Zedekiah will stay there until I deal with him, declares the Lord. When you fight the Babylonians, you won't win. Jeremiah said, The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Jeremiah, your cousin Hanamel, son of Shalom, is going to come to you and say, Buy my field that is in Anathoth, because as the closest relative, it is your responsibility to buy it. Then, as the Lord had said, my cousin Hanamel came to me in the courtyard of the prison. He said to me, Please buy my field that is in Anathoth in the territory of Benjamin, it is your responsibility to purchase it, because the rights of the closest relative belong to you. Buy it for yourself. Then I knew that the Lord had spoken to me. So I bought the field in Anathoth from my cousin Hanamel and gave him the money. 
The field cost seven ounces of silver. I signed the deed, sealed it, had people witness the signing of the deed, and paid out the silver. Then I took the sealed copy of the deed containing the terms and conditions, as well as an unsealed copy. I gave the copies of the deeds to Baruch, son of Neriah, and grandson of Mahaseiah. I did this in the presence of my cousin Hanamel and the witnesses who had signed the deed, and in the presence of all the Jews who were sitting in the courtyard of the prison. Then I gave Baruch these orders. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. Take both of these documents, both the sealed and the unsealed copies of the deed, put them in a clay jar so that they will last a long time. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. My people will again buy houses, fields, and vineyards in this land. After I had given the copies to Baruch, son of Neriah, I prayed to the Lord. I prayed, Almighty Lord, you made heaven and earth by your great strength and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. You show mercy to thousands of generations. However, you punish children for the wickedness of their parents. You, God, are great and mighty. Your name is the Lord of armies. You make wise plans and do mighty things. You see everything the descendants of Adam do. You reward them for the way they live and for what they do. You perform miraculous signs and amazing things in Egypt. To this day you are still doing them in Israel. You made a name for yourself that continues to this day. You brought your people from Egypt with miraculous signs and amazing things, with a mighty hand and a powerful arm, and with great terror. You gave them the land that you swore with an oath to give their ancestors, the land flowing with milk and honey. They entered and took possession of it. However, they refused to obey you or to follow your teachings. They didn't do anything you commanded them to do, so you brought all this disaster on them. See how the dirt ramps have been built up around the city to capture it. Because of wars, famines, and plagues, the city will be handed over to the Babylonians who are attacking it. What you have threatened to do has happened, as you can see. Yet you, Almighty Lord, told me to buy a field with money and get witnesses to confirm it, although the city was handed over to the Babylonians. The Lord spoke his word to Jeremiah. He said, I am the Lord God of all humanity. Nothing is too hard for me. This is what the Lord says. I'm going to hand this city over to the Babylonians and King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. They will capture it. The Babylonians who are attacking this city will break in, set this city on fire, and burn it down. They will burn down the houses of people who made me furious by going up to the roofs to burn incense to Baal and to pour out wine offerings to other gods. Ever since they were young, the people of Israel and Judah have done what I consider evil. The people of Israel have made me furious by what they've done, declares the Lord. The people in this city have made me so angry and furious from the day they built it to this day. So now I must remove this city from my presence. The people of Israel and Judah have made me furious because they are evil. The people, their kings and officials, their priests and prophets, and the Judeans and those who live in Jerusalem have turned their backs, not their faces, to me. I taught them again and again, but they refused to listen and learn. They set up their detestable idols in the temple that is called by my name, and they dishonored it. In the valley of Ben-Hinnom they built worship sites for Baal to sacrifice their sons and daughters to Molech. I didn't ask them to do this. It never entered my mind. I didn't make Judah sin. 
You have said this about the city, because of wars, famines, and plagues, it will be handed over to the king of Babylon. Now this is what the Lord God of Israel says. I am going to gather the people from all the lands where I scattered them in my anger, fury, and terrifying wrath. I will bring them back to this place and make them live here securely. They will be my people, and I will be their God. I will give them the same attitude and the same purpose, so that they will fear me as long as they live. This will be for their own good and for the good of their children. I will make an eternal promise to them that I will never stop blessing them. I will make them fear me, so that they will never turn away from me. I will enjoy blessing them. With all my heart and soul I will faithfully plant them in this land. This is what the Lord says. As I brought all these disasters on these people, so I will bring on them all these blessings that I have promised them. You have said that this land is a wasteland, without people or animals living in it. You have also said that it has been handed over to the Babylonians. But people will once again buy fields in this land. They will buy fields for money, sign deeds, seal them, and have people witness the signing of the deeds. This will happen in the territory of Benjamin, in the region of Jerusalem, in the cities of Judah, in the cities on the mountains, in the hill country, and in the Negev, because I will bring them back from their captivity, declares the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 33. While Jeremiah was still being held in the courtyard of the prison, the Lord spoke his word to him a second time. The Lord said, I made the earth, formed it, and set it in place. My name is the Lord. This is what the Lord says. Call to me, and I will answer you. I will tell you great and mysterious things that you do not know. The houses in this city and the palaces of the kings of Judah have been torn down to be used against the dirt ramps and weapons of the Babylonians. This is what the Lord God of Israel says about this. The people of Israel fought the Babylonians. Now their houses are filled with the bodies of their own people I killed in my anger and my fury. I will hide my face from this city because of its wickedness. But I will heal this city and restore it to health. I will heal its people, and I will give them peace and security. I will restore Judah and Israel and rebuild them as they were before. I will cleanse them from all the sins that they have committed against me. I will forgive them for all the sins that they have committed against me and for rebelling against me. Then Jerusalem will be my source of joy, praise, and honor. All the nations on earth will hear about all the blessings that I will give to Jerusalem. They will be afraid and tremble because of all the prosperity that I will provide for it. This is what the Lord says. You have said that this place is ruined and that no people or animals live in it. It's true. The cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem are deserted. No people or animals live there. But once again you will hear the sounds of joy and happiness and the sounds of brides and grooms. You will hear those who bring thank-offerings to the Lord's temple say, Give thanks to the Lord of armies, because the Lord is good, because His mercy endures forever. I will restore the fortunes of the land to what they were before, says the Lord. This is what the Lord of armies says. In this deserted place where no people or animals live, and in all its cities, there will once again be pastures where shepherds can rest their flocks. In the cities on the mountains, in the foothills, in the Negev, in the territory of Benjamin, in the area around Jerusalem, and in the cities of Judah, shepherds will once again count their sheep, says the Lord. 
The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will keep the promise that I made to Israel and Judah. In those days and at that time I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David. He will do what is fair and right in the land. In those days Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live securely. Jerusalem will be called the Lord our righteousness. This is what the Lord says. David will never fail to have a descendant sitting on the throne of Israel. The Levitical priests will never fail to have a descendant in my presence to sacrifice burnt offerings, to burn grain offerings, and to prepare daily sacrifices. The Lord spoke his word to Jeremiah. He said, This is what the Lord says, Suppose you could break my arrangement with day and night so that they wouldn't come at their proper time. Then my arrangement with my servant David could be broken, and he would not have a descendant to rule on his throne. The arrangement with my servants, the Levitical priests, could also be broken. I will multiply the descendants of my servant David, and the Levites who serve me like the stars of heaven that cannot be counted, and the sand on the seashore that cannot be measured. Then the Lord spoke his word to Jeremiah. He said, Haven't you noticed what these people have said? They have said that the Lord has rejected the two families he has chosen. They despise my people, and they no longer consider them a nation. This is what the Lord says. Suppose I hadn't made an arrangement with day and night, or made laws for heaven and earth. Then I would reject the descendants of Jacob and of my servant David. I would not let any of David's descendants rule the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. However, I will restore their fortunes and love them. Jeremiah chapter 34 the Lord spoke his word to Jeremiah when King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, his entire army, and all the kingdoms and people that he ruled were attacking Jerusalem and all its cities. He said, This is what the Lord God of Israel says. Go to King Zedekiah of Judah and tell him, The Lord says, I am going to hand this city over to the king of Babylon, and he will burn it down. You will not escape from him. You will certainly be captured and handed over to him. You will see the king of Babylon with your own eyes, and he will talk to you face to face. Then you will go to Babylon. Listen to the word of the Lord, King Zedekiah of Judah. This is what the Lord says about you. You will not die in war. You will die peacefully. People will burn funeral fires for you as they did for your ancestors, the kings who lived before you. They will say, O Master, as they mourn for you, I have spoken my word, declares the Lord. The prophet Jeremiah told all these things to King Zedekiah of Judah in Jerusalem. He did this when the army of the king of Babylon was attacking Jerusalem and the cities of Lachish and Azekah. These were the only fortified cities of Judah that were left. The Lord spoke his word to Jeremiah after King Zedekiah and all the people in Jerusalem promised to free their slaves. Everyone was supposed to free his Hebrew slaves, both male and female. No one was supposed to keep another Jew as a slave. All the officials and all the people agreed and promised to free their male and female slaves and not to keep them as slaves anymore. So they set them free. But afterwards they changed their minds and took back the men and women they had freed and made them their slaves again. The Lord spoke his word to Jeremiah. He said, This is what the Lord God of Israel says. I put a condition on the promise I made to your ancestors when I brought them from Egypt, where they were slaves. I said, Every seven years each of you must free any Hebrews who sold themselves to you. When they have served you for six years, you must set them free. But your ancestors refused to obey me or listen to me. Recently, you changed and did what I considered right. 
you agreed to free your neighbors, and you made a promise in my presence, in the temple that is called by my name. Now you have changed again and dishonored me. You brought back the male and female slaves that you had set free to live their own lives. You have forced them to be your male and female slaves again. This is what the Lord says. You didn't obey me. You haven't freed your relatives and neighbors. Now I am going to free you, declares the Lord. I will free you to die in wars, plagues, and famines. I will make all the kingdoms of the world horrified at the thought of you. I will hand over the people who have rejected my promise. They have not kept the terms of the promise which they made in my presence when they cut a calf in two and passed between its pieces. I will hand over the officials of Judah and Jerusalem, the palace officials, the priests, and all the common people who passed between the pieces of the calf. I will hand them over to their enemies who want to kill them, and their corpses will be food for birds and wild animals. I will hand King Zedekiah of Judah and his officials over to their enemies who want to kill them, and to the army of the king of Babylon, the army that has withdrawn from you. I am going to give a command, declares the Lord. I will bring that army back to this city to attack it, capture it, and burn it down. I will destroy the cities of Judah so that no one will live there. Jeremiah chapter 35 The Lord spoke His word to Jeremiah during the reign of Jehoiakim, son of King Josiah of Judah. He said, Go to the family of Rechab and talk to them. Take them into one of the side rooms in the Lord's temple and offer them a drink of wine. I took Jaazaniah, who was the son of Jeremiah and the grandson of Habazaniah, and I took Jaazaniah's brothers and all his sons, the whole family of Rechab. I brought them into the Lord's temple, into the side room of the sons of Hanan. He was Igdaliah's son, the man of God. It was next to the room of the officials and above the side room of Maaseiah, Shalom's son, the doorkeeper. Then I set cups and pitchers filled with wine in front of the family of Rechab. I said to them, Drink some wine. They answered, We don't drink wine, because our ancestor Jonadab, Rechab's son, gave us this order. You and your descendants must never drink wine, never build any houses or plant any fields or vineyards. You must never have any of these things. You must always live in tents, so that you may live for a long time in the land where you are staying. We, along with our wives, sons, and daughters, have obeyed our ancestor Jonadab, Rechab's son, in everything he ordered us to do. We have never drunk wine, built houses to live in, or owned vineyards, pastures, or grain fields. We live in tents, and we have obeyed everything our ancestor Jonadab ordered us to do. But when King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon invaded this land, we said, Let's go to Jerusalem to escape the Babylonian and Aramean armies. That's why we are living in Jerusalem. Then the Lord spoke his word to Jeremiah. He said, This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. Tell the people of Judah and those who live in Jerusalem, Won't you ever learn your lesson and obey my words, declares the Lord. Jonadab, Rechab's son, ordered his descendants not to drink wine. This order has been carried out. His descendants have not drunk any wine to this day because they have obeyed their ancestors' order. I have spoken to you again and again, but you have refused to listen to me. I have sent all my servants, the prophets, to you again and again. They said, Turn from your evil ways, do what is right, and don't follow other gods in order to serve them. Then you will live in the land that I gave you and your ancestors. However, you refuse to listen to me or obey me. The descendants of Jonadab, Rechab's son, have carried out the orders of their ancestor, but you refuse to listen to me. 
This is what the Lord God of armies, the God of Israel, says. I am going to bring on Judah and on all those who live in Jerusalem all the disasters that I threatened. I have spoken to them, but they didn't listen. I called to them, but they didn't answer. Then Jeremiah said to the family of Rechab, This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. You obeyed the order of your ancestor Jonadab, followed all his instructions, and did exactly what he told you to do. So this is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. A descendant of Jonadab, Rechab's son, will always serve me. Jeremiah chapter 36 In the fourth year of the reign of Jehoiakim, son of King Josiah of Judah, the Lord spoke his word to Jeremiah. He said, Take a scroll and write on it everything that I have dictated to you about Israel, Judah, and all the other nations from the time I spoke to you during the reign of Josiah until today. Maybe the nation of Judah will hear about all the disasters that I plan to bring on them, and they will turn from their wicked ways. Then I will forgive their wickedness and their sins. Then Jeremiah called Baruch son of Neriah. Jeremiah dictated everything that the Lord had told him, and Baruch wrote it all down on a scroll. Jeremiah told Baruch, I am no longer allowed to go to the Lord's temple. On a day of fasting you must read from the scroll the Lord's message that you wrote as I dictated. You must read it to the people in the Lord's temple. You must also read it to all the people of Judah when they come from their cities. Maybe their prayers will come into the Lord's presence, and they will turn from their evil ways. The Lord has threatened these people with His terrifying anger and fury. Baruch, son of Neriah, did as the prophet Jeremiah commanded him. In the Lord's temple he read from the scroll everything that the Lord had said. In the ninth month of the fifth year of the reign of Jehoiakim, son of King Josiah of Judah, a time for fasting was called. It was a time for all the people in Jerusalem and for everyone who was coming from any city in Judah to Jerusalem to fast in the Lord's presence. Then Baruch read the scroll containing the words of Jeremiah. Baruch read it to all the people in the Lord's temple in the room of the scribe Gemariah, son of Shaphan, in the upper courtyard at the entrance of New Gate of the Lord's temple. Micaiah, who was the son of Gemariah and the grandson of Shaphan, heard Baruch read from the scroll everything the Lord had said. Then he went down to the scribe's room in the king's palace where all the scribes were sitting. The scribe Elishama, Deliah, son of Shemaiah, Elnathan, son of Achbor, Gemariah, son of Shaphan, Zedekiah, son of Hananiah, and all the other officials were there. Micaiah told them everything he heard Baruch read from the scroll publicly. Then all the officials sent Jehudi, who was the son of Nethaniah, the grandson of Shelemiah, and the great-grandson of Cushi, to Baruch. Jehudi said to Baruch, Bring the scroll that you read publicly and come with me. Baruch, son of Neriah, took the scroll and went with him to see the officers. They said to Baruch, Please sit down and read it to us. So Baruch read it to them. When they heard everything, they turned to each other in terror. They said to Baruch, We must tell the king everything. Then they asked Baruch, Please tell us how you wrote all this. Did Jeremiah dictate it to you? Baruch answered, He dictated everything to me, and I wrote it on the scroll in ink. The officials said to Baruch, You and Jeremiah must hide. Don't let anyone know where you are. After they put the scroll in the side room of the scribe Elishama, they went to the king in the courtyard and told him everything. Then the king sent Jehudi to get the scroll. He took the scroll from the side room of the scribe Elishama. Jehudi read it to the king and all the officials standing by the king. 
It was the ninth month, and the king was in his winter house, sitting in front of the fire in the fireplace. As Jehudi read three or four columns, the king would cut them off with a scribe's knife and throw them into the fire in the fireplace. He did this until the whole scroll was burned up. The king and all his attendants didn't show any fear or tear their clothes in fear when they heard everything being read. Even when Elnathan, Deleiah, and Gemariah urged the king not to burn the scroll, he refused to listen to them. The king commanded Jeremiah, the king's son, Seraiah, son of Azriel, and Shelemiah, son of Abdil, to arrest the scribe Baruch and the prophet Jeremiah. But the Lord had hidden Baruch and Jeremiah. After the king burned up the scroll that Baruch had written and that Jeremiah had dictated, the Lord spoke his word to Jeremiah. He said, Take another scroll and write on it everything that was written on the scroll that King Jehoiakim of Judah burned. Say about King Jehoiakim of Judah, This is what the Lord says. You burned this scroll, and you asked Jeremiah, Why did you write that the king of Babylon will certainly come to destroy this land and take away people and animals? This is what the Lord says about King Jehoiakim of Judah. He will have no one to sit on David's throne, and his own corpse will be thrown out and exposed to the heat of day and the cold of night. I will punish him, his descendants and his attendants, for their wickedness. They refuse to listen, so I will bring on them, on those who live in Jerusalem, and on the people of Judah all the disasters that I have threatened. Then Jeremiah took another scroll and gave it to the scribe Baruch, son of Neriah. As Jeremiah dictated, Baruch wrote on it everything that was on the scroll that King Jehoiakim of Judah had burned. They added many similar messages. Jeremiah, chapter 37. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon appointed Zedekiah, son of Josiah, to be king of Judah. Zedekiah succeeded Jehoiakim, son of Jehoiakim. But Zedekiah, his administrators, and the common people didn't listen to what the Lord had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. King Zedekiah sent Jehuchal, son of Shelemiah, and the priest Zephaniah, son of Maaseiah, to the prophet Jeremiah. They asked him, Please pray to the Lord our God for us. Jeremiah was still free to come and go among the people. The people of Jerusalem hadn't put him in prison yet. Pharaoh's army had come from Egypt, and when the Babylonians who were blockading Jerusalem heard this news, they retreated from Jerusalem. The Lord spoke his word to the prophet Jeremiah. He said, this is what the Lord God of Israel says. Say this to the king of Judah, who sent you to get advice from me. Pharaoh's army has come out to help you, but it will go back to Egypt, its own land. Then the Babylonians will return. They will attack the city, capture it, and burn it down. This is what the Lord says. Don't deceive yourselves by thinking that the Babylonians will leave you. They will not leave you. Even if you would defeat the entire Babylonian army so that they had only a few badly wounded men left in their tents, they would get up and burn down the city. The Babylonian army had retreated from Jerusalem because Pharaoh's army was coming. So Jeremiah wanted to leave Jerusalem and go to the territory of Benjamin to take possession of his property there among the people. But when he came to Benjamin Gate, the captain of the guard there, whose name was Irijah, son of Shelemiah and grandson of Hananiah, arrested the prophet Jeremiah. He said, You're deserting to the Babylonians. Jeremiah answered, That's a lie. I'm not deserting to the Babylonians. But Arijah wouldn't listen to him. Arijah arrested Jeremiah and took him to the officials. The officials were so angry with Jeremiah that they beat him and put him in prison in the scribe Jonathan's house, which had been turned into a prison. Jeremiah went into a prison cell, and he stayed there a long time. Then King Zedekiah sent for Jeremiah. 
And the king asked him privately in the palace, Is there any message from the Lord? Jeremiah answered, Yes, there is a message from the Lord. You will be handed over to the king of Babylon. Then Jeremiah asked King Zedekiah, What crime have I committed against you, your administrators, or these people? Why have you put me in prison? Where are the prophets who told you that the king of Babylon wouldn't attack you and this land? But now, your majesty, please listen and accept my plea for mercy. Don't return me to the scribe Jonathan's house, or I will die there. King Zedekiah gave the command to have Jeremiah put in the courtyard of the prison. He gave him a loaf of bread every day from the baker's street until all the bread in the city was gone. So Jeremiah stayed in the courtyard of the prison. Jeremiah, chapter 38. Shephatiah, son of Matan, Gedaliah, son of Pashur, Jukal, son of Shelemiah, and Pashur, son of Malchiah, heard that Jeremiah was speaking to all the people. They heard Jeremiah say, This is what the Lord says. Those who stay in this city will die in wars, famines, or plagues. But those who surrender to the Babylonians will live. They will escape with their lives. This is what the Lord says. This city will certainly be handed over to the army of the king of Babylon, and it will capture the city. Then the official said to the king, Have this man put to death. He discourages the soldiers who are left in this city and all the people by telling them such things. This man is not trying to help these people. He's trying to hurt them. King Zedekiah answered, He's in your hands. I won't do anything to stop you. So they took Jeremiah and threw him into the cistern of Malchiah, the king's son. It was in the courtyard of the prison. They used ropes to lower Jeremiah into the cistern. There was no water in the cistern, only mud, and Jeremiah sank in the mud. But an official in the royal palace, Ebed-Melech from Sudan, heard that they had put Jeremiah in the cistern. The king happened to be sitting at Benjamin Gate. Ebed-Melech left the royal palace and spoke to the king at Benjamin Gate. Your Majesty, everything that these men have done to the prophet Jeremiah is wrong. They have thrown him into the cistern where he'll starve to death, because there's no more bread in the city. Then the king gave Ebed-Melech from Sudan this command, Take thirty men from here, and lift the prophet Jeremiah out of the cistern before he dies. So Ebed-Melech took the men with him, and went to the royal palace to a room under the treasury. He took rags and torn clothes from there and lowered them with ropes to Jeremiah in the cistern. Abed-Melech from Sudan said to Jeremiah, Put these rags and torn clothes under your arms to protect you from the ropes. Jeremiah did. They used the ropes to pull Jeremiah up and lift him out of the cistern. Then Jeremiah stayed in the courtyard of the prison. King Zedekiah sent for the prophet Jeremiah and brought him to the third entrance in the Lord's temple. I'm going to ask you a question, the king said to Jeremiah. Don't hide anything from me. Jeremiah answered Zedekiah, If I answer you, you'll kill me. If I give you advice, you won't listen to me. So king Zedekiah secretly swore an oath to Jeremiah. The Lord gave us life. As the Lord lives, I will not kill you or hand you over to these men who want to kill you. Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, This is what the Lord God of armies, the God of Israel, says. If you surrender to the officers of the king of Babylon, you will live, and this city will not be burned. You and your household will live. But if you don't surrender to the officers of the king of Babylon, this city will be handed over to the Babylonians. They will burn it down, and you will not escape from them. King Zedekiah answered Jeremiah, I'm afraid of the Jews who have deserted to the Babylonians. The Babylonians may hand me over to them, and they will torture me. 
Jeremiah said, You will not be handed over to them. Obey the Lord by doing what I am telling you. Then everything will go well for you, and you will live. But if you refuse to surrender, this is what the Lord has shown me. All the women who are left in the palace of Judah's king will be brought out to the officers of the king of Babylon. These women will say, Your trusted friends have misled you and used you. Your feet are stuck in the mud, and your friends have deserted you. All your wives and children will be brought to the Babylonians. You will not escape from them. You will be captured by the king of Babylon, and this city will be burned down. Zedekiah said to Jeremiah, Don't let anyone know about this conversation, or you will die. The officials may find out that I have been talking with you. They may come to you and say, Tell us what you said to the king and what the king said to you. Don't hide anything from us, or we'll kill you. If they come to you, say to them, I asked the king not to send me back to Jonathan's house to die there. All the officials came to Jeremiah and questioned him. He told them exactly what the king had told him to say. So they stopped questioning him because they hadn't heard his conversation with the king. Jeremiah stayed in the courtyard of the prison until the day Jerusalem was captured. Jeremiah chapter 39 In the tenth month of Zedekiah's ninth year as king of Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon attacked Jerusalem with his entire army and blockaded it. On the ninth day of the fourth month of Zedekiah's eleventh year as king, they broke into the city. Then all the officers of the king of Babylon came in and sat in middle gate. Nergal, the quartermaster, Shamgar Nebo, the chief officer, Nergal, the quartermaster and the chief fortune-teller, and all the rest of the officers of the king of Babylon. When King Zedekiah of Judah and all the soldiers saw them, they fled they left the city at night by way of the king's garden through the gate between the two walls, and they took the road to the plain of Jericho. The Babylonian army pursued them and caught up with Zedekiah in the plain of Jericho. They arrested him and brought him to Babylon's king Nebuchadnezzar at Riblah in the territory of Hamath. The king of Babylon passed sentence on him. The king of Babylon slaughtered Zedekiah's sons as Zedekiah watched at Riblah. He also slaughtered all the leaders of Judah. Then he blinded Zedekiah, put him in bronze shackles, and took him to Babylon. The Babylonians burned down the royal palace and the people's homes, and they tore down the walls of Jerusalem. Nebuzaradan, Babylon's captain of the guard, captured the few people left in the city, those who surrendered to him and the rest of the people. But Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, left some poor people who had nothing in the land of Judah, at that time he gave them vineyards and farms. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon gave Nebuzaradan an order concerning Jeremiah. He said, Take him and look after him. Don't harm him in any way, but do for him whatever he asks. Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, Nebuchashban, the chief official, Nergal, the quartermaster and the chief fortune-teller, and all the other leaders of the king of Babylon sent for Jeremiah. They took Jeremiah out of the courtyard of the prison, and handed him over to Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, and grandson of Shaphan, to take him home. So he lived among the people. While Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the prison, the Lord spoke his word to him. The Lord said, Say to Abed-Melech from Sudan, This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. I'm going to carry out my threat against this city by bringing disaster on it instead of prosperity. At that time these things will happen as you watch. But at that time I will rescue you, declares the Lord. You will not be handed over to those you fear. I will certainly rescue you. You will not die in war. You will escape with your life because you trusted me, declares the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 40 The Lord spoke his word to Jeremiah after Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, let him go at Ramah, 
Nebuzaradan found Jeremiah in chains along with the captives of Jerusalem and Judah who were being taken to Babylon. The captain of the guard took Jeremiah aside and said to him, The Lord your God threatened to bring this disaster on this place. He has carried out his threat. The Lord did as he promised because you Israelites have sinned against him and refused to obey him. That is why this has happened to you. Today I am removing the chains from your hands. If you would like to come with me to Babylon, come, and I'll look after you. But if you don't want to come with me to Babylon, don't come. The whole land is yours. Go wherever you want. If you wish to remain, then go back to Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, and grandson of Shaphan, whom the king of Babylon appointed to govern the cities of Judah. Live among the people with him, or go anywhere you want. The captain of the guard gave Jeremiah some food and a present and let him go. Jeremiah went to Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, at Mizpah, and lived with him among the people who were left in the land. All the army commanders and their men who were in the field heard that the king of Babylon had appointed Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, to govern the country, and some of the country's poorest men, women, and children who had not been taken away to Babylon. These are the commanders who went with their men to Gedaliah at Mizpah, Ishmael, son of Nethaniah, Johanan, and Jonathan, sons of Korea, Seraiah, son of Tanhumeth, the sons of Ephai, from Netophah, and Jezaniah, who was the son of a man from Maacah. Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, and grandson of Shaphan, swore an oath to them and their men. He said, Don't be afraid to serve the Babylonians. Live in this country, serve the king of Babylon, and you will prosper. I'm going to live in Mizpah and represent you when the Babylonians come to us. Gather grapes, summer fruit, and olive oil, and put them in storage jars. Live in the cities you have taken over. Now all the Jews who were in Moab, Ammon, Edom, and in all the other countries heard that the king of Babylon had left a few survivors in Judah and had appointed Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, and grandson of Shaphan, to govern them. So all the Jews returned from all the places where they had been scattered. They came to Judah and to Gedaliah at Mizpah. They gathered a large harvest of grapes and summer fruit. Kerea's son, Johanan, and all the army commanders who were still in the country came to Gedaliah at Mizpah. They asked him, Do you know that King Baalis of the Ammonites has sent Ishmael, Nethaniah's son, to kill you? However, Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, didn't believe them. Then Jehonan, Kerea's son, secretly asked Gedaliah at Mizpah, Let me kill Ishmael, Nethaniah's son. No one will know about it. Why should he kill you? All the Jews who have gathered around you would scatter. What is left of Judah would disappear. Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, told Johanan, Kerea's son, don't do that. What you are saying about Ishmael is a lie. Jeremiah chapter 41. In the seventh month, Ishmael, son of Nethaniah and grandson of Elishama, a descendant of the royal family and of the king's officers, went with ten men to Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, at Mizpah. As they ate together at Mizpah, Ishmael, son of Nethaniah, and the ten men who were with him got up, drew their swords, and killed Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, and grandson of Shaphan. So they assassinated the man whom the king of Babylon had appointed to govern the land. Ishmael also killed all the Jews who were with Gedaliah at Mizpah, as well as the Babylonian soldiers that he found there. The day after the murder of Gedaliah, before anyone knew about it, eighty men arrived from Shechem, Shiloh, and Samaria. Their beards were shaved off, their clothes were torn, and cuts were on their bodies. They brought grain offerings and incense to the Lord's temple. Ishmael, son of Nethaniah, left Mizpah to meet them, crying as he went. When he met them, he said to them, Come to Gedaliah, son of Ahikam. 
When they came into the city, Ishmael, son of Nethaniah, and his men slaughtered them and threw them into a cistern. However, ten men from the group had said to Ishmael, Don't kill us. We have wheat, barley, olive oil, and honey hidden in the country. So he left them alone and didn't kill them along with the others. Now the cistern where Ishmael threw all the bodies of the men he had killed was the same one that King Asa made as a part of his defense against King Baasha of Israel. Ishmael, son of Nethaniah, filled it with the bodies. Then Ishmael took captive the rest of the people who were at Mizpah. He captured the king's daughters and all the other people who had been left at Mizpah. They were the people whom Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, had put under the control of Gedaliah, son of Ahikam. Ishmael, son of Nethaniah, took them captive and left for Ammon. When Korea's son Johanan and all the army commanders who were with him heard about all the crimes Ishmael, son of Nethaniah, had done, they took all their men and went to fight Ishmael. They caught up with him at the large pool in Gibeon. When all the people who were with Ishmael saw Korea's son Johanan and all the army commanders who were with him, they were glad. Then all the people Ishmael had taken captive at Mizpah turned and ran to Korea's son Johanan. Ishmael and eight of his men escaped from Johanan and fled to Ammon. Then Korea's son Johanan and all the army commanders who were with him brought back the rest of the people of Mizpah, whom he had rescued from Ishmael, son of Nethaniah, after Ishmael had killed Gedaliah, son of Ahikam. Johanan brought back men, women, children, soldiers, and commanders from Gibeon. When they left Gibeon, they stayed near Bethlehem at Geruth Kimham on their way to Egypt. They were afraid of the Babylonians because Ishmael had killed Gedaliah, whom the king of Babylon had appointed to govern the land. Jeremiah chapter 42. Then all the army commanders, along with Korea's son Johanan and Hoseiah's son Jezaniah, and all the people from the least important to the most important, came to the prophet Jeremiah. They said to him, Please listen to our request and pray to the Lord your God for all of us who are left here. As you can see, there are only a few of us left. Let the Lord your God tell us where we should go and what we should do. The prophet Jeremiah answered them, I have listened to your request. I will pray to the Lord your God as you have requested, and I will tell you everything the Lord says. I won't keep anything from you. They said to Jeremiah, May the Lord be a true and faithful witness against us if we don't do exactly what the Lord your God tells us to do. We will obey the Lord our God to whom we are sending you, whether it's good or bad. Yes, we will obey the Lord our God, so that everything will go well for us. After ten days the Lord spoke his word to Jeremiah. So Jeremiah called Korea's son, Johanan, all the army commanders who were with him, and all the people from the least important to the most important. Jeremiah said to them, You sent me to plead your case humbly to the Lord. This is what the Lord God of Israel says. Suppose you stay in this land, then I will build you up and not tear you down. I will plant you and not uproot you. I will change my plans about the disaster I've brought on you. Don't be afraid of the king of Babylon, whom you now fear. Don't be afraid of him, declares the Lord. I'm with you. I will save you and rescue you from his power. I will have compassion on you. I will make him have compassion on you and return you to your land. But suppose you say, We won't stay in this land, and you disobey the Lord your God. Then you say, We'll go to Egypt, where we won't have to see war, hear the sound of a ram's horn, or be hungry. We'll stay there. Now listen to the word of the Lord, you people who are left in Judah. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. Suppose you're determined to go to Egypt, and you go and live there. 
Then the wars you fear will catch up with you in Egypt. The famines you dread will follow you to Egypt, and you will die there. So all the people who decide to go and live in Egypt will die in wars, famines, and plagues. No one will survive or escape the disasters I will bring on them. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. As my anger and my fury were poured out on those who live in Jerusalem, so my fury will be poured out on you if you go to Egypt. You will become a curse word. You will become something ridiculed, cursed, and disgraced. You won't see this place again. The Lord has told you people who are left in Judah not to go to Egypt. You need to know that I am warning you today. You only deceived yourselves when you sent me to the Lord your God and said, Pray to the Lord our God for us and tell us everything that the Lord our God says, and we'll do it. I have told you today, but you won't obey anything the Lord your God sent me to tell you. But now you need to know that you will die in wars, famines, or plagues in the place where you want to go and live. Jeremiah chapter 43. So Jeremiah finished telling all the people the message from the Lord their God. He told them everything the Lord their God sent him to tell them. Azariah son of Hoshaiah, Johanan son of Kareah, and all the arrogant people said to Jeremiah, You're lying. The Lord our God didn't send you to tell us that we must not go to live in Egypt. But Baruch, son of Neriah, has turned you against us in order to hand us over to the Babylonians. Then they will kill us or take us as captives to Babylon. So Johanan, son of Korea, all the army commanders, and all the people didn't obey the Lord. They didn't stay in Judah. Johanan, son of Korea, and all the army commanders took all the people who were left in Judah to Egypt. These were all the people who had come back to Judah from the places where they had been scattered. They took men, women, children, and the king's daughters. They took every person whom Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, had left with Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, and grandson of Shaphan, including the prophet Jeremiah and Baruch, son of Neriah. They didn't listen to the Lord, so they went to Egypt. They went as far as Tapanes. Then the Lord spoke his word to Jeremiah in Tapanes. He said, Take some large stones and bury them under the brick pavement at the entrance to the Pharaoh's palace in Tapanes. Do this while the people of Judah watch you. Say to them, This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. I am going to send for my servant King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. I will set his throne over these stones that I buried, and I will spread his royal canopy above them. He will defeat Egypt. He will bring death to those who are supposed to die. He will capture those who are supposed to be captured. He will kill in battle those who are supposed to be killed in battle. He will set fire to the temples of Egypt's gods. He will burn down the temples and take their gods captives. Nebuchadnezzar will put on Egypt as his coat as a shepherd puts on his coat. He will leave Egypt peacefully. At Beth Shemesh he will break the monuments in Egypt and burn down the temples of Egypt's gods. Jeremiah chapter 44 The Lord spoke his word to Jeremiah about all the Jews living in Egypt at Migdal, Tapanes, Noph, and Pathros. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. You have seen all the disasters I brought on Jerusalem and on all the cities of Judah. Today they are deserted ruins. It is because their people did evil, and they made me angry. They went to burn incense and serve other gods that neither you nor your ancestors heard of. I have sent my servants, the prophets, to you again and again to tell you not to do these detestable things that I hate. But you wouldn't listen or pay attention. You wouldn't turn from your wicked ways and wouldn't stop burning incense as an offering to other gods. 
That is why my fury and anger were poured out and continued to burn in the cities of Judah and on the streets of Jerusalem. So they became the desolate ruin that they are today. Now this is what the Lord God of armies, the God of Israel, says. Why do you bring this terrible disaster on yourselves? Why do you keep destroying men, women, children, and babies from Judah until none are left? Why do you make me angry by burning incense to other gods in Egypt where you have come to live? You will destroy yourselves and be cursed and ridiculed by all the nations on earth. Have you forgotten the wicked things done by your ancestors, by the kings of Judah and their wives, and by you and your wives in Judah and on the streets of Jerusalem? You have not humbled yourselves even to this day. You haven't feared me or lived your lives by my teachings or by my decrees that I gave your ancestors. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. I'm going to bring disaster on you and destroy all of Judah. I will take away from Judah those who are left, those who were determined to go to live in Egypt. They will die in Egypt, all of them, from the least important to the most important, will die in wars or be brought to an end by famines. They will become something cursed, ridiculed, and disgraced. I will punish those living in Egypt as I punished Jerusalem with wars, famines, and plagues. None of the people of Judah who went to live in Egypt will survive or return to Judah, where they long to return and live. Only a few refugees will return there. Then all the men who knew that their wives were burning incense to other gods, all the women who were standing there, and all the people who lived in Pathros in Egypt answered Jeremiah. They said, We won't listen to the message that you have spoken to us in the Lord's name. We will do everything we said we would do. We will burn incense to the Queen of Heaven and pour out wine offerings to her, as our ancestors, our kings, and our officials did in the cities of Judah and on the streets of Jerusalem. We had plenty to eat then, and we lived comfortably and saw no disaster. But since we stopped burning incense to the Queen of Heaven and pouring out wine offerings to her, we have had nothing but wars and famines. The women added, When we burned incense to the Queen of Heaven, poured out wine offerings to her, and made cakes for her with her image on them, do you think our husbands didn't approve? Then Jeremiah said to all the people, both men and women, to everyone who answered him, Doesn't the Lord remember that you burned incense in the cities of Judah, and on the streets of Jerusalem, along with your ancestors, your kings, and your officials, and the people of the land? The Lord could no longer bear the wicked and detestable things you did. That is why your land has become something ruined, destroyed, and cursed. No one lives in that land today. You burned incense as offerings to other gods, sinned against the Lord, and wouldn't obey Him. You didn't live by His teachings, decrees, or written instructions. That is why you have met with this disaster as it is today. Then Jeremiah said to all the people, including the women, Listen to the word of the Lord, all you people of Judah who are in Egypt. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. You and your wives made promises, and you have kept them. You said, We will certainly do what we vow. We will burn incense to the Queen of Heaven and pour out wine offerings to her. So go ahead, keep your vows, and do what you vow. But listen to the word of the Lord, all you people of Judah who live in Egypt. I swear by my great name, says the Lord, that no one from Judah who lives anywhere in Egypt will ever again call on my name and take the oath as the Almighty Lord lives. I am going to watch over them. I am going to watch over them to bring disasters, not blessings. In Egypt the people from Judah will die in wars and famines until everyone is gone. Those who escape the wars will return to Judah from Egypt.'
Then all the people of Judah who went to live in Egypt will know whose words have come true, mine or theirs. I will give you this sign, declares the Lord. I will punish you in this place, so that you will know that my threats of disaster will happen to you. This is what the Lord says, I am going to hand Pharaoh Hophra, king of Egypt, over to his enemies, and to those who want to kill him, just as I handed over King Zedekiah of Judah to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, and to those who wanted to kill him. Jeremiah chapter 45 This is the message that the prophet Jeremiah spoke to Baruch son of Neriah. Baruch wrote these things on a scroll as Jeremiah dictated them during the fourth year that Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, was king of Judah. Jeremiah said, This is what the Lord God of Israel says to you, Baruch. You said, I am so miserable. The Lord has added grief to my pain. I am worn out from groaning. I can't find any rest. Say this to Baruch. This is what the Lord says. I will tear down what I have built. I will uproot what I have planted throughout the earth. Are you looking for great things for yourself? Don't look for them, because I am going to bring disaster on all people, declares the Lord. But wherever you go, I will let you escape with your life. Jeremiah chapter 46 The Lord spoke this message to the prophet Jeremiah about the nations. This is the message about Egypt, about the army of Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon defeated his army at Carchemish along the Euphrates River during the fourth year that Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, was king of Judah. Get your large and small shields ready, advance into battle, harness your horses, mount up, you horsemen, take your positions and put on your helmets, polish your spears, put on your armor. What do I see in them? They are terrified, they are retreating, their warriors are defeated, they flee without looking back. Terror is all around them, declares the Lord. The infantry can't flee, the warriors can't escape, they stumble and fall in the north by the Euphrates River. Who is this, rising like the Nile River, like streams that flow swiftly? Egypt is like the rising Nile River, like a river quickly overflowing its banks. Egypt says, I will rise, I will cover the earth, I will destroy cities and the people in them. Go into battle, you horsemen, drive wildly, you chariot drivers, march into battle, you warriors, you warriors from Sudan and Put who carry shields, you warriors from Lydia who use bows and arrows. That day belongs to the Almighty Lord of armies. It is a day of vengeance when he will take revenge on his enemies. His sword will devour until it has had enough, and it will drink their blood until it's full. The Almighty Lord of armies will offer them as sacrifices in the north by the Euphrates River. Go to Gilead and get medicine, dear people of Egypt. You have used many medicines without results. You can't be cured. The nations have heard of your shame. Your cry fills the earth. One warrior will stumble over another, and both will fall together. The Lord spoke this message to the prophet Jeremiah about the coming of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, who will defeat Egypt. Tell this in Egypt, announce this in Migdal, make it known in Memphis and in Toponese. Say, take your positions and get ready. Swords will kill those around you. Why should your soldiers be cut down? They can't stand because the Lord will push them down. They have repeatedly stumbled, and now they have fallen. They say to each other, Get up! Let's go back to our people, to the land where we were born, and escape our enemy's sword. There they will cry, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, is a big windbag. He has missed his chance. As I live, declares the king, whose name is the Lord of armies, someone who is like Mount Tabor among the mountains will come. 
Someone who is like Mount Carmel by the sea will come. Pack your bags, inhabitants of Egypt, because you will be taken away as captives. Memphis will become a dreary wasteland, a pile of rubble where no one lives. Egypt is like a beautiful cow, but a horsefly from the north will attack it. Egypt's hired soldiers are like fattened calves. They will turn and run away together. They won't stand their ground. The day of destruction is coming. At that time they will be punished. Egypt will hiss like a snake as it slithers away. Its enemies will come with full force. They will attack it with axes like those who chop wood. They will cut down the forest, declares the Lord, since Egypt can't be found. They are more numerous than locusts. They can't be counted. The people of Egypt will be put to shame. They will be handed over to the people from the north. The Lord of armies, God of Israel, says, I am going to punish Ammon, who is the god of Thebes. I will also punish Pharaoh, Egypt, its gods, its kings, and whoever trusts Pharaoh. I'll hand them over to those who want to kill them, to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon and his officers. Afterward, they will live in peace as they did long ago, declares the Lord. Don't be afraid, my servant Jacob. Don't be terrified, Israel. I'm going to rescue you and your descendants from a faraway land, from the land where you are captives. Then Jacob's descendants will again have undisturbed peace, and no one will make them afraid. Don't be afraid, my servant Jacob, declares the Lord. I am with you. I will completely destroy all the nations where I scattered you, but I will not completely destroy you. I will correct you with justice. I won't let you go entirely unpunished. Jeremiah chapter 47. The Lord spoke this message to the prophet Jeremiah about the Philistines before Pharaoh defeated Gaza. This is what the Lord says. Water is rising in the north. It will become an overflowing river. It will overflow the land and everything in it, the cities and those who live in them. People will cry out, and everyone who lives in the land will cry loudly. They will hear the sound of galloping war horses, the rattling of enemy chariots, and the rumbling of their wheels. Fathers who lack courage abandon their children. The time has come to destroy all the Philistines, to cut off from Tyre and Sidon any Philistine who might have escaped to get help. The Lord will destroy the Philistines and anyone who is left from the island of Crete. Gaza will shave its head in mourning. Ashkelon will be destroyed. How long will you cut yourselves, you people left on the plains? You cry out, Sword of the Lord, how long will you keep on fighting? Go back into your scabbard, stay there and rest. How can the sword of the Lord rest? The Lord has ordered it to attack Ashkelon and the coast. He has put it there. Jeremiah chapter 48. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says about Moab. How horrible it will be for Nabo. It will be destroyed. Kiriathaim will be put to shame. It will be captured. Its stronghold will be put to shame and torn down. People will no longer praise Moab. The people in Heshbon will plan Moab's destruction. Let's destroy that nation. You will be silenced, city of madmen. Death will come after you. People will cry out from Horonaim, looting and great destruction. Moab will be broken. Its little ones will cry out. People go up the pass of Luhith, crying bitterly as they go. On the road down to Horonaim, they have heard the distressful cry of destruction. Run away. Run for your lives. Run like a wild donkey in the desert. Since you trust the things you do and your treasures, you will be captured. Chemosh will go into captivity with all its priests and officials. 
The destroyer will come to every city, and no city will escape. The valley will be destroyed, and the plain will be laid waste, as the Lord has threatened. Put salt on Moab, it will be destroyed. Its cities will become deserted ruins. Cursed are those who neglect doing the Lord's work. Cursed are those who keep their swords from killing. Moab has lived securely ever since it was young. Its people are like wine left to settle in a jar. They aren't poured from one jar to another. They haven't gone into captivity. That is why its flavor has remained the same, and its aroma hasn't changed. That is why the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will send people to pour Moab out of its jars and to smash its pitchers. Then Moab will be ashamed of Chemosh, as the nation of Israel was ashamed when it trusted Bethel. How can you say, We are soldiers and warriors? The enemy will attack Moab and destroy its cities. Its finest young men will be slaughtered, declares the king, whose name is the Lord of Armies. Moab's destruction is coming near. Disaster is coming quickly. Mourn over it, all of its neighbors and everyone who knows its fame. Say, look at the strong staff, the beautiful rod that is broken. People of Dibon, come down from your place of honor and sit on the dry ground. The destroyers of Moab will attack you. They will destroy your fortresses. Stand by the road in Aroer and watch. Ask those who are fleeing and those who are escaping what is happening. They will answer, Moab is disgraced. It is defeated. Shout loudly and cry. Tell the news in Arnon that Moab is destroyed. Judgment has come to all the cities on the plain, to Holan, Jaza, Mafath, Debon, Nebo, Beth Diblathaim, Kiriathaim, Beth Gamul, Beth Meon, Kiriath, Bozrah, and on all the cities of Moab far and near. Moab's horn is cut off, and its arm is broken, declares the Lord. Get the people of Moab drunk. They have spoken against the Lord. They will wallow in their own vomit, and people will laugh at them. People of Moab, didn't you laugh at the people of Israel? Were they caught among thieves? Whenever you talk about them, you shake your heads in contempt. People of Moab, abandon your cities. Live among the cliffs. Be like doves that make their nests at the entrance of a cave. We have heard about the arrogance of Moab's people. They are very arrogant. They are very arrogant, conceited, and boastful. I know how arrogant they are, declares the Lord, but it isn't right. They brag and don't do what they say. That is why I will weep for Moab and cry for all of Moab. I will moan for the people of Kir Hareseth. I will cry for you as Jezer cries. I will cry for you, grapevines of Sibma. Your branches once spread as far as the sea, and they reached as far as the sea of Jazer. The destroyer will destroy your ripened fruits and your grapes. Joy and gladness have disappeared from the orchards and fields of Moab. I will stop the wine flowing from the wine presses. No one will stomp on grapes with shouts of joy. There will be shouts, but not shouts of joy. The cry will be heard from Heshbon to Eliela and Jahaz. It will be heard from Zoar to Horonaim and Eglath-Sheleshiah. Even the streams of Nimrim will dry up. I will stop those in Moab who come to worship sites, those who bring offerings to their gods, declares the Lord. That is why I moan for Moab like a flute. I sound like a flute for the people of Kirharaseth. The wealth they gain has disappeared. Every head is shaved and every beard is cut off. There are gashes on every hand and sackcloth on every waist. People in Moab will mourn on every rooftop and in every street. 
There will be mourning everywhere, because I will break Moab like a jaw that no one wants, declares the Lord. They will cry, Look how Moab is defeated. Moab turns away in shame. Moab has become something ridiculed and something held in contempt by everyone around it. This is what the Lord says. The enemy will swoop down like eagles and spread their wings over Moab. The cities will be taken and the fortified places will be captured. On that day, Moab's soldiers will be like women in childbirth. Moab will be destroyed as a nation because it spoke against the Lord. Disasters, pits, and traps are in store for those who live in Moab, declares the Lord. Whoever flees from a disaster will fall into a pit. Whoever climbs out of the pit will be caught in a trap. I will bring a year of punishment to Moab, declares the Lord. Those who flee will stand exhausted in the shadow of Heshbon. A fire will come out of Heshbon and a flame from Sechon. It will burn the foreheads of the people of Moab and the skulls of those noisy people. How horrible it will be for you, Moab! You people of Chemosh will die. Your sons will be taken away into exile, and your daughters will be taken away into captivity. But I will restore Moab in the last days, declares the Lord. The judgment against Moab ends here. Jeremiah chapter 49. This is what the Lord says about the people of Ammon. Doesn't Israel have any children? Doesn't it have any heirs? Why then has the god Milcom taken over the inheritance of God's descendants? Why do Milcom's people live in God's cities? That is why the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will sound the battle cry against Rabbah, where the people of Ammon live. It will become a pile of rubble. Its villages will be burned down. Then Israel will take possession of its inheritance, says the Lord. Cry loudly, Heshbon, because Ai is destroyed. Cry, people of Rabbah, put on your sackcloth and mourn. Run back and forth between the walls. Milcom will be taken away into captivity with its priests and officials. Why do you brag about your valleys, your fertile valleys, you unfaithful people? You trust your treasures. You think, who would attack me? I am going to bring terror on you from all around, declares the Almighty Lord of Armies. Everyone will be scattered. No one will gather the refugees. But afterward, I will return the captives of Ammon, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord of Armies says about Edom. Is there no longer any wisdom in Teman? Has wisdom disappeared from your people? Has their wisdom vanished? Turn and run, hide in deep caves, inhabitants of Dedan. When I punish them, I will bring disaster on the descendants of Esau. If people come to pick your grapes, won't they leave a few grapes behind? If thieves come during the night, won't they steal only until they've had enough? Yet I will strip the descendants of Esau. I will find their hiding places. They won't be able to hide. Their children and relatives will be destroyed. None of their neighbors will say, Abandon your orphans, and I will keep them alive. Your widows can trust me. This is what the Lord says. If those who don't deserve to drink from the cup still drink from it, why should you go unpunished? You won't go unpunished. You must drink from it. I take an oath on myself, declares the Lord, that Bozrah will become a pile of rubble. It will become something horrifying, ridiculed, ruined, and cursed. All its cities will lie in ruins permanently. I heard a message from the Lord. A messenger was sent among the nations to say, Assemble and attack Edom. Get ready for battle. Edom, I will make you the smallest of nations and despised among humanity. You have frightened other people. Your arrogance has deceived you. You live on rocky cliffs and occupy the highest places in the hills, even though you build your nest as high as an eagle, 
I will bring you down from there, declares the Lord. Then Edom will become something horrible. Everyone who passes by it will be horrified and hiss at all its wounds. Edom will be like Sodom, Gomorrah, and their neighboring cities when they were destroyed. No one will live there. No human will stay there, says the Lord. I will suddenly chase them from their places like a lion coming out of the jungle along the Jordan River into pastureland. I will appoint over Edom whomever I choose. Who is like me? Who can challenge me? Is there any leader who can stand up to me? Listen to the plans that the Lord is making against Edom, and the things he intends to do to those who live in Taman. He will surely drag away the little ones of the flock. He will surely destroy the pasture because of the people who live in Taman. The earth will quake at the sound of their downfall. The sound of their crying will be heard at the Red Sea. The enemy will swoop down like eagles and spread their wings over Bozrah. On that day, Edom's soldiers will be like women in childbirth. This is a message about Damascus. Hamath and Arpad are worried because they heard the bad news. They melt in fear. They are troubled like a sea that can't be calmed. The people of Damascus are weak. They turn to flee, but panic grips them. Anguish and pain grip them like a woman in labor. Why isn't that famous happy city abandoned? That is why its young men will die in the streets, and its soldiers will be silenced that day, declares the Lord of Armies. I will set fire to the walls of Damascus and burn down Ben-Hadad's palaces. This is about the tribe of Kedar and the kingdoms of Hazor that King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon defeated. This is what the Lord says. Get ready, attack Kedar, and loot the people from the east. Their tents and their flocks will be taken. Their tent curtains, utensils, and camels will be carried away. People will shout to them, Terror is all around. Run far away. Find a place to hide, inhabitants of Hazor, declares the Lord. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon has made plans against you and intends to attack you. Get ready. Attack the nation living peacefully and securely, declares the Lord. It is a nation with no gates or bars. Its people live alone. Their camels will be taken as prizes. Their large herds will be taken as loot. I will scatter to the winds those who shave the hair on their foreheads. I will bring disaster on them from every side, declares the Lord. Hazor will be a place where only jackals live. It will become a permanent wasteland. No one will live there. No human will stay there. Early in the rule of King Zedekiah of Judah, the Lord spoke his word to the prophet Jeremiah about Elam. This is what the Lord of armies says. I'm going to break the bows of Elam's archers, the most important weapon of their strength. I'll bring the four winds from the four corners of heaven against Elam and scatter its people in every direction. There won't be a nation where Elam's refugees won't go. I'll defeat the people of Elam in the presence of their enemies, in the presence of those who want to kill them. I'll bring disaster with my burning anger, declares the Lord. I'll send armies after them until I put an end to them. I'll set my throne in Elam and destroy its king and officials, declares the Lord. But afterward, I'll return the captives of Elam, declares the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 50. This is the message that the Lord spoke about Babylon and the land of the Babylonians through the prophet Jeremiah. Announce this among the nations and spread the news. Raise a flag and announce it. Don't hide anything. Say Babylon will be captured. Bel will be put to shame. Marduk will be filled with terror. Babylon's statues will be put to shame. Its idols will be filled with terror. A nation from the north will attack Babylon, 
and destroy its land so that no one will live in it. People and animals will run away. In those days and at that time, declares the Lord, the people of Israel and Judah will cry as they go together to seek the Lord their God. They will ask which road goes to Zion and turn in that direction. They will go there to make a permanent agreement with the Lord. It will not be forgotten. My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have led them astray. They wander around on the mountains. They go from mountains to hills. They have forgotten their resting place. Everyone who finds them eats them. Their enemies say, We are not guilty. They have sinned against the Lord, their true pasture. They have sinned against the Lord, the hope of their ancestors. Run away from Babylon. Leave the land of the Babylonians. Be like the male goats that lead the flock. I am going to stir up an alliance of strong nations from the north and bring it against Babylon. Those nations will take up positions against Babylon. Babylon will be captured from the north. Its enemies' arrows will be like skilled soldiers who don't come back empty-handed. The Babylonians will become the prize. All who loot them will get everything they want, declares the Lord. You are happy and excited. You have looted the people who belong to me. You dance around like calves on the grass and neigh like stallions. But your mother will be greatly ashamed. The woman who gave birth to you will be disgraced. Babylon, you will be the least important nation. You will become a parched desert. No one will live in Babylon because of the Lord's anger. It will be completely abandoned. Everyone who passes by Babylon will be horrified and hiss at all its wounds. Take up your positions around Babylon, all you archers with bows. Shoot at it. Don't save any arrows, because the people of Babylon have sinned against the Lord. Shout a war cry against them on every side. They'll surrender. Their towers will fall and their walls will be torn down, since this is the Lord's vengeance. Take revenge against them. Do to them what they did to others. Don't allow anyone in Babylon to plant or harvest. Everyone will turn to his own people and flee to his own homeland because of the enemy's swords. The people of Israel are like scattered sheep that lions have chased. The first to devour them was the king of Assyria. The last to gnaw at their bones was King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. I am going to punish the king of Babylon and his land as I punish the king of Assyria. I will bring the people of Israel back to their pastures. They will eat on Mount Carmel and Mount Bashan. They will eat until they are full on the mountains of Ephraim and Gilead. In those days and at that time, declares the Lord, people will look for Israel's crimes, but they will find none. They will look for Judah's sins, but none will be found. I will forgive the faithful few whom I have spared. Attack the land of Merathaim and the people who live in Pekod. Claim them for me by killing them with a sword, declares the Lord. Do everything I commanded you. The noise of battle and great destruction fills the land. The hammer of the whole earth is broken and shattered. See how desolate Babylon is of all the nations. I will set traps for you, Babylon. You will be caught, but you won't know it. You will be found and captured because you have opposed the Lord. The Lord will open his armory and bring out the weapons of his fury, because the Almighty Lord of armies has a job to do in the land of the Babylonians. Attack them from a distance, open their storehouses, pile up their corpses like piles of grain, claim them for me by destroying them, and don't leave anyone behind. Kill all their young bulls, let them go to be slaughtered. How horrible it will be for them when their time has come, the time for them to be punished. 
Listen, fugitives and refugees from Babylon are coming to Zion to tell about the vengeance of the Lord our God, the vengeance for his temple. Call together the archers, the soldiers with bows, against Babylon. Set up blockades around it. Don't let anyone escape. Pay the people of Babylon back for what they have done. Do to them what they did to others. They have disobeyed the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. That is why their young men will die in the streets, and all their soldiers will be silenced that day, declares the Lord. I'm against you, you arrogant city, declares the Almighty Lord of armies. Your day has come, the time when I will punish you. Those arrogant people will stumble and fall, and there will be no one to help them get up. I will light a fire in their cities that will burn up everything around them. This is what the Lord of armies says. All the people of Israel and Judah are oppressed. All their enemies have captured them. They refuse to let them go. Their defender is strong. His name is the Lord of armies. He will certainly take up their cause in order to bring rest to the land of Israel and unrest to the people who live in Babylon. A sword will kill the Babylonians and everyone who lives in Babylon, declares the Lord. A sword will kill their officials and their wise men. A sword will kill the false prophets. They will become fools. A sword will kill their soldiers and defeat them. A sword will kill their horses, their chariots, and all the foreigners within their ranks. They will become women. A sword will destroy their treasures, and they will be looted. A drought will diminish their water supply, and it will dry up. Babylon is a land of idols, statues that will go crazy with fear. That is why desert animals will live with hyenas. Desert owls will also live there. It will no longer be inhabited or lived in for generations. Babylon will be like Sodom, Gomorrah, and their neighboring cities when I, God, destroyed them. No one will live there. No human will stay there, declares the Lord. People are going to come from the north. A great nation and many kings will rise from the ends of the earth. They will take hold of bows and spears. They will be cruel and have no compassion. They will sound like the sea when it roars. They will ride horses. They are ready for war, ready to attack you, people of Babylon. The king of Babylon has heard reports about them, and he loses courage. Anguish will grip him as pain grips a woman in labor. I will suddenly chase them from their places like a lion coming out of the jungle along the Jordan River into pasture land. I will appoint over Babylon whomever I choose. Who is like me? Who can challenge me? Is there any leader who can stand up to me? Listen to the plans that the Lord is making against Babylon and the things he intends to do to the land of the Babylonians. He will surely drag away the little ones of the flock. He will surely destroy the pasture because of the Babylonians. The earth will quake at the news that Babylon has been captured. Its cry will be heard among the nations. Jeremiah chapter 51. This is what the Lord says. I will stir up a destructive wind against Babylon and against the people who live in Lebkamai. I will send people to winnow Babylon, to winnow it and strip its land bare. They will attack it from every direction on the day of trouble. Have the archers bend their bows, have them put on their armor. Don't spare Babylon's young men. Completely destroy its whole army. Babylon's soldiers will fall down badly wounded in their streets. They will lie dead in their own land. Israel and Judah haven't been abandoned by their God, the Lord of armies, although their land is guilty of abandoning the Holy One of Israel. Run away from Babylon. Run for your lives. You shouldn't die because of Babylon's crimes. This is the time for the vengeance of the Lord. He will pay the people of Babylon back for what they have done. 
Babylon was a golden cup in the Lord's hand. It made the whole world drink. The nations drank its wine. That is why the nations have gone insane. Babylon will suddenly fall and be shattered. Cry for it. Bring medicine for its pain. Maybe it can be healed. We wanted to heal Babylon, but it couldn't be healed. Let's abandon it and go to our own land. God has judged Babylon. Its judgment is complete. The Lord has brought about our victory. Let's announce in Zion what the Lord our God has done. Sharpen the arrows, fill the quivers. The Lord will stir up the spirit of the kings of the Medes, because his plan is to destroy Babylon. The Lord will avenge his temple, raise your battle flag in front of the walls of Babylon, strengthen the guards, station watchmen, prepare ambushes. The Lord will carry out his plans against the people who live in Babylon. Babylon, you live beside many rivers and are rich with treasures, but your end has come. The thread of your life has been cut off. The Lord of armies has taken an oath on himself. I will certainly fill you with many enemy armies. They will swarm like locusts. People will shout their victory over you. The Lord made the earth by his power. He set up the world by his wisdom. He stretched out heaven by his understanding. When he thunders, the water in the sky roars. He makes clouds rise from the ends of the earth. He sends lightning with the rain. He brings wind out of his storehouses. Everyone is stupid and ignorant. Metalsmiths are put to shame by their idols. Their statues are false gods. They can't breathe. They are worthless jokes. When they are punished, they will disappear. Jacob's God isn't like them. He made everything, and Israel is the tribe that belongs to him. His name is the Lord of Armies. You are my war club and my weapon for battle. I will use you to crush nations. I will use you to destroy kingdoms. I will use you to crush horses and their riders. I will use you to crush chariots and their drivers. I will use you to crush men and women. I will use you to crush the old and the young. I will use you to crush young men and women. I will use you to crush shepherds and their flocks. I will use you to crush farmers and their oxen. I will use you to crush governors and officials. In your presence I will pay back Babylon and all the people who live in Babylon for all the evil things that they did in Zion, declares the Lord. I am against you, Babylon, you destructive mountain. You have destroyed the whole earth, declares the Lord. I will use my power against you, roll you off the cliffs, and make you a scorched mountain. People won't find any stones in you to use as a cornerstone. They won't find any stones in you to use for a foundation. You will become permanent ruins, declares the Lord. Raise your battle flag throughout the world. Blow the ram's horn among the nations. Prepare nations to attack Babylon. Tell the kingdoms of Ararat, Mini, and Ashkenaz to attack it. Appoint a commander to lead the attack. Bring up horses like a swarm of locusts. Prepare nations to attack Babylon. Prepare the king of the Medes, their governors, all their deputies, and all the countries that they rule. The earth trembles and writhes in pain. The Lord carries out his plans against Babylon to make Babylon a wasteland so that no one will live there. The warriors of Babylon have stopped fighting. They stay in their fortified cities. Their strength has failed. They have become women. Their buildings are set on fire. The bars across their gates are broken. Runners run to meet runners. Messengers follow messengers. They inform the king of Babylon that his entire city is captured. The river crossings have been taken. The enemy has burned its marshes, and its soldiers are terrified. 
This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. The people of Babylon are like a threshing floor at the time it is trampled. Their harvest time will come soon. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon has devoured us. He has thrown us into confusion. He has turned us into empty jars. He has swallowed us like a monster. He has filled his belly with our delicacies. Then he spit us out. The people who live in Zion say, May the violence done to us be done to Babylon, Jerusalem says. May the people of Babylon be held responsible for our deaths. This is what the Lord says. I am going to take up your cause and get revenge for you. I will dry up Babylon's sea and make its springs dry. Babylon will become piles of rubble. It will become a dwelling place for jackals, something horrible, and an object of contempt where no one lives. Its people are like roaring lions and growling lion cubs. When they are excited, I will prepare a feast for them and make them drunk, so that they will shout and laugh. They will fall into a deep sleep and never wake up again, declares the Lord. I will take them to be slaughtered like lambs, rams, and male goats. Sheshach has been captured. Babylon, the city that the whole world praised, has been taken captive. What a horrifying sight Babylon will be to the nations. The sea will rise over Babylon, and its roaring waves will cover it. Its cities will be ruined. It will become a desert, a land where no one lives and where no human travels. I will punish Bel in Babylon. I will make Bel spit out everything that it has swallowed. Nations will no longer stream to Babylon, and its walls will fall. Leave it, my people. Run for your lives. Run from the burning anger of the Lord. Don't lose courage or be afraid when rumors are heard in the land. One rumor comes one year, another rumor comes the next year. Rumors of violence are in the land. Rumors that one ruler will fight against another are in the land. That is why the days are coming, when I will punish Babylon's idols. The whole country will be put to shame, and all its soldiers will lie dead. Then heaven and earth and everything in them will rejoice over Babylon, because destroyers from the north will attack it, declares the Lord. Because the people of Babylon have killed many Israelites, and because they have killed many people throughout the earth, Babylon must fall. You people who escape from the sword, leave. Don't just stand there. Remember the Lord in a distant land, and think about Jerusalem. We have been put to shame, and we have been disgraced. Shame covers our faces because foreigners have gone into the holy places of the Lord's temple. That is why the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will punish their idols, and those who are wounded will moan everywhere in the land. The people of Babylon might go up to heaven. They might fortify their strongholds, but destroyers will still come from me against them, declares the Lord. Cries of agony are heard from Babylon. Sounds of terrible destruction are heard from the land of the Babylonians. The Lord will destroy Babylon. He will silence the loud noise coming from it. Waves of enemies will come roaring in like raging water. The noise will be heard everywhere. A destroyer will attack Babylon. Its soldiers will be captured, and their bows and arrows will be broken. I, the Lord, am a God who punishes evil. I will certainly punish them. I will make their officials and wise men drunk, along with their governors, officers, and soldiers. They will fall into a deep sleep and never wake up, declares the king, whose name is the Lord of Armies. This is what the Lord of Armies says. The thick walls of Babylon will be leveled, and its high gates will be set on fire. People exhaust themselves for nothing. The nations wear themselves out only to have a fire. 
This is the message that the prophet Jeremiah gave to Seraiah, son of Neriah, and grandson of Mahaseiah, when Seraiah went to Babylon with King Zedekiah of Judah in the fourth year of Zedekiah's rule. Seraiah was the quartermaster. Jeremiah wrote on a scroll all the disasters that would happen to Babylon. He wrote all these things that have been written about Babylon. Jeremiah said to Seraiah, When you come to Babylon, see that you read all this. Then say, Lord, you have threatened to destroy this place so that no person or animal will live here, and it will become a permanent ruin. When you finish reading this scroll, tie a stone to it and throw it into the middle of the Euphrates River. Say, Babylon will sink like this scroll. It will never rise again because of the disasters that I will bring on it. The words of Jeremiah end here. Jeremiah chapter 52. Zedekiah was twenty-one years old when he began to rule, and he ruled for eleven years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hamutal, daughter of Jeremiah from Libna. Zedekiah did what the Lord considered evil, as Jehoiakim had done. The Lord became angry with Jerusalem and Judah, and threw the people out of his sight. Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. On the tenth day of the tenth month of the ninth year of Zedekiah's reign, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon attacked Jerusalem with his entire army. They set up camp and built dirt ramps around the city walls. The blockade of the city lasted until Zedekiah's eleventh year as king. On the ninth day of the fourth month, the famine in the city became so severe that the common people had no food. The enemy broke through the city walls, and all Judah's soldiers fled. They left the city at night through the gate between the two walls beside the king's garden. While the Babylonians were attacking the city from all sides, they took the road to the plain of Jericho. The Babylonian army pursued King Zedekiah and caught up with him in the plain of Jericho. His entire army had deserted him. The Babylonians captured the king and brought him to the king of Babylon at Riblah in Hamath, where the king of Babylon passed sentence on him. The king of Babylon slaughtered Zedekiah's sons as Zedekiah watched. He also slaughtered all the officials of Judah at Riblah. Then he blinded Zedekiah and put him in bronze shackles. The king of Babylon took him to Babylon and put him in a prison, where he stayed until he died. On the tenth day of the fifth month of Nebuchadnezzar's nineteenth year as king of Babylon, Nebuzaradan, who was the captain of the guard and an officer of the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem. He burned down the Lord's temple, the royal palace, and all the houses in Jerusalem. Every important building was burned down. The entire Babylonian army that was with the captain of the guard tore down the walls around Jerusalem. Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, captured the few people left in the city, those who surrendered to the king of Babylon and the rest of the population. But Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, left some of the poorest people in the land to work in the vineyards and on the farms. The Babylonians broke apart the bronze pillars of the Lord's temple, the stands and the bronze pool in the Lord's temple. They shipped all the bronze to Babylon. They took the pots, shovels, snuffers, bowls, dishes, and all the bronze utensils used in the temple service. The captain of the guard also took pans, incense burners, bowls, pots, lampstands, dishes, and the bowls used for wine offerings. The captain of the guard took all of the trays and bowls that were made of gold or silver, the bronze from the two pillars, the pool, and the twelve bronze bulls under the stands that King Solomon had made for the Lord's temple couldn't be weighed. One pillar was twenty-seven feet high and eighteen feet in circumference. It was three inches thick and hollow. The capital that was on it was seven and a half feet high, with a filigree and pomegranates around it. They were all made of bronze. The second pillar was the same. It also had pomegranates. 
there were 96 pomegranates on the sides. The total number of pomegranates on the surrounding filigree was 100. The captain of the guard took the chief priest Seraiah, the second priest Zephaniah, and the three doorkeepers. From the city he also took an army commander, seven men who had access to the king whom he found in the city, the scribe who was in charge of the militia, and sixty common people whom he found in the city. Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, took them and brought them to the king of Babylon at Ribla. The king of Babylon executed them at Ribla in the territory of Hamath. So the people of Judah were captives as they left their land. These are the people Nebuchadnezzar took captive. In his seventh year as king he took 3,023 Jews. In his eighteenth year Nebuchadnezzar took 832 people from Jerusalem. In Nebuchadnezzar's twenty-third year as king, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, took away 745 Jews. In all, 4,600 people were taken away. On the twenty-fifth day of the twelfth month of the thirty-seventh year of the imprisonment of King Jehoiakim of Judah, King Evil Morodak of Babylon, in the first year of his reign, freed King Jehoiakim of Judah and released him from prison. He treated him well and gave him a special position higher than the other kings who were with him in Babylon. Jehoiakim no longer wore prison clothes, and he ate his meals in the king's presence as long as he lived. The king of Babylon gave him a daily food allowance as long as he lived. Lamentations chapter 1. Look how deserted Jerusalem is. Once the city was crowded with people. Once it was important among the nations. Now it is a widow. Once it was a princess among the provinces. Now it does forced labor. Jerusalem cries bitterly at night with tears running down its cheeks. Out of all those who love the city, no one offers it comfort. All of Jerusalem's friends have betrayed it and become its enemies. Judah has been exiled after much suffering and harsh treatment. Its people live among the nations. They find no rest. Those who chased them caught up with them in places where there was no way out. The roads to Zion are deserted. No one comes to the annual festivals. No one passes through any of its gates. Its priests are groaning. Its young women are made to suffer. Zion is bitter. Its opponents are now in control. Its enemies have no worries. The Lord made Zion suffer for its many rebellious acts. Its children go ahead of their opponents into captivity. All splendor has abandoned the people of Zion. Its influential people were like deer that couldn't find any pasture. They ran without any strength ahead of the hunters. Now during its suffering and oppression, Jerusalem remembers all the treasures it had from ancient times when its people fell into the power of their enemies with no one to help them. Their opponents looked on, and they laughed at Jerusalem's downfall. Jerusalem has sinned so much that it has become a filthy thing. Everyone who used to honor it now despises it. They've seen it naked. Jerusalem groans and turns away. Jerusalem's own filth covers its clothes. It gave no thought to its future. Its downfall was shocking. No one offers it comfort. O oh Lord, look at my suffering, because my enemies have triumphed. The enemies laid their hands on all the city's treasures. Jerusalem has seen the nations enter the holy place. O Lord, they are the same people you have forbidden to enter your congregation. All the people are groaning as they beg for bread. They trade their treasures for food to keep themselves alive. O Lord, look and see how despised I am. Doesn't this affect all of you who pass by? Look and see if there's any pain like the pain that the Lord has caused me like the pain that he has made me suffer on the day of his fierce anger. He sent fire from above. He made it go deep into my bones. He spread a net for my feet. 
He made me turn back. He has left me devastated. He has made me sick all day long. My rebellious acts are a heavy burden for me. They were tied together by God's own hands. They were tied around my neck. He has weakened me with them. The Lord has handed me over to people I cannot oppose. The Lord has treated all the warriors inside my walls with contempt. He called an army to defeat my young men. The Lord trampled the people of Judah in a winepress. I'm crying because of all these things. My eyes, my eyes flow with tears. No one can give me the comfort I need to keep me alive. Everyone is too far away from me. My children are devastated because my enemies have won. Zion holds out its hands. No one offers it comfort. The Lord has given this order about Jacob. His own neighbors will become his opponents. Jerusalem has become a filthy thing among them. The Lord is right in what he did because I rebelled against his word. Please listen, all you people, and look at my pain. My young women and young men have gone into captivity. I called for those who love me, but they betrayed me. My priests and leaders breathe their last breath in the city, looking for food to keep themselves alive. O oh Lord, see the distress I'm in. My stomach is churning, my heart is pounding, because I've been very bitter. In the streets, swords kill my children. Inside the houses, it's like death. All my enemies have heard that I am groaning. No one offers me comfort. All my enemies have heard about my disaster. They are happy that you did it. You have allowed the day to come, the one that you had announced. Let my enemies be like me now. Recall all of their wickedness. Then deal with them as you have dealt with me, because of all my rebellious acts. I groan so much and feel so sick at heart. Lamentations chapter 2 Look how the Lord has covered the people of Zion with the cloud of his anger. He has thrown down Israel's beauty from heaven to earth. He didn't even remember his footstool on the day of his anger. The Lord swallowed up all of Jacob's pastures without any pity. He tore down the fortified cities of Judah in his fury. He brought the kingdom of Judah and its leaders down to the ground in dishonor. In his burning anger he cut off all of Israel's strength. He withdrew his right hand when they faced their enemy. He burned like a raging fire in the land of Jacob, destroying everything around him. Like an enemy he bent his bow. Like an opponent his right hand held the arrow steady. He killed all the beautiful people. He poured out his fury like fire on the tent of Zion's people. The Lord became an enemy. He swallowed up Israel. He swallowed up all of its palaces. He destroyed its strongholds. He made the people of Judah mourn and moan. He stripped his own booth as if it were a garden and destroyed his own festivals. The Lord wiped out the memory of festivals and days of worship in Zion. He expelled kings and priests because of his fierce anger. The Lord rejected his altar and disowned his holy place. He handed the walls of Zion's palaces over to his enemies. The enemies made noise in the Lord's temple as though it were a festival day. The Lord planned to destroy the wall of Zion's people. He marked it off with a line. He didn't take his hand away until he had swallowed it up. He made the towers and walls mourn. They are completely dejected. Zion's gates have sunk into the ground. The Lord destroyed and shattered the bars across its gates. Its king and influential people are scattered among the nations. There is no longer any instruction from Moses' teachings. Its prophets can find no visions from the Lord. The respected leaders of Zion's people sit silently on the ground. They throw dirt on their heads and put on sackcloth. The young women of Jerusalem bow their heads to the ground. 
My eyes are worn out with tears, my stomach is churning, my heart is poured out on the ground because of the destruction of my people. Little children and infants faint in the city streets. They're asking their mothers for some bread and wine as they faint like wounded people in the city streets. Their lives dwindle away in their mother's arms. What example can I give you? What parallel can I show you, people of Jerusalem? What comparison can I make that will comfort you, beloved people of Zion? Your wounds are as deep as the sea. Who can heal you? Your prophets saw misleading visions about you. They painted a good picture of you. They didn't expose your guilt in order to make things better again. They gave you false prophecies that misled you. Everyone who walks along the road shakes a fist at you. They hiss and shake their heads at Jerusalem's people. Is this the city they used to call absolutely beautiful, the joy of the whole world? All your enemies gawk at you. They hiss and grit their teeth. They say, We've swallowed it up. Yes, this is the day we've been waiting for. At last we have seen it. The Lord has accomplished what He had planned to do. He carried out the threat He announced long ago. He tore you down without any pity, Jerusalem. He made your enemies gloat over you. He raised the weapons of your opponents. The hearts of Jerusalem's people cried out to the Lord, the wall of Zion's people. Let your tears run down like a river day and night. Don't let them stop. Don't let your eyes rest. Get up. Cry out at night, every hour on the hour. Pour your heart out like water in the presence of the Lord. Lift up your hands to Him in prayer for the life of your little children who faint from hunger at every street corner. O Lord, look and consider. Have you ever treated anyone like this? Should women eat their own children, the children they have nursed? Should priests and prophets be killed in the Lord's holy place? Young and old lie on the ground in the streets. My young women and men are cut down by swords. You killed them on the day of your anger. You slaughtered them without any pity. You have invited those who terrorize me on every side as though they were invited to a festival. No one escaped or survived on the day of the Lord's anger. My enemy has murdered the children I nursed and raised. Lamentations chapter 3 I am the man who has experienced suffering under the rod of God's fury. God has driven me away and made me walk in darkness instead of light. He beat me again and again all day long. He has made my flesh and my skin waste away. He has broken my bones. He has attacked me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me live in darkness like those who died a long time ago. He has blocked me so that I can't get out. He has put heavy chains on me. Even when I cry and call for help, He shuts out my prayer. He has blocked my way with cut stones and made my paths crooked. He is like a bear waiting to ambush me, like a lion in hiding. He has forced me off the road I was taking, torn me to pieces, and left me with nothing. He has drawn his bow and made me the target for his arrows. He has shot the arrows from his quiver into my heart. I have become a laughingstock to all my people. All day long they make fun of me with their songs. He has filled me with bitterness. He has made me drink wormwood. He has ground my teeth with gravel. He has trampled me into the dust. My soul has been kept from enjoying peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. I said, I've lost my strength to live and my hope in the Lord. Remember my suffering and my aimless wandering, the wormwood and poison. My soul continues to remember these things and is so discouraged. The reason I can still find hope is that I keep this one thing in mind, the Lord's mercy. We were not completely wiped out. His compassion is never limited. It is new every morning. His faithfulness is great. My soul can say, The Lord is my lot in life. 
That is why I find hope in Him. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to anyone who seeks help from Him. It is good to continue to hope and wait silently for the Lord to save us. It is good for people to endure burdens when they're young. They should sit alone and remain silent because the Lord has laid these burdens on them. They should put their mouths in the dust. Maybe a reason to hope exists. They should turn their cheeks to the one who strikes them and take their fill of insults. The Lord will not reject such people forever. Even if He makes us suffer, He will have compassion in keeping with the richness of His mercy. He does not willingly bring suffering or grief to anyone, crush any prisoner on earth underfoot, deny people their rights in the presence of the Most High God, or deprive people of justice in court. The Lord isn't happy to see these things. Who was it who spoke, and it came into being? It was the Lord who gave the order. Both good and bad come from the mouth of the Most High God. Why should any living mortal, any person, complain about being punished for sin? Let us look closely at our ways, and examine them, and then return to the Lord. Let us raise our hearts and hands to God in heaven. We have been disobedient and rebellious. You haven't forgiven us. You covered yourself with anger and pursued us. You killed without pity. You covered yourself with a cloud so that no prayer could get through it. You made us the scum and trash of the nations. All our enemies gawk at us. Panic and pitfalls have found us. So have devastation and destruction. Streams of tears run down from my eyes over the ruin of my dear people. My eyes will keep flowing without stopping for a moment until the Lord looks down from heaven and sees. What I see with my eyes disturbs me deeply because of all the young women in my city. Those who were my enemies for no reason haunted me like a bird. They threw me alive into a pit and threw rocks at me. Water flowed over my head. I thought I was finished. I call your name from the deepest pit, O Lord. Listen to my cry for help. Don't close your ears when I cry out for relief. Be close at hand when I call to you. You told me not to be afraid. Plead my case for me, O Lord. Reclaim my life. Look at the wrong that has been done to me, O Lord. Give me a fair verdict. Look at all their malice, all their plots against me. Listen to their insults, all their plots against me. The words and thoughts of those who attack me are directed against me all day long. Look at them. Whether they are sitting or standing, they make fun of me in their songs. Pay them back, O Lord, for what they deserve, for what their own hands have done. Make them stubborn. Let your curse be on them. Pursue them in anger and wipe them out from under the Lord's heaven. Lamentations chapter 4 Look how the gold has become tarnished. The fine gold has changed. The sacred stones are scattered at every street corner. Zion's precious children, who are worth their weight in fine gold, are now treated like clay pots, like those made by a potter's hands. Even jackals offer their breasts to nurse their young, but the women of my people are as cruel as wild ostriches. The tongues of nursing infants stick to the roofs of their mouths because of their thirst. Little children beg for bread, but no one will break off a piece for them. Those who used to eat delicacies are now destitute in the streets. Those who used to wear expensive clothes now pick through piles of garbage. The punishment for my people's wickedness has been more severe than the punishment for the sins of Sodom. Sodom was destroyed instantly, without one human hand touching it. Zion's princes were purer than snow, whiter than milk. Their bodies were more pink than coral, their hair was like sapphires, their faces are now blacker than soot. No one recognizes them on the streets. Their skin has shriveled on their bones, it has become as dry as bark. 
Those who were killed with swords are better off than those who are dying from starvation. Those who were stabbed bled to death. The others are dying because there is nothing in the fields to eat. The hands of loving mothers cooked their own children. The children were used for food by my people when they were being destroyed by a blockade. The Lord's fury has accomplished his purpose. He unleashed his burning anger. He started a fire in Zion that even burned its foundations. Neither the kings of the earth nor anyone living on earth could believe that enemies or invaders would ever get through the gates of Jerusalem. They got through because of the sins of Jerusalem's prophets and the crimes of its priests, who spilled the blood of righteous people within it. My people staggered blindly through the streets. They were so contaminated with bloodstains that no one would touch their clothes. Get away! You're unclean! People yelled at them. Get away! Get away! Don't touch anyone! When they fled and wandered around, the people of the nation said, They can't stay here any longer. The Lord himself has scattered them. He will no longer look favorably on them. They no longer respected the priests, nor did they honor their older leaders. We are still straining our eyes, trying in vain to find help. We waited and waited for a nation that didn't save us. The enemy kept tracking us down, so we couldn't even go out into the streets. Our end was near. Our time was up. Our end had come. Those who were hunting us were faster than eagles in the sky. They chased us in the mountains and ambushed us in the wilderness. The person the Lord anointed as king, who is the breath of our life, was caught in their pits. We had thought that we would live in our king's shadow among the nations. Rejoice and be glad, people of Edom, inhabitants of the country of Uz. The cup of the Lord's fury will be passed to you next. You'll get drunk and take off all your clothes. People of Zion, the punishment for your wickedness will end. The Lord will not let you remain in exile. People of Edom, he will punish you for your wickedness. He will expose your sins. Lamentations chapter 5. Remember, O Lord, what has happened to us. Take a look at our disgrace. The land we inherited has been turned over to strangers. Our homes have been turned over to foreigners. We are orphans without a father. Our mothers are like widows. We have to pay to drink our own water. We have to pay to chop our own wood. Our enemies are breathing down our necks. We are worn out and not permitted to rest. We had to beg Egypt and Assyria for food. Our ancestors sinned. Now they are gone. But we have to take the punishment for their wickedness. Slaves rule us. There is no one to rescue us from them. To get our food, we have to risk our lives in the heat of the desert. Our skin is as hot as an oven from the burning heat of starvation. Women in Zion are raped. So are the girls in the cities of Judah. Our leaders are hung by their hands. Our older leaders are shown no respect. Our young men work at the mill, and our boys stagger under loads of wood. Our older leaders have stopped meeting at the city gate, and our young men no longer play their music. There is no joy left in our hearts. Our dancing has turned into mourning. The crown has fallen from our head. Because we have sinned, it has been disastrous for us. This is why we feel sick. This is why our eyes see less and less. Foxes roam around on Mount Zion, which lies in ruins. But you, O Lord, sit enthroned forever, and your reign continues throughout every generation. Why have you completely forgotten us? Why have you abandoned us for such a long time? O Lord, bring us back to you, and we'll come back. Give us back the life we had long ago, unless you have completely rejected us and are very angry with us. Ezekiel chapter 1. On the fifth day of the fourth month in the thirtieth year, while I was living among the exiles by the Chibar River, the sky opened, and I saw visions from God. 
On the fifth day of the month, during the fifth year of the exile of King Jehoiakim, the Lord spoke his word to the priest Ezekiel, son of Buzi, in Babylon by the Kibar River. The power of the Lord came over Ezekiel. As I looked, I saw a storm coming from the north. There was an immense cloud with flashing lightning surrounded by a bright light. The middle of the lightning looked like glowing metal. In the center of the cloud I saw what looked like four living creatures. They were shaped like humans, but each of them had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight, their feet were like those of calves, and they glittered like polished bronze. They had human hands under their wings on each of their four sides. All four of them had faces and wings. Their wings touched each other. The creatures went straight ahead, and they did not turn as they moved. Their faces looked like this. From the front, each creature had the face of a human. From the right, each one had the face of a lion. From the left, each one had the face of a bull. And from the back, each one had the face of an eagle. That is what their faces looked like. Their wings were spread out, pointing upward. Each creature had two wings with which they touched each other. The other two wings covered their bodies. Each of the creatures went straight ahead. They went wherever their spirit wanted to go, and they didn't turn as they moved. The living creatures looked like burning coals and torches. Fire moved back and forth between the living creatures. The fire was bright, and lightning came out of the fire. The living creatures ran back and forth like lightning. As I looked at the living creatures, I saw a wheel on the ground beside each of them. This is how the wheels looked and how they were made. They looked like barrel. All four wheels looked the same. They looked like a wheel within a wheel. Whenever they moved, they moved in any of the four directions without turning as they moved. The rims of the wheels were large and frightening. They were covered with eyes. When the living creatures moved, the wheels moved with them. When the living creatures rose from the earth, the wheels rose. Wherever their spirit wanted to go, the creatures went. The wheels rose with them because the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. So whenever the creatures moved, the wheels moved. Whenever the creatures stood still, the wheels stood still. And whenever the creatures rose from the earth, the wheels rose with them, because the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. Something like a dome was spread over the heads of the living creatures. It looked like dazzling crystal. Under the dome, each creature had two wings that were stretched out straight, touching one another. Each creature had two wings that covered its body. When the creatures moved, I heard the sound of their wings. The sound was like the noise of rushing water, like the thunder of the Almighty, like the commotion in an army camp. When the creatures stood still, they lowered their wings. A voice came from above the dome over their heads as they stood still with their wings lowered. Above the dome over their heads was something that looked like a throne made of sapphire. On the throne was a figure that looked like a human. Then I saw what he looked like from the waist up. He looked like glowing bronze with fire all around it. From the waist down he looked like fire. A bright light surrounded him. The brightness all around him looked like a rainbow in the clouds. It was like the Lord's glory. When I saw it, I immediately bowed down, and I heard someone speaking. Ezekiel chapter 2. He said to me, Son of man, stand up, and I will speak to you. As he spoke to me, the Spirit entered me, stood me on my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. He said to me, Son of man, I am sending you to the people of Israel. They are people from a nation that has rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have rebelled against me to this day. I am sending you to these defiant and stubborn children. Tell them, this is what the Almighty Lord says. 
Whether these rebellious people listen or not, they will realize that a prophet has been among them. Son of man, don't be afraid of them or the things they say. Don't be afraid, even though thorns and thistles are around you, and you live among scorpions. Don't let the things they say frighten you. Don't be terrified in their presence, even though they are rebellious people. Speak my words to them, whether they listen or not, because they are rebellious. But you, son of man, listen to what I say. Don't be rebellious like those rebellious people. Open your mouth and eat what I am giving to you. As I looked, I saw a hand stretched out toward me. In it was a scroll. He spread the scroll in front of me. There was writing on the front and back. There were funeral songs, songs of mourning, and horrible things written on it. Ezekiel chapter 3 The Lord said to me, Son of man, eat what you find. Eat this scroll. Then speak to the people of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he gave me the scroll to eat. He said to me, Son of man, eat this scroll I'm giving you, and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it, and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. He said to me, Son of man, go to the people of Israel and speak my words to them. I am not sending you to people whose language is hard to understand or difficult to speak. I am sending you to Israel. I am not sending you to nations whose language is hard to understand, difficult to speak, or whose words you cannot understand. If I send you to those nations, they will certainly listen to you. But the people of Israel will refuse to listen to you because they refuse to listen to me. All the people of Israel are very stubborn and hard-headed, yet I will make you as stubborn and as hard-headed as they are. I will make you as hard as a diamond, harder than stone. Don't be afraid of them. Don't be terrified in their presence, even though they are rebellious people. He also said to me, Son of man, take to heart everything I have spoken to you and listen closely. Go to the exiles, to your people. Whether they listen or not, tell them, This is what the Almighty Lord says. Then the Spirit lifted me, and behind me I heard a loud thundering voice saying, Blessed is the Lord's glory which left this place. I also heard the noise of the wings of the living creatures touching one another, and the noise of the wheels beside them, as well as a loud rumbling. Then the Spirit lifted me and took me away. I went away feeling bitter and angry. The strong power of the Lord came over me. I went to Tel Abib, to the exiles who lived by the Kibar River. I sat there among them for seven days. I was stunned. After seven days the Lord spoke His word to me. He said, Son of man, I have made you a watchman over the people of Israel. Listen to what I say and warn them for me. Suppose I tell you that wicked people will surely die, but you don't warn them or speak out so that they can change their wicked ways in order to save their lives. Then these wicked people will die because of their sin, but I will hold you responsible for their deaths. But suppose you warn the wicked people, and they don't turn from their wicked ways. Then they will die because of their sin, but you will save yourself. If righteous people turn from living the right way and do wrong, I will make them stumble, and they will die. If you don't warn them, they will die because of their sin, and the right things they did will not be remembered. I will hold you responsible for their deaths. But if you warn righteous people not to sin, and they don't sin, they will certainly live because they listen to the warning. You will save yourself. The power of the Lord came over me. He said, Get up and go to the plain. I will speak to you there. I got up and went to the plain. The Lord's glory was standing there like the glory I saw by the Kibar River, and I immediately bowed down. Then the Spirit entered me and stood me on my feet. He talked to me. He said, Go into your home and shut yourself inside. 
People will tie you up with ropes, son of man, so that you can't go outside. I will make your tongue stick to the roof of your mouth so that you can't talk or criticize them, even though they are rebellious people. But when I speak to you, I will open your mouth. You will tell them, This is what the Almighty Lord says. Some will listen, and some will refuse to listen. They are rebellious people. Ezekiel chapter 4. The Lord said, Son of man, take clay, put it in front of you, and draw a map of Jerusalem on it. Set up a blockade against it, build attack walls around it, put up dirt ramps around it, have troops ready to attack it, and place battering rams all around it. Then take an iron pan and set it up as a wall between you and the city. Turn your face toward the city as if you were going to attack it, and then attack it. This is a sign for the people of Israel. Then lie on your left side and take the punishment of the nation of Israel yourself. You will bear its punishment as many days as you lie on that side. I have assigned to you one day for each year its punishment will last. So for three hundred ninety days you will bear the punishment for the sins of the nation of Israel. When you finish this, you will lie down again, this time on your right side. You will bear the punishment for the sins of the nation of Judah for forty days, one day for each year I have assigned to you. Turn your face toward the blockaded Jerusalem, shake your fist and prophesy against it. I will tie you up with ropes so that you will not be able to turn from one side to the other until you have finished attacking Jerusalem. Then take wheat, barley, beans, lentils, millet, and winter wheat. Put them in a container and use them to make bread for yourself. Eat it during the 390 days that you are lying on your side. The food that you eat should be weighed. Eat eight ounces of food every day at set times. Measure out two-thirds of a quart of water and drink it at set times. Eat the bread as you would eat barley loaves. Bake the bread in front of people using human excrement for fuel. Then the Lord said, In the same way the people of Israel will eat unclean bread among the nations where I scatter them. I answered, Almighty Lord, I have never dishonored myself. From the time I was young until now I have never eaten an animal that died by itself or was killed by other wild animals. No unclean meat has ever entered my mouth. He said to me, I will let you use cow manure in place of human excrement. Bake your bread over it. He also said to me, Son of man, I am going to cut off the bread supply in Jerusalem. People will anxiously eat rationed bread and fearfully drink rationed water. They will be shocked at the sight of each other because of the lack of food and water. They will waste away because of their sin. Ezekiel chapter 5 The Lord said, Son of man, take a sharp blade and use it as a barber's razor to shave your head and beard. Take scales to weigh your hair and divide it into three even parts. When the blockade is over, burn one-third of your hair in a fire in the middle of the city. Take another third and cut it up with a blade around the city. Then scatter the remaining third to the wind, and I will draw a sword and go after it. Take a few strands of hair and wrap them in the hem of your clothes. Later, take some of them and throw them in a fire and burn them up. From there a fire will spread throughout the whole nation of Israel. This is what the Almighty Lord says. This is Jerusalem. I have placed it in the center of the nations with countries all around it. The people of Jerusalem have rebelled against my rules and my laws more than the surrounding nations. They have rejected my rules, and they don't live by my laws. So this is what the Almighty Lord says. People of Jerusalem, you have caused more trouble than the nations around you. You haven't lived by my laws or obeyed my rules. You haven't even lived up to the standards of the nations around you. So this is what the Almighty Lord says. 
I, too, am against you, and I will punish you in front of the nations. Because of all the detestable things that you do, I will do things to you that I have never done before and will never do again. That is why parents will eat their children, and children will eat their parents. I will punish you and scatter whoever is left to the wind. As I live, declares the Almighty Lord, because you have dishonored my holy worship place with all your disgusting and detestable things, I will have you killed. I will not have compassion for you or feel sorry for you. One-third of you will die in plagues and be devoured in famines. Another third will die in battles against those around you. I will scatter the remaining third to the wind, and I will pursue them with a sword. I will unleash my anger, I will use my fury against you, and I will get revenge. When my fury is unleashed against you, you will know that I, the Lord, spoke to you while I was angry. I will turn you into a wasteland and an object of ridicule among the nations around you and in the presence of everyone who passes by you. The nations that are around you will ridicule you and laugh at you. When I punish you because of my anger, fury, and fierce revenge, you will become something ridiculed and something horrible. I, the Lord, have spoken. When I shoot my destructive arrows of famine at you, I will shoot to kill you. I will bring more and more famines into your land, and I will cut off your food supply. I will send famines and wild animals against you, and they will rob you of your children. I will send plagues, violence, and wars to kill you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Ezekiel chapter 6. The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, look toward the mountains of Israel and prophesy against them. Say this, You mountains of Israel, listen to the word of the Almighty Lord. This is what the Almighty Lord says to the mountains and hills and to the ravines and valleys. I am going to attack you with a sword and destroy your worship sites. Your altars will be destroyed, and your incense burners will be smashed. I will kill people in front of your idols. I will lay the dead bodies of the people of Israel in front of your idols, and I will scatter their bones around your altars. Wherever people live, the cities will be ruined, and the worship sites will be wrecked. Your altars will be ruined and demolished. Your idols will be smashed and completely destroyed. Your incense burners will be cut down, and everything you have done will be wiped out. People will be killed, and they will fall among you. Then you will know that I am the Lord. But I will let some people live. Some people will escape the battle among the nations and be scattered throughout the countries. Then those who escape will remember me among the nations where they are taken captive. I was hurt by their adulterous hearts, which turned away from me, and by their eyes, which lusted after idols. They will hate themselves for the evil and disgusting things that they have done. Then you will know that I am the Lord, and that the disaster I promised was not an empty threat. This is what the Almighty Lord says. Clap your hands, stomp your feet, and say, Oh no, because the people of Israel have done evil and disgusting things. So they will die in wars, famines, and plagues. Plagues will kill those who are far away. Those who are near will die in wars, and anyone who is left and has escaped will die in famines. This is how I will unleash my anger then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who are killed will lie beside the idols around their altars. They will lie on every high hill, on all the mountaintops, and under every large tree and every leafy oak. These are the places where they made offerings to their disgusting idols. I will use my power against them and destroy the land from the desert of Dibla. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel chapter 7. The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, 
Son of man, this is what the Almighty Lord says to the people in the land of Israel. The end is coming. The end is coming to the four corners of the earth. Now the end is coming for you. I will send my anger against you. I will judge you for the way you have lived, and I will punish you for all the detestable things that you have done. I will not have compassion for you or feel sorry for you. I will pay you back for the way you have lived and for the detestable things you have done. Then you will know that I am the Lord. This is what the Almighty Lord says. One disaster after another is coming. The end is coming. The end is coming. It is stirring itself up against you. It is coming. Destruction is coming to you, inhabitants of the land. The time is coming. The day is near. There will be confusion. There will be no joy in the mountains. Soon I will pour out my fury on you and unleash my anger on you. I will judge you for the way you have lived, and I will punish you for all the detestable things that you have done. I will not have compassion or feel sorry. I will pay you back for the way you have lived and for the detestable things that you are still doing. Then you will know that I am the Lord and that I am the one attacking you. The day is near. It is coming. Destruction is coming. Wrongdoing has blossomed. Arrogance has flourished. Violence has grown into a weapon for punishing wickedness. None of the people will be left. None of that crowd, none of their wealth, and nothing of value will be left. The time is coming. The day is near. Buyers will not rejoice and sellers will not mourn, because my fury will be against the whole crowd. Sellers will not live long enough to buy back what they have sold. The visions against that crowd will not change. Because of their sins, none of the people will live. They have blown a ram's horn, and everything is ready, but no one will go into battle, because my fury is against their whole crowd. Outside are swords, and inside are plagues and famines. Whoever is in a field will die in battle. Whoever is in the city will be devoured by famines and plagues. Those who survive will escape to the mountains. They will moan like doves in the valleys. They will moan because of their sins. Every hand will hang limp, and every knee will be as weak as water. They will put on sackcloth, and horror will cover them. All their faces will be covered with shame, and every head will be shaved. They will throw their silver and gold into the streets like garbage, their silver and gold won't be able to rescue them on the day of the Lord's anger. It will no longer satisfy their hunger or fill their stomachs. Their silver and gold caused them to fall into sin. They were proud of their beautiful jewels and used them to make disgusting and detestable statues of false gods. That is why I will make their jewels disgusting. I will hand their jewels over to foreigners as loot and to the most evil people on earth as prizes. These foreigners will dishonor the people of Israel. I will turn my face away from the people of Israel, and foreigners will dishonor my treasured place. Robbers will go in and dishonor it. Get the chains ready. The land is filled with murder, and the city is filled with violence. So I will send the most evil nation, and it will take possession of people's houses. I will stop those who are strong from feeling proud, and their holy places will be dishonored. Anguish is coming. People will look for peace, but there will be none. One disaster will happen after another. One rumor will follow another. People will ask for a vision from a prophet. The teachings of priests and the advice of leaders will disappear. Kings will mourn, and princes will give up hope. The common people will lose their courage. I will give them what they deserve and judge them as they have judged others. Then they will know that I am the Lord."
Ezekiel chapter 8. On the fifth day of the sixth month in the sixth year, I was sitting in my home. Judah's leaders were sitting in front of me. The power of the Almighty Lord came over me. As I looked, I saw something that looked like a human. From the waist down, its body looked like fire, and from the waist up, its body looked like glowing metal. It stretched out what looked like a hand and grabbed me by the hair on my head. In these visions from God, the Spirit carried me between heaven and earth. He took me to Jerusalem, to the entrance to the north gate of the inner courtyard of the temple. That was where an idol that stirs up God's anger was located. There I saw the glory of Israel's God as I did in the vision that I saw in the valley. God said to me, Son of man, look toward the north. So I looked toward the north, and there in the entrance to the north gate beside the altar, I saw the idol that stirs up God's anger. He asked me, Son of man, do you see what the people of Israel are doing? The people of Israel are doing very disgusting things here, things that will force me to go far away from my holy place. But you will see even more disgusting things. Then he took me to the entrance of the courtyard. As I looked, I saw a hole in the wall. He said to me, Son of man, dig through the wall. So I dug through the wall, and I saw a door. He said to me, Go in and see the wicked, disgusting things that the people of Israel are doing here. So I went in and looked. I saw that the walls were covered with drawings of every kind of crawling creature, every kind of disgusting animal, and all the idols in the nation of Israel. In front of these drawings stood seventy of Israel's leaders. Jaazaniah, son of Shaphan, was standing with the leaders. Each of them was holding an incense burner in his hand, and a cloud of incense went up. God asked me, Son of man, do you see what the leaders of the nation of Israel are doing in secret? Each of them is in the room where his God is, and each one of them is thinking, The Lord doesn't see me. The Lord has abandoned this land. Then he said to me, You will see even more disgusting things that they are doing. He brought me to the entrance of the north gate of the Lord's temple. Women were sitting there and crying for the god Tammuz. He asked me, Son of man, do you see this? You will see even more disgusting things than these. Then he brought me into the inner courtyard of the Lord's temple. There at the entrance to the Lord's temple, between the entrance and the altar, were about twenty-five men who had their backs turned to the Lord's temple. They were facing east and worshipping the rising sun. He asked me, Son of man, do you see this? Isn't it bad enough that the people of Judah have done these disgusting things that you have seen here? Yet they also filled the land with violence and continued to provoke me even more. Look how they insult me in the worst possible way. So I will take action because I am angry, and I won't have compassion for them or feel sorry for them. Even if they shout in my ears, I won't listen to them. Ezekiel chapter 9 Then I heard the Lord call out with a loud voice. He said, Come here, those who are going to punish this city. Each of you should bring your weapon with you. So six men came from the upper north gate. Each one brought a deadly weapon with him. Among them was a person dressed in linen who was carrying paper and pen. The men came in and stood by the bronze altar. Then the glory of the God of Israel went up from the angels where it had been to the temple's entrance. The Lord called to the person dressed in linen who was carrying paper and pen. The Lord said to that person, Go throughout the city of Jerusalem and put a mark on the foreheads of those who sigh and groan about all the disgusting things that are being done in the city. Then he said to the others, as I was listening, Follow him throughout the city and kill. Don't have any compassion and don't feel sorry. 
Kill old men, young men, old women, young women, and children, but don't come near anyone who has a mark on him. Start with my holy place. So they started with the old men in front of the temple. He said to them, Dishonor the temple, fill its courtyards with dead people, and then leave. So they went out and killed the people in the city. As they were killing people, I was left alone, so I immediately bowed down. I cried, Almighty Lord, will you destroy everyone who was left in Israel while you pour out your anger on Jerusalem? He answered me, The wickedness of the nations of Israel and Judah is terrible. The land is filled with murder, and the city is filled with wrongdoing. They think that the Lord has abandoned the land and that he doesn't see, but I will not have compassion or feel sorry. I will do to them what they have done to others. Then the person dressed in linen who was carrying paper and pen reported, I did everything you commanded. Ezekiel chapter 10 As I looked at the dome over the heads of the angels, I saw something that looked like a throne made of sapphire. The Lord said to the person dressed in linen, Go between the wheels under the angels and fill your hands with burning coals, then scatter them over the city. So he went between the wheels as I watched. The angels were standing on the south side of the temple as the person went. A cloud filled the inner courtyard. The Lord's glory rose from the angels to the entrance of the temple. The cloud filled the temple, and the brightness of the Lord's glory filled the courtyard. The sound of the angels' wings was heard as far as the outer courtyard. It was like the sound of the Almighty God when He speaks. After the Lord had commanded the person dressed in linen to take burning coals from between the wheels beside the angels, the person went in and stood beside one of the wheels. One of the angels reached into the fire that was between the angels and took out some coals. This angel put them in the hands of the person dressed in linen. The person took them and left. The angels appeared to have what looked like human hands under their wings. As I looked, I saw four wheels beside the angels, one wheel beside each of the angels. The wheels looked like barrel. All four wheels looked the same. Each was like a wheel within a wheel. Whenever the angels moved, they moved in any of the four directions without turning as they moved. They always moved in the direction they faced without turning as they moved. Their entire bodies, their backs, hands, wings, and wheels were covered with eyes. Each of the angels had a wheel. I heard that the wheels were called the whirling wheels. Each of the angels had four faces. The first was the face of an angel. The second was the face of a human. The third was the face of a lion. And the fourth was the face of an eagle. The angels rose. These were the living creatures that I saw at the Kibar River. When the angels moved, the wheels moved beside them. When the angels lifted their wings to rise from the ground, the wheels didn't leave their side. When the angels stood still, the wheels stood still. When the angels rose, the wheels rose with them. The spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. Then the glory of the Lord left the temple's entrance and stood over the angels. The angels lifted their wings and rose from the ground. I was watching them as they left with the wheels beside them. The angels stood at the door to the east gate of the Lord's temple, and the glory of the God of Israel was above them. These are the living creatures that I saw under the God of Israel at the Kibar River. I realized that they were angels. Each had four faces and four wings, and under their wings were what looked like human hands. Their faces looked exactly like the faces that I saw by the Kibar River. Each one went straight ahead. Ezekiel chapter 11. Then the Spirit lifted me and took me to the east gate of the Lord's temple. It's the gate that faces east. Twenty-five men were at the entrance of the gate. I saw among them Azur's son Jaazaniah and Benaiah's son Pelatiah. They were leaders of the people. 
Then the Lord said to me, Son of man, these are the men who plan evil and give bad advice in this city. They say, It's almost time to rebuild homes. This city is a cooking pot, and we are the meat. So prophesy against them, prophesy, son of man. The Lord's Spirit came to me and told me to say, This is what the Lord says, You are saying these things, nation of Israel, but I know what's going through your mind. You have killed many people in this city, and have filled its streets with corpses. So this is what the Almighty Lord says, The corpses that you put in the middle of the city are the meat, and the city is the cooking pot. I will force you out of the city. You are afraid of swords, so I will bring swords to attack you, declares the Almighty Lord. I will force you out of the city. I will hand you over to foreigners, and I will punish you. You will die in battle. I will judge you at Israel's borders. Then you will know that I am the Lord. The city will not be your cooking pot, and you will not be the meat in it. I will judge you at Israel's borders. Then you will know that I am the Lord." You haven't lived by my laws, and you haven't obeyed my rules. You have followed the standards set by the nations around you. While I was prophesying, Benaiah's son, Pelatiah, died. I immediately bowed down and cried out, Almighty Lord, will you completely destroy all the remaining people in Israel? Then the Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, the people who live in Jerusalem are talking about your own relatives and about the entire nation of Israel. The people who live in Jerusalem say they are far away from the Lord. This land has been given to us as our own property. So tell them, this is what the Almighty Lord says. Although I sent them far away among the nations and scattered them among the countries, I have been their sanctuary for a little while among the countries where they've gone. So tell them, this is what the Almighty Lord says, I will bring them together from the nations and gather them from the countries where I've scattered them. I will give them the land of Israel. They will come and remove all the disgusting and detestable things that are there. I will give them a single purpose and put a new spirit in them. I will remove their stubborn hearts and give them obedient hearts. Then they will live by my laws and obey my rules. They will be my people, and I will be their God." But as for those whose minds are set on following detestable and disgusting idols, I will pay them back for what they've done, declares the Almighty Lord. Then the angels raised their wings with the wheels beside them. The glory of the God of Israel was above them. The Lord's glory left the middle of the city and stopped above the mountain east of the city. In this vision from God's Spirit, the Spirit lifted me and brought me to the exiles in Babylonia. Then the vision I saw left me. I told the exiles everything the Lord had shown me. Ezekiel chapter 12. The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, you are living among rebellious people. They have eyes, but they can't see. They have ears, but they can't hear, because they are rebellious people. Son of man, pack your bags as if you were going into exile. Let the people see you leave in the daylight. March like a captive from your place to another place as they watch. Maybe they will understand, even though they are rebellious people. Let them see you in the daylight. Bring out your bags as if you were going into exile. In the evening, let them see you leave like a captive going into exile. Dig a hole through the wall of your house and leave through it. Let them see you put your bags on your shoulders and carry them out in the dark. Cover your face so that you won't see the land. I've made you a sign to warn the nation of Israel. I did what I was ordered to do. During the day, I brought out bags as if I were going into exile. In the evening, I dug a hole through the wall. I brought out my bags in the dark. I let the people see me as I carried my bags on my shoulders. The next morning, the Lord spoke his word to me. He said, 
Son of man, didn't the rebellious nation of Israel ask you what you were doing? Tell them, this is what the Almighty Lord says. This is the divine revelation about the prince from Jerusalem and about all the people of Israel who live there. Tell them, I am your warning sign. What I have done will happen to you. You will go into exile and into captivity. The prince who is among you will put his bags on his shoulders in the dark and leave. People will dig holes in the wall to go through. The prince will cover his face so that he cannot see the land. I will spread my net over him, and he will be caught in my net. I will bring him to Babylon, the land of the Babylonians, but he will not see it. And that's where he'll die. I will scatter in every direction all those who are around him, his staff, and all his troops. I will pursue them with my sword. Then they will know that I am the Lord, because I will scatter them among the nations and force them into other countries. However, I will spare a few of them from wars, famines, and plagues. Wherever they go among the nations, they will realize that everything they did was disgusting. Then they will know that I am the Lord. The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, shake as you eat your food, tremble and be worried as you drink your water. Tell the people of this land, This is what the Almighty Lord says about the people who live in Jerusalem and in the land of Israel. They will be worried as they eat their food and terrified as they drink their water. Their country will be stripped of everything because everyone who lives there is violent. The cities where people live will be destroyed, and the country will become a wasteland. Then they will know that I am the Lord." The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, what is this proverb you have in Israel? Days go by, and every vision comes to nothing. Tell the people, this is what the Almighty Lord says. I will put a stop to the use of this proverb. You will no longer quote it in Israel. Instead, tell them, the time is near when every vision will come true. There will no longer be any false visions or flattering fortune-telling to the people. I, the Lord, will speak. Everything that I say will happen without any more delay. I will say something, and it will happen during your lifetime. You rebellious people, declares the Almighty Lord. The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, the people of Israel are saying, The vision that Ezekiel sees won't happen for a long time. What he prophesies will happen in the distant future. Tell them, This is what the Almighty Lord says. Everything that I say will no longer be delayed. Whatever I say will happen, declares the Almighty Lord. Ezekiel chapter 13. The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel. Tell those who make up their prophecies, Listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the Almighty Lord says. How horrible it will be for the foolish prophets. They follow their own ideas, and they have seen nothing. Israel, your prophets are like foxes among the ruins of a city. They haven't repaired the gaps in the wall or rebuilt the wall for the nation of Israel. So Israel will not be protected in battle on the day of the Lord. These foolish prophets see false visions, and their predictions don't come true. They say, The Lord said this, but the Lord hasn't sent them. Then they hope that their message will come true. Prophets of Israel, haven't you seen false visions and predicted things that don't come true? Don't you say, The Lord said this, even though I haven't said anything? This is what the Almighty Lord says. Your predictions are false and your visions are lies. That is why I'm against you, declares the Almighty Lord. I will use my power against the prophets who see false visions and predict things that don't come true. They will not help my people make decisions or be recorded in the records of the nation of Israel. They won't even enter Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord. They have deceived my people by saying that everything is all right, but it's not all right. 
When someone builds a flimsy wall, the prophets cover it up with paint. Tell those who cover up the wall with paint that their wall will fall down. Rain will pour down, hailstones will fall on it, and stormy winds will break it to pieces. When the wall falls down, people will ask them, Where's the paint that you used to cover the wall? This is what the Almighty Lord says. In my fury, I'll cause a storm to break out. In my anger, rain will pour down, and hailstones will destroy the wall. I will tear down the wall that the prophets covered up with paint. I will level it and expose its foundation. When the wall falls, they will be destroyed by it. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I will unleash my fury on the wall and on those who covered it up with paint. Then I will say to you, The wall is gone, and so are those who painted it. The prophets of Israel who prophesied to Jerusalem are gone. Those who said that everything was all right when it wasn't all right are gone, declares the Almighty Lord. Son of man, look at the women among your people who make up prophecies and prophesy against them. Tell them this is what the Almighty Lord says. How horrible it will be for women who sew magic charms for people's wrists and make magic veils of every size for people's heads. You want to trap people. You want to control the lives of my people for your own profit. You dishonor me in front of my people for a few handfuls of barley and a few pieces of bread. You kill people who shouldn't die, and you spare the lives of people who shouldn't live. You lie to my people who are willing to listen. This is what the Almighty Lord says. I'm against the magic charms that you use to trap people like birds. I will tear them from your arms and free the people that you have trapped. I will tear off your magic veils and rescue my people from your power so that they will no longer be under your control. Then you will know that I am the Lord. You have discouraged righteous people with your lies, even though I hadn't brought them any grief. You encouraged wicked people not to turn from their wicked ways to save their lives. That is why you will no longer see false visions or make predictions. I will rescue my people from your power. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel chapter 14. Some of Israel's leaders came to me and sat down in front of me. Then the Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, these people are devoted to their idols, and they are allowing themselves to fall into sin. Should they be allowed to ask me for help? So speak to them. Tell them, This is what the Lord says. Suppose an Israelite is devoted to idols and allows himself to fall into sin. Suppose he goes to a prophet to ask for my help. I, the Lord, will give that Israelite an answer, the answer that his many idols deserve. I will do this to recapture the hearts of the nation of Israel. They have deserted me because of their disgusting idols. So tell the nation of Israel, This is what the Almighty Lord says. Change the way you think and act. Turn away from your idols, and don't return to any of your disgusting things. Suppose an Israelite or a foreigner who lives in Israel deserts me by devoting himself to idols and by allowing himself to fall into sin. If he goes to a prophet to ask for my help, I, the Lord, will give him an answer. I will reject him, and I will make an example of him. I will exclude him from my people. Then you will know that I am the Lord. If a prophet is tricked into giving a prophecy... It is I, the Lord, who tricked the prophet. I will use my power against you and destroy you from among my people Israel. Both of you will suffer for your sins. The prophet will be as guilty as you are when you ask for his help. Then the people of Israel will no longer wander away from me. They will no longer dishonor me with all their sins. Then they will be my people, and I will be their God, declares the Almighty Lord. The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, 
Son of man, suppose a country sins against me by being unfaithful to me. I will use my power against it, cut off its food supply, send a famine to it, and destroy its people and animals. Even if these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in that country, they would by their righteousness rescue only themselves, declares the Almighty Lord. Suppose I send wild animals through the country, and they make it childless, and turn it into such a wasteland that no one travels through it because of the animals. As I live, declares the Almighty Lord, not even Noah, Daniel, and Job could rescue their own sons or daughters. They could rescue only themselves, and the country would become a wasteland. Suppose I bring a war against the country by saying, I will let a war go throughout this country. Suppose I destroy the people and the animals in it. As I live, declares the Almighty Lord, not even Noah, Daniel, and Job could rescue their sons or daughters. They could rescue only themselves. Suppose I send a plague into that country and pour out my fury on it by killing people and destroying animals. As I live, declares the Almighty Lord, not even Noah, Daniel, and Job could, by their righteousness, rescue their sons or daughters. They could rescue only themselves. That is what the Almighty Lord says. I will surely send four terrible punishments against Jerusalem. I will send wars, famines, wild animals, and plagues. They will destroy people and animals, but some people will survive. Some of your sons and daughters will be brought out. When they come out to you, you will see how they live. Then you will be comforted after the disasters that I will bring on Jerusalem, after every disaster that I will bring against it. You will be comforted when you see how they live. Then you will know that everything I have done was done for a reason, declares the Almighty Lord. Ezekiel chapter 15. The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, what good is the wood from a vine? Is it better than the wood from a tree in the forest? Do people use it to make something? Do they make a peg from it to hang things on? No, it is only thrown into the fire as fuel. The fire burns up both its ends and chars its middle. Then can it be used to make anything? When the vine was in perfect condition, it couldn't be made into anything. How can it be used to make anything after the fire has burned and charred it? So this is what the Almighty Lord says. As a vine is taken from among the trees in the forest to be used to feed the fire, so I will take the people who live in Jerusalem to punish them. I will turn against the people of Jerusalem. Even though they have escaped one fire, another fire will burn them. Then they will know that I am the Lord, because I will turn against them. I will turn the country into a wasteland, because they have been unfaithful, declares the Almighty Lord. Ezekiel chapter 16. The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, make known to the people of Jerusalem the disgusting things they have done. Tell them, This is what the Almighty Lord says to the people of Jerusalem. Your birthplace and your ancestors were in the land of the Canaanites. Your father was an Amorite, and your mother was a Hittite. When you were born, your umbilical cord wasn't cut. You weren't washed with water to make you clean. You weren't rubbed with salt or wrapped in cloth. No one who saw you felt sorry enough for you to do any of these things. But you were thrown into an open field. You were rejected when you were born. Then I went by you and saw you kicking around in your own blood. I said to you, Live! I made you grow like a plant in the field. You grew up, matured, and became a young woman. Your breasts developed and your hair grew, yet you were naked and bare. I went by you again and looked at you. You were old enough to make love to, so I spread my robe over you and covered your naked body. I promised to love you, and I exchanged marriage vows with you. You became mine, declares the Almighty Lord. Then I bathed you with water, 
and I washed off your blood. I poured olive oil over you. I put an embroidered dress on you and fine leather sandals on your feet. I dressed you in fine linen and covered you with silk. I gave you jewelry. I put bracelets on your wrists and a necklace around your neck. I put a ring in your nose, earrings on your ears, and a beautiful crown on your head. So you wore gold and silver jewelry. You were dressed in fine linen, silk, and embroidered clothes. Your food was flour, honey, and olive oil. You were very beautiful, and eventually you became a queen. You became famous in every nation because of your beauty. Your beauty was perfect because I gave you my glory, declares the Almighty Lord. But you trusted your beauty, and you used your fame to become a prostitute. You had sex with everyone who walked by. You took some of your clothes and made your worship sites colorful. This is where you acted like a prostitute. Such things shouldn't happen. They shouldn't occur. You took your beautiful gold and silver jewelry that I had given you and made male idols for yourself. Then you committed adultery with them. You took off your embroidered clothes and covered the idols with them. You offered my olive oil and incense in their presence. You also offered them sweet and fragrant sacrifices. You gave flour, olive oil, and honey, all the food that I gave you to eat. This is what happened, declares the Almighty Lord. You took your sons and daughters who belonged to me, and you sacrificed them as food to idols. Wasn't your prostitution enough? You slaughtered my children and presented them as burnt offerings to idols. With all the disgusting things that you did and all your acts of prostitution, you didn't remember the time when you were young. You didn't remember when you were naked and bare, kicking around in your own blood. How horrible, how horrible it will be for you, declares the Almighty Lord. After all your wickedness, you built yourself platforms and illegal worship sites in every city square. You also built worship sites at the head of every street. You used your beauty to seduce people there. You offered your body to everyone who passed by. You increased your acts of prostitution. You had sex with your lustful neighbors, the Egyptians. You used your prostitution to make me angry. So I used my power against you. I took away some of your land, and I handed you over to your greedy enemies, the Philistines, who were ashamed of what you had done. You had sex with the Assyrians because you weren't satisfied. You still weren't satisfied, so you increased your acts of prostitution to include the land of the merchants, the Babylonians. Even after that, you weren't satisfied. You have no willpower, declares the Almighty Lord. You do everything a shameless prostitute does. You build your platforms at the head of every street and place your illegal worship sites in every square. Yet you aren't like other prostitutes because you don't want to be paid. You are an adulterous wife who prefers strangers to her husband. All prostitutes get paid, but you give gifts to all your lovers and bribe them to come to you from all directions to have sex with you. You are a different kind of prostitute. No one goes after you for favors. You are the opposite. You pay them, and you don't accept payment. Listen to the word of the Lord, you prostitute. This is what the Almighty Lord says. You exposed yourself and uncovered your naked body when you gave yourself to your lovers and to all your disgusting idols. You also killed your children and sacrificed their blood to these idols. That is why I will gather all your lovers with whom you found pleasure. I will have all those who love you and hate you gather around. I will uncover your body for them, and they will see you naked. I will punish you the same way that those who are guilty of prostitution and murder are punished. I will give you the death penalty in my fury and burning anger. I will hand you over to your lovers. They will destroy your platforms and tear down your illegal worship sites. They will tear off your clothes, take away your beautiful jewelry, and leave you naked and bare.
They will also bring a mob against you. They will stone you and cut you into pieces with their swords. They will burn your houses and punish you in the presence of many women. I will put an end to your prostitution, and you will no longer pay others. Then I will rest from my fury against you, and I will stop being angry. I will be at peace. I will no longer be angry. You didn't remember the time when you were young, and you made me very angry with all these things. So I will pay you back for what you have done, declares the Almighty Lord. Didn't you make wicked plans in addition to all your disgusting practices? Everyone who uses Proverbs will speak the following saying against you, like mother, like daughter. You are your mother's daughter. She rejected her husband and her children. You are exactly like your sisters. They rejected their husbands and their children. Your mother was a Hittite and your father was an Amorite. Your older sister was Samaria. She and her daughters live north of you. Your younger sister is Sodom. She lives south of you with her daughters. You didn't follow their ways. You didn't do the same disgusting things that they did. It only took you a little time to be more corrupt than they ever were. As I live, declares the Almighty Lord, your sister Sodom and her daughters never did what you and your daughters have done. This is what your sister Sodom has done wrong. She and her daughters were proud that they had plenty of food and had peace and security. They didn't help the poor and the needy. They were arrogant and did disgusting things in front of me. So I did away with them when I saw this. Samaria didn't commit half the sins you did. You have done many more disgusting things than they ever did. Because of all the disgusting things that you have done, you make your sisters look innocent. You will have to suffer disgrace, because you accused your sisters, yet your sins are more disgusting than theirs. They look like they are innocent compared to you. Be ashamed of yourself and suffer disgrace, because you have made your sisters look like they are innocent. I will restore the fortunes of Sodom and her daughters, and Samaria and her daughters. I will also restore your fortune along with theirs. You will have to suffer disgrace and be ashamed of everything you have done, including comforting them. When Sodom and her daughters and Samaria and her daughters return to what they once were, you and your daughters will return to what you once were. You didn't mention your sister Sodom when you were arrogant. You didn't mention her before your wickedness was revealed. Now the daughters of Aram and their neighbors despise you. The daughters of the Philistines also despise you. Those around you hate you. You must suffer because of all the crude and disgusting things you have done, declares the Lord. This is what the Almighty Lord says, I will give you what you deserve. You despised your marriage vows and rejected my promise. I will remember the promise that I made with you when you were young, and I will make it a promise that will last forever. Then you will remember what you have done. You will be ashamed when I return your older and younger sisters to you. I will give them to you as daughters, but not because of my promise with you. Then I will make my promise with you, and you will know that I am the Lord. You will remember and be ashamed. You will never again open your mouth because of your disgrace when I forgive you for everything you did, declares the Almighty Lord. Ezekiel chapter 17. The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, tell this riddle. Give this illustration to the nation of Israel. Say, this is what the Almighty Lord says. A large eagle came to Lebanon. It had large wings with long, colorful feathers. It took hold of the top of a cedar tree. It broke off the highest twig and carried it to a country of merchants. It planted the twig in a city of merchants. Then it took a seedling from that country and planted the seedling in fertile soil. The eagle planted the seedling like a willow where there was plenty of water. 
The plant sprouted and grew into a low vine that spread over the ground. Its branches turned upward toward the eagle, but its roots grew downward. So it became a vine, producing branches and growing shoots. There was another large eagle with large wings and many feathers. Now the vine stretched its roots toward this eagle and sent its branches toward the eagle so that the eagle could water it. The vine turned away from the garden where it was planted. It was planted in good soil beside plenty of water so that it could grow branches, bear fruit, and become a wonderful vine. Tell the nation of Israel, this is what the Almighty Lord says. Will this vine live and grow? Won't the first eagle uproot it and tear off its fruit? Then it will wither. All the leaves on its branches will wither. It won't take much strength or many people to pull the vine up by its roots. It might be planted again, but will it live and grow? It will wither completely when the east wind blows on it. It will certainly wither in the garden where it is growing. The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Ask these rebellious people, Don't you know what this means? Tell them, the king of Babylon came to Jerusalem and captured its king and its leaders. He brought them home with him to Babylon. Then he took someone from the royal family, made a treaty with him, and made him promise to be loyal. He took away the leading citizens from Judah so that it would remain a humiliated country and be unable to regain its power. The country could only survive by keeping the treaty. But the king of Judah rebelled against the king of Babylon by sending his messengers to Egypt to get horses and many soldiers. Will the king of Judah succeed? Will anyone who does such things escape? He can't break a treaty and go unpunished. As I live, declares the Almighty Lord, the king of Judah will die in Babylonia. He will die in the country of the king who appointed him king of Judah. The king of Judah broke his promise and his treaty with the king of Babylon. Even with a large army and many people, Pharaoh will not be able to help him in battle when the Babylonians put up dirt ramps and set up blockades to kill many people. The king of Judah broke the promise and the treaty that he pledged to keep. He did all these things, and he can't go unpunished. So this is what the Almighty Lord says, As I live, I will certainly punish you for rejecting my promise and hating my treaty. I will spread my net over you to catch you in my trap. I will take you to Babylon and judge you there for rebelling against me. The best of your troops will die in battle. Anyone who remains will be scattered in every direction that the wind blows. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. This is what the Almighty Lord says. I, too, will take hold of the top of a cedar tree. I will break off the highest twig and plant it on a high and lofty mountain. I will plant it on a high mountain in Israel. It will grow branches and produce fruit. It will become a magnificent cedar tree. Every kind of bird will nest in it and find a home in the shelter of its branches. Then all the trees in the field will know that I am the Lord. I cut down tall trees, and I make small trees grow tall. I dry up green trees, and I make dry trees grow. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do it. Ezekiel chapter 18 The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, What do you mean when you use this proverb about the land of Israel? Fathers have eaten sour grapes, and their children's teeth are set on edge. As I live, declares the Almighty Lord, you will no longer use this proverb in Israel. The life of every person belongs to me. Fathers and their children belong to me. The person who sins will die. Suppose a righteous person does what is fair and right. He doesn't eat at the illegal mountain worship sites or look for help from the idols of the nation of Israel. He doesn't dishonor his neighbor's wife or have sexual intercourse with a woman while she is having her period. He doesn't oppress anyone. He returns what a borrower gives him as security for a loan. 
He doesn't rob anyone. He gives food to people who are hungry, and he gives clothes to those who are naked. He doesn't lend money for interest or make an excessive profit. He refuses to do evil things, and he judges everyone fairly. He lives by my rules and obeys my laws faithfully. This person is righteous. He will certainly live, declares the Almighty Lord. But suppose this person has a son who robs and murders. The son does all the things that his father never did. He eats at the illegal mountain worship sites. He dishonors his neighbor's wife. He oppresses the poor and needy. He robs. He doesn't return the security for a loan. He looks to idols for help. He does disgusting things. He lends money for interest and makes excessive profits. Will this person live? He will not live. He has done all these disgusting things, so he must die, and he will be responsible for his own death. But suppose this person has a son. The son sees all the sins that his father does. He is afraid, so he doesn't do such things. He doesn't eat at the illegal mountain worship sites or look for help from the idols of the nation of Israel. He doesn't dishonor his neighbor's wife. He doesn't oppress anyone. He doesn't keep the security for a loan. He doesn't rob anyone. He gives food to people who are hungry, and he gives clothes to those who are naked. He refuses to hurt the poor. He doesn't charge interest or make excessive profits. He obeys my rules and lives by my laws. He won't die for his father's sins. He will certainly live. But his father has oppressed others, robbed his relative, and done what is wrong among his people. So the father will die because of his sin. But you ask, why isn't the son punished for his father's sin? It is because the son has done what is fair and right. He obeyed my rules and followed them. He will certainly live. The person who sins will die. A son will not be punished for his father's sins, and a father will not be punished for his son's sins. The righteousness of the righteous person will be his own, and the wickedness of the wicked person will be his own. But suppose a wicked person turns away from all the sins that he has done. He obeys my laws and does what is fair and right. He will certainly live. He will not die. All the rebellious things that he did will not be remembered. He will live because of the right things that he did. I don't want wicked people to die, declares the Almighty Lord. I want them to turn from their evil ways and live. But suppose a righteous person turns away from doing right, and he does evil things. He does all the disgusting things that the wicked person did. Will he live? All the right things that he has done will not be remembered because of his unfaithfulness, and because of his sin. He will die because of them. But you say, the Lord's way is unfair. Listen, nation of Israel, isn't my way fair? Isn't it your ways that are unfair? When a righteous person turns away from doing right and does evil things, he will die. He will die because of the evil things he has done. When a wicked person turns away from the wicked things that he has done and does what is fair and right, he will live. He realized what he was doing and turned away from all the rebellious things that he had done. He will certainly live. He will not die. But the nation of Israel says, the Lord's way is unfair. Isn't my way fair, nation of Israel? Isn't it your ways that are unfair? That is why I will judge each of you by what you have done, people of Israel, declares the Almighty Lord. Change the way you think and act. Turn away from all the rebellious things that you have done, so that you will not fall into sin. Stop all the rebellious things that you are doing. Get yourselves new hearts and new spirits. Why do you want to die, nation of Israel? I don't want anyone to die, declares the Almighty Lord. Change the way you think and act. Ezekiel chapter 19.
sing a funeral song for the princes of Israel. Say, Your mother was like a lioness. She lay down among the lions. She fed many cubs. One of the cubs she raised became a young lion. He learned to tear apart the animals he hunted. He ate people. The nations heard about him, caught him in their pit, and brought him with hooks to Egypt. The lioness waited until she saw that there was no more hope. Then she took another one of her cubs and raised him into a young lion. He became a young lion, and he prowled among the lions. He learned to tear apart the animals he hunted. He ate people. He destroyed fortresses and turned cities into wastelands. The land and everyone living in it were terrified by the sound of his roar. The nations from every region came together against him. They spread their net over him and caught him in their pit. With hooks they put him in a cage and brought him to the king of Babylon. They put him in prison so that his roar wouldn't be heard any more on the mountains of Israel. Your mother was like a grapevine that was planted near water. It had a lot of fruit and many branches because there was plenty of water. Its branches were strong. They were used to make scepters for kings. It grew to be tall with many branches around it, and everyone saw it because of its many branches. But in anger it was uprooted and thrown to the ground. The east wind dried up its fruit. Its strong branches broke off. They withered and were burned. Now it is planted in the desert in a dry and waterless land. Fire has spread from the vine's main branch. Fire has destroyed its fruit. It no longer has any strong branches that could be used as a king's scepter. This is a funeral song. It is to be used as a funeral song. Ezekiel chapter 20 On the tenth day of the fifth month in the seventh year, some of the leaders of Israel came to ask for the Lord's help. They sat in front of me. Then the Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, speak to the leaders of Israel. Tell them, This is what the Almighty Lord says. Are you coming to ask me for help? As I live, declares the Almighty Lord, you will not be allowed to ask me for help. Will you judge them? Will you judge them, son of man? Tell them about the disgusting things their ancestors did. Tell them, this is what the Almighty Lord says. When I chose Israel, I raised my hand and swore an oath to the descendants of Jacob's family. I made myself known to them in Egypt. I made a promise to them and said, I am the Lord your God. At that time I promised to bring them out of Egypt to a land that I had chosen for them. This land is the most beautiful land, a land flowing with milk and honey. I said to them, Get rid of the detestable idols that you look to for help. Don't dishonor yourselves with the disgusting idols of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. But they rebelled against me and refused to listen to me. Not one of them got rid of the detestable idols that they looked to for help. They didn't abandon the disgusting idols of Egypt, so I was going to pour out my fury on them and unleash my anger on them in Egypt. But I acted so that my name would not be dishonored among the nations where they were living. While other nations were watching, I made myself known to them by bringing the Israelites out of Egypt. So I brought the Israelites out of Egypt and led them into the desert. I gave them my laws and made my rules known to them. If people obey them, they will live. I also gave them certain days to worship me as a sign between us so that they would know that I, the Lord, made them holy. But the people of Israel rebelled against me in the desert. They didn't live by my laws, and they rejected my rules. If people obey them, they will live. They dishonored the days to worship me. So I was going to pour out my fury on them in the desert and completely wipe them out. 
but I acted so that my name would not be dishonored among the nations who had watched me bring the Israelites out of Egypt. I also swore an oath to them in the desert. I swore that I would not bring them into the land that I had promised to give them. This land is the most beautiful land, a land flowing with milk and honey. They rejected my rules, and they didn't live by my laws. They dishonored the days to worship me, because their hearts chased disgusting idols. But I had compassion on them. I didn't destroy them or completely wipe them out in the desert. I said to their children in the desert, Don't live by the laws of your ancestors. Don't obey their rules or dishonor yourselves with their disgusting idols. I am the Lord your God. Live by my laws. Obey my rules and follow them. Set apart certain holy days to worship me. This will be a sign between me and you, so that you will know that I am the Lord your God. But they rebelled against me. They didn't live by my laws, and they didn't obey my rules and follow them. If people obey them, they will live. They dishonored the days to worship me, so I was going to pour out my fury on them and unleash my anger on them in the desert. But I didn't use my power so that my name would not be dishonored among the nations who had watched me bring the Israelites out of Egypt. I raised my hand and swore an oath to them in the desert. I promised to scatter them among the nations and force them into other countries. They didn't follow my rules, and they rejected my laws. They dishonored the days to worship me, and they looked to their ancestors' disgusting idols for help. I also allowed them to follow laws that were no good and rules by which they could not live. I let them dishonor themselves when they sacrificed all their firstborn sons as gifts to their false gods. I terrified them so that they would know that I am the Lord. Speak to the nation of Israel, son of man. Tell them, this is what the Almighty Lord says. Your ancestors insulted me again because they were unfaithful to me. I brought them to the land that I promised to give them. When they saw any high hill or any leafy tree, they made sacrifices and brought offerings there to make me angry. There they offered their sacrifices and poured out their wine offerings. Then I asked them, What is this worship site you're going to? So it is still called worship site today. Tell the nation of Israel, This is what the Almighty Lord says. Will you dishonor yourselves the way your ancestors did? Will you chase their detestable idols like a prostitute? You offer your children as sacrifices by burning them alive. You dishonor yourselves with all your disgusting idols to this day. Should you be allowed to ask me for help, nation of Israel? As I live, declares the Almighty Lord, you won't be allowed to ask me for help. What you have in mind will never happen. You think that you want to be like other nations, like the different people in other countries. You want to serve wood and stone. As I live, declares the Almighty Lord, I will rule you with a mighty hand and a powerful arm, and I will pour out my fury. I will bring you out from the nations and gather you from the countries where I have scattered you with my mighty hand and powerful arm. I will pour out my fury. I will bring you into the desert of the nations. There I will put you on trial, face to face. I will put you on trial as I put your ancestors on trial in the desert of Egypt, declares the Almighty Lord. Then I will make you suffer punishment and make you keep the terms of the promise. I will get rid of rebels and those who do wrong against me. I will bring you out of the land where you are living. You will never enter Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Nation of Israel, this is what the Almighty Lord says. Serve your disgusting idols, but afterwards you will listen to me. You will no longer dishonor my holy name with your gifts 
and your disgusting idols. The entire nation of Israel, everyone in the land, will worship me on my holy mountain, the high mountain of Israel, declares the Almighty Lord. There I will accept you. There I will look for your offerings, your best gifts, and all your holy gifts. When I bring you out from the nations and gather you from the countries where you have been scattered, I will accept you as if you were a pleasing sacrifice. Through you I will reveal myself as holy to the nations that are watching. Then you will know that I am the Lord, because I will bring you to the land of Israel, the land that I promised to give your ancestors. There you will remember the way you lived and everything you did to dishonor yourselves. You will be disgusted by every wrong thing that you did. Then you will know that I am the Lord, because I will deal with you for the sake of my name. I will not deal with you based on the evil and corrupt things that you have done, nation of Israel, declares the Almighty Lord. The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, turn to the south, preach against the south, and prophesy against the forest in the Negev. Tell the forest in the Negev, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the Almighty Lord says. I am about to set fire to you to destroy all your green trees and all your dry trees. The blazing fire will not be put out. It will burn the whole land from the south to the north. Then everyone will know that I, the Lord, started the fire. It will never be put out. Then I said, Oh, no, Almighty Lord, no. The people already say that I'm only telling stories. Ezekiel chapter 21. The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, turn to Jerusalem, preach against the holy places, prophesy against the land of Israel, tell the land of Israel, this is what the Lord says, I am against you. I will take my sword out of its scabbard and kill the righteous people and the wicked people among you. I'm going to kill the righteous people and the wicked people among you. That is why my sword will come out of its scabbard to be used against everyone from the south to the north. Then everyone will know that I, the Lord, have taken my sword from its scabbard, and I will not put it back again. So, son of man, groan with a breaking heart and with bitter crying while the people watch you. When they ask you why you are groaning, say, News has come that will discourage everyone. People's hands will hang limp, their hearts will lose courage, and their knees will become as weak as water. It's coming. It will surely take place, declares the Almighty Lord. The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, prophesy. Tell them this is what the Lord says. A sword, a sword is sharpened and polished. It's sharpened to kill and polished to flash like lightning. How can we rejoice? My son has refused to be disciplined or punished. The sword has been handed over to be polished, to be placed in the hand. The sword is being sharpened and polished to be placed in the hands of killers. Cry and mourn, son of man, because the sword will be used against my people and against all the princes of Israel. I will throw the princes and my people on the sword, so beat your breast and grieve. Testing will surely come. What if you refuse to be disciplined again? Won't you be tested, declares the Almighty Lord? So prophesy, son of man, clap your hands. Let the sword strike again and again. It's the sword for killing. It's a sword for killing many people. It's the sword that surrounds them. I have appointed my sword to slaughter people at all their gates, so that their hearts will sink and many will die. Yes, it's ready to flash like lightning. It's polished to kill. Sword cut to the right. Cut to the left, or wherever your blade is turned. I will also clap my hands and rest from my fury. I, the Lord, have spoken. 
The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, mark two roads that the king of Babylon and his sword can take. Both of these roads should start from the same country. Make a sign and put it where the roads start to fork toward the cities. Mark the road that the king and his sword can take to the Ammonite city of Rabbah, and mark the road that leads to Judah and the fortified city of Jerusalem. The king of Babylon will stop where the roads branch off, where there is a fork in the road. Then he will look for omens. He will shake some arrows, ask his household gods for help, and examine animal livers. The omens will indicate that he should go to the right, to Jerusalem. So he will set up his battering rams there, give the order to kill, raise a battle cry, aim the battering rams against the city gates, put up ramps, and set up blockades. The people won't believe this because they have made treaties with other nations. But the king of Babylon will remind them of their sins, and they will be captured. This is what the Almighty Lord says. You make people remember how sinful you are because you openly do wrong. You show your sins in everything you do, so you will be taken captive. You dishonest and wicked prince of Israel, the time for your final punishment has come. This is what the Almighty Lord says. Take off your turban and get rid of your crown. Things are going to change. Those who are unimportant will become important, and those who are important will become unimportant. Ruins, ruins, I will turn this place into ruins. It will not be restored until its rightful owner comes. Then I will give it to him. Son of man, prophesy, tell them. This is what the Almighty Lord says about the Ammonites and their insults. A sword, a sword is drawn ready to kill. It's polished to destroy and flash like lightning. People see false visions about you and prophesy lies about you. The sword will be placed on the necks of dishonest, wicked people for whom the time of final punishment has come. Return your sword to its scabbard, in the place where you were created, in the land where you were born, there I will judge you. I will pour out my fury on you and breathe on you with my fiery anger. I will hand you over to cruel people who are skilled in destruction. You will be fuel for the fire. You will die in the land. You will no longer be remembered. I, the Lord, have spoken. Ezekiel chapter 22. The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Will you judge, son of man? Will you judge the city of murderers? Then tell it about all the disgusting things that it has done. Tell it, This is what the Almighty Lord says. Jerusalem, you are the city that murders people who live in you. Your time has come. You dishonor yourself with disgusting idols. You are guilty because of the people you have killed. You are dishonored because of the disgusting idols you have made. You have brought an end to your days, and you have come to the end of your years. That is why I will make you a disgrace to the nations and a joke in every land. Those near and those far away will mock you. Your name will be dishonored, and you will be filled with confusion. See how all the princes of Israel who live in you have used their power to murder people? People in you hate their fathers and mothers. They oppress foreigners in you. They oppress orphans and widows in you. You have despised my holy things and dishonored the day to worship me. Some of your people slander. They want to kill people. People who live in you eat food sacrificed to idols at the worship sites on the hills, and they sin sexually. Men have sex with their father's wives. They have sex with women when the women are having their periods and are unclean. Men do disgusting things with their neighbors' wives. Some men sexually dishonor their daughters-in-law. Other men who live in you have sex with their sisters, their father's daughters. 
Other people take bribes to murder people. You collect interest and make excessive profits. You make profits by mistreating your neighbors. You have forgotten me, declares the Almighty Lord. I will use my power against you because of the excessive profits you have made and the murders you have committed. Will you still be brave? Will you remain strong when I deal with you? I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do it. I will scatter you among the nations and force you into other countries. I will put an end to your uncleanness. You will be dishonored in the sight of the nations. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Then the Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, the people of Israel have become worthless to me. All of them are like copper, tin, iron, and lead in a smelting furnace. They are like the impurities left from silver. This is what the Almighty Lord says. All of you have become worthless. That is why I am going to gather you in Jerusalem. People gather silver, copper, iron, lead, and tin together in a smelting furnace to melt them with a fiery blast. In the same way, in my anger and fury, I will gather you and put you in the city. I will melt you there. Yes, I will gather you, breathe on you with my fiery anger, and melt you in the city. You will be melted in the city like silver that is melted in a furnace. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have poured out my fury on you. The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, tell the city, You are an unclean land that has not had rain during the day of my anger. You have not been made clean. Your princes are like roaring lions who tear their prey into pieces. They eat people and take their treasures and precious belongings. They turn many women into widows. Your priests violate my teachings and dishonor my holy things. They don't distinguish between what is holy and what is unholy. They don't teach the difference between what is clean and what is unclean. They ignore the days to worship me, so I am dishonored among the people. Your leaders are like wolves that tear their prey into pieces. They murder and destroy people to make excessive profits. Your prophets cover up these things by seeing false visions and by prophesying lies. They say, this is what the Almighty Lord says. Yet the Lord hasn't spoken. The common people oppress and rob others. They do wrong to humble people and to poor people. They oppress foreigners for no reason. I looked for someone among you who could build walls or stand in front of me by the gaps in the walls to defend the land and keep it from being destroyed, but I couldn't find anyone. So I will pour out my anger on you, and with my fiery anger I will consume you. This is because of all the things you have done, declares the Almighty Lord. Ezekiel chapter 23. The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, there were once two women, daughters of the same mother, they became prostitutes in Egypt when they were young. Their men fondled and caressed their breasts. The older girl was named Ahola, and the younger girl was named Aholaba. I married them, and they gave birth to sons and daughters. Ahola represents Samaria, and Aholaba represents Jerusalem. Ahola acted like a prostitute, although she was my wife. She lusted after her Assyrian lovers who lived nearby. They were governors and commanders clothed in purple. They were all handsome young men who rode on horses. She became a prostitute for all the important men in Assyria. She dishonored herself with the idols of all those with whom she fell in love. She continued the prostitution that she started in Egypt. When she was young, men went to bed with her, caressed her breasts, and treated her like a prostitute. That is why I handed her over to her lovers, to the Assyrians whom she lusted after. They stripped her naked, took away her sons and daughters, and killed her with a sword. Women gossiped about how she was punished. 
Even though her younger sister Aholabah saw this, Aholabah lusted after men more than her sister did. Aholabah's prostitution became worse than her sister's prostitution. She lusted after the Assyrians who were nearby. They were governors and commanders in full dress. They were mounted horsemen, all of them desirable young men. I saw that she was dishonoring herself. Both sisters acted the same way, yet she carried her prostitution even further. She saw pictures of men carved on walls. They were figures of Babylonian men, painted in bright red. The men had belts around their waists and flowing turbans on their heads. All of them looked like Babylonian officers who were born in Babylon. She fell in love with them at first sight and sent messengers to them in Babylonia. So these men came from Babylon, went to bed with her, and dishonored her with their lust. After they had dishonored her, she turned away from them in disgust. She carried out her prostitution openly, and she lay around naked. I turned away from her in disgust, as I had turned away from her sister. She remembered how she had been a prostitute in Egypt when she was young. So she took part in even more prostitution. She lusted after her lovers, whose genitals were like those of donkeys, and whose semen was like that of horses. So she longed to do the sinful thing she did when she was young in Egypt, when young men caressed and fondled her breasts. O Holibah, this is what the Almighty Lord says, I'm going to stir up your lovers against you. They are the lovers you turned away from in disgust. I will bring them against you from every side. I will bring men from Babylon and from all Babylonia, men from Pekod, Shoah, and Koah, as well as all the Assyrians. They are desirable young men, governors and commanders, military officers and important men. All of them ride on horses. They will attack you from the north with chariots and wagons and with a large number of troops. They will attack you from all around with small and large shields and with helmets. I have handed you over to them for punishment. They will punish you with their own kind of punishment. I will direct my burning anger against you so that they will deal with you in anger. They will cut off your nose and ears and kill everyone who remains. They will take your sons and your daughters and burn down whatever is left. They will rip off your clothes and take away your beautiful jewels. I will put a stop to your sinning and to your prostitution which you began in Egypt. You won't desire these things any more or remember Egypt any more. This is what the Almighty Lord says. I'm going to hand you over to those you hate and to those you turned away from in disgust. They will treat you hatefully and take away everything that you have worked for. They will leave you naked and bare. The shame of your prostitution will be revealed. Your sinning and your prostitution have done this to you because you lusted after the nations and dishonored yourself with their idols. You've acted the same way as your sister. That is why I will put her cup in your hand. This is what the Almighty Lord says. You will drink from your sister's cup, a cup that is deep and wide. You will be scorned and mocked. Because this cup holds so much, the cup of your sister Samaria will be filled with drunkenness and sorrow. You will drink from it and drain it. You will break it into pieces and tear your breasts off your body. I have spoken, declares the Almighty Lord. This is what the Almighty Lord says. You have forgotten me and turned your back on me, so you will be punished for your sinning and prostitution. The Lord said to me, Son of man, will you judge Ahola and Aholabah and tell them about their disgusting practices? They have committed adultery. Their hands are covered with blood. They commit adultery with their idols. They have sacrificed the children they gave birth to for me as burnt offerings to idols. They have also done this to me. They have polluted my holy places when they do these things and dishonored the days to worship me. 
When they sacrificed their children to their idols, they came into my holy place and dishonored it. That is what they've done in my temple. They even sent messengers to invite men to come from far away. When the men arrived, they washed themselves for the men, painted their eyes, and put on their jewels. They sat on their fine couches with tables in front of them. They put my incense and my olive oil on their tables. I heard the noise from a carefree crowd. A large number of people came from the desert, and they put bracelets on the women's wrists and beautiful crowns on their heads. Then I said, She is worn out from her acts of adultery. Yet men continued to have sex with her. Men slept with her. They slept with those sinful women, Ohola and Oholaba, just as they slept with a prostitute. Righteous people will punish these women for adultery and for murder, because these women have committed adultery and their hands are covered with blood. This is what the Almighty Lord says, Bring together a mob against the people of Samaria and Jerusalem. Hand them over to terror and looting. Then the mob will stone them and kill them with swords. The mob will kill their sons and daughters and burn their homes. So I will put a stop to the sinning in the land, and all the women will be warned not to sin as they do. They will be punished for their sins, and they will pay for their sin of idolatry. Then they will know that I am the Almighty Lord. Ezekiel chapter 24. On the tenth day of the tenth month, in the ninth year, the Lord spoke His word to me. He said, Son of man, write down today's date. The king of Babylon has surrounded Jerusalem this very day. Tell these rebellious people a story. Tell them, this is what the Almighty Lord says. Put the pot on the fire, put it on, pour water on it, cut the meat into pieces, all the best pieces, the thigh and shoulder. Fill the pot with a meatiest bone selected from the best sheep. Pile wood under the pot, bring the mixture in the pot to a boil, cook the bones that are in it well. This is what the Almighty Lord says. How horrible it will be for that city of murderers, for that tarnished pot. Its tarnish will not come off. Empty the meat out of it piece by piece without choosing any particular piece. Blood is still in that city. The blood was poured on a bare rock. It wasn't poured on the ground where dust would cover it. In order to stir up my fury so that I would pay that city back, I put the blood of its victims on a bare rock. Now that blood can't be covered. This is what the Almighty Lord says. How horrible it will be for that city of murderers. I too will pile the wood high, pile it high, and light the fire. Cook the meat thoroughly, stir the mixture, and let the bones burn. Then set the empty pot on the coal so that it gets hot and its copper glows. Its impurities will melt away and its tarnish will burn off. I have worn myself out trying to clean this pot. Even the fire can't take away its thick tarnish. I tried to clean you of your filthy lust, but you wouldn't clean yourself from your filth. You will never be clean until I unleash my fury on you. I, the Lord, have spoken. It will happen, and I will do it. I will not ignore you, pity you, or change my plans. I will punish you because of the way you lived, and because of everything you have done, declares the Almighty Lord. Then the Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, with one blow I am going to take away from you the person you love the most. But you must not mourn, cry, or let tears run down your face. Groan silently. Don't grieve for the person who dies. Tie on your turban and put on your sandals. Don't cover your face or eat the food that mourners eat. So I spoke to the people in the morning, and in the evening my wife died. The next morning I did as I was ordered. The people asked me, Tell us, what do these things that you are doing mean to us? I told them, 
the Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Tell the nation of Israel, this is what the Almighty Lord says. I'm going to dishonor my holy place. You brag that my holy place gives you strength. It's the thing you love the most. It's your heart's desire. So the sons and daughters that you left behind will die in battle. Then you must do as I did. Don't cover your faces or eat the food that mourners eat. Leave your turbans on your heads and your sandals on your feet. Don't grieve or cry. You will waste away because of your guilt and groan to one another. Ezekiel is a sign to you. You will do everything he has done. Then you will know that I am the Almighty Lord. Son of man, on that day I will take their stronghold away from them. It makes them happy and proud. It is their heart's desire and the thing they love the most. I will also take away their sons and daughters. On that day a refugee will come to you to tell you the news. On that very day your mouth will be opened and you will talk to the refugee. You will speak and not be silent any more. You will be assigned to them. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel chapter 25. The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, turn to the Ammonites and prophesy against them. Tell the Ammonites, Listen to the word of the Almighty Lord. This is what the Almighty Lord says. You were glad when my holy place was dishonored, when the land of Israel was ruined, and when the nation of Judah went into exile. That is why I am going to hand you over to the people in the east. They will possess your land. They will set up their camps and pitch their tents among you. They will eat your crops and drink your milk. I will turn Rabbah into a pasture for camels, and I will turn Ammon into a resting place for sheep. Then you will know that I am the Lord. This is what the Almighty Lord says. You clapped your hands and stomped your feet. You rejoiced and felt contempt for the land of Israel. That is why I will use my power against you and hand you over to the nations as loot. I will wipe you out from among the nations, make you disappear and destroy you. Then you will know that I am the Lord. This is what the Almighty Lord says. Moab and Seir said, The nation of Judah is like all the other nations. That is why I am going to open up the cities that protect Moab's borders. They are the beautiful cities of Beth, Jeshemoth, Baal, Meon, and Kiriathaim. I will hand the Moabites and the Ammonites over to the people in the east, so the Ammonites will no longer be remembered among the nations. I will punish Moab, then they will know that I am the Lord." This is what the Almighty Lord says. Edom took revenge on the nation of Judah and became guilty because of it. So this is what the Almighty Lord says. I will use my power against Edom. I will wipe out people and animals. I will turn the land into ruins from Teman to Dedan. People will die in battle. I will use my people Israel to take revenge on Edom. My people will deal with Edom based on my anger and my fury. Then the Edomites will know my revenge, declares the Almighty Lord. This is what the Almighty Lord says. The Philistines have taken revenge with spiteful hearts. They have tried to destroy their long-time enemies. So this is what the Almighty Lord says. I'm going to use my power against the Philistines, cut off the Kerithites, and destroy the people that are left on the coast. I will take fierce revenge on them and punish them with fury. I will take revenge on them, then they will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel chapter 26. On the first day of the month, in the eleventh year, the Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, Tyre said this about Jerusalem. The city that was the gateway for the nations is destroyed, and its doors are swung open to me. I'll get rich now that it's ruined. So this is what the Almighty Lord says. 
I am against you, Tyre. I will bring many nations against you as the waves on the sea rise. They will destroy the walls of Tyre and tear down its towers. Then I will sweep up the dust and turn Tyre into a bare rock. It will become a place by the sea where people spread their fishing nets. I have spoken, declares the Almighty Lord. It will become a prize for the nations. The people in the villages and on the mainland will die in battle. Then they will know that I am the Lord. This is what the Almighty Lord says. From the north I am going to bring King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon against you, Tyre. He is the greatest king. He will bring horses, chariots, war horses, many people, and many troops. He will destroy the villages on your mainland. He will set up blockades, put up dirt ramps, and raise his shields against you. He will direct his battering rams against your walls, and he will cut down your towers with his axes. He will have so many horses that their dust will cover you. The noise from the war horses, wagon wheels, and chariots will shake your walls when he enters your gates. He will enter as people enter a conquered city. With his horse's hooves he will trample all your streets. He will kill your people in battle, and your strong pillars will fall to the ground. His troops will loot your riches and take your goods as prizes. They will destroy your walls and tear down your delightful homes. They will throw your stones, wood, and soil into the water. I will put a stop to your noisy songs, and the music from your harps will no longer be heard. I will turn you into bare rock. You will become a place to spread fishing nets. You will never be rebuilt. I, the Lord, have spoken, declares the Almighty Lord. This is what the Almighty Lord says to Tyre. The people who live on the coast will shake with fear when they hear about your defeat. They will groan when your people are wounded and slaughtered. Then the princes from the coast will come down from their thrones. They will remove their robes and take off their embroidered clothes. Dressed in terror, they will sit on the ground. They will tremble constantly and be shocked at you. Then they will sing this funeral song for you. Tyre, you famous city, you have been destroyed. You have been shattered by the sea. You and your people rule the sea. All your people terrified those who lived by the coast. Your defeat will make the people who live by the coast tremble. Your end will terrify the islands in the sea. This is what the Almighty Lord says. I will turn your city into ruins like cities that have no one living in them. I will bring the deep ocean over you, and the Mediterranean Sea will cover you. I will bring you down with those who descend to the grave to join the people of long ago. I will make you live below the earth among the ancient ruins with those who go down to the grave. You will never return or take your place in the land of the living. I will turn you into a terror, and you will no longer exist. People will look for you, but they will never see you again, declares the Almighty Lord. Ezekiel chapter 27. The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, sing a funeral song about Tyre. Tyre is the city at the entrance to the sea. It is the merchant to the nations. Say to Tyre, this is what the Almighty Lord says. Tyre, you used to brag about your perfect beauty. Your home is the sea. Your builders made your beauty perfect. Your builders made all your boards from pine trees on Mount Hermon. They took cedar trees from Lebanon to make a mast for you. They made your oars from oaks in Bashan. They made your deck from pine trees on the shores of Cyprus. It had ivory set in it. Your sails were made out of fine embroidered linen from Egypt. They were like your flags. Your awnings were violet and purple. They came from the coasts of Elisha. People from Sidon and Arvad used to row you. Your own skilled people were your sailors. 
Master shipbuilders from Gebal went inside you to caulk your seams. All the ships on the sea and their sailors docked alongside you to trade with you. People from Persia, Lud, and Put were soldiers in your army. They hung their shields and helmets inside you. Their victories made you look good. People from Arvad and Helech were guards all around your walls. People from Gamad guarded your towers. They hung their shields all around your walls, making your beauty perfect. People from Tarshish traded with you because you were so very rich. They exchanged silver, iron, tin, and lead for your merchandise. People from Greece, Tubal, and Meshech traded with you. They exchanged slaves and bronze items for your goods. People from Beth Togarma exchanged horses, war horses, and mules for your merchandise. People from Dedan traded goods with you. You traded with many people on the coasts, and they brought you ivory and ebony as payment. People from Syria traded with you because you had so many products. They exchanged emeralds, purple cloth, richly woven cloth, linen, coral, and rubies for your merchandise. Judah and Israel traded with you. They exchanged wheat from Minith, baked goods, honey, olive oil, and balsam for your goods. People from Damascus traded with you because you had so many products. They exchanged wine from Helbon and wool from Sahar. Danites and Greeks from Uzal traded for your merchandise. They exchanged wrought iron, caesia, and sugar cane for your goods. Dedan traded saddle blankets with you. Arabia and all the officials of Kedar traded with you. They traded lambs, rams, and male goats. The merchants from Sheba and Rama traded with you. They traded the finest spices, precious stones, and gold for your merchandise. Haran, Kana, Eden, the merchants from Sheba, Assyria, and Kilmad traded with you. In your marketplace they traded for beautiful clothes, purple robes, embroidered cloth, and many multicolored rugs with woven and twisted cords. Ships from Tarshish carried your goods. You were like a ship filled with heavy cargo in the sea. Your rowers took you out to the high seas, and an east wind wrecked you in the sea. Your wealth, your merchandise, and the goods you sell, your mariners and your sailors, your caulkers and your merchants, your soldiers and everyone else on board sank into the sea when your ship was wrecked. When your sailors cried out, people on the shore trembled. All the rowers, the sailors, and all the mariners came down from their ships and stood on the shore. They cried loudly and bitterly over you. They put dust on their heads and covered themselves with ashes. They shaved their heads because of you and put on sackcloth. They cried over you with bitterness and with bitter mourning. They sang a funeral song for you with loud crying. Who is like Tyre, the city destroyed in the sea? Your merchandise was sent overseas. You filled many people with your great wealth and your goods. You made the kings of the earth rich. Now you are wrecked in the sea, at the bottom of the sea. Your goods and your whole crew sank with you. All those who live on the coast are horrified because of you. Their kings are terribly afraid. Their faces show their fear. The merchants among the nations laugh at you. You have come to a terrible end, and you will never exist again. Ezekiel chapter 28 The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, tell the ruler of Tyre, this is what the Almighty Lord says. In your arrogance you say, I'm a god. I sit on God's throne in the sea. But you're only human, and not a god, although you think you are a god. You think that you are wiser than Daniel, and that no secret can be hidden from you. Because you are wise in understanding, you made yourself rich. You saved gold and silver in your treasuries. Because of your great skill in trading, you've made yourself very wealthy. 
You have become arrogant because of your wealth. This is what the Almighty Lord says. You think you are wise like God? That is why I am going to bring foreigners against you, the most ruthless foreigners among the nations. They will draw their swords against your fine wisdom and dishonor your greatness. They will throw you into a pit, and you will die a violent death in the sea. You will no longer say that you are a god when you face those who kill you. You will be a human, not a god, in the hands of those who kill you. You will die at the hands of foreigners like a godless person. I have spoken, declares the Lord. The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, sing a funeral song for the ruler of Tyre. Tell him, This is what the Almighty Lord says. You were the perfect example, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, God's garden. You were covered with every kind of precious stone, red quartz, topaz, crystal, beryl, onyx, gray quartz, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald. Your settings and your sockets were made of gold when you were created. I appointed an angel to guard you. You were on God's holy mountain. You walked among fiery stones. Your behavior was perfect from the time you were created until evil was found in you. You traded far and wide. You learned to be violent, and you sinned. So I threw you down from God's mountain in disgrace. The guardian angel forced you out from the fiery stones. You became too proud because of your beauty. You wasted your wisdom because of your greatness. So I threw you to the ground and left you in front of the king so that they could see you. You dishonored your own holy places because of your many sins and dishonest trade. So I set fire to you to burn you up. I turned you into ashes on the ground, in the presence of all who saw you. All the nations who knew you are horrified because of you. You have come to a terrible end, and you will never exist again. The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, turn to Sidon and prophesy against it. Tell it, This is what the Almighty Lord says. I'm against you, Sidon. I will show my greatness through you. Then people will know that I am the Lord, because I will punish you and show you how holy I am. I will send a plague against you and make blood flow in your streets. Your people will fall dead. People with swords will attack you from every side. Then they will know that I am the Lord. The nation of Israel will no longer be hurt by prickly thorns or sharp briars from everyone around them. Then they will know that I am the Almighty Lord. This is what the Almighty Lord says. When I gather the people of Israel from the nations where they were scattered, I will show that I am holy as the nations watch. The people of Israel will live in their own land, the land I gave to my servant Jacob. They will live there in safety. They will build homes and plant vineyards. They will live in safety when I punish all the surrounding people who treat them with scorn. Then they will know that I am the Lord their God. Ezekiel chapter 29. On the twelfth day of the tenth month in the tenth year, the Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, turn to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and prophesy against him and against all Egypt. Tell him this is what the Almighty Lord says. I am against you, Pharaoh, king of Egypt. You are like a monster crocodile lying in the Nile River. You say, The Nile River is mine. I made it for myself. I will put hooks in your jaws and make the fish in the Nile River stick to your scales. I will pull you out of your river with all the fish in the Nile sticking to your scales. I will leave you in the desert, you and all the fish from the Nile. You will fall in an open field. No one will pick you up or bury you. I will feed you to wild animals and birds. Then all those living in Egypt will know that I am the Lord. Egypt, 
you have become like a broken walking stick to the nation of Israel. When Israel grabbed you, you splintered and tore up their shoulders. When they leaned on you, you broke, and they wrenched their backs. This is what the Almighty Lord says, I am going to attack you with a sword. I will kill people and animals. Egypt will become a wasteland and a pile of rubble. Then you will know that I am the Lord. You said, The Nile River is mine. I made it. That is why I am against you and the Nile River. I will turn Egypt into a pile of rubble. It will become a wasteland from Migdol to Syene, all the way to the border of Sudan. No human or animal will walk through it, and no one will live there for forty years. I will make Egypt the most desolate country in the world. For forty years Egypt's cities will lie in ruins. They will be ruined more than any other city. I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations and force them into other countries. This is what the Almighty Lord says. After forty years I will gather the Egyptians from the nations where they have been scattered. I will bring back the Egyptian captives and return them to Pathros, the land they came from. There they will be a weak kingdom. They will be the weakest kingdom, and they will never rule the nations again. I will make them so weak that they will never rule the nations again. The nation of Israel will never trust Egypt again. The people of Israel will remember how wrong they were whenever they turned to Egypt for help. Then they will know that I am the Almighty Lord. On the first day of the first month in the twenty-seventh year, the Lord spoke His word to me. He said, Son of man, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon made his army fight hard against Tyre. Every soldier's head was worn bald, and every soldier's shoulder was rubbed raw. Yet he and his army got no reward for their hard-fought battle against Tyre. This is what the Almighty Lord says, I'm going to give Egypt to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. He will carry off its wealth, take its prized possessions, and loot it. That will be the pay for his army. I have given him Egypt as pay for what he has done. Nebuchadnezzar and his army worked for me, declares the Almighty Lord. On that day, I will make the people of Israel strong again, and I will give you, Ezekiel, something to say among them. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel chapter 30. The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, prophesy. Say, this is what the Almighty Lord says. Cry for that day. The day is near. The day of the Lord is near. It will be a gloomy day, a time of trouble for the nations. There will be war in Egypt and anguish in Ethiopia. Many Egyptians will fall dead. People will take away Egypt's wealth, and its foundations will be torn down. Sudan, Put, Lud, all the Arabs, the Libyans, and people from the Promised Land will die in battle. This is what the Lord says. All Egypt's allies will die. Egypt's strength will disappear. People will die in war, from Migdol to Syene, declares the Almighty Lord. Egypt will become the most desolate country in the world, and Egypt's cities will lie in ruins. They will be ruined more than other cities. Then they will know that I am the Lord, because I will set fire to Egypt, and all her defenders will be killed. On that day I will send messengers in ships to terrify those who live in safety in Sudan. The people of Sudan will be in anguish when Egypt is in trouble. That day is coming. This is what the Almighty Lord says. I will use King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon to bring an end to Egypt. He and his troops, the most ruthless troops among the nations, will be brought to destroy the land. They will draw their swords to attack Egypt and fill the land with dead bodies. I will dry up the Nile River and sell the land to wicked people. 
I will have foreigners destroy the land and everything in it. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is what the Almighty Lord says. I will destroy the statues and put an end to the idols in Memphis. A prince will never rise again in Egypt. I will spread fear throughout Egypt. I will destroy Pathros, set fire to Zoan, and bring punishment on Thebes. I will pour out my fury on Sin, Egypt's fortress, and I will kill many people in Thebes. I will set fire to Egypt. Sin will be in much pain. Thebes will be broken into pieces, and Memphis will be in trouble every day. The young men from Heliopolis and Bubastis will die in battle, and people from these cities will go into exile. At Tophanes the day will turn dark when I break Egypt's power. Egypt's strong army will be defeated. Clouds will cover Egypt, and people from its villages will go into exile. Then they will know that I am the Lord, because I will bring punishment on Egypt. On the seventh day of the first month in the eleventh year, the Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, I have broken the arm of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. His arm isn't bandaged, so it can't heal and be strong enough to hold a sword. This is what the Almighty Lord says, I'm against Pharaoh, king of Egypt. I will break both his arms, the healthy one and the broken one. I will make the sword fall from his hand. I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations and force them into other countries. I will make the arms of the king of Babylon strong. I will put my sword in his hand, but I will break Pharaoh's arms. Pharaoh will groan like a person who is dying. I will strengthen the arms of the king of Babylon, but Pharaoh's arms will fall. Then they will know that I am the Lord, because I will put my sword in the hand of the king of Babylon. He will strike Egypt with it. I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations and force them into other countries. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel chapter 31. On the first day of the third month in the eleventh year, the Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, say to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and his many people, Was there ever anyone as great as you? What about Assyria? It was a cedar in Lebanon with fine branches that shaded the forest. It was very tall. Its top was among the clouds. Water made the tree grow, and underground springs made it tall. Rivers flowed around the place where the tree was planted. Streams ran beside all the other trees around it. That is why it grew taller than all the other trees in the field. Its branches became large and long because of so much water. All the birds made their nests in its branches. All the wild animals gave birth to their young under it. All the powerful nations lived in its shade. So the tree was big and beautiful with its long branches. Its roots reached down to many sources of water. The cedar trees in God's garden couldn't compare to it. The pine trees couldn't equal its branches. The plane trees couldn't measure up to its branches. All the trees in God's garden couldn't match its beauty. I was the one who made it beautiful with its many branches. This tree was the envy of all the trees in Eden, in God's garden. This is what the Almighty Lord says. The tree grew very tall, and its top reached the clouds. It became arrogant because it was so tall. So I handed it over to a mighty ruler among the nations, and he surely dealt with it. I forced it out because of its wickedness. Foreigners from the most ruthless nation cut it down and threw it away. Its branches fell on the mountains and in every valley. Its broken branches fell in every ravine in the land. All the nations in the world came out from under its shade and left. All the birds perched on the fallen tree, and all the wild animals lived in its branches. 
Then all the other trees growing by the water were kept from becoming arrogant because of their height, and their tops were no longer allowed to reach the clouds. So no tree, even if it is well watered, will ever stand that tall. Every tree is going to die and go below the earth to join those who have died and gone down to the pit. This is what the Almighty Lord says, When the tree went down to the grave, I made people mourn. I covered the underground springs and held back the rivers. The many water sources stopped flowing. I made Lebanon mourn for the tree, and all the trees in the field fainted as they grieved over it. I made the nations tremble in fear at the sound of the tree's crash. I brought the tree down to the grave to join those who had gone down to the pit. Then all the trees in Eden, the choicest and best trees of Lebanon, and all the trees that were well watered were comforted below the earth. They had gone down with the tree in the grave to join others killed in battle. All who lived in its shadow were scattered among the nations. This tree is you, Pharaoh, and all your many people. No tree in Eden has ever been as honorable and as great as you, but you will be brought down below the earth with the trees of Eden. You will lie among the godless people who were killed in battle, declares the Almighty Lord. Ezekiel chapter 32. On the first day of the twelfth month in the twelfth year, the Lord spoke His word to me. He said, Son of man, sing a funeral song for Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Tell him, You think you are like a lion among the nations. Instead, you are like a crocodile in the water. You splash around in the water. You stir up the water with your feet. You make the streams muddy. This is what the Almighty Lord says. When many nations gather together, I will spread my net over you, and they will haul you up in a net. I will throw you on the ground and toss you into an open field. I will make birds perch on you, and wild animals from all over the earth will feed on you. I will scatter your flesh on the hills and fill the valleys with your rotting corpse. I will drench the earth with your flowing blood all the way to the mountains. Ravines will be filled with your dead body. When I put out your light, I will cover the sky and darken the stars. I will cover the sun with clouds, and the moon won't shine any more. I will darken all the light shining in the sky above you. I will bring darkness over your land, declares the Almighty Lord. I will make many people troubled when I spread the news of your destruction among the nations to countries that you haven't heard of. Many people will be shocked by what I will do to you. Their kings will shudder when I swing my sword in their faces. When you die, all of them will tremble in fear for their own lives. This is what the Almighty Lord says. The sword of the king of Babylon will attack you. I will cut down your people with the swords of warriors. All of them will be the most ruthless warriors among the nations. They will shatter the pride of Egypt and destroy its many people. I will also destroy all the animals beside its many water sources. The feet of humans and the hooves of animals won't stir up the water any more. Then I will make its water clear and make its streams flow like oil, declares the Almighty Lord. I will turn Egypt into a wasteland. I will take everything in the land, and I will kill all the people who live there. Then they will know that I am the Lord. This is a funeral song. The people from the nations will sing this song. They will sing it as they mourn for Egypt and its many people, declares the Almighty Lord. On the fifteenth day of the month in the twelfth year, the Lord spoke His word to me. He said, Son of man, cry for the many people of Egypt. Bring them down along with the other mighty nations. 
Send them down below the earth to be with those who have gone down to the pit. Tell them, Are you more beautiful than anyone else? Go down and join the godless people. The Egyptians will lie among those who were killed in battle. A sword has been drawn. Drag Egypt and all its people away. The mightiest warriors will say to Pharaoh from the grave, You and your defenders have come down, and you now lie with the godless people who were killed in battle. Assyria is there with its whole army, and the graves of its soldiers are all around it. All of its soldiers are dead. They have been killed in battle. Their graves are in the deepest parts of the pit. Assyria's army lies around its grave. All of its soldiers are dead. They have been killed in battle. They once terrified people in the land of the living. Elam is there with all its soldiers, and the graves of its soldiers are all around it. All of its soldiers are dead. They have been killed in battle. They went down below the earth as godless people. They once terrified people in the land of the living. Now they suffer disgrace with those who have gone down to the pit. A bed has been made for Elam among the dead. The graves of its soldiers are all around it. The soldiers were godless people. They were killed in battle because they terrified others in the land of the living. Now they suffer disgrace with those who have gone down to the pit. They lie among the dead. Meshech and Tubal are there with all their soldiers, and the graves of their soldiers are all around them. Their soldiers were all godless people. They were killed in battle because they terrified others in the land of the living. They don't lie with the godless warriors who died and went down to the grave with their weapons of war. Their swords were placed under their heads. Their shields were placed on their bones because they terrified others in the land of the living. You Egyptians will be crushed with the godless people, and you will lie with those who were killed in battle. Edom is there with its kings and its princes. They used to be powerful, but now they lie with those who were killed in battle. They lie there with the godless people and with those who have gone down to the pit. All the rulers from the north and all the people from Sidon are there. They too went down with the dead. They are disgraced because they terrified people with their power. They were godless people. Now they lie with those who were killed in battle. They suffer disgrace with those who went down to the pit. Pharaoh and his army will see these things and be comforted over all the soldiers who have been killed in battle, declares the Almighty Lord. I terrified people in the land of the living. Pharaoh and all his soldiers will be laid among the godless people who were killed in battle, declares the Almighty Lord. Ezekiel chapter 33. The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, speak to your people. Tell them, Suppose I bring war on this country, and the people of this country choose one of their men and make him their watchman. If he sees the enemy coming to attack the country, he will blow his horn to warn the people. If the people hear the horn and ignore the warning, and the enemy comes and takes them, they will be responsible for their own deaths. They heard the sound of the horn but ignored its warning, so they are responsible for their own deaths. If they had taken the warning, they would have saved themselves." But if the watchman sees the enemy coming and doesn't blow his horn to warn the people, and the enemy comes and kills someone, that watchman must die because of his sin. I will hold him responsible for their deaths. Son of man, I have appointed you as a watchman for the people of Israel. Listen to what I say, and warn them for me. Suppose I say to a wicked person, You wicked person, you will certainly die, and you say nothing to warn him to change his ways. That wicked person will die because of his sin, 
and I will hold you responsible for his death. But if you warn a wicked person to turn from his ways, and he doesn't turn from them, then he will die because of his sin. However, you will save yourself. Son of man, say to the people of Israel, You have said this, Our wickedness and our sins weigh us down, and we are rotting away because of them. How can we live? Tell them, As I live, declares the Almighty Lord, I don't want wicked people to die. Rather, I want them to turn from their ways and live. Change the way you think and act. Turn from your wicked ways. Do you want to die, people of Israel? Son of man, say to your people, The right things that a righteous person has done will not save him when he rebels. The wicked things that a wicked person has done will not make him stumble when he turns from his wickedness. The righteous person will not live when he sins. I may promise the righteous person that he will certainly live, but if he trusts in the right things that he has done, and he does evil, none of the right things that he has done will be remembered. He will die because of the evil things he has done. I may warn the wicked person that he will certainly die, but suppose he turns from his sin and does what is fair and right. He returns the security for a loan, pays back everything he stole, lives by the rules of life, and does nothing evil. Then he will certainly live. He will not die. None of the sins that he has done will be remembered. He has done what is fair and right. He will certainly live. But your people say, The Lord's way is unfair. Yet their ways are unfair. If the righteous person turns from the right things that he has done and does evil, he will die because of it. If the wicked person turns from his wickedness and does what is fair and right, he will live because of it. Yet the people of Israel say, The Lord's way is unfair. I will judge each of you by your own ways, people of Israel. On the fifth day of the tenth month, in the twelfth year of our captivity, a refugee from Jerusalem came to me. He said, The city has been captured. The evening before the refugee arrived, the power of the Lord came over me. On the morning the refugee arrived, the Lord made me speak. So I spoke, and I was no longer quiet. The Lord spoke His word to me. He said, Son of man, those who live in the ruined cities in Israel are saying, Abraham was only one person, and he was given the land. But we are many. Certainly the land has been given to us. So tell them, This is what the Almighty Lord says, You eat meat with blood in it. You look to your idols for help. You murder people. Should the land be given to you? You rely on your swords. You do disgusting things. You dishonor your neighbor's wife. Should the land be given to you? Tell them, This is what the Almighty Lord says. As I live, whoever is in the ruined cities will be killed in battle. Whoever is in the open field will become food for wild animals. Whoever is in fortified places and caves will die from plagues. I will turn the land into a barren wasteland. People will no longer brag about its power. The mountains of Israel will become so ruined that no one will travel through them. Then people will know that I am the Lord when I make the land a barren wasteland because of all the disgusting things that they have done. Son of man, your people are talking about you by the walls and in the doorways of their homes. They are saying to each other, Let's go and hear the word that has come from the Lord. Then they come to you as if they are still my people, and they sit down in front of you. They listen to what you say, but they don't do it. They say that they love me, but in their hearts they chase dishonest prophets. To them you are nothing more than a singer with a beautiful voice who sings love songs or a musician who plays an instrument. 
They listen to your words, but they don't do them. When all your words come true, and they certainly will come true, these people will know that a prophet has been among them. Ezekiel chapter 34. The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy to these shepherds. Tell them, This is what the Almighty Lord says. How horrible it will be for the shepherds of Israel who have been taking care of only themselves. Shouldn't shepherds take care of the sheep? You eat the best parts of the sheep, dress in the wool, and butcher the finest sheep. Yet you don't take care of the sheep. You have not strengthened those that were weak, healed those that were sick, or bandaged those that were injured. You have not brought back those that strayed away, or looked for those that were lost. You have ruled them harshly and violently. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. When they were scattered, they became food for every wild animal. My sheep wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. They were scattered throughout the whole earth. No one searched or looked for them. So, you shepherds, listen to the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Almighty Lord, because there is no shepherd, my sheep have become prey. My sheep have become food for every wild animal. My shepherds haven't searched for my sheep. They have taken care of only themselves, not my sheep. So, you shepherds, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the Almighty Lord says. I am against the shepherds. I will demand that they hand over my sheep. I won't let them take care of my sheep any more, and they will no longer take care of only themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths, and my sheep will no longer be their food. This is what the Almighty Lord says. I will search for my sheep myself, and I will look after them. As a shepherd looks after his flock when he is with his scattered sheep, so I will look after my sheep. I will rescue them on a cloudy and gloomy day from every place where they have been scattered. I will bring them out from the nations, gather them from the countries, and bring them to their own land. I will take care of them on the mountains of Israel, by the streams, and in all the inhabited places of the land. I will feed them in good pasture, and they will graze on the mountains of Israel. They will rest on the good land where they graze, and they will feed on the best pastures in the mountains of Israel. I will take care of my sheep and lead them to rest, declares the Almighty Lord. I will look for those that are lost, bring back those that have strayed away, bandage those that are injured, and strengthen those that are sick. I will destroy those that are fat and strong. I will take care of my sheep fairly. As for you, my sheep, this is what the Almighty Lord says, I will judge disputes between one sheep and another, between rams and male goats. Isn't it enough for you to feed on the good pasture? Must you trample the rest of the pasture with your feet? You drink clean water. Must you muddy the rest of the water with your feet? Must my sheep eat what your feet have trampled, and drink what your feet have muddied? So this is what the Almighty Lord says to them. I will judge disputes between the fat sheep and the skinny sheep. You fat sheep push the skinny sheep with your sides and shoulders, and you knock down all the sick sheep with your horns. You have scattered them all over, so I will rescue my sheep, and they will no longer be prey. I will judge between one sheep and another. Then I will place one shepherd over them, my servant David, and he will take care of them. He will take care of them and be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be their prince. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will promise them peace. I will remove the wild animals from the land so that my sheep can live safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. I will bless them and the places around my hill. 
I will send rain at the right time. These showers will be a blessing to them. Then the trees in the field will produce fruit. The land will yield crops, and my sheep will live safely in their land. Then they will know that I am the Lord, because I will break off the bars on their yokes and rescue them from the people who made them slaves. They will no longer be prey to the nations, and the wild animals will no longer eat them. They will live safely, and no one will frighten them. I will give them a place that is known for its good crops. They will no longer experience hunger in the land, and they will no longer suffer the insults of other nations. Then they will know that I, the Lord their God, am with them, and that they, the people of Israel, are my people, declares the Almighty Lord. You, my sheep, are the sheep in my pasture. You are mortal, and I am your God, declares the Almighty Lord. Ezekiel chapter 35. The Lord spoke His word to me. He said, Son of man, turn to Mount Seir and prophesy against it. Tell it, this is what the Almighty Lord says. I am against you, Mount Seir. I will use my power against you, and you will become a wasteland. I will turn your cities into ruins, and you will become a wasteland. Then you will know that I am the Lord. You have always been an enemy of Israel. You deserted the people of Israel in battle when they were in trouble during their final punishment. That is why, as I live, declares the Almighty Lord, I will let you be murdered. Murderers will pursue you. Since you don't hate murdering people, murder will pursue you. I will turn Mount Seir into a barren wasteland, and I will destroy everyone who comes or goes from there. I will fill your mountains with those who have been killed. Those killed in battle will fall on your hills and in your valleys and ravines. I will turn you into a permanent wasteland. Your cities will not be lived in. Then you will know that I am the Lord. You said, These two nations, Israel and Judah, along with their land, belong to us. We will take possession of them. But the Lord was there. That is why, as I live, declares the Almighty Lord, I will do to you what you did to them. When you were angry and jealous, you acted hatefully toward them. Then you will know that I, the Lord, heard all the insults that you spoke about the mountains of Israel. You said, They have been deserted and handed over to us to use up. You bragged and continually talked against me. I heard you. This is what the Almighty Lord says. The whole earth will be glad when I turn you into a wasteland. You were happy when the land of Israel became a wasteland. I will do the same thing to you. You will become a wasteland, Mount Seir, and so will all of Edom. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel chapter 36. The Lord said, Son of man, prophesy to the mountains of Israel. Tell them, Mountains of Israel, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the Almighty Lord says. Your enemies said this about you. Aha! The ancient worship sites now belong to us. So prophesy, say, This is what the Almighty Lord says. Your enemies turned you into ruins and crushed you from every side. You became the possession of the rest of the nations, and people began to talk and gossip about you. Mountains of Israel, listen to the word of the Almighty Lord. This is what the Almighty Lord says to the mountains and hills, to the ravines and valleys, and to the empty ruins and abandoned cities that have become prey and are mocked by the rest of the surrounding nations. In my fiery anger I have spoken against the rest of the nations and against all of Edom. The Edomites have taken possession of my land with wholehearted joy and with complete scorn. They forced out the people and took their land. So prophesy about Israel.
tell the mountains and hills and the ravines and valleys, this is what the Almighty Lord says. I am speaking in my anger and fury because you have been insulted by the nations. So this is what the Almighty Lord says. I raise my hand and swear that the nations which surround you will be insulted. But you, mountains of Israel, will grow branches and bear fruit for my people Israel. My people will come home soon. I am for you. I will turn to you, and you will be plowed and planted. I will increase the number of people who live on you. All the people of Israel, all of them, will live on you. The cities will be inhabited, and the ruins will be rebuilt. I will increase the number of people and animals that live on you. They will grow and become many. I will let people live on you as in the past, and I will make you better off than ever before. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I will bring people, my people Israel, to you. They will take possession of you, and you will be their inheritance. You will no longer take their children away from them. This is what the Almighty Lord says. People say that you devour your people and take the children away from your nation. So you will no longer devour your people or take the children away from your nation, declares the Almighty Lord. I will no longer let you hear the insults from the nations. You will no longer suffer the disgrace of the people. You will never again take the children away from your own nation, declares the Almighty Lord. The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, when the people of Israel lived in their land, they dishonored it by the way they lived and by everything they did. Their ways were as unclean as a woman's menstrual period. So I poured out my fury on them, because they poured out blood on the land, and they dishonored the land with their idols. I forced them into other nations, and they became scattered among the nations. I judged them based on the way that they lived, and based on everything that they had done. But wherever they went among the nations, they dishonored my holy name. People said about them, These are the Lord's people, yet they had to leave his land. I became concerned about my holy name, because my people dishonored it among the nations wherever they went. So tell the people of Israel, this is what the Almighty Lord says. I am about to do something, people of Israel. I will not do this for your sake, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have dishonored among the nations wherever you have gone. I will reveal the holiness of my great name, which has been dishonored by the nations, the name that you have dishonored among them. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, because I will reveal my holiness among you as they watch, declares the Almighty Lord. I will take you from the nations and gather you from every country. I will bring you back to your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and make you clean instead of unclean. Then I will cleanse you from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove your stubborn hearts and give you obedient hearts. I will put my spirit in you. I will enable you to live by my laws, and you will obey my rules. Then you will live in the land that I gave your ancestors. You will be my people, and I will be your God. I will rescue you from all your uncleanness. I will make the grain grow so that you will never again have famines. I will make fruit grow on the trees and crops grow in the fields so that you will no longer suffer disgrace among the nations because of famines. Then you will remember your evil ways and the bad things that you did, and you will hate yourselves for all these wicked and disgusting things. I want you to know that I am not doing this for your sake, declares the Almighty Lord. Be ashamed and disgraced because of your ways, people of Israel. This is what the Almighty Lord says. On the day that I cleanse you from all your wickedness, 
I will cause your cities to be lived in again, and your ruins will be rebuilt. The wasteland will be plowed. It will no longer remain empty for everyone passing by to see. People will say, The wasteland has become like the Garden of Eden. The cities were destroyed. They were empty and ruined, but now they are fortified and have people living in them. The surrounding nations that are left will know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt the ruined places and planted crops in the land that was empty. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do it. This is what the Almighty Lord says. I will also let the people of Israel ask me to make them as numerous as sheep. They will be like the sheep for sacrifices, like the sheep in Jerusalem during the appointed festivals. Their ruined cities will be filled with flocks of people. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel chapter 37. The power of the Lord came over me. The Lord brought me out by His Spirit and put me down in the middle of a valley. The valley was filled with bones. He led me all around them. I saw that there were very many bones at the bottom of the valley, and they were very dry. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I answered, Only you know, Almighty Lord. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones, tell them, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the Almighty Lord says to these bones. I will cause breath to enter you, and you will live. I will put ligaments on you, place muscles on you, and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will live. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. While I was prophesying, suddenly there was a rattling noise, and the bones came together, one bone attaching itself to another. As I looked, I saw that ligaments were on them, muscles were on them, and skin covered them, yet there was no breath in them. Then the Lord said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, tell the breath, this is what the Almighty Lord says, Come from the four winds, breath, and breathe on these people who were killed, so that they will live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath entered them. Then they came to life and stood on their feet. There were enough of them to form a very large army. The Lord also said to me, Son of man, all the people of Israel are like these bones. The people say, Our bones are dry, and our hope has vanished. We are completely destroyed. So prophesy. Tell them, This is what the Almighty Lord says. My people, I will open your graves and take you out of them. I will bring you to Israel. Then, my people, you will know that I am the Lord, because I will open your graves and bring you out of your graves. I will put my Spirit in you, and you will live. I will place you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. The Lord spoke His word to me again. He said, Son of man, take a stick and write on it, for Judah and for the Israelites who are associated with it. Then take another stick and write on it, the stick of Ephraim, for Joseph and for all the people of Israel associated with it. Then join both sticks together, so that they will be one in your hand. Your people will say to you, Tell us what you mean by this. Then say to them, This is what the Almighty Lord says, I will take Joseph's stick, which is in Ephraim's hand, and the tribes of Israel associated with it, and I will put them with Judah's stick. I will make them into one stick. They will be one in my hand. When you hold the sticks in your hand, let the people see them. Then tell them, This is what the Almighty Lord says, I will take the Israelites out of the nations where they've gone. I will gather them from everywhere and bring them to their own land. 
I will form them into one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel. One king will rule all of them. They will no longer be two nations or be divided into two kingdoms. They will no longer dishonor themselves with their idols, with their detestable things, or with their rebellious acts. I will forgive them for all the times they turned away from me and sinned. I will cleanse them so that they will be my people, and I will be their God. My servant David will be their king, and all of them will have one shepherd. They will live by my rules, and they will obey my laws. They will live in the land that I gave my servant Jacob, the land where their ancestors lived. They, their children, and their grandchildren will live in it permanently. My servant David will always be their prince. I will promise them peace. This promise will last forever. I will establish them, make them increase in number, and put my holy place among them permanently. My dwelling place will be with them. I will be their God, and they will be my people." Then the nations will know that I, the Lord, have set Israel apart as holy, because my holy place will be among them permanently. Ezekiel chapter 38. The Lord spoke his word to me. He said, Son of man, turn to Gog from the land of Magog. He is the chief prince of the nations of Meshach and Tubal. Prophesy against him. Tell him, This is what the Almighty Lord says. I am against you, Gog, chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. I will turn you around and put hooks in your jaws. I will lead you out with all your military forces, with horses and riders. Your soldiers will be fully armed. They will carry large and small shields and be able to use swords. Persia, Sudan, and Put will be with you. They too will have shields and helmets. Gomer will come with all its troops and with the nation of Togarma from the far north. There will be many armies with you. Be prepared." Be prepared, you and all the soldiers assembled around you. You will be their leader. After a long time, you will be called to service. In the years to come, you will attack a land that has been rebuilt after a war. Its people have been gathered from many nations and brought to the mountains of Israel, mountains that have been ruined for a long time. These people were brought there from the nations, and all of them live there safely. You will attack like a storm and cover the land like a cloud, your troops and the many armies will be with you. This is what the Almighty Lord says. At that time, ideas will enter your head, and you will make wicked plans. You will say, I'll attack a land with unwalled villages. I will attack peaceful people who live safely. All of them live without walls, locks, or gates. I will come to rob them and loot them. I will use my power against the ruins that people are living in again. I will use it against the people who were gathered from the nations. These people have cattle and property, and they live in the world. Sheba, Dedan, the merchants from Tarshish, and all their villages will ask you, Did you come to rob these people of their possessions? Did you assemble all these soldiers to carry away large amounts of silver and gold and to take cattle and property? So prophesy, son of man, tell Gog, this is what the Almighty Lord says. At that time my people Israel will live safely, and you will know it. You will come from your place in the far north, and many armies will be with you. All of you will ride on horses. You will be a large crowd and a mighty army. You will attack my people Israel like a cloud that covers the land. In the days to come, I will let you attack my land so that nations will know me. I will use you for my holy purpose as they watch. This is what the Almighty Lord says. You are the one I spoke about long ago through my servants, the prophets of Israel. They prophesied in those days 
that I would bring you to attack them. On the day that Gog attacks the land of Israel, I will be filled with burning anger, declares the Almighty Lord. In my fiery anger I tell you this, on that day there will be a large earthquake in the land of Israel. Fish, birds, wild animals, everything that crawls on the ground, and every person on earth will tremble in my presence. The mountains will be torn down, the cliffs will crumble, and every wall will fall to the ground. I will declare war against Gog on all my mountains, declares the Almighty Lord. Each person will use his sword against his relative. I will punish Gog with plagues and death. I will send rainstorms, large hailstones, fire, and burning sulfur on his troops, and on the many armies with him. I will show my greatness and my holiness. I will reveal myself to many nations. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel chapter 39. The Lord said, Son of man, prophesy against Gog. Tell it, this is what the Almighty Lord says. I am against you, Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. I will turn you around and lead you. I will bring you from the far north and have you attack the mountains of Israel. Then I will knock the bow out of your left hand and make you drop the arrows in your right hand. You will die on the mountains of Israel with your troops and the armies that are with you. I will let you become food for every bird of prey and for every wild animal. You will die in the open field because I said so, declares the Almighty Lord. I will send fire on Magog and on those who live safely on the coasts. Then they will know that I am the Lord. I will make my holy name known among my people Israel, and I will never let them dishonor my holy name again. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, the Holy One in Israel. It's coming. It will happen, declares the Almighty Lord. This is the day I have spoken about. Those living in the cities of Israel will go out. They will set fire to weapons and burn them. They will burn small and large shields, bows and arrows, and war clubs and spears. They will burn them for seven years. They will not need to get wood from the field or cut down trees in the woods. They will make fires with the weapons. They will loot those who looted them and they will grab things back from those who grab their things, declares the Almighty Lord. When that day comes, I will give Gog a burial place in Israel. It will be in Traveler's Valley, east of the Dead Sea. It will block those who travel through the valley. Gog and his whole army will be buried there. So it will be called the Valley of Gog's troops. The people of Israel will be burying them there for seven months to make the land clean. All the common people will be burying them, the people of Israel will be honored on the day of my victory, declares the Almighty Lord. People will be chosen to go through the land and make it clean. With the help of others, they will bury the dead soldiers that are still on the ground. At the end of seven months, they will begin their search. Whenever they go through the land and see a human bone, they will set up a marker beside it until the grave diggers have buried that bone in the Valley of Gog's troops. A city named Hamona will also be there. In this way they will cleanse the land. Son of man, this is what the Almighty Lord says. Tell every kind of bird and every wild animal, assemble and come together from all around for the sacrifice that I'm preparing for you. It will be a huge feast on the mountains of Israel. You can eat meat and drink blood there. You can eat the meat of warriors and drink the blood of the princes of the earth. All of them will be killed like rams, lambs, goats, bulls, and all the best animals of Bashan. You can eat the best meat until you are full, and drink blood until you are drunk at the sacrifice that I am preparing for you. 
At my table you will be filled with horses and riders, warriors and soldiers of every kind, declares the Almighty Lord. I will show my greatness among the nations. All the nations will see how I will turn my power against them to punish them. From that day on, the people of Israel will know that I am the Lord their God. Then the nations will know that the people of Israel went into captivity because they did wrong and rebelled against me. So I hid my face from them and handed them over to their enemies. They were killed in battle. I paid them back for their uncleanness and their sins, and I hid my face from them. So this is what the Almighty Lord says. Now I will bring back Jacob's captives and have compassion for the whole nation of Israel. I will stand up for my holy name. When they live safely in a land where no one will frighten them, they will forget their shame and all the unfaithful things they have done against me. I will bring them back from the other nations and gather them from the countries of their enemies. Many nations will see that I am holy. Then my people will know that I am the Lord their God. I sent them into captivity among the nations, and I brought them back again to their land. I left none of them behind. I will no longer hide my face from them, because I will pour out my Spirit on the nation of Israel, declares the Almighty Lord. Ezekiel chapter 40. It was the tenth day of the month in the beginning of the twenty-fifth year of our captivity, and fourteen years after Jerusalem was captured. At that time the Lord's power came over me, and He brought me to Jerusalem. In visions God brought me to Israel and set me down on a very high mountain. On the south side of the mountain were some buildings that looked like those in a city. He brought me closer. I saw a man who looked like he was covered with bronze. The man was holding a linen tape measure and a measuring stick, and he stood in a gateway. He said to me, Son of man, look with your eyes and listen with your ears. Pay close attention to everything I'm going to show you. You were brought here to be shown these things. Tell the nation of Israel everything that you see. I saw a wall that surrounded the temple. The man had a measuring stick that was ten and a half feet long. He measured the wall. It was ten and a half feet thick and ten and a half feet high. Then the man went to the gateway that faced east. He went up its steps and measured the entrance to the gateway. It was ten and a half feet wide. There were also guard rooms. Each guard room was ten and a half feet long and ten and a half feet wide. The space between the guard rooms was nine feet thick, and the entrance to the gateway by the entrance hall of the temple was ten and a half feet wide. He also measured the entrance hall of the gateway. It extended fourteen feet from the temple. Its recessed walls were three and a half feet thick. The gateway's entrance hall faced the temple. Now there were three guard rooms on each side of the eastern gateway. All three rooms on each side were the same size, and the recessed walls on each side were the same size. Then the man measured the width of the entrance to the gateway. It was seventeen and a half feet wide, and the gateway was twenty-three feet long. There was a barrier about twenty-one inches in front of each guard room. The guard rooms were ten and a half feet square. He measured the gateway from the top of one guard room to the top of the opposite guard room. It was forty-four feet wide from one door to the opposite door. He also measured the entrance hall. It was thirty-five feet wide. In front of the entrance hall to the gateway was a courtyard on all sides. The total length of the gateway from the front of the outer part to the front of the inner part of the entrance hall was eighty-seven and a half feet. The guard rooms and recessed walls inside the gateway had small windows all around. The entrance hall also had windows all around on the inside. Pictures of palm trees were carved on the recessed walls. 
Then the man brought me into the outer courtyard. I saw rooms there and pavement all around the courtyard. There were thirty rooms along the edge of the pavement. The pavement in the lower courtyard ran alongside the gateways. It was as wide as it was long. The man measured the distance from the inside of the lower gateway to the outside of the inner courtyard. It was 175 feet from east to north. Then the man measured the length and width of the gateway, leading to the outer courtyard. This was the gateway that faced north. Its three guard rooms, its recessed walls, and its entrance hall were the same size as those in the east gateway. The gateway was 87 and a half feet long and 44 feet wide. Its windows, recessed walls, and palm tree pictures were the same size as those in the east gateway. Seven steps went up to it and led to its entrance hall. The inner courtyard had a gateway opposite the north gate, just like the east gateway. The man measured the distance from one gate to the other gate. It was 175 feet. Then the man led me to the south side, and I saw a gateway that faced south. He measured its recessed walls and its entrance hall. They were the same size as those of the other gateways. The gateway and its entrance hall had windows on all sides, like the windows in the other gateways. It was eighty-seven and a half feet long and forty-four feet wide. Seven steps went up to it and led to its entrance hall. Pictures of palm trees were carved on the recessed walls, one picture on each side. The inner courtyard had a gateway facing south. The man measured the distance from the gateway on the south side to its opposite gateway. It was 175 feet. Then the man brought me to the inner courtyard through the south gateway. He measured the south gateway. It was the same size as the others. Its guard rooms, recessed walls, and entrance hall were the same size as the other gateways. The guard rooms and the entrance hall had windows all around. The gateway was 87 and a half feet long and 44 feet wide. There were entrance halls all around the inner courtyard. They were all 44 feet long and 9 feet wide. The entrance halls faced the outer courtyard. Pictures of palm trees were carved on the recessed walls, and eight steps led up to each gateway. Then the man brought me to the east side of the inner courtyard. He measured the gateway. It was the same size as the others. Its guard rooms, recessed walls, and entrance halls were the same size as those of the other gateways. Its guard rooms and entrance hall had windows all around. The gateway was 87 and a half feet long and 44 feet wide. Its entrance hall faced the outer courtyard. Pictures of palm trees were carved on the recessed walls and eight steps led up to the gateway. Then the man brought me to the north gateway. He measured it. It was the same size as the others. Its guard rooms, recessed walls, and entrance hall had windows all around. The gateway was 87 and a half feet long and 44 feet wide. Its recessed walls faced the outer courtyard. Pictures of palm trees were carved on the recessed walls, and eight steps led up to the gateway. There was a room with a door that opened toward the entrance hall of the gateway. This is the room where the priests washed the animals for the burnt offerings. In the entrance hall of the gateway, there were two tables on each side of the room. On these tables, the animals were slaughtered for burnt offerings, offerings for sin and guilt offerings. On each side of the entrance to the north gateway, there were two tables, and on the other side of the entrance hall of the gateway, there were two tables. So there were four tables on each side of the gateway, eight tables in all, on which they slaughtered animals. There were four tables made of cut stone for burnt offerings. They were three feet long, three feet wide, and twenty-one inches high. On these tables the priests laid the utensils that were used to slaughter animals for burnt offerings and sacrifices. Double-pronged hooks, 
three inches long, were attached to the wall all around the room, and the tables were for the meat of the animals. Outside the gateways to the inner courtyard were the rooms for the singers in the inner courtyards. One room was at the side of the north gateway. It faced south. The other room was at the other side of the south gateway. It faced north. The man said to me, This room that faces south is for the priests who serve in the temple. The room that faces north is for the priests who serve at the altar. These priests are Zadok's descendants. They are the only Levites who are able to come near the Lord and serve him. The man measured the courtyard. It was a perfect square, 175 feet long and 175 feet wide, and the altar was in front of the temple. Then the man brought me to the entrance hall of the temple and measured its recessed walls. They were nine feet on each side. The gateway was twenty-four and a half feet wide, and the walls on each side were five feet wide. The entrance hall was thirty-five feet long and twenty-one feet wide. Steps led up to it. Pillars stood by the recessed walls, one on each side of the entrance hall. Ezekiel chapter 41. Then the men brought me into the holy place in the temple and measured the recessed walls. They were ten and a half feet wide on each side. The entrance was seventeen and a half feet wide, and on each side of the entrance the walls were nine feet wide. Then he measured the length of the holy place. It was seventy feet long and thirty-five feet wide. Then the man went inside and measured the passageway. It was three and a half feet thick. The entrance was ten and a half feet high and twelve feet wide. Then he measured the room at the end of the holy place. It was thirty-five feet long and thirty-five feet wide. The man said to me, This is the most holy place. Next the man measured the temple wall. It was ten and a half feet wide. The width of each side room around the temple was seven feet. The rooms were arranged on three different stories. There were thirty rooms on each story. These rooms had supports all the way around the temple wall. But these supports were not fastened to the temple wall. The side rooms grew wider all the way around as they went up, story after story. The surrounding structure went from story to story all around the temple. The structure grew wider as it went higher. A stairway went from the first story through the second story to the third story. I also saw a raised base all around the temple. This base was the foundation for the side rooms. It measured the full length of the measuring rod, ten and a half feet. The outer wall of the side rooms was nine feet thick. There was an open area between the side rooms connected to the temple and the priest rooms. It was thirty-five feet wide and went all around the temple. The doors in the side rooms were entrances into the open area. There was one door to the north and another to the south. The base of the open area was nine feet wide all the way around. At the far end of the open area, on the west side of the temple, was a building one hundred twenty-two and a half feet wide. The wall of the building was nine feet thick all the way around, and it was one hundred fifty-seven and a half feet long. Then the men measured the temple. It was one hundred seventy-five feet long. This included the open area with the building and its walls. Altogether, it was 175 feet long. The eastern side of the temple, including the open area, was also 175 feet wide. He also measured the length of the building facing the courtyard on the west side, along with its corridors on both sides. It was 175 feet long. The holy place and the most holy place were paneled. The doorposts, the small windows, and the corridors of all three stories were paneled. The walls from the floor up to the windows were paneled. In the space above the door to the most holy place and on the walls all around it, there were pictures of angels and palm trees. Palm trees were positioned between each of the angels, and each angel had two faces. 
the face of a man which was turned toward a palm tree on one side, and the face of a lion which was turned toward a palm tree on the other side. These pictures were carved all around the temple. Pictures of angels and palm trees were carved on the walls from the floor to the space above the door. The door frames in the holy place were square. In front of the most holy place was something similar. There was a wooden altar five feet high and three and a half feet wide. Its corners, its base, and its sides were made of wood. Then the man told me, This is the table that is in the presence of the Lord. The holy place and the most holy place had two doors. Each of the doors were double doors that swung open. Pictures of angels and palm trees were carved on the doors of the holy place, as on the walls. There was a wooden roof hanging over the outer entrance hall. There were small windows and palm trees on both sides of the entrance hall, on the side rooms of the temple, and on the roofs. Ezekiel chapter 42 Then the man led me out toward the north to the outer courtyard. He brought me to the side rooms opposite both the open area and the northern building. The building that faced north was 175 feet long and 87 and a half feet wide. Opposite the inner courtyard was an area that was 35 feet wide, and opposite the pavement of the outer courtyard were corridors facing corridors on all three stories. In front of the side rooms was a walkway, 17 and a half feet wide and 175 feet long. The doors of these side rooms faced north. The side rooms on the third story were narrower than those on the first and second stories of the building because the corridors took space away from them. The rooms were in three stories. They didn't have pillars like the pillars in the courtyards. That is why the rooms on the third story were set farther back than those on the first and second stories. There was a wall which ran parallel to the side rooms and the outer courtyard. It ran alongside the side rooms for eighty-seven and a half feet. The row of rooms in the outer courtyard was eighty-seven and a half feet long. The rooms that faced the temple were one hundred seventy-five feet long. These lower side rooms had an entrance on the east side. A person was able to enter the outer courtyard through them. There were side rooms parallel to the wall of the courtyard on the south side. They faced the open area and the building. There was a walkway in front of them like the one that was in front of the side rooms on the north side. These side rooms were as long and as wide as the northern rooms. They had the same exits, dimensions, and doors. The doors to the south rooms were the same as the doors to the north rooms. There was a doorway at the other end of the walkway that was parallel to the corresponding wall that ran eastward. People entered through that doorway. Then the man said to me, The northern and southern side rooms that face the open area are holy rooms. These rooms are where the priests who come near the Lord eat the holiest offerings. Because these rooms are holy, the priests keep the holiest offerings there, the grain offerings, the offerings for sin, and the guilt offerings. Once the priests enter the holy place, they must not go out of the holy place into the outer courtyard until they leave behind the clothes that they wore as they served. These clothes are holy. The priest must put on other clothes. Then they can go into the area that is for the people. When the man had finished measuring the inner part of the temple area, he led me out through the east gate. Then he measured all the way around the outer area. He measured the east side with a measuring stick. It was 875 feet long, according to the measuring stick. He measured the north side. It was 875 feet long, according to the measuring stick. He measured the south side. It was 875 feet long, according to the measuring stick. He came around to the west side and measured it. It was 875 feet long, according to the measuring stick. So he measured all four sides. There was a wall around it. The wall was 875 feet long and 875 feet wide. 
it separated what was holy from what was unholy. Ezekiel chapter 43. Then the man took me to the east gate. I saw the glory of the God of Israel coming from the east. His voice was like the sound of rushing water, and the earth was shining because of his glory. This vision was like the one I saw when he came to destroy Jerusalem, and like the one I saw by the Kibar River. I immediately bowed down. The Lord's glory came into the temple through the east gate. The Spirit lifted me and brought me into the inner courtyard. I saw the Lord's glory fill the temple. I heard someone speaking to me from inside the temple while the man was standing beside me. The voice said to me, Son of man, this is the place where my throne is and the place where my feet rest. This is where I will live among the Israelites forever. Then the people of Israel and their kings will no longer dishonor my holy name by acting like prostitutes, nor will they dishonor it with the dead bodies of their kings. They put their doorway by my doorway and their doorpost by my doorposts. Only a wall separated me from them. They dishonored my holy name because of the disgusting things that they have done. So I destroyed them in my anger. Now they must stop acting like prostitutes and take the dead bodies of their kings far away from me. Then I will live among them forever. Son of man, describe this temple to the people of Israel. Then they will be ashamed because of their sins. Let them study the plans. Suppose they are ashamed of everything that they have done. Then show them the design of the temple, its arrangements, its exits and entrances, its entire design. Tell them about all its rules and regulations. Then write these things down for them so that they can remember its design and follow all its rules. This is a regulation of the temple. The whole area all the way around the top of the mountain is most holy. Yes, this is a regulation of the temple. These are the measurements of the altar, using royal measurements, the royal measuring stick was 21 inches long. The base of the altar was 21 inches high and 21 inches wide. All around the edge of the altar was a rim measuring 9 inches wide. This was the height of the altar. From the base on the ground to the lower edge it was 3.5 feet high, and from the lower ledge to the upper ledge it was 7 feet high and 21 inches wide. The place where the sacrifices were burned was 7 feet high. There were four horns above it. It was square. 21 feet wide and 21 feet long. The upper ledge was also square. It was 24 and a half feet long and 24 and a half feet wide. It had a rim all the way around that was 10 and a half inches wide. Its base was 21 inches. The steps to the altar faced east. Then the man said to me, Son of man, this is what the Almighty Lord says. These are the rules for sacrificing burnt offerings and for sprinkling blood on the altar after the altar is built. Give a young bull to the priests as an offering for sin. These priests are Zadok's descendants, men from the tribe of Levi, who can come near me and serve me. Take some of the bull's blood and put it on the altar's four horns, on the four corners of the ledge, and on the rim all the way around the altar. When you do this, you will remove sin from the altar and make peace with the Lord. Then take a young bull as an offering for sin, and burn it in the place appointed near the temple outside the holy place. On the second day, bring a male goat that has no defects as an offering for sin. Remove sin from the altar as you did with a young bull. When you finish removing sin, offer a young bull and a ram that have no defects. Offer them to the Lord. The priest must throw salt on them and offer them as burnt offerings to the Lord. Every day for seven days you must sacrifice a goat, a young bull, and a ram from the flock as an offering for sin. They must be animals that have no defects. 
For seven days the priests should make peace with the Lord at the altar, purify it, and consecrate it. When those days are over, on the eighth day, the priests must sacrifice burnt offerings and fellowship offerings on the altar. Then I will accept them, declares the Almighty Lord. Ezekiel chapter 44 Then the man took me back to the outer east gate of the holy place, and the gate was shut. The Lord said to me, This gate will stay shut and will not be opened. No one may enter through it, because the Lord God of Israel entered through it. It must be kept shut. Only the prince may sit there and eat food in the presence of the Lord. He will enter through the entrance hall of the gateway and leave the same way. The man brought me through the north gate in front of the temple. When I looked, I saw the Lord's glory fill the Lord's temple. I immediately bowed down. The Lord said to me, Son of man, pay close attention. Look and listen to everything I'm going to tell you. Listen to all the rules and regulations for the Lord's temple. Pay close attention to everyone who enters the temple and leaves from the holy place. Tell the rebellious people of Israel, this is what the Almighty Lord says. I've had enough of all the disgusting things that you have done, people of Israel. You brought godless foreigners into my holy place. You dishonored my temple when you offered fat and blood to me. You rejected my promise so that you could do all your disgusting things. You didn't take care of my holy things. You put foreigners in charge of my temple. So this is what the Almighty Lord says. Any godless foreigner who lives among the Israelites may not enter my holy place. Some Levites went far away from me when Israel wandered off to follow their idols. They must be punished for their sins. They could have served in my holy place. They could have guarded the gates of the temple. They could have served in the temple by slaughtering the animals for the burnt offerings and the sacrifices for the people. They could have stood in front of the people and served them. But they served the people by standing in front of their idols and by making Israel fall into sin. So I raised my hand and swore that they would be punished for their sins, declares the Lord. They must not come near me and serve me as priests. They must not come near any of my holy things or my most holy things. They must suffer disgrace because of the disgusting things that they have done. I will assign them all of the less important work in the temple. But the priests who are Levites and descendants of Zadok took care of my holy place when the Israelites wandered away from me. They may come near me and serve me, and they may stand in my presence. They may bring fat and blood to me, declares the Almighty Lord. They may enter my holy place, come near my table to serve me, and take care of everything I gave them. When they enter the gateways to the inner courtyard, they must wear linen clothes. They must have no wool on them while they serve in the gateways to the inner courtyard and in the temple. They must wear linen turbans on their heads and linen undergarments. They must not wear anything that makes them sweat. When they go out among the people in the outer courtyard, they must take off the clothes that they wore as they served. They must leave their clothes in the side rooms of the holy place and put on other clothes so that they do not transfer the holiness from their clothes to the people. They must not shave their heads or let their hair grow long. They must keep the hair on their heads trimmed. None of the priests may drink wine when they enter the inner courtyard. They must not marry widows or women who have been divorced. They may marry only virgins from the nation of Israel or widows of priests. They must teach my people the difference between what is holy and what is unholy. They must show the people how to tell the difference between what is clean and what is unclean. In all disputes, the priests must act as judges and make decisions based on my laws. They must obey my rules and my regulations at all my festivals. They must observe holy days to worship me. 
A priest must not make himself unclean by going near a dead body, but a priest may become unclean if the dead person is his father, mother, son, daughter, brother, or unmarried sister. After a priest is made clean, he must wait seven days. When he enters the inner courtyard of the holy place to serve in the holy place, he must bring his offering for sin, declares the Almighty Lord. The priests will have no inheritance. I am their inheritance. Don't give them any possession in Israel. The priests belong to me. They will eat grain offerings, offerings for sin, and guilt offerings. Everything in Israel that is devoted to the Lord will belong to them. The priests should have the best of all the first ripened fruits. The best of every gift from all your contributions must go to the priests. The best of your dough must go to the priests. This will cause a blessing to rest on your home. The priests must never eat any bird or animal that has died naturally or was killed by other wild animals. Ezekiel chapter 45. Divide the land by drawing lots for the property you will inherit. Set aside an area 43,750 feet long and 35,000 feet wide for the Lord. The entire area will be holy. An area of 875 feet square will be for the holy place with an open area 87 and a half feet wide. Measure off an area 43,750 feet long and 17,500 feet wide. The holy place, that is the most holy place, will be in this area. This holy part of the land will belong to the priests who serve in the holy place, the priests who come near to serve the Lord. They will use this place for their homes, and it will be the location for the holy place. An area 43,750 feet long and 17,500 feet wide will belong to the Levites who serve in the temple. It will be given to them so that they have cities to live in. You must designate an area 8,750 feet wide and 43,750 feet long as the city's property. It will be located alongside the holy area. It will belong to all the people of Israel. The prince will have all the land on both sides of the holy area and on both sides of the property belonging to the city. From the western boundary of the holy area, his land will extend to the Mediterranean Sea. From the eastern boundary of the holy area, his land will extend to the eastern border of the country. His territory will be as large as the territory of one of the tribes. This land will belong to the prince in Israel. Then my princes will no longer oppress my people. They will give land to each tribe of the nation of Israel. This is what the Almighty Lord says. I've had enough of you, you princes of Israel. Stop your violence and looting and do what is fair and right. Stop evicting my people, declares the Almighty Lord. You must have honest scales and honest dry and liquid measures. The dry and liquid measures must always be the same. The ephah and the bath should hold the same as one-tenth of a homer. The homer must be the standard measure. One shekel must weigh twenty geras. One mina must weigh sixty shekels. This is the contribution you must give to the Lord, seventeen percent of your wheat and seventeen percent of your barley. You must give one percent of your olive oil using the standard measure. You must take one sheep out of every two hundred from the well-watered pastures of Israel. You must sacrifice them with grain offerings, burnt offerings, and fellowship offerings to make peace with the Lord, declares the Almighty Lord. All the common people must give this contribution to the prince in Israel. Then the prince is responsible to provide burnt offerings, grain offerings, and wine offerings at the annual festivals, the new moon festivals, the weekly days of worship, and all the other appointed festivals of the nation of Israel. He must prepare offerings for sin, grain offerings, burnt offerings, and fellowship offerings to make peace with the Lord for the nation of Israel. This is what the Almighty Lord says. 
On the first day of the first month, take a young bull that has no defects and remove sin from the holy place. The priest must take some blood from the offering for sin and put it on the doorposts of the temple, on the four corners of the ledge of the altar, and on the doorposts of the gateways of the inner courtyard. You must do the same on the seventh day of the month for everyone who unintentionally does something wrong and is unaware of it. So you must make peace with the Lord for the temple. On the fourteenth day of the first month you will celebrate the Passover, a festival lasting seven days when unleavened bread is eaten. At that time, the prince must prepare for himself and for all the common people a young bull as an offering for sin. Every day during the seven days of the festival, he must prepare burnt offerings for the Lord. Seven young bulls that have no defects, seven rams that have no defects, and one male goat as an offering for sin. He must also give as a grain offering a half bushel for each young bull and a half bushel for each ram. He must also give one gallon of olive oil for every half bushel of grain. On the fifteenth day of the seventh month, at the festival of booths, he must do the same as on those seven days. He must prepare the same offerings for sin, burnt offerings, grain offerings, and olive oil. Ezekiel chapter 46. This is what the Almighty Lord says. The east gate of the inner courtyard must be closed during the six working days, but it must be opened on the weekly day of worship. It must also be opened on the new moon festival, the prince must enter from the outside through the entrance hall of the gateway. He must stand by the doorposts of the gateway. Then the priests must prepare the prince's burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. He must worship at the entrance of the gateway and then leave. The gate must not be closed until evening. The common people must worship at the door of the gateway in the presence of the Lord on the weekly days of worship and on new moon festivals. The prince must offer to the Lord six lambs that have no defects and one ram that has no defects as a burnt offering on the day of worship. The grain offering that is to be brought with the ram must be a half bushel, and the grain offering that is to be brought with the lambs must be whatever the prince can bring. One gallon of olive oil must be brought with each half bushel of grain. On the first day of the month, the burnt offering must be one young bull, six lambs, and one ram, all animals that have no defects. With each young bull and each ram, the offering must include a half bushel of grain, and with each lamb, the offering must be whatever the prince wants to bring. One gallon of olive oil must be offered with each half bushel of grain. When the prince enters, he must enter through the entrance hall of the gateway. He must enter and leave the same way. The people will enter the Lord's presence at the time of the appointed festivals. Those entering through the north gate to worship must leave through the south gate. Those entering through the south gate must leave through the north gate. They must not leave through the same gate they entered. They must leave through the opposite gate. The prince must be among them. When they enter, he must enter. When they leave, he must leave. On festival days and at appointed festivals, a grain offering of a half bushel must be brought with each young bull, and a half bushel must be brought with each ram. But with the lambs, the prince may bring whatever he wants to bring. One gallon of olive oil must be brought with each half bushel of grain. When the prince prepares a free will burnt offering, either a burnt offering or a fellowship offering to the Lord, the east gate must be open for him. He must sacrifice burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, as he does on the day of worship. When he leaves, the gate must be shut after him. Prepare a year-old lamb that has no defects every day as a burnt offering to the Lord. Do this every morning. Also prepare a grain offering with it every morning three and a third quarts of grain, and one and a third quarts of olive oil to moisten the flour. It will be a grain offering dedicated to the Lord. These rules are to be followed always.
Prepare the lamb, the grain offering, and the olive oil every morning as a daily burnt offering. This is what the Almighty Lord says. Suppose the prince offers one of his sons a gift from his property. The gift will belong to his descendants because it is their inheritance. But suppose the prince offers a gift from his property to one of his servants. The gift will belong to the servant only until the year of freedom. Then the gift will go back to the prince. Only his sons can inherit his property. The prince must not take any of the people's property. He must not force them to give up their property. He must give his own property as an inheritance to his sons, so that none of my people will be separated from their property. The man brought me through a passage beside the gateway to the side rooms that face north. These rooms were reserved for the priests. He showed me a place on the west side of the rooms. He said to me, This is the place where the priest must boil the meat for the guilt offering and the offering for sin. This is the place where they must bake grain offerings so that they don't have to bring the offerings into the outer courtyard. This way they won't transfer holiness to the people. Then the man led me to the outer courtyard and took me past the four corners of the courtyard. I saw that in each corner of the courtyard there was a smaller courtyard. The smaller courtyards that were in each of the four corners of the courtyard were sixty feet long and forty-five feet wide. All four of the smaller courtyards in the corners of the courtyard were the same size. Around each of the four courtyards were stone walls, and these walls were equipped with fireplaces. Then the man said to me, These are the kitchens where the temple servants must boil the people's sacrifices. Ezekiel chapter 47 then the man took me back to the door of the temple. I saw water flowing from under the entrance of the temple toward the east. The temple faced east. The water was flowing under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. Then he led me through the north gate and around the outer east gate. The water was flowing down the south side of the gate. With a measuring line in his hand, the man went eastward. He measured off fifteen hundred feet and led me through the water. The water came up to my ankles. Then he measured off another fifteen hundred feet and led me through the water. The water came up to my knees. He measured off another fifteen hundred feet and led me through the water. The water came up to my waist. Then he measured another fifteen hundred feet, but the water had risen so much that it became a river which I couldn't cross. The river was too deep to cross except by swimming. Then he asked me, Son of man, do you see this? Then the man led me back along the bank of the river. As I went back, I saw many trees on both sides of the river. Then the man said to me, This water flows through the land to the east, down into the Jordan Valley, and into the Dead Sea. When the water flows into the Dead Sea, it will replace the salt water there with fresh water. Wherever the river flows, there will be many fish and animals. The river will make the water in the Dead Sea fresh. Wherever the river flows, it will bring life. From En Gedi to En Egleim, people will be standing on the shore of the sea with their fishing nets spread out. As many kinds of fish will be there as there are in the Mediterranean Sea. But the water in the swamps and marshes won't become fresh. It will remain salty. All kinds of fruit trees will grow on both sides of the river. Their leaves won't wither, and they won't fail to produce fruit. Each month they will produce fresh fruit, because this water flows from the holy place. The fruit will be good food, and the leaves will be used for healing. This is what the Almighty Lord says. These are the borders of the land that is to be divided among the twelve tribes of Israel. Joseph gets two parts. Divide the land equally. 
I raised my hand and swore that I would give the land to your ancestors, so this land will be your inheritance. This is the northern border for the land. On the north side, the border will run from the Mediterranean Sea all the way to Hethlon and Hamath Pass. It will run through the city of Zedad and through Beiroth and Sibarim, which are between the borders of Damascus and Hamath. It will run to Hazer, Hatakon, which is on the border of Hauran. So the border will run from the Mediterranean Sea to Hazer Enon on the border of Damascus. The border of Hamath will lie to the north. This is the north side. On the east side, the border will run between Hauran and Damascus. The Jordan River will serve as the border between Gilead and the land of Israel. The border will continue from the Dead Sea down to Tamar. This is the east side. On the south side, the border will run from Tamar to the oasis at Meribah in Kadesh, along the ravine to the Mediterranean Sea. This is the southern border. On the west side, the Mediterranean Sea is the border up to a point opposite Hamath Pass. This is the west side. Divide this land among yourselves for each of the tribes of Israel. Divide it by drawing lots. This land will be for you. It will also be for the foreign residents who live among you and have given birth to children while they lived with you. Think of them as Israelites. They will draw lots with you for their inheritance among the tribes of Israel. Foreign residents will receive their share of the inheritance with the people of the tribe among whom they are living, declares the Almighty Lord. Ezekiel chapter 48. These are the names of the tribes. Beginning at the northern border, Dan will have one part of the land. It will extend from the road to Hethlon to Hamath Pass and Hazar Anon on the northern border of Damascus near Hamath from the eastern border to the western border. Asher will have one part of the land and border Dan on the south. It will extend from the eastern border to the western border. Naphtali will have one part of the land and border Asher on the south. It will extend from the eastern border to the western border. Manasseh will have one part of the land and border Naphtali on the south. It will extend from the eastern border to the western border. Ephraim will have one part of the land, and border Manasseh on the south. It will extend from the eastern border to the western border. Reuben will have one part of the land, and border Ephraim on the south. It will extend from the eastern border to the western border. Judah will have one part of the land, and border Reuben on the south. It will extend from the eastern border to the western border. The land that you set aside as a special gift for the Lord will border Judah on the south. It will be 43,750 feet wide, and it will be as long as one of the sections of the tribes. It will extend from the eastern border to the western border, and the holy place will be in the middle of it. This special land that you set aside for the Lord will be 43,750 feet long and 17,500 feet wide. This holy area will belong to the priests. On the north side, it will be 43,750 feet long, on the west side, it will be 17,500 feet wide. On the east side, it will be 17,500 feet wide. On the south side, it will be 43,750 feet long. The Lord's holy place will be in the middle of it. This land that has been set apart will belong to the priests who are descendants of Zadok. They took care of my holy place. They didn't wander away with the Israelites as the Levites did. So they will have a special portion from the land. It will be the holiest part of the land, next to the land belonging to the Levites. Alongside the land belonging to the priests will be the land belonging to the Levites. It will be 43,750 feet long and 17,500 feet wide. They must not sell any of it or trade any of it. 
They must not let others have the best part of the land, because the land is the Lord's, and it is holy. A strip of land 8,750 feet wide by 43,750 feet long will be left for cities, homes, and pastures. The city will be in the middle of it. These will be the measurements for the city. On the north side, it will be 7,875 feet long. On the south side, it will be 7,875 feet long. On the east side, it will be 7,875 feet wide. And on the west side, it will be 7,875 feet wide. The city's pasture land will be 4,375 feet on the north, 4,375 feet on the south, 4,375 feet on the east, and 4,375 feet on the west. The rest of the land borders the holy area and runs lengthwise. This land will be 17,500 feet on its east side and 17,500 feet on its west side. It will be used to provide food for the city workers. City workers from all the tribes in Israel will farm it. The whole area will be 43,750 feet square. You must give this land as a special gift to the Lord along with the city property. Whatever is left on the east side and west side of the holy area and the city property will belong to the prince. This land will extend eastward from the holy area to the eastern border, and it will extend westward to the western border. Both of these areas are as long as one of the sections of the tribes. These areas belong to the prince, and the holy area with the holy place of the temple will be between them. So the Levite's property and the city's property will be between the prince's part of the land. What is between Judah's and Benjamin's boundaries will belong to the prince. This is what the rest of the tribes will receive. Benjamin will have one part of the land. It will extend from the eastern border to the western border. Simeon will have one part of the land and border Benjamin on the south. It will extend from the eastern border to the western border. Issachar will have one part of the land and border Simeon on the south. It will extend from the eastern border to the western border. Zebulun will have one part of the land and border Issachar on the south. It will extend from the eastern border to the western border. God will have one part of the land and border Zebulun on the south. It will extend from the eastern border to the western border. The southern border of God will run south from Tamar to the oasis at Meribah in Kadesh and it will run along the brook of Egypt to the Mediterranean Sea. This is the land you will divide as your inheritance among the tribes of Israel, and these are their areas, declares the Almighty Lord. These will be the exits for the city. The north side will be 7,875 feet long. The gates of the city will be named after the tribes of Israel. The three gates on the north side will be Reuben Gate, Judah Gate, and Levi Gate. The east side will be 7,875 feet long. The three gates on the east side will be Joseph Gate, Benjamin Gate, and Dan Gate. The south side will be 7,875 feet long. The three gates on the south side will be Simeon Gate, Issachar Gate, and Zebulun Gate. The west side will be 7,875 feet long. The three gates on the west side will be Gad Gate, Asher Gate, and Naphtali Gate. The city will measure about 31,500 feet all the way around, from then on, the city's name will be, The Lord is there. Daniel chapter 1. In the third year of the reign of King Jehoiakim of Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and attacked it. The Lord handed King Jehoiakim of Judah and some utensils from God's temple over to Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar took the utensils to the temple of his God in Babylon and put them in the temple treasury. The king told Ashpenaz, the chief of staff, to bring some of the Israelites, the royal family, and the nobility. 
They were to be young men who were healthy, good-looking, knowledgeable in all subjects, well-informed, intelligent, and able to serve in the king's palace. They were to be taught the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king arranged for them to get a daily allowance of the king's rich food and wine. They were to be trained for three years. After that, they were to serve the king. Among these young men were some Judeans, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief of staff gave them Babylonian names. To Daniel he gave the name Belteshazzar. To Hananiah he gave the name Shadrach. To Mishael he gave the name Meshach. And to Azariah he gave the name Abednego. Daniel made up his mind not to harm himself by eating the king's rich food and drinking the king's wine. So he asked the chief of staff for permission not to harm himself in this way. God made the chief of staff kind and compassionate toward Daniel. The chief of staff told Daniel... I'm afraid of my master, the king. The king determined what you should eat and drink. If he sees that you look worse than the other young men your age, he would have my head cut off. The chief of staff put a supervisor in charge of Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Daniel said to the supervisor, Please test us for ten days. Give us only vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare us to the young men who are eating the king's rich food. Decide how to treat us on the basis of how we look. The supervisor listened to them about this matter and tested them for ten days. After ten days, they looked healthier and stronger than the young men who had been eating the king's rich food. So the supervisor took away the king's rich food and wine and gave them vegetables. God gave these four men knowledge, wisdom, and the ability to understand all kinds of literature. Daniel could also understand all kinds of visions and dreams. At the end of the three-year training period, the chief of staff brought all the young men to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked to them and found no one like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah among all of them. So these four men served the king. Whenever the king asked them about things that required wisdom and insight, he found that they knew ten times more than all the magicians and psychics in his whole kingdom. Daniel served the royal palace until the first year of King Cyrus of Persia. Daniel chapter 2 during the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, he had some dreams. He was troubled, but he stayed asleep. The king sent for the magicians, psychics, sorcerers, and astrologers so that they could tell him what he had dreamed. So they came to the king. The king said to them, I had a dream, and I am troubled by it. I want to know what the dream was. The astrologers spoke to the king in Aramaic, Your majesty, may you live forever. Tell us the dream, and we'll interpret it for you. The king answered the astrologers, I meant what I said. If you don't tell me the dream and its meaning, you will be torn limb from limb, and your houses will be turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and its meaning, I will give you gifts, awards, and high honors. Now tell me the dream and its meaning. Once more they said, Your majesty, tell us the dream, and we'll tell you its meaning. The king replied, I'm sure you're trying to buy some time because you know that I meant what I said. If you don't tell me the dream, you'll all receive the same punishment. You have agreed among yourselves to make up a phony explanation to give me, hoping that things will change. So tell me the dream. Then I'll know that you can explain its meaning to me. The astrologers answered the king, No one on earth can tell the king what he asks. No other king, no matter how great and powerful, has ever asked such a thing of any magician, psychic, or astrologer. What you ask is difficult, your majesty. No one can tell what you dreamed except the gods, and they don't live with humans. 
This made the king so angry and furious that he gave an order to destroy all the wise advisers in Babylon. So a decree was issued that the wise advisers were to be killed, and some men were sent to find Daniel and his friends and kill them. While Arioch, the captain of the royal guard, was leaving to kill the wise advisers in Babylon, Daniel spoke to him using shrewd judgment. He asked Arioch, the royal official, Why is the king's decree so harsh? So Arioch explained everything to Daniel. Daniel went and asked the king to give him some time so that he could explain the dream's meaning. Then Daniel went home and told his friends Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah about this matter. He told them to ask the God of heaven to be merciful and to explain this secret to them so that they would not be destroyed with the rest of the wise advisers in Babylon. The secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision during the night. So Daniel praised the God of heaven. He said, Praise God's name from everlasting to everlasting, because He is wise and powerful. He changes times and periods of history. He removes kings and establishes them. He gives wisdom to those who are wise and knowledge to those who have insight. He reveals deeply hidden things. He knows what is in the dark, and light lives with Him. God of my ancestors, I thank and praise you. You gave me wisdom and power. You told me the answer to our question. You told us what the king wants to know. Then Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy Babylon's wise advisers. Daniel told him, Don't destroy Babylon's wise advisers. Take me to the king, and I'll explain the dream's meaning to him. Arioch immediately took Daniel to the king. He told the king, I found one of the captives from Judah who can explain the dream's meaning to you, your majesty. The king asked Daniel, who had been renamed Belteshazzar, Can you tell me the dream I had and its meaning? Daniel answered the king, No wise advisor, psychic, magician, or fortune-teller can tell the king this secret. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets. He will tell King Nebuchadnezzar what is going to happen in the days to come. This is your dream, the vision you had while you were asleep. Your majesty, while you were lying in bed, thoughts about what would happen in the future came to you. The one who revealed secrets told you what is going to happen. This secret wasn't revealed to me because I'm wiser than anyone else. It was revealed so that you could be told the meaning and so that you would know your innermost thoughts. Your majesty, you had a vision. You saw a large statue. This statue was very bright. It stood in front of you, and it looked terrifying. The head of this statue was made of fine gold. Its chest and arms were made of silver. Its stomach and hips were made of bronze. Its legs were made of iron. Its feet were made partly of iron and partly of clay. While you were watching, a stone was cut out, but not by humans. It struck the statue's iron and clay feet and smashed them. Then all at once the iron, clay, bronze, silver, and gold were smashed. They became like husks on a threshing floor in summer. The wind carried them away, and not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the statue became a large mountain which filled the whole world. This is the dream. Now we'll tell you its meaning. Your Majesty, you are the greatest king. The God of heaven has given you a kingdom. He has given you power, strength, and honor. He has given you control over people, wild animals, and birds, wherever they live. He has made you ruler of them all. You are the head of gold. Another kingdom, inferior to yours, will rise to power after you. Then there will be a third kingdom, a kingdom of bronze that will rule the whole world. There will also be a fourth kingdom, 
It will be as strong as iron. Iron smashes and shatters everything. As iron crushes things, this fourth kingdom will smash and crush all the other kingdoms. You also saw the feet and toes. They were partly potter's clay and partly iron. This means that there will be a divided kingdom which has some of the firmness of iron. As you saw, iron was mixed with clay. The toes were partly iron and partly clay. Part of the kingdom will be strong, and part will be brittle. As you saw, iron was mixed with clay, so the two parts of the kingdom will mix by intermarrying, but they will not hold together any more than iron can mix with clay. At the time of those kings, the God of heaven will establish a kingdom that will never be destroyed. No other people will be permitted to rule it. It will smash all the other kingdoms and put an end to them, but it will be established forever. This is the stone that you saw cut out from a mountain, but not by humans. It smashed the iron, bronze, clay, silver, and gold. The great God has told you what will happen in the future, Your Majesty. The dream is true, and you can trust that this is its meaning. King Nebuchadnezzar immediately bowed down on the ground in front of Daniel. He ordered that gifts and offerings be given to Daniel. The king said to Daniel, Your God is truly the greatest of gods, the Lord over kings. He can reveal secrets because you were able to reveal this secret. Then the king promoted Daniel and gave him many wonderful gifts. Nebuchadnezzar made Daniel governor of the whole province of Babylon and head of all Babylon's wise advisers. With the king's permission, Daniel appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to govern the province of Babylon, but Daniel stayed at the king's court. Daniel chapter 3. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue ninety feet high and nine feet wide. He set it up in a recessed area in the wall in the province of Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar sent messengers to assemble the satraps, governors, mayors, military advisors, treasurers, judges, officers, and all the other provincial officials to dedicate the statue he had set up. Then the satraps, governors, mayors, military advisors, treasurers, judges, officers, and all the other provincial officials assembled to dedicate the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. They stood in front of the statue. The herald called out loudly, People of every province, nation, and language, when you hear the sound of ram's horns, flutes, lyres, harps, and three-stringed harps playing at the same time with all other kinds of instruments, bow down and worship the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever doesn't bow down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. As soon as they heard the sound of ram's horns, flutes, lyres, harps, and three-stringed harps with all other kinds of instruments, all the people from every province, nation, and language bowed down and worshipped the gold statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. After that happened, some astrologers came forward and brought charges against the Jews. They addressed King Nebuchadnezzar, Your Majesty, may you live forever. Your Majesty, you gave an order that everyone who hears the sound of ram's horns, flutes, lyres, harps, and three-stringed harps playing at the same time with all other kinds of instruments should bow down and worship the gold statue. Your order said that whoever doesn't bow down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. There are certain Jews whom you appointed to govern the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men didn't obey your order, Your Majesty. They don't honor your gods or worship the statue that you set up. Then, in a fit of rage and anger, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Immediately they were brought to the king. Nebuchadnezzar asked them, 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, is it true that you don't honor my gods or worship the gold statue that I set up? When you hear the sound of the ram's horns, flutes, lyres, harps, and three-stringed harps playing at the same time with all other kinds of instruments, will you bow down and worship the gold statue I made? If you don't worship it, you will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. What god can save you from my power then? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered King Nebuchadnezzar, We don't need to answer your last question. If our god, whom we honor can save us from a blazing furnace, and from your power he will, your majesty. But if he doesn't, you should know, your majesty, we'll never honor your gods or worship the gold statue that you set up. Nebuchadnezzar was so filled with anger toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face turned red. He ordered that the furnace should be heated seven times hotter than normal. He told some soldiers from his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego so that they could be thrown into the blazing furnace. Then the three men were thrown into the blazing furnace. They were wearing their clothes, hats, and other clothing. The king's order was so urgent and the furnace was so extremely hot that the men who carried Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were killed by the flames from the fire. So these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell into the blazing furnace. They were still tied up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was startled. He sprang to his feet. He asked his advisers, Didn't we throw three men into the fire? That's true, your majesty, they answered. The king replied, But look, I see four men. They're untied, walking in the middle of the fire and unharmed. The fourth one looks like a son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar went to the door of the blazing furnace and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out here. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. The king's satraps, governors, mayors, and advisors gathered around the three men. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies. The hair on their heads wasn't singed. Their clothes weren't burned, and they didn't smell of smoke. Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel and saved his servants who trusted him. They disobeyed the king and risked their lives so that they would not have to honor or worship any god except their own god. So I order that people from every province, nation, or language who say anything slanderous about the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be torn limb from limb. Their houses will be turned into piles of rubble. No other god can rescue like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to higher positions in the province of Babylon. Daniel chapter 4 From King Nebuchadnezzar to the people of every province, nation, and language in the world, I wish you peace and prosperity. I am pleased to write to you about the miraculous signs and amazing things the Most High God did for me. His miraculous signs are impressive. He uses His power to do amazing things. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom. His power lasts from one generation to the next. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was living comfortably at home. I was prosperous while living in my palace. I had a dream that terrified me. The visions I had while I was asleep frightened me. So I ordered all the wise advisors in Babylon to be brought to me to tell me the dream's meaning. The magicians, psychics, astrologers, and fortune-tellers came to me. I told them the dream, but they couldn't tell me its meaning. Finally, Daniel came to me. He had been renamed Belteshazzar after my god Bel. The spirit of the holy gods is in him. 
I told him the dream. Belteshazzar, head of the magicians, I know the spirit of the holy gods is in you. No secret is too hard for you to uncover. Tell me the meaning of the visions I had in my dream. These are the visions I had while I was asleep. I was looking, and I saw an oak tree in the middle of the earth. It was very tall. The tree grew, and it became strong enough and tall enough to reach the sky. It could be seen everywhere on earth. It had beautiful leaves and plenty of fruit, enough to feed everyone. Wild animals found shade under it. Birds came to live in its branches. It fed every living creature. I was seeing these visions as I was asleep. I saw a guardian, a holy being, come down from heaven. He shouted loudly, Cut down the oak tree, cut off its branches, strip off its leaves, scatter its fruit, make the animals under it run away, and make the birds fly from its branches. But leave the stump and its roots in the ground. Secure it with an iron and bronze chain in the grass in the field. Let it get wet with the dew from the sky, and let it get its share of the plants on the ground with the animals. Let its human mind be changed, and give it the mind of an animal. Let it remain like this for seven time periods. The guardians have announced this decision. The holy ones have announced this so that every living creature will know that the Most High has power over human kingdoms. He gives them to whomever He wishes. He can place the lowest of people in charge of them. I said, This is the dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, had. Now you, Belteshazzar, tell me its meaning, because the wise advisers in my kingdom can't tell it to me. However, you can, because the spirit of the holy gods is in you. Then Daniel, who had been renamed Belteshazzar, was momentarily stunned. What he was thinking frightened him. I told him, Belteshazzar, don't let the dream and its meaning frighten you. Belteshazzar answered, Sir, I wish that the dream were about those who hate you and its meaning were about your enemies. You saw an oak tree grow and become strong enough and tall enough to reach the sky. It could be seen everywhere on earth. It had beautiful leaves and plenty of fruit, enough to feed everyone. Wild animals lived under it, and birds made their homes in its branches. You are that tree, your majesty. You grew and became strong and mighty until you reached the sky. Your power reaches the most distant part of the world. You saw a guardian, a holy being, come down from heaven. He said, Cut down the oak tree, destroy it, but leave the stump and its roots in the ground. Secure it with an iron and bronze chain in the grass in the field. Let it get wet with the dew from the sky. Let it get its share of the plants on the ground with the wild animals for seven time periods. This is the meaning, Your Majesty. The Most High has decided to apply it to you, Your Majesty. You will be forced away from people and live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like cattle. The dew from the sky will make you wet, and seven time periods will pass until you realize that the Most High has power over human kingdoms, and that He gives them to whomever He wishes. Since I said that the stump and the tree roots were to be left, your kingdom will be restored to you as soon as you realize that heaven rules. That is why, Your Majesty, my best advice is that you stop sinning and do what is right. Stop committing the same errors and have pity on the poor. Maybe you can prolong your prosperity. All this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. Twelve months later, he was walking around the royal palace in Babylon. The king thought, Look how great Babylon is. I built the royal palace by my own impressive power and for my glorious honor. 
Before the words came out of his mouth, a voice said from heaven, King Nebuchadnezzar, listen to this. The kingdom has been taken from you. You will be forced away from people and live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like cattle, and seven time periods will pass until you realize that the Most High has power over human kingdoms, and that he gives them to whomever he wishes. Just then the prediction about Nebuchadnezzar came true. He was forced away from people and ate grass like cattle. Dew from the sky made his body wet until his hair grew as long as eagles' feathers and his nails grew as long as birds' claws. At the end of the seven time periods, I, Nebuchadnezzar, looked up to heaven and my mind came back to me. I thanked the Most High and I praised and honored the one who lives forever because his power lasts forever and his kingdom lasts from one generation to the next. Everyone who lives on earth is nothing compared to him. He does whatever he wishes with the army of heaven and with those who live on earth. There is no one who can oppose him or ask him, What are you doing? Just then my mind came back to me. My royal honor and glory were also given back to me. My advisors and nobles wanted to meet with me again. I was given back to my kingdom and made extraordinarily great. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, will praise, honor, and give glory to the King of heaven. Everything he does is true, his ways are right, and he can humiliate those who act arrogantly. Daniel chapter 5 King Belshazzar threw a large banquet for one thousand nobles and drank wine with them. As they were tasting the wine, Belshazzar ordered that the gold and silver utensils which his grandfather Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple in Jerusalem be brought to him. He wanted to drink from them with his nobles, his wives, and his concubines. So the servants brought the gold utensils that had been taken from God's temple in Jerusalem. The king, his nobles, wives, and concubines drank from them. They drank the wine and praised their gods made of gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, or stone. Suddenly the fingers of a person's hand appeared and wrote on the plaster wall opposite the lampstand of the royal palace. The king watched as the hand wrote. Then the king turned pale, and his thoughts frightened him. His hip joints became loose, and his knees knocked against each other. The king screamed for the psychics, astrologers, and fortune-tellers to be brought to him. He told these wise advisers of Babylon, Whoever reads this writing and tells me its meaning will be dressed in purple, wear a gold chain on his neck, and become the third highest ruler in the kingdom. All the king's wise advisers came, but they couldn't read the writing or tell the king its meaning. King Belshazzar was terrified, and his face turned pale. His nobles didn't know what to do. The discussion between the king and his nobles brought the queen herself into the banquet hall. The queen said, Your majesty, may you live forever. Don't let your thoughts frighten you, and don't turn pale. There's a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods. In the days of your grandfather he was found to have insight, good judgment, and wisdom like the wisdom of the gods. Your grandfather, King Nebuchadnezzar, made him head of the magicians, psychics, astrologers, and fortune-tellers. This Daniel, who had been renamed Belteshazzar, was found to have knowledge, judgment, and an extraordinary spirit. He has the ability to interpret dreams, solve riddles, and untangle problems. Now call Daniel, and he will tell you what it means. So Daniel was taken to the king. The king asked him, Are you Daniel? one of the captives that my grandfather brought from Judah? I've heard that you have the spirit of the gods and that you have insight, good judgment, and extraordinary wisdom. 
The wise advisors and the psychics were brought to me to read this writing and tell me its meaning, but they couldn't tell me its meaning. I have heard that you can interpret such things and untangle problems. If you can read the writing and tell me its meaning, you will be dressed in purple, wear a gold chain on your neck, and become the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Daniel told the king, Keep your gifts, give your gifts and awards to someone else. I'll still read the writing for you and tell you its meaning. Your Majesty, the Most High God gave your grandfather Nebuchadnezzar a kingdom, might, honor, and glory. People from every province, nation, and language trembled and were terrified by him because God gave him power. Nebuchadnezzar killed whomever he wanted to kill, and he kept alive whomever he wanted to keep alive. He promoted whomever he wanted to promote, and he demoted whomever he wanted to demote. But when he became so arrogant and conceited that he became overconfident, he was removed from the royal throne. His honor was taken away from him. He was chased away from people, and his mind was changed into an animal's mind. He lived with wild donkeys, ate grass like cattle, and his body became wet with dew from the sky. This happened until he realized that the Most High God has power over human kingdoms. God puts whomever he wishes in charge of them. Belshazzar, you are one of Nebuchadnezzar's successors. You didn't remain humble, even though you knew all this. But you made yourself greater than the Lord of heaven. You had the utensils from his temple brought to you. You, your nobles, wives, and concubines, drank wine from them. You praised your gods made of silver, gold, bronze, iron, wood, or stone. These gods can't see, hear, or know anything. You didn't honor God who has power over your life and everything you do. So he sent the hand to write this inscription. This is what has been written. Numbered, numbered, weighed, and divided. This is its meaning. Numbered. God has numbered the days of your kingdom and will bring it to an end. Weighed. You have been weighed on a scale and found to be too light. Divided. Your kingdom will be divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then Belshazzar ordered that Daniel be dressed in purple and wear a gold chain on his neck. He made Daniel the third highest ruler in the kingdom. That night King Belshazzar of Babylon was killed. Darius the Mede took over the kingdom. He was sixty-two years old. Daniel chapter 6 Darius decided it would be good to appoint one hundred twenty satraps to rule throughout the kingdom. Over these satraps were three officials. Daniel was one of these officials. The satraps were to report to these three officials so that the king wouldn't be cheated. This man Daniel distinguished himself among the other officials and satraps because there was an extraordinary spirit in him. The king thought about putting him in charge of the whole kingdom. So the other officials and satraps tried to find something to accuse Daniel of in his duties for the kingdom. But they couldn't find anything wrong because he was trustworthy. No error or fault could be found. These men said, We won't find anything to accuse this man Daniel unless we find it in his religious practices. So these officials and satraps went to the king as a group. They said to him, May King Darius live forever. All the officials, governors, satraps, advisors, and mayors agree that the king should make a statute and enforce a decree. The decree should state that for the next thirty days, whoever asks for anything from any god or person except you, your majesty, will be thrown into a lion's den. 
Your Majesty, issue this decree and sign it. According to the law of the Medes and Persians, no one could change it or repeal it. So Darius signed the written decree. When Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went to his house. An upper room in his house had windows that opened in the direction of Jerusalem. Three times each day he got down on his knees and prayed to his God. He had always praised God this way. One of those times the men came in as a group and found Daniel praying and pleading to his God. Then they went and spoke to the king about his decree. They asked, Didn't you sign a decree which stated that for thirty days whoever asks for anything from any god or person except you, your majesty, will be thrown into a lion's den? The king answered, That's true. According to the law of the Medes and Persians, the decree can't be repealed. They replied, Your majesty... Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, refuses to obey your order or the decree that you signed. He prays three times each day. The king was very displeased when he heard this. He tried every way he could think of to save Daniel. Until sundown, he did everything he could to rescue him. Then Daniel's accusers gathered in front of the king. They said to him, Remember, your majesty, the Medes and Persians have a law that no decree or statue the king makes can be changed. So the king gave the order, and Daniel was brought to him and thrown into the lion's den. The king told Daniel, May your God, whom you always worship, save you. A stone was brought and placed over the opening of the den. The king put his seal on the stone, using his ring and the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation could not be changed. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night without food or company. He couldn't get to sleep. At dawn, as soon as it was light, the king got up and quickly went to the lion's den. As he came near the den where Daniel was, the king called to Daniel with anguish in his voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, was God, whom you always worship, able to save you from the lions? Daniel said to the king, Your majesty, may you live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths so that they couldn't hurt me. He did this because he considered me innocent. Your Majesty, I haven't committed any crime. The king was overjoyed and had Daniel taken out of the den. When Daniel was taken out of the den, people saw that he was completely unharmed because he trusted his God. The king ordered those men who had brought charges against Daniel to be brought to him. They, their wives, and their children were thrown into the lion's den. Before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions attacked them and crushed all their bones. Then King Darius wrote to the people of every province, nation, and language all over the world, I wish you peace and prosperity. I decree that in every part of my kingdom people should tremble with terror in front of Daniel's God, the living God who continues forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed. His power lasts to the end of time. He saves, rescues, and does miraculous signs and amazing things in heaven and on earth. He saved Daniel from the lions. This man, Daniel, prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Daniel chapter 7 In Belshazzar's first year as king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream. He saw a vision while he was asleep. He wrote down the main parts of the dream. In my visions at night, I, Daniel, saw the four winds of heaven stirring up the Mediterranean Sea. Four large animals, each one different from the others, came out of the sea. The first animal was like a lion, but it had wings like an eagle. I watched until its wings were plucked off and it was lifted off the ground. 
It was made to stand on two feet like a human, and was given a human mind. I saw a second animal. It looked like a bear. It was raised on one side and had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. It was told, Get up and eat as much meat as you want. After this, I saw another animal. It looked like a leopard. On its back it had four wings, like the wings of a bird. The animal also had four heads. It was given power to rule. After this I saw a fourth animal in my vision during the night. It was terrifying, dreadful, extraordinarily strong, and had large iron teeth. It devoured and crushed its victims and trampled whatever was left. It acted differently from all the other animals that I had seen before. It had ten horns. While I was thinking about the horns, another horn, a little horn, came up among them. It uprooted three of the other horns. This horn had eyes like human eyes and a mouth that spoke impressive things. I watched until thrones were set up and the Ancient One, who has lived for endless years, sat down. His clothes were as white as snow and the hair on his head was like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames and its wheels were burning fire. A river of fire flowed. It came from him. Thousands and thousands served him. Ten thousand times ten thousand were stationed in front of him. The court convened, and the books were opened. I continued to watch because of the impressive words that the horn was speaking. I watched until the animal was killed. Its body was destroyed and put into a raging fire. The power of the rest of the animals was taken away, but they were allowed to live for a period of time. In my visions during the night I saw among the clouds in heaven someone like the Son of Man. He came to the Ancient One, who has lived for endless years, and was presented to him. He was given power, honor, and a kingdom. People from every province, nation, and language were to serve him. His power is an eternal power that will not be taken away. His kingdom will never be destroyed. I, Daniel, was deeply troubled, and my visions frightened me. I went to someone who was standing there and asked him to tell me the truth about all this. So he told me what all this meant. He said, These four large animals are four kingdoms that will rise to power on the earth. But the holy people of the Most High will take possession of the kingdom and keep it forever and ever. Then I wanted to know the truth about the fourth animal, which was so different from all the others. It was very terrifying and had iron teeth and bronze claws. It devoured and crushed its victims and trampled whatever was left. I also wanted to know about the ten horns on its head and about the other horn that had come up and made three of the horns fall out. That horn had eyes and a mouth that spoke impressive things. It appeared to be bigger than the others. I saw that horn making war against the holy people and defeating them. It did this until the Ancient One, who has lived for endless years, came and judged in favor of the holy people of the Most High. The time came when the holy people took possession of the kingdom. He said, the fourth animal will be the fourth of these kingdoms on earth. It will be different from all other kingdoms. It will devour, trample, and crush the whole world. The ten horns are ten kings that will rise to power from that kingdom. Another king will rise to power after them. He will be different from the kings who came before him, and he will humble three kings. He will speak against the Most High God, oppress the holy people of the Most High, and plan to change the appointed times and laws. The holy people will be handed over to him for a time, times, and half a time.
But judgment will be handed down, his power will be taken away, and he will be completely and permanently destroyed. The kingdom, along with the power and greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven, will be given to the holy people of the Most High. Their kingdom is eternal. All other powers will serve and obey them. Here is the end of the matter. I, Daniel, was terrified by my thoughts, and I turned pale. I kept this to myself. Daniel chapter 8 In Belshazzar's third year as king, I, Daniel, saw a vision. This vision came after the one I saw earlier. In my vision I saw myself in the fortress of Susa in the province of Elam. In my vision I saw myself at Ulai Gate. I looked up and saw a single ram standing beside the gate. The ram had two long horns, one longer than the other, though the longer one had grown up later. I saw the ram charging west, north, and south. No other animal could stand in front of it, and no one could escape from its power. It did anything it pleased and continued to grow. As I was watching closely, I saw a male goat coming from the west. It crossed the whole earth without touching it. This goat had a prominent horn between its eyes. The goat was coming toward the two-horned ram that I had seen standing beside the gate. It furiously ran at the ram. I saw it come closer to the ram. The goat was extremely angry with the ram, so it attacked the ram. It broke both of the ram's horns. The ram didn't have the strength to stand up against the goat, so the ram was thrown down on the ground and trampled. No one could rescue the ram from the goat's power. The male goat became very important. But when the goat became powerful, his large horn broke off. In its place grew four horns. They corresponded to the four winds of heaven. Out of one of the horns came a small horn. It gained power over the south, the east, and the beautiful land. It continued to gain power until it reached the army of heaven. It threw some of the army of heaven, the stars, down on the ground and trampled them. Then it attacked the commander of the army so that it took the daily burnt offering from him and wrecked his holy place. In its rebelliousness it was given an army to put a stop to the daily burnt offering. It threw truth on the ground. The horn was successful in everything it did. Then I heard a holy one speaking. Another holy one said to the one who was speaking, How long will the things in this vision, the daily burnt offering, the destructive rebellion, the surrender of the holy place, and the trampling of the army take place? He told me, For two thousand three hundred evenings and mornings, then the holy place will be made acceptable to God. Now, as I, Daniel, watched the vision and tried to understand it, I saw someone who looked like a man standing in front of me. I heard a man in Ulai Gate call loudly, Gabriel, explain the vision to this man. Gabriel came up beside me, and when he came, I was terrified and immediately knelt down. He said to me, Son of man, understand that the vision is about the end times. As he spoke to me, I fainted face down on the ground, but he touched me and made me stand up. He said, I will tell you what will happen in the last days, the time of God's anger, because the end time has been determined. The two-horned ram that you saw represents the kingdoms of Media and Persia. The hairy male goat is the kingdom of Greece, and the large horn between its eyes is its first king. The horn broke off, and four horns replaced it. Four kingdoms will come out of that nation, but they won't be as strong as the first king was. In the last days of those kingdoms, when rebellions are finished, a stern-looking king who understands mysterious things will rise to power. He will become very strong, but not by his own strength. He will cause astounding destruction and will be successful in everything he does. 
He will destroy those who are powerful along with some holy people. He will cleverly use his power to deceive others successfully. He will consider himself to be great and destroy many people when they don't expect it. He will oppose the commander of commanders, but he will be defeated, though not by any human power. The vision about the 2300 evenings and mornings that was explained to you is true. Seal the vision, because it is about things that will happen in the distant future. I, Daniel, was exhausted and sick for days. Then I got up and worked for the king. The vision horrified me because I couldn't understand it. Daniel chapter 9 Xerxes' son Darius, who was a Mede by birth, was made ruler of the kingdom of Babylon. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, learned from the scriptures the number of years that Jerusalem would remain in ruins. The Lord had told the prophet Jeremiah that Jerusalem would remain in ruins for seventy years, so I turned to the Lord God and looked to Him for help. I prayed, pleaded, and fasted in sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God. I confessed and said, Lord, you are great and deserve respect as the only God. You keep your promise and show mercy to those who love you and obey your commandments. We have sinned, done wrong, acted wickedly, rebelled, and turned away from your commandments and laws. We haven't listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, leaders, ancestors, and all the common people. You, Lord, are righteous, but we, the men of Judah, the citizens of Jerusalem, and all the Israelites whom you scattered in countries near and far, are still ashamed because we have been unfaithful to you. We, our kings, leaders, and ancestors, are ashamed because we have sinned against you, Lord. But you, Lord, our God, are compassionate and forgiving, although we have rebelled against you. We never listened to you or lived by the teachings you gave us through your servants, the prophets." All Israel has ignored your teachings and refused to listen to you. So you brought on us the curses you swore in an oath, the curses written in the teachings of your servant Moses. We sinned against you. So you did what you said you would do to us and our rulers by bringing a great disaster on us. Nowhere in the world has anything ever happened like what has happened to Jerusalem. This entire disaster happened to us, exactly as it was written in Moses' teachings. Lord our God, we never tried to gain your favor by turning from our wrongs and dedicating ourselves to your truth. So you were prepared to bring this disaster on us, Lord our God. You are righteous in everything you do, but we never listen to you. Lord our God, you brought your people out of Egypt with your strong hand and made yourself famous even today. We have sinned and done evil things. Lord, since you are very righteous, turn your anger and fury away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain. Jerusalem and your people are insulted by everyone around us because of our sins and the wicked things our ancestors did. Our God, listen to my prayer and request. For your own sake, Lord, look favorably on your holy place which is lying in ruins. Open your ears and listen, my God. Open your eyes and look at our ruins and at the city called by your name. We are not requesting this from you because we are righteous, but because you are very compassionate. Listen to us, Lord. Forgive us. Lord, pay attention and act. Don't delay. Do this for your sake, my God, because your city and your people are called by your name. I continue to pray, confessing my sins and the sins of my people Israel. I humbly placed my request about my God's holy mountain in front of the Lord my God. While I was praying, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the first vision, came to me about the time of the evening sacrifice. He was exhausted. He informed me, Daniel, this time I have come to give you insight. As soon as you began to make your request, a reply was sent. 
I have come to give you the reply because you are highly respected. So study the message and understand the vision. Seventy sets of seven time periods have been assigned for your people and your holy city. These time periods will serve to bring an end to rebellion, to stop sin, to forgive wrongs, to usher in everlasting righteousness, to put a seal on a prophet's vision, and to anoint the Most Holy One. Learn then, and understand that from the time the command is given to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed prince comes, seven sets of seven time periods and sixty-two sets of seven time periods will pass. Jerusalem will be restored and rebuilt with a city square and a moat during the troubles of those times. But after the sixty-two sets of seven time periods, the anointed one will be cut off and have nothing. The city and the holy place will be destroyed with the prince who is to come. His end will come with a flood until the end of the destructive war that has been determined. He will confirm his promise with many for one set of seven time periods. In the middle of the seven time periods, he will stop the sacrifices and food offerings. This will happen along with disgusting things that cause destruction until those time periods come to an end. It has been determined that this will happen to those who destroy the city. Daniel chapter 10. In Cyrus's third year as king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, who had been renamed Belteshazzar. The message was true. It was about a great war. Daniel understood the message because he was given insight during the vision. During those days, I, Daniel, mourned for three whole weeks. I didn't eat any good-tasting food. No meat or wine entered my mouth. I didn't wash myself until the entire three weeks were over. On the twenty-fourth day of the first month, I was by the great Tigris River. When I looked up, I saw a man dressed in linen, and he had a belt made of gold from Uphaz around his waist. His body was like burl. His face looked like lightning. His eyes were like flaming torches. His arms and legs looked like polished bronze. When he spoke, his voice sounded like the roar of a crowd. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. The men with me didn't see the vision, yet they started to tremble violently, and they quickly hid themselves. So I was left alone to see this grand vision. I had no strength left in me. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. I heard the man speak, and as I listened to his words, I fainted face down on the ground. Then a hand touched me and made my hands and knees shake. The man said to me, Daniel, you are highly respected. Pay attention to my words. Stand up, because I've been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up, trembling. He told me, Don't be afraid, Daniel. God has heard everything that you said ever since the first day you decided to humble yourself in front of your God so that you could learn to understand things. I have come in response to your prayer. The commander of the Persian kingdom opposed me for twenty-one days, but then Michael, one of the chief commanders, came to help me because I was left alone with the kings of Persia. I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the last days, because the vision is about time still to come. When he said this to me, I bowed down with my face touching the ground and was silent. Then someone who looked like a human touched my lips. I opened my mouth and began to talk. I said to the person standing in front of me, Sir, because of this vision, pain has overwhelmed me and I'm helpless. How can I talk to you, sir? I have no strength left and the wind has been knocked out of me. Again the person who looked like a human touched me, and I became stronger. He said, Don't be afraid. You are highly respected. Everything is all right. Be strong. Be strong. 
As he talked to me, I became stronger. I said, Sir, tell me what you came to say. You have strengthened me. He asked, Do you know why I have come to you? Now I will return to fight the commander of Persia. When I go, the commander of Greece will come. However, I will tell you what is inscribed in the true writings. No one will support me when I fight these commanders, except your commander, Michael. Daniel chapter 11 During Darius the Mede's first year as king, I strengthened and defended Michael. The person who looked like a human continued, What I am about to tell you is the truth. Three more kings will rule Persia. Then there will be a fourth, who will become much richer than all the others. As he becomes strong through his wealth, he will turn everyone against the kingdom of Greece. Then a warrior king will come. He will rule a vast empire and do as he pleases. But as soon as he is established, his kingdom will be broken into pieces and divided in the directions of the four winds of heaven. The empire will not be given to his descendants. It will no longer be like his empire, since it will be uprooted and given to others. The southern king will be strong, but one of his officers will become stronger than he is and rule a vast empire. After a few years, the southern and northern kings will make an alliance. The southern king's daughter will go to the northern king to make peace. She won't hold on to her power, and the alliance won't last. She, those who came with her, and the one who fathered and protected her will be given away. At that time, a shoot will grow from her roots to replace her father. He will attack the northern army, enter the stronghold of the northern king, fight against them, and be victorious. He will take the metal statues of their gods and their precious utensils of silver and gold back to Egypt. He will rule for more years than the northern king. He will invade the southern kingdom and return to his own country. Then his sons will prepare for war. They will assemble a large number of forces so that they can overwhelm the enemy and pass through its land. They will return and wage war all the way to the stronghold. The southern king will be outraged. He will go to fight the northern king, who will raise a large army that will fall into the southern king's hands. When that army is captured, the southern king will become conceited. Although he will dominate tens of thousands of people, he will not always be strong. The northern king will return and raise an army larger than the first one. After a few years, he will invade with a large army and a lot of equipment. In those times, many people will rebel against the southern king, and violent men from your own people will rebel in keeping with this vision, but they will be defeated. Then the northern king will come, build dirt attack ramps, and capture a fortified city. The southern forces will not be able to withstand him. Even their best troops will not be strong enough. The invader will do as he pleases, and no one will be able to withstand his attack. He will rise to power in the beautiful land, and it will be completely under his control. Then the northern king will decide to invade with the power of his entire kingdom, and some decent men will invade with him. He will give the southern king his daughter as a wife, in order to destroy the southern kingdom. But this will not succeed or help him. Then he will turn his attention to the coastlands and capture many of them. But a commander will silence the insults that the northern king makes, and even insult him. He will turn back toward the fortresses in his own country, but he will stumble, fall, and disappear. Another king will take his place. He will have a cruel official go out in royal splendor, but in a few days the king will be destroyed, although not in anger or war. A contemptible person will take his place. He will not be given royal splendor. He will invade when people are feeling secure, and he will seize the kingdom using false promises. He will overwhelm large forces and defeat them, including the prince of the promise. 
After an alliance has been made with him, he will act deceitfully and rise to power with only a few people. When people feel secure, he will invade the richest parts of the provinces and do something that none of his predecessors ever did. He will distribute loot and wealth to his followers. He will invent new ways of attacking fortifications. But this will last only for a little while. With a large army, he will summon his power and courage against the southern king, who will prepare for war with a large, strong army. But the southern king won't be able to withstand him because of the schemes devised against him. People who eat the king's rich food will ruin him. His army will be overwhelmed, and many will die in battle. The two kings will both plan to do evil. They will sit at the same table and tell lies. But they will not succeed, because the end must wait until the appointed time. The northern king will return to his country with a lot of wealth. He will be determined to fight against the holy promise. He will take action and return to his own country. At the appointed time, he will again invade the south. But this time will be different from the first. Ships will come from the west to attack him, and he will be discouraged and turned back. Angry at the holy promise, he will return, take action, and favor those who abandon the holy promise. His forces will dishonor the holy place, the fortress, take away the daily burnt offering, and set up the disgusting thing that causes destruction. With flattery, he will corrupt those who abandon the promise. But the people who know their God will be strong and take action. People who are wise will help many to understand. But for some time they will be defeated by swords and flames. They will be captured and looted. As they are being defeated, they will get a little help, but many who are not sincere will join them. Some of the wise people will be defeated in order to refine, purify, and make them white until the end times. But the appointed time is still to come. The king will do as he pleases. He will highly honor himself above every god. He will say amazing things against the God of gods. He will succeed until God's anger is over, because what has been decided must be done. He will have no interest in the gods of his ancestors or desire for women. He will have no interest in any god, because he will make himself greater than anyone else. Instead, he will honor the god of fortresses. With gold, silver, precious stones, and other expensive things, he will honor a god his ancestors never heard of. With the help of a foreign god, he will deal with strong fortresses. He will give high honors to those who acknowledge him, make them rulers over many people, and distribute land for a price. In the end times, the southern king will attack him. The northern king will rush at him like a storm with chariots, horses, and many ships. He will invade countries, overwhelm them, and pass through their land. He will invade the beautiful land, and tens of thousands will be defeated. But Edom, Moab, and the leaders of the Ammonites will escape from his power. He will use his power against many countries. Even Egypt will not escape. He will control gold and silver treasures and all Egypt's treasuries. Libya and Sudan will surrender to him. But news from the east and the north will frighten him. He will leave very angry to destroy and exterminate many. He will pitch his royal tents between the seas at a beautiful holy mountain. When he comes to his end, there will be no one to help him. Daniel chapter 12 The person who looked like a human continued, At that time Michael, the great commander, will stand up on behalf of the descendants of your people. It will be a time of trouble unlike any that has existed from the time there have been nations until that time. But at that time your people, everyone written in the book, will be rescued. Many sleeping on the ground will wake up. Some will wake up to live forever, but others will wake up to be ashamed and disgraced forever. 
Those who are wise will shine like the brightness on the horizon. Those who lead many people to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, keep these words secret, and seal the book until the end of times. Many will travel everywhere, and knowledge will grow. When I, Daniel, looked up, I saw two men standing there. One man stood on one side of the river, and the other stood on the other side. One of them asked the man dressed in linen clothes who was above the river, How long will it be until these miracles are over? I heard the man dressed in linen clothes who was above the river. He raised his right hand and left hand to heaven and swore an oath by the one who lives forever. He said, It will be for a time, times, and half a time. When the power of the holy people has been completely shattered, then all these things will be finished. I heard him, but I did not understand. So I asked him, Sir, how will these things end? He replied, Go, Daniel. These words are to be kept secret and sealed until the end times. Many will be purified, made white and refined, but wicked people will do wicked things, and none of them will understand. Only wise people will understand. From the time the daily burnt offering is taken away, and the disgusting thing that causes destruction is set up, there will be twelve hundred ninety days. Blessed are those who wait until they reach thirteen hundred thirty-five days. But go on until the end. You will rest, and you will rise for your inheritance at the end of time.